That's the Eagles, Life in the Fast Lane. Welcome to Poker Fraud Alert Radio, the Jeff and Friends show. By the way, that was from 1976, uh, 40 years ago. And for those of you who are a bit older, you may find that hard to believe. 40 years have passed since that song came out. I am Todd Dandruff with Tellus, and we're starting at the very timely hour of 7.30, just as I promised. <laughs> okay, maybe not. We're starting at 8. <laughs> well, after the song was over, it was 8. I actually, I got the show technically started before 8 and played that song, which is about five minutes long. But here we are, and I should say here I am. There's no Brandon right now, and I say right now because Brandon has a bit of a funny sleep schedule. Actually, very funny. He has been sleeping during the entire day and early evening recently. And I know this because when I've been texting with him, he's just gone throughout late morning, afternoon, even early evening. And I'll get a text from him around like 7 o'clock saying, I just woke up. Well, today I have not gotten a text back from him yet, and it's 8 o'clock. So that's the life of a professional poker player. And it can easily happen. See, for me, this doesn't happen as much because I have a kid, so I I have to work around that schedule. Now, I do take naps during the day, but uh, I I can't just go to sleep from like 12 to 8. But I used to do that before I had a kid. I used to just sleep whenever. I would play until I was done playing and then just go to sleep, and my sleep schedule was really all over the place. Uh, The only advantage to this was that I... Never got jet lag when I traveled. I was so used to my sleep schedule jumping around that if I traveled anywhere, I would never feel the time change. And still to this day, I can go to sleep at basically any time if I'm tired. So I still don't really have a a time I have to sleep. Whereas others, I know, if they don't go to sleep at the same time every night, they're going to wake up the same time every day, and they're not going to get enough sleep. So like... uh, If you're used to waking up at 6 in the morning, even if you go to bed at 2 in the morning, you may wake up at 6 and just be tired and can't fall back asleep, which sucks. And fortunately, that does not happen to me. Anyway, with that said, welcome again to the show. We are broadcasting this on February 2nd, 2016. Oops, I'm sorry. March 2nd, 2016. Not February anything. And I'm making sure to say that now because I've been going back and listening to the streaming reruns like I just turn it on and just hear the random show playing. And sometimes I go, when the hell was this? Like, I have an idea, but I don't know the exact date because I didn't always say it. So now I'm always saying it. So when I go back and listen to this four years from now, I will know it's on February, I'm sorry, March 2nd, 2016. I should let everybody know that we have a free roll tonight because it's beginning in seven minutes. It's on the No Fraud Online Poker Room. It is a cash free roll. You get paid... Whatever way you want, PayPal, bank transfer, Bitcoin if I have them, cash in an envelope, or check. I reported, by the way, recently that the $100 cash I sent to someone who won the free roll disappeared or was stolen. It was recovered, so that cash didn't disappear after all. And I I felt really good when I heard that, by the way, even though it wasn't my money anymore. I I felt bad when it disappeared. But it reappeared. The person who stole it gave it back. But those are your options. You can get paid basically any way you want. This takes place on the No Fraud Online Poker Room, which you can find near the top of the screen. Button that says uh, No Fraud Online Poker. 
And if you want to qualify for the free money, you need to familiarize yourself with the rules. If you don't, you may not qualify for the money. So go to PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll. PokerFraudAlert.com slash free roll, all lowercase, and you can read the rules. They don't change for the most part, so just familiarize yourself with them and whether or not you qualify. And follow the instructions there if you don't think you do qualify. The money this week, $79, was donated by several people. First place will get $40. Second place will get 20 Third place will get 11 Fourth place will get 8 for a total of $79. By the way, it's at 810 I'm not sure if I said that, but it's at 810 with 25 minutes of late registration. 810 is in six minutes. But if you don't get in there, don't worry. Just register late. People do it at the World Series all the time, and they still win. You get a full stack. The money this week came from the following six generous individuals. John Stamos gave $5. Shiz Money gave $4. SMI Florida, a frequent contributor, gave $15. Dr. Peters, another frequent contributor, gave $20. V12CL gave $25. And Willie McFML gave 10 So thank you to all you guys for donating to this free roll, $79 total. None of it came from me. I sometimes get criticized for this. People say... Why don't you donate to your own free roll? Why are you leeching off your users to fund your free roll? And I respond by saying, well, I contribute many things here. I contribute my time, my effort, my server, the time it takes to prepare this show, which is more than you think. Maybe it doesn't show that I prepare very much, but it, uh, it actually takes a good deal of time to research all this. And... Uh, the site runs at a loss. That's why you don't see ads on here. There's a little Amazon banner at the bottom, but that barely makes any money. But I, I don't take ads for the most part. So I can maintain the integrity and editorial control of this site. But I appreciate that the users give money to the free roll. I really do. I don't like making empty statements. I don't like to say, oh, I appreciate this when I really don't. But I really do. I, I think about this sometimes. I go, That's really nice that we have a, a listener base that donates money to this free roll so people can have fun and play for some real money while they're listening live. Just got a text here. Just got a text from Brandon. It said, just wake. (laughs) I mean, did I call this or what? 8.06 p.m. He just woke up. 8.06 p.m. (laughs) All right. If I go on too long about this, the intro will end up too long, and you guys will get mad at me. If the intro goes too long, people get really pissed off, and they criticize me, and they criticize the show, and I get a lot of hate. So I'm going to keep the intro short. If you want to chat during the show, you can do so in the chat room. Just click the chat button at the top of the screen. You need a flash-enabled device to get in the chat room and a Poker Fraud Alert forum account in good standing means you can't get in there with an iPhone or an iPad. But a computer should work fine. Any computer. And people are only in that chat room when the radio is broadcasting live. If you're listening in the archives, nobody's going to be there to chat with you. You can go in there and talk to yourself if you want. The phone numbers to reach the show. Same as always. 775-FRAUD55. 775-372-8355. That's the main phone number. 
You can also call the Mount Charleston line. Mount Charleston is a mountain that's near Las Vegas. I have an old 70s rotary phone on top of Mount Charleston, which I will go visit soon and take a picture of. In fact, I may take a picture of it very soon. Not sure yet, though. When I do, I will post it, and I will tweet it out. By the way, if you want to follow me or Poker Fraud Alert on Twitter, my Twitter is t- twitter.com slash Todd Wittelis. That's spelled W-I-T-T-E-L-E-S. Twitter.com slash Todd Wittelis. And if you want to follow Poker Fraud Alert on Twitter, it's twitter.com slash Poker Fraud Alert. But I, I may tweet out the picture of me visiting the Mount Charleston line. That forwards to wherever I go. The phone number is 702-430-1808. 702-430-1808. No matter which number you call, you have to show your caller ID or you will not get through. You'll get a busy signal. So make sure to show it. For the last few months, we've had what I call the call to listen line. This is a phone number that does not reach me, but it reaches the show. You can listen to whatever is broadcasting on Poker Fraud Alert Radio at the time, including the live show. That phone number is 712-775-8162. 712-775-8162. If you forget that tough number, just click on the radio button and you'll see that phone number right up there. 712-775-8162. You don't need the internet. You don't need a data plan. You don't need a smartphone. Any phone. Any phone. I don't care how old or where you are can access Poker Fraud Alert Radio. Just call that number. So if you don't want to waste your data, don't have a data plan, don't have a smartphone, that's how you listen. And no problem with buffering or any crap like that when you're listening over the internet. You know how that happens sometimes? Like, it says buffering, buffering, buffering. I hate that. There's no buffering on here. It plays very smoothly. And it has an unlimited number of lines. Well, not completely unlimited, but as unlimited as we will ever need. So it'll never be busy. 712-775-8162. It runs 24 hours a day, 7 days a week. And that is because we also stream reruns. When we're not live, we stream reruns on this show. Or on the server, shall I say. To where it will pick a random show that we've done in the past and run it as if it's live. And it'll do that 24-7 except when we are actually live. So you can check that out on the radio tab of the site anytime or the call to listen number. We'll play that as well. We also have the TuneIn app. The TuneIn app is something you can download from the App Store if you do have a smartphone. And you can listen either live or archived episodes of the show through the TuneIn app. That's a new thing that I've added to this. You can use the TuneIn app to listen, live or individual episodes. And also, if you want to get the archives, you can do it through iTunes or Stitcher as well. can't listen live through those, but you can find individual episodes. A lot of ways to listen here. You can also download the MP3s directly from the site or listen directly from the site. A lot of ways to listen. I, I want to provide a lot of ways to listen because I, I hate when I try to listen to a podcast or an internet radio show and they don't make it easy for me. When I have to put effort out to figure out how to access it or listen. It's, it's tough. It sucks. It makes me not want to bother. So I don't want you to feel that way about this show. Okay. Here's the agenda tonight. I'm going to text Brandon. Text me when you're ready. 
And that's a good sign. I think Brandon's going to come on. The World Series of Poker released its schedule nine days ago, or eight days ago, actually, on the 23rd. We already talked about the events that they'll be holding because that was on last radio show. I will not repeat that. But something I have come up with since then is my own personal schedule of events. And yes, I'm selling pieces of myself once again. I will tell you guys what I'm playing and how you can buy pieces of me. Pretty similar to last year, but a few changes. So I'll go over that. And if you don't find that interesting, too bad. This is one of the few things that I do for myself on this show. Usually I just do things for the audience's entertainment. But once in a while, I'll do things for myself. And if you don't like it, there's that little X button you can click to just close the whole show. Poker Stars is returning to the United States. But don't get too excited yet because you can only play it in New Jersey. That's where it's coming is to New Jersey on March 21st. We'll talk about what that's going to be like. And I will give you my prediction as to how well it's going to do. The GPL, the Global Poker League, has had its inaugural draft. We'll talk about who was drafted and which position and whether the whole thing is likely to be a success or a failure. There's an interesting poster on 2 Plus 2 who comes and goes named Private World. Private World claims that he's a high-stakes nosebleed game insider in Vegas. He claims to have a lot of inside information and lets us look into the window of the seedy world of nosebleed stakes poker. He's come back to 2 Plus 2 with new information, but is he for real? We'll talk a bit about his... Uh, Latest return. A few pieces of Caesars news involving renovations to a well-known tower at Caesars Palace. Total Rewards running a nice buffet promotion that you can get for free, but then yanking it away. And resort fees will be going up again. Three Caesars topics tonight. If you want to... Get a high-tier card at the Palms Casino in Vegas. I'll tell you how to do that without playing anything at all, provided you have a high-tier account at some other casino in Vegas. You guys probably know I play on Bovada. If you look at the 30-60 game, you can't see me personally because you'll just see player 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6. There's no screen names on there. But uh, one of the players, especially late at night, is probably me. You won't know which one is me. And I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to announce it out there because anyone who's used to my play style, I don't want them uh, adjusting to me. But trust me, I'm there, and I log a lot of hours on there. That's that's really how I support myself nowadays is Bovada. Well, there's an obnoxious bill that is being proposed in California that would make it a felony to play on Bovada in the state. Oh. It's no laughing matter. I don't think it's going to pass, but this is not just like some bill that's going to die for sure. It has a chance of passing. And that would really, really suck. I mean, I cannot stress how pissed off I would be if that passes. So I'll tell you about that bill. Borgata, which currently uses Party Poker for its legalized online poker room in New Jersey, will be perhaps getting rid of that. And going to a different provider. 
Maryland Live, which of course is a casino in Maryland, has pulled some shenanigans to lower the rake back that live poker players get as part of their player club. They used to get a whopping dollar per hour, but it has been lowered considerably, and they're pretending like it's not being lowered at all. That's what's shady about the whole thing. They have a right to reduce or eliminate rake back, of course, but uh, be honest about it. I'll tell you what they're pulling. Phil Galfon, where we talked about him on a previous show where he called out a guy who scammed him for like 200K. He has an update on that situation. I'll tell you what that is. General topics. We've talked about Mark Hoke before on this radio show. Mark Hoke is a guy who runs a show on a terrestrial Las Vegas station, 1400 KSHP AM Las Vegas. In fact, his show took place today from 5 to 6 p.m. Mark Hoke's a nice guy. I met him in person, as did Brandon, separately. We both met him in person last year at the World Series. And uh, even though we like to kid around about him, we get along. In fact, he invited us to come down and do a Mark Hoke show with him in the studio. We just we never ended up taking him up on it, but we might this year. So we get along with Mark Hoke. But uh, we always like to joke about how he has all these sponsors and we don't. I mean, it's not really a joke. He really does. He has a lot of sponsors and we have zero sponsors. And he spends a lot of money, too, so I don't even know if he makes money. But uh, I decided today to research what would it take to get Poker Fraud Alert on a real radio station. Because we're even though I, I give you a lot more avenues to listen to the show, both live and in the archives, than just about anything else, whether a mainstream terrestrial radio show or an internet show. I mean, you really have a lot of ways to hear this show. But... Despite all that, the one thing I do not have is a terrestrial radio frequency, which in a way is disappointing to me because I was always a big fan of radio growing up. I had a dream. I'm going to have my own radio show one day. I really did. And this is the closest I ever got to it, but I'm not really on the radio. I'm on Internet radio, which is different. So how much would it cost? What would it take for Poker Fraud Alert to be on a real radio station? I will tell you what I found from my research. And I will speculate what kind of listenership that Mark Hoke probably gets. We just had Super Tuesday in the United States yesterday with 11 states holding primaries, both Republican and Democrat. Talk about how that went. And I will tell you about my betting on Super Tuesday through a site called Predict It that I joined, a legalized betting site that you can use to bet on the presidential primaries. It's one of the few forms of legalized online gambling throughout the United States, unless you count daily fantasy sports, which I guess is gambling too, even though they won't admit it. Finally, I want to talk a bit about something Hillary Clinton did back in 1975. And you may think, oh, come on, who cares what Hillary Clinton did 41 years ago? But I always say Hillary Clinton has a very, very bad character. There's many, many things Hillary has done recently and not so recently that speak for her very poor character. And that should matter as far as who's going to lead the country. I want to tell a little story that's very unknown to most people about Hillary engaging in dirty tricks as an attorney to vilify a 12-year-old rape victim to get her client off. And it worked. 
to me, it was a pretty outrageous story. And Hillary has admitted she did it. It's not it's not some right wing conspiracy crap that they're making up accusations or exaggerating about Hillary. This this really happened, and she admitted to it on CBS News. So uh, this gets very very little play, very very little airtime. I just want to talk about it. Just uh, if you're considering voting for Hillary Clinton, I just want you to to know about this and uh, understand the type of person you may be voting for. So that's our agenda for tonight. Oh, I forgot to mention one thing, the text phone number. If you want to text me anytime, before, after, or during the show, the phone number is the same as our main phone number, 775-372-8355, 775-372-8355. You can text that, and I may read your text on the air unless you ask me not to at the beginning of your text. Here is what we have received so far. From the 941 area code, Trump 2016. <laughs> From the 248 area code, this guy texted like the same thing like eight times. I'm only going to read it once. Mycon going to shoot a filthy load in your puss because Mycon back. <sighs> I shouldn't have read that. From the 916, you still need to get a firearm for the long road trips to Vegas. I have a firearm, but I don't carry it in my car. I, I don't even know if that's legal to do in California. I know Nevada has that, but I don't know if California can do that. Uh, from the 510, uh, this is one of our black listeners, by the way. We have at least two confirmed black listeners. There may be more, but we have two confirmed black listeners that seem to text me every show. Uh, this guy wrote, I'll take the over on the amount of nigger references there will be in both chats today. Your Trump supporters are so classy and such. By you, I don't... By your, I don't mean you. So he's saying that he doesn't think I'm going to be racist. He thinks that the, the chat room may be racist. And this is a black guy writing that, by the way. So, I mean, yeah, there, there's some racists on the site. I'll admit that. But that, that's what you get when you have a, a free speech sort of an environment. I don't, I don't want to act like anyone's father and say, you can't say this, you can't say that, or this is politically incorrect, or this is offensive, this is racist, you can't say it. Uh, I let people speak for themselves and whatever they say reflects upon them and I don't try to control that <laughs> Brandon's asking if I have a co-host no I don't though I guess I don't know if the 707 guy's listening the Northern California guy if he's around I'll be glad to put him on he's done a good job 410 asking is private world John Hennigan I don't think so but I know that's been speculated from the 512 also saying Trump 2016 also saying free Marty Marty's banned, by the way. 916 clarifying, yes, it's legal to transport a firearm in our car in California. Hmm. But the 510 guy, by the way, who is talking about the racism in the chat room, he still says he loves the environment. He's a a former active duty Marine, love the shit talk. So it, it doesn't offend him. That's good. Uh, I, I'm happy to have all kinds of listeners to this show. Whoever wants to listen, I'm happy. I, I don't care what your situation is. I don't care what race you are, what sexual preference you are, how old you are. You have to be over 18. I don't want kids listening, but, uh, that's the only thing I don't want is kids listening, but I don't think we have very many kids or any, hopefully not. <laughs> If you do, I hope you got your parents' permission. 
Brandon saying, 9.30, okay. Sorry, I'm on a bad sleep schedule. I think he has to eat first. All right. Guess we'll have Brandon at 9.30, which is not too long from now. It's only an hour from now. That's a good thing about starting late is that when Brandon comes on late, we get more of him because the whole thing is, is pushed back. All right. Uh... Let me look in the chat room, see what people are saying. I, I don't read the chat very much during the show because I, I have too much to do. But let's see what it says right now. Uh, Lou Father saying, what about Menachem? <laughs> I don't know. We could probably reach him if we really wanted to. Menachem was a young kid who used to make sports bets on another, sports picks on another show. Hopefully not sports bets. Donkey Kill is saying free Daredevil. Uh, there's nothing to do to free Daredevil. He dropped out himself. Daredevil can come back anytime. I'm not just saying that. Like I, Honestly, if Daredevil wants to come back to this show, the door is open to do so. And I wouldn't say that if we had some kind of fight or falling out. or uh, Daredevil just decided to make some changes in his life. And he had some... Oh, I just... Okay. I hate to interrupt this speech about Daredevil, but I just realized I did something a little bit insensitive. I know you guys are shocked that I would do something insensitive, but I did. Uh, Bart Hansen, who is referred to by Brandon as that Hansen kid. Uh, that Hansen kid has had a pretty thick skin because he's taken uh, some trolling. He's taken a lot of uh, harsh criticism, especially from one individual on Poker Fraud Alert recently. And we're not going to talk about that. That's uh, a matter between those two. But uh, Bart Hansen wanted to come on and talk about how Caesar screwed him. And I said, yes, you can come on. And then I, I forgot about it, and I didn't put it on the agenda. So I, I apologize, Bart Hansen, but I have good news for you. We can still do it. In fact, if you'd like to call in, we'll, we'll start off with it. We'll even start off with it. I'll, as an act of contrition, we'll make it the first topic of the show where you can talk about how uh, Caesar's screwed you, which... I don't know. I'm having a really hard time believing that Caesars would ever screw anyone because uh, they're always so competent and so on the ball with everything they do. <laughs> what do you have? Uh, 775-372-8355. The, I, I'm glad I read the chat room this time. 775-372-8355. The other, they're already trolling Bart in the, uh, in the chat room. Bart Hansen, yeah, he found the show a few weeks ago when we were talking about the refugee camp in the Bahamas and he's been here every week and he's been posting on the site and he's already run into trolls and I know I know what it's like because I run into trolls all the time you you just run into a lot of trolls and I know some of the trolls claim that they uh, they have legitimate criticism of him they say they're not just doing it to troll but I don't know uh, I, I haven't seen anything that's been accused that's uh, Worthy of the level of criticism he's receiving. So, uh, anyway, Bart, if you want to call in, 775-372-8355. Otherwise, if you don't, um, oh, he's just calling that voicemail. Oh, boy. See, I just, oh, you're right, Bart. I, I'm screwing up tonight. Uh, here's the problem. I didn't turn on Skype that I used to receive phone calls for this show. That's that's the way I pipe the calls into the show is through Skype. And if Skype is not on, then you get voicemail. No wonder nobody was calling me tonight. Well, I was wondering that. I was wondering why it was just 
so quiet here. Usually at the beginning of the show, I get hammered by phone calls. You don't really know this because I just don't mention it and don't take them. But uh, yeah, okay, it's it's on now. Go ahead and call in. Jeez, that, that Lyman guy. I mean, Brandon's claiming Lyman is trying to get him on his show too. This is. Are we really having Lyman trying to steal our co-host? I hope not. That's that wouldn't be cool. All right, Bart. Hello. Hey, Todd. What's going on? So hi. Uh, I apologize for leaving you off the agenda. Somehow it just slipped my mind, and uh, glad. No, I... no worries. I didn't know if you had something set up. Um, no. I would have actually refreshed myself a little bit more as to exact details, um, but I think I'm going to get the gist of it. Okay, um, well, you can call later you know, if, you, I, if, if you want to refresh first and call up in an hour or so. You can do that, too. I, it, I was just offering no, to I think that, No, I think it's fine. And one of the things that uh, I'm going to do is um, I'm going to actually post the letter that I wrote to my host, and then I wrote to somebody else in Caesars, and I'm going to post that over – um, in the original thread, I can post it on your site too, um, but I'm also going to post it in the original thread. This is what I've decided to do. I'm going to post it in the original thread that I started over at Wizards of Odds. I started this thread asking people, how, you know, what's the optimal way to go about attacking this promotion that they're happening? And some people gave me some advice. And uh, I'm going to post my letter of what happened. So if anyone wants to read that, I'll post it to your forums and then I'll post it to... Wizards of Odds too. Yeah, that's fine. But, um, and I'll be happy to. You know, you can go ahead and do that. Anytime yeah. anyone has anything like that to post, you can always go on the scam scandals and shadiness portion of PokerFraudAlert.com sure. and post your complaints about how anyone or anything has treated you. But uh, so I'm I'm very familiar with Caesars. I I've become a Caesars expert over the years, and uh, one thing I have seen is consistent with them is fail. And a lot of this is just through incompetence and through uh, one department not knowing what the other is doing. And and often they're poor at rectifying problems. Sometimes I really have to have had to act like the employee there and come up with solutions myself for their problems. So I don't know your story yet, and you're going to tell it on here, but I can tell you already that I believe you. So <laughs> okay, wizard people are saying wizards of Vegas. Okay, wizards of Vegas in the in the forums. I, I don't quite, but whatever. I'll post the letter. But basically, what uh, and I'll try to make this as short and concise as possible. I got invited to. Um, a free roll tournament uh, back in September of 2015. And the free roll tournament consisted of inviting 30, I think it was 30 players. It might have been 20. No, actually it was 30. And they were giving away $200,000 in free play. Wow. Um, and it was a dumb little tournament, uh, you know, not really any type of skill. It involved blackjack, roulette, and baccarat. Okay, that was the tournament. Um, I actually called my buddy Dolly Man and asked him about, you know, what the best way to do this type of thing is, too. I, I don't know if he's been on the show or he's talked about this show. But anyways, so what the tournament was was that 30 people, they split you into three groups, and you play 10 hands of each game. Everybody starts with 50,000 in chips at the beginning of each round, and whoever ends up with the most chips at the end of the three rounds they give out like, you know, 140,000 for first place in free play and, you know, whatever, 30 and 30 or whatever the breakdown is. Yeah, I've so seen those before, but I, when I've been invited to these, and I don't even get these anymore, I'm like considered overcomps, they invite me to nothing, but when I, I was never getting one like this, I would be invited to one like that had a thousand players and they'd be giving away 
two hundred thousand. But the and it was the same thing, like a, a poorly structured tournament where it's almost all luck. And then uh, yeah, it was. Yeah, but but if you're exactly. lucky enough to get first prize, then you'll you know you'll get something big. So but this sounds really good. Yeah. This opportunity with uh, twenty to thirty people where they're giving sure. away two hundred k total. That's that's huge value. Yeah, I mean your EV is like sixty five hundred plus. It's like a free trip to Vegas. They put you off in the Augustus Tower. You know, whatever. And I was like, you know, this is kind of interesting. You know, I talked to a couple of people. Some people said, well, you know, the luck is going to be drawing roulette last because because of the fact that you can always basically bet the correct bet to catch up. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like in roulette, like if you needed to bet single square at 35 to 1, you can. But they made, basically, you needed to go and register the night before, which I did. And they give you this rules packet. So I knew about the in the general rules of the of the tournament beforehand, but then they give you this like ten page rules packet, and I looked through it, and then I realized that the roulette thing actually didn't make that much of a difference because they cap your bet in roulette. Hmm. Um, one of the other interesting things I saw too was that if you draw baccarat, you actually don't even need to make a bet for the first four hands because if anyone plays baccarat, there's like people that are superstitious and they take hands off, and then for blackjack and baccarat you could actually move all in the last two hands. Like you can bet all your chips in the last two hands. So those were kind of the rule quirks that, you know, whatever that I saw. So I registered the night before. Tournament starts at noon on Saturday. I go down and I'm with my buddy and he's already up playing blackjack. So it's like 11 in the morning. I go over and start playing blackjack with him at about like $500 a hand. I'm playing $500 a hand in blackjack, right? And it gets to about like 11.50, 11.55, and he's like, shouldn't you go over there? Oh, by the way, I drew Baccarat as my first game. They told me the night before that, okay, you draw out of a hat, and I drew Baccarat. Mm-hmm. And he's like, well, don't you have to go over there and start playing? And I'm like, yeah, it doesn't matter if I'm a couple minutes late, whatever. In Baccarat, you don't even need to bet, or they'll take the minimum bet, like a poker tournament, you know what I mean, like an ante. So I go over there. Like I said, I've registered the night before. I get there at 12.01 sit down at the Baccarat table. They've already played the first hand. And then this host comes over to me. Now, there were no gaming officials or anything like that. There were just a couple of hosts, including my female host. And he comes over to me and he says, you missed the first hand of this round. Your score is zero for the round. And I was like, what are you talking about? Zero for the round. What do you mean? He's like, you are assigned a score of zero. You're disqualified from this round. I said, what are you talking about? I missed the first hand. Why didn't you just like take the minimum bet? You don't even need to bet in Baccarat. It says it in the rules. So he flips to page seven of this rule thing. And he says, look at this rule. And the rule says, if you are not at the table 15 minutes before the start of play, you may be disqualified. That's the rule discretion that he pointed to. And he said, you know, we've done this in the past, and some people complain that people show up late to the table. So we decided that if you weren't there for the first hand, you're going to be disqualified for the round, which basically makes it next to impossible for me to cash, right? Yeah. One-third of my score is zero, okay? Well, lo and behold, you know, I start arguing with him. I calm down a little bit. Of course, I'm there for the second round. Nobody's there 15 minutes ahead of time at the table, and no one was disqualified. You know what I mean? Well, so, so here's like, a question before, just, before you continue. Here's a question. So, did you actually did you actually miss the first hand, or you just weren't there 15 minutes in advance? 
No, I missed the first hand. You missed the first hand, okay. But now, I'm now, that did, did anybody else miss? Round, nobody was there 15 minutes. In but, but in the so. second round, I understand what you're saying, but the second round, I just want it for clarification. The second round, did anyone come late and not get penalized, or they just weren't there 15 minutes in advance? No, they just weren't there 15 minutes in advance. Okay. But there was nothing, but the, the point of this is, is that obviously I'm a high roller to them. They want me to have a good time, and they want me to continue with my business to them. Wouldn't you think, Todd, if they were going to pull a rule like that, that actually wasn't stated in the rules, it was to their discretion, that that would be one of the first things that they said the night before? Yeah, that was terrible. It was a huge omission. Right, that was a huge omission. I'm, I'm totally on your side. I don't want to sound like I was yeah. critical with before. I just wanted no, everyone no, to be no, clear. No. But no, that, that was a, a dumb thing, especially since, it, number one, it wasn't explicitly stated in the rules. If the rule said – first of all, if, it, if the rule was if you miss the first hand, you get zero, that needs to be really, really clear. That should be in bold right at the top so everyone understands. But, but second, uh, if it's not even an explicit rule – then they should not be it's enforcing not it. Yeah, they shouldn't be enforcing it. The rule it. that they're pointing at is that you need to be at the table 15 minutes ahead yeah, of time, you may be. which was not enforced. Yeah, it wasn't enforced, which was right. was not enforced. Right. So, 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 yeah. So it is true they were also not enforcing it evenly in that uh, it just says if you weren't there 15 minutes ahead of time, you may be disqualified. It said nothing about the first hand. And so right. you missed the first hand. They considered that too late and get zero. People who just didn't show up 15 minutes beforehand, they didn't get zero. So... I, I, they're not even exactly. applying it. And I look agree. at the stupidity of the way that it works. And of course, there's no reasoning with these hosts. Well, First so what, of all, what was you the... didn't even need to bet. If I was sitting there, I would have. To, I didn't need to bet in Baccarat. That was part of the first four hands rules. But even if you did, like a poker tournament, why wouldn't you just take the minimum bet? So I'm. Yeah, right. I, I, I agree like with you. Anti- that's what should have been done, and that's, that should be the rule. Just that they just take the minimum bet from someone who who doesn't show up. Uh, or, or if they really want to be hard line about people showing up late, then they've got to make it really, really clear. If you show up late, or if you show up later than this, then you get zero. And then if someone shows up late, then they know the consequence going in. Of then they've course. done it to themselves. But the the question here is, who made this decision? Was it the host, or was it the person running the tournament? Who actually decided this about what will happen? Okay, to you? here's the thing that you're going to love. And again, like I said, I talked to my my friend Dolly Man about this after the fact. The hosts were the ones that were running the tournament and the guy that made the decision was not my host. Also the guy that was not my host, I saw him doing some shifty things in the tournament. Like I saw him going over to some of his clients telling them what was going on at the other tables in terms of scoring, which I don't necessarily think is not, you know, cheating because people could just go over there and walk over there. And I don't know if it was in the rules or not, but obviously when you go to one of these promotions, it is in the host's best interest to have their clients win, right? The free play. Yeah. By, by the way, was Brandon not here with a dog barking in the background? I had to, I had to temporarily drop Brandon while he's uh, – he sounds like he, he called, but he's not quite ready. So I'm going to well, wait till you finish. Here, let, me, let me put it back on. I'm sorry. I, just, uh, I want Brandon on, but I – Brandon, hi. Uh, hello? Yeah, I, I – we have that Hanson kid on here telling a story about Caesar. I like that guy. Caesar screwing him, and uh, <laughs> well, that's it, what I was calling about. I, I, I just I was listening on, on that uh, dedicated line. Oh, the, the, the call to job. listen number. Yeah, I like that line a lot. What do you think the odds are someone is in prison one day and they use that for their one call on a Wednesday night? <laughs> the uh, the call to listen line. I I, I think that's been yeah. asked last week. You may have asked it, but I I said that it would be a good idea because the call never ends. You can just stay on forever. Mm-hmm. 
I, I, I only heard bits and pieces, so I, I wanted to hear this again because I've actually played in a lot of these. Well, see, so just I, just a very quick list. Yeah, either, now, first off, I have to say, and, and I'm not nitpicking, this is one of my biggest pet peeves. It's Baccarat. Like, I hate <laughs> when people say the T on it. I was texting okay. Drew off. Like, I, mean, it, it, I didn't know either, you know, but it's, it, the T is silent. Okay. People say that it always makes me grimace because okay. it's, it's Baccarat. But I've played in a lot of these, never one at Caesars, but I, I want to hear what happens. Yeah, so, so he's about to get to the punchline of the whole thing of like what, what he thinks is the reason. But, yeah, the, the quick cliffs for you, Brandon, <clears throat> without going the whole story again, is that uh, um, without making it clear at all, even in the official rules, uh, if you miss the first hand in Baccarat, not Baccarat, but Baccarat, then they give you a zero score for that round, which pretty much screws you where you're never going to be able to win the tournament. Uh, but they don't specify this at all in the rules, and uh, um, and they enforce <clears throat> this on him without any kind of explicit rule about it. And then uh, the only explicit rule that was kind of giving them the right to do that is that you have to show up 15 minutes beforehand or you can be given a zero. And others in the next round didn't show up 15 minutes beforehand, and no one else got a zero. So he did miss the first hand, but there's nothing in the rules about missing the first hand and getting a zero. So he uh, he, he thinks there's some shenanigans. So so before you make your And comment, I registered the night before, Brandon, too. That's when you were supposed to – it's not like I just showed up. I had registered the night before. Yeah. And if you think that they were going to pull a rule like that, they should have told you because what they were pointing to in the rule book that gave them the right in their discretion that day to do that was that you had to be at the table – 15 minutes ahead of time when the next round and the next round, nobody was there 15 minutes ahead of the time. Yeah, I was watching. So, so I've and asking, the people that were running the tournament were the hosts. Right. That's what I asked. We're doing some shifty shit. That's what, so that's what I was asking Bart here is I said, who made this decision? His host informed him that he's getting a zero, but who actually made the decision to give him a zero? So, so, so what do you think the host did? Do you think he, do you think this was like a rigged, a rigged thing for bigger players that they wanted them to win instead of you? Well, it wasn't my host that came over and said zero. It was somebody else's host, the guy that was running the tournament who was hosting these other people. My host was just so dumb. She's so dumb. She couldn't understand. Like, there was no reasoning with them. She, she, I mean, these are hosts. They don't run tournaments or poker tournaments. So they were all running the they tournament. Are, <clears throat> they, they, they have no idea, you know, how, like, an actual tournament promotion would work like this. So do you just suspect, almost making it up as they go along. So do you suspect this was rigged in some way where they wanted their own big whale players to win this and they found any reason to disqualify or pseudo disqualify you? You think that's what no, was going on? I don't think it, no, I don't think it was rigged. I think that the person that was running the tournament has an advantage if his clients win. The thing that infuriates the most, me the most is that my host didn't stand up for me at all. When I sent the letter into my host and somebody else, she basically told me, to go fuck myself pretty much in not so many terms. And I said, why wouldn't you tell me that if I wasn't going to show up on the first hand, that it was going to result in a disqualification for the round when it's not in the rules? She said, it's not my, this is what she said. Exactly. It's not my responsibility to, to, to inform you of all the rules. So it's just, it's mind numbing. They have no concept whatsoever about how to run a tournament like that. And the other host that made the discrepancy, you know, made the decision. It's to his advantage that I'm disqualified. Well, so that's what I was saying. When I said rigged, I didn't mean like actually well, rigged to make a certain person win. I meant the kind of rigged against you to where, uh, kind of like let I me was... give you. Let me give you this an example of something kind of similar that I can relate to. Uh, two weeks ago, I was invited to a, I think it was a hundred hundred thousand dollar slot tournament at the Palazzo. And it was actually, it's funny enough, it was the same thing in big letters. It said on the invite, you must be in line 15 minutes before. You can't miss your round, et cetera, et cetera. 
So there's, I don't know, maybe like six or eight different sessions. And my session started at 11.15 in the morning. And so we had to be in line at 11 o'clock. So I got there, and everyone sat at their machine and started playing. And a little old lady came maybe like three or four minutes. The rounds are only 10 minutes each. And she came three or four minutes into the round. It already started. She was late. And they sat her down in front of a slot machine, and <laughs> they let her play. And they just set a clock just for her because it's based on 10-minute rounds. Oh, wow. So, so they, they not only they let her play, they actually gave her extra minutes to make up for what she missed. Well, I mean, they just gave her the same amount of minutes everywhere. Well, yeah, no, but I mean they didn't take away those minutes that she already missed. No. Okay. Exactly. Nope. So – I mean, I, you know, I, I would assume they just have the discretion to, to, you know, to do what they want, obviously. You're not going to win this. I mean, it, it sucks. It's shitty. It's definitely Well, I, I see in a way he's not going to win this, but I can see something he can do. Um, if, if you First of all, I would go to the – I'd ask who the head – I'm sorry. The one other thing I want to say. So you're saying that there's nowhere in any – did you even get a copy of the rules of the contest? Yes, I did. The night before, like, you know, when I registered the night before, I got a copy of the rules, okay? And I read them over, and the other thing that you missed out, Brandon, was that if you were assigned Baccarat for your first game, you you didn't even need to make any, you didn't have to make any bets for the first four hands. Like, you could not bet, because Baccarat is like a superstitious thing. So I didn't even think it was going to be, obviously, any big deal at all that I missed the first hand, because you don't even need to make a bet. There's no advantage for me of not being there. You see what I'm saying? And the only right, cause like in, in, in blackjack tournaments, sometimes you have like 10 rounds and you have to bet specifically. They say you have to bet every round because the button moves. Right. And that, that's where the advantage is of seeing what other people bet. But yeah, I understand. Huh? But again, they pointed to a rule that said that you needed to show up 15 minutes ahead of time. That's the only rule. I see people in chat saying it's in the rules. That's the rule. You have to be there 15 minutes ahead of time. But it's time. also buried. The unlike unlike Brandon's, rounds, people weren't there 15 minutes. Right. Unlike, and unlike Brandon's, unlike Brandon's tournament he described, where they were very, very clear, you have to be here 15 minutes beforehand. This was not very clear. This was buried in the rules. And there's a difference between burying something in the rules that most people are never going to see, and actually making some important rule like that very clear to everybody that isn't something you would necessarily know. So uh, well, this is this is the main problem that you're going to run into. And as long as it doesn't involve gaming itself, meaning like slot machines or actually playing a, a craps table or a blackjack table, when it comes to stuff like this, the casino reserves the right, which means that they don't sure. have to pay you. They could kick you out. You know, I've had mm-hmm. instances with, with, you know, a couple times with players' cards where I've accumulated a lot of points playing different games, and they can wipe it out without even giving you an explanation. It's totally legal. I mean, it, it, you have no recourse sure. at all. It's, yeah, but there is there is one thing he can do, not so, to get anything back, but what he can do is he can complain to whoever the uh, the head host is, find out who's in charge of all the hosts, who's the boss of all the hosts, complain to them about the, the way this went down, and then also, since you feel your host did not handle this right and uh, and has been obnoxious with you about it, you can ask to switch hosts. And if I ask to switch hosts, and, and you know, I thought I was punishing my host that way, my host would say back to me. <laughs> because I'm I'm actually of negative value to hosts, but uh, but you sound like you're probably positive value if they're inviting you to something like this, and, and they're probably making a good deal of commission off you. And if you switch hosts because you're unhappy with your host, then she will no longer make her commission off your play. And that's the very least I would do if I was pissed at my host and I was putting in a lot of play. I wouldn't want them getting a piece of it. And that's what a, this is not going to get you any additional money or get you any recourse for what happened. And you're not, Brandon's right, you're not going to get any recourse here. And they basically have the sure. right to screw you. But, but that's, that's the least I would do. And also complain 
to the head host about the way well, you were I mean, treated. This is, listen, I know that there's no like legal recourse or anything like this, but let's wrap this all up. My whole point is, is this a very, very bad display of customer service by Caesars. Like I said, I wrote this very extensive letter, which I'll post on your forums. It went to my host. She said that it went to the executive host. And the executive, this is what she said. The executive host told her, no, it didn't matter. Anything like that. I'm not going well, to give them a say, dime a more of action. Take it a step further and write to corporate. You're not going to – the host Well, that's what I was thinking, Brandon. Or maybe like write to one of their shareholders or find out somebody that at least understands what an egregious customer service situation that this was. In the letter, I asked for my EV in terms of free play. I said, I came out there. I took the weekend. You guys should give me $6,500. No, they're never going to do that. There's no you chance. You screwed this up. There's no, there's no well, chance no, you'll I mean, get that. I mean, that's the thing for customer service. Yeah, no, but they're not, they're not going to do it. I had it. an issue like this. But, I mean, it wasn't like yours, but I need to speak with someone high up. If you just simply Google Caesars Corporate Las Vegas, you'll get a whole array of email addresses for people mm-hmm. that are higher up, and I'd start firing off to them. Also, Nobody on the lower level is going to help right, you. Right, and some, something else I want to I want to point out here, and this is for any customer service complaints. A lot of times it's better to track someone down to talk to over the phone than email because the problem with email or writing letters is that when you write a letter or an email, you want to picture that they're going to receive this and read every word and hang on every word and, and do a thorough investigation and really care about your situation. But that's not the reality. The reality is they get tons of these letters. They scan them, scan them meaning with their eyes, not with like a, a scanner. I mean they actually just skim them really quickly, look for a few key words that jump out at them and then give you a quick response, sometimes even the boilerplate response. So you're not that likely to get satisfaction from letter. I tell people this all the time, and uh, uh, so usually you're better calling first. Now, sometimes after you call, you can tell them, whoever seems interested in, in your situation, tell them, I'm going to email you the details of what happened. And then at that mm-hmm. point, now they've already talked to you. Now they're going to read it more carefully. But like actually having a, a conversation with them and explaining it, like the same way you explained it to me on this show, uh, I think with anyone with a half a brain will understand it. Now, I, I still don't think they're going to give you $6,500 in free play, but they may give you something, and they may also uh, discipline whoever was involved in this in, in, in doing this to you. I, this I, think I certainly wasn't expecting a fuck off as a response. How about that? Maybe they weren't going to give me 6500 in free play, but certainly not a fuck off. Well, I'll, I'll tell you part it, of the reason. It's not my responsibility to tell you the rules. That's what my host told me. Well, I'll tell you part I of the mean, reason. Is, you your host, is, your host, is your host Asian by any chance? No. She's a okay, white female. I, I have a host there, too. I just was curious. Listen, this is, yeah. what, this is what your best chance is. I would do what I said. I'd try to find contact information for the, the most high up, high up position you can find that you can contact. Mm-hmm. I'd fire off a bunch of different emails and I would just basically tell them what happened and that you're not going to patronize the company anymore because of this. That's, that's what I would do. Right. And, and you know what? Yeah. I, I think that's, I mean, I know the yeah. world series obviously is, is, is Caesars, but other than that, if it was me and they did something like this to me, I really wouldn't patronize them. There are enough choices in Las Vegas that, Sure. You can just say screw well, I'm Caesars. The World and... Series, but I certainly of course. am not going to patronize well, yeah, and, and, yeah, and I, I want to tell you this. I'll tell you the reason they're not giving you anything at this point is that this is one of these situations that it happens a lot where if an employee can give you anything, they have to justify why they're giving it to you. They can't just pull free play out of their ass and hand it to you. They have to justify why you're getting this compensation. And in this case, the justification would be we screwed up. We didn't treat you right. And that's like an admission of, of uh, fault to their their management, and they don't want to do They'd much rather make it your fault, which they have an easy way to say it. The, the easy way to say it is, you didn't show up on time. And in fact, we have guys in the chat room, and not, not the usual people who, uh, who 
troll you on the site, but some people who I've never seen comment about you before who are saying things like, it's just a free roll. Stop complaining. You didn't show up on time. It's your fault. You're not special. And and I think the people who are saying this in chat are missing the point is that these free rolls are something that are being offered to the customer as uh, as something to entice them to come down and entice them to keep playing. It's easier. It's, it's almost like a, um, it's partially to get you down there and partially like as a thank you. Not that they're grateful, but like as a thank you, so you feel good about the fact that you're a Caesars customer. So there's no point to invite you down to one of these things and then enforce petty rules that aren't even actual rules. And make me feel like shit. Right. So that was it, the whole thing. If they're going to act like that, they, they just shouldn't invite you in the first place. This should be something where they're very gracious, yeah. where they're hey, making Bart, you feel at home. Is anyone else in the same situation that you were that was allowed to play, or are you the only one? No, nobody else, would, Like, and I was watching like a hawk, nobody else showed up late for her hand, but everyone else wasn't there 15 minutes ahead of round two. Like I said, so they're entirely doing this at their discretion, and they're pointing to a rule that says, you weren't here 15 minutes before the start of play. It wasn't that you weren't here before the first hand. It's you weren't here 15 minutes before the start of play. Well, lo and behold, in round two, no one else is either, but you're not disqualifying them. See what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, and uh... – so, by the way, I also want to uh, clarify what I meant by trolls. I, when I say trolls, I didn't necessarily mean people who were just trolling for the fun of it, like just uh, trying to give you a hard time just uh, to get laughs. Uh, uh, there, there's some people who legitimately have issues, you know, that, that don't like you for whatever reason, and I'm not going to get involved. In they those, don't like any of us. In, I'm not going to get involved in those arguments. But uh, when one of those why, persons, when one why of those people, like that, but why would they like the hand? Well, I don't want to get into it. But but when those people make, make commentary on this particular situation, if they're coming in with already a negative impression about Bart before he even tells the story, then of course they're going to likely go against him. I, I'm more interested in the commentary from people who. You, I'm not looking. I'm on obviously on a phone skyping, and you're saying that the chat is is in a mob mentality. No, I'm not saying no, that. No, 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 it's guy, not. It's Brandon. not the mob it's mentality. Just I just, you know, and everybody has a right to express their opinion, and that's that's the point. Like I, I don't. I'm, it's fine if these people want to. Uh, if certain people you know, want to be anti Bart Hansen, let, they, they let me right tell to... you one more thing, real fast, and then I'm I'm gonna go eat real fast, and I'll come back on. Um, the one thing that I do know for a fact, and this is factually, is that even though they do reserve the right, these contests still have to be fair, and they can't be rigged. Um, about mm-hmm. ten years ago. This was at the Venetian, uh, I, I, well, yeah, maybe even longer, maybe 15 years ago. And there was a gentleman. This was in the paper. And at the time, the Venetian was fined the highest amount a casino had ever been fined. Um, and they had a contest. And they rigged it. A guy had lost millions and millions of dollars. It was an Asian man in Bakra. And they had a tournament. And I don't remember what kind it was, but it was some in some degree they were able to rig it and let him win because he felt he was the unluckiest man in the world. And it was for a Mercedes or something like that. And nonetheless, it got back to gaming. They were fined a considerable amount. I want to say like $5 million. The other recourse mm-hmm. you have, and I don't know how this would work, um, is you could always call gaming and explain to them. Now, I would just assume that if they don't have explicit rules, that, that that's pretty shady in itself. So gaming is available 24 hours. There's always an agent. They will literally speak with you within minutes if you call. And you could always explain to them what happened, and they could even tell you if you did that if you did have any recourse. They'd be the ones that know. Um, yeah, you know, they so probably don't it's because a contest, and it's not a part of actual you know gaming itself. It is conducted in the casino. It's it has to be fair. Sure. It has to be transparent. So if if you believe or can somehow prove they're making up rules on the fly, then you may I, I may I, I don't think he I can. don't think Brandon. I don't think I would win it in that manner. Yeah, he wouldn't. That's not really he wouldn't angle, win. It. I'll, I'll tell you why. 
I'll tell you why he would lose is because they they technically have a rule that if you don't show up 15 minutes prior, they may disqualify you. So what they could easily say right. and get away with it is saying that, well, we give some leeway on this. We put may, so we give some leeway if the person hasn't disrupted the tournament because they, if, it, if it actually hasn't started yet, fine. Okay. If they're not here 15 minutes beforehand, we won't penalize them. But well, if, if they if miss a hand, the tough that, luck if on it them. Did, if it did say that implicitly that they could – it did say not that. Yeah. Let you, okay, then, then, then of course you. Like it's in the rule. It's buried part. in the rules, but they don't tell anyone. Yeah. It's like that's the problem. It's, it's like, just, right. it's just, and you know, this is a lot of what the problem with Caesars is, of course, in general, just shady, terrible customer service, the way they treat people. And I mean, again, Brandon, I'll end, and I'll end it with this, Brandon. And and again, like I said, it's not a legal recourse. It's just that I think you weren't here. What I said in the beginning to Todd was, if you if you were the host and you were bringing somebody in for this tournament and you knew that this was going to go on that today. If you didn't show up at the first hand, you're going to be disqualified, even though it doesn't say it in the rules. Okay? Wouldn't that be the thing that you would make most clear to your clients? Hey, you better be here before the start of the first hand because you're going to get assigned a zero if you're not. Yeah, and when I told that to my host, she looked at me like I had five heads. Well, and I'll tell you, I, I know exactly what happened. Something like I know that. exactly what happened. I can tell you exactly what happened here. <laughs> I can tell you the whole story of what happened. What happened is, yes, she should have told you that and didn't. Okay. Also, I don't think she invited you. I think you were probably invited through the marketing computer, which doesn't mean that doesn't mean she has no responsibility. But you were invited to this by the marketing computer from your action, as were twenty or thirty other people for this. Well, yeah, hosts don't directly. Yeah. So, 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 so what happens at this point? Yes, she probably should have told you, but she she didn't. So then, the host who disqualified you probably did so because he'd much rather see one of his players win than you. And much like I remember one time, I was at the uh, World Series of Poker shootout tournament, and one of the guys got disqualified because he uh, he had he was a foreign player who hadn't paid the tax withholdings to them and he refused from a previous tournament and when they approached him about it he refused to pay and they said okay if you don't pay we're disqualifying you he said okay then they disqualified him i was thrilled because now i only had seven people to beat instead of eight and sure enough i won that table so uh same thing i think with with a small number of people if there's a thousand people in the host probably wouldn't have cared with 20 or 30 people in there uh with you out that increases the chance for his own players to win. He wants his own players to win because then they will play more. They will be happier. Uh, they, they may even shoot their winnings Just off in the casino. And Try it, to find the president of marketing their email or the mm-hmm. vice president of marketing, and then I would just fire off a polite but very stern email and basically emphasize I have a, that you're not – or, or call I, I have a – I wrote um, a very extensive letter that, like I said, I'm going to post that I'll probably use. You guys can take a look at it and explain this entire story to anyone else and – yeah, I mean, I thought I was polite yet stern in saying, you know, my reasons for why I thought this was unfair from a customer service level. Yeah, and like I said, I got a response that was made me want no. To and throw so up. let me go on. What happened here is that, <laughs> at that with your host, I'll tell you what happened then. So so once you got disqualified by the host from the host who wanted his own players to win and found any flimsy reason to get rid of you. Once you were gotten rid of, then at this point you wanted to lay some responsibility on your host for not uh, sticking up for you and for not uh, yeah, informing you beforehand. Mm-hmm. And so at this point it's already happened. So the host has one of two things she can do. One, she can say, oh, yeah, it was all my fault. Let me go tell my bosses I screwed up and, and give you some kind of a non-standard free play to make up for it. Or say, huh, Bart, it was your fault for showing up late. Well, of course she's going to do the second thing because she doesn't want to get herself in trouble. So hey, Bart, th- that's what happened thing. here. One last thing, and you can obviously take this with a grain of salt, but what I would do, uh, because you do like playing the WSOP and it is kind of a, a sticky situation, uh, I wouldn't even post any of this online. I'd handle whatever you have to handle off of offline. I mean, they've banned people for less reasons of, of such as you complaining about being mistreated. I wouldn't even post it online. 
I, would I, just, I don't think they're going to ban him, but but I, you, I do, you do have a point do, that maybe saying, maybe you'll get some better resolution if you talk to them privately first. I, yeah, I wouldn't post anything on any form or, or anything with, with your words and your name attached to it. Just handle it privately. For at, le- at least at do. first. If, if they say no, then post yeah. it. I don't think they're going to ban him for this because that could be a PR nightmare. Well, would, it, but, would, it, would, it, would it surprise you? Nothing surprises me. Well, but the other thing, too, Brandon, is I'm actually a vendor at the World Series um, over the last two years and this year where I've purchased a booth in the area and advertised on the live stream. I I appreciate your advice, and I will t- I'll take it. I'm, I don't know exactly sure. I'll, I'll probably yeah, say sure. it twice now. If that were to happen and I posted this letter and they banned me after me being an advertiser for them and paying $60,000 over the last two years to advertise as a vendor, and especially now that DraftKings is out of there, and it looked like a ghost town in the halls last year. That would yeah. really be. A well, hold on. Now, now that you bring nightmare. it up, I, I've always been. <laughs> hold on. I've always been curious about this. How much does it cost to get a booth over there? Well, the booth is. Um, the the first year the booth was ten thousand. The second year the booth was fifteen thousand. This year the booth's fifteen thousand. They wrapped a deal with me for. Uh, I think it was either eight or ten thousand extra for the. Um, the streaming, the uh, you know c- commercials on the on the WSLP stream. For me, it was actually worth it. I got to be. I mean, fifteen thousand is a little steep, and we're probably going to skip doing the booth this year just because it puts a lot of pressure on me when I play so much, and we got a lot of response from the stream. Like, just there's so many more eyeballs on the stream that we're probably going to take a year off from doing the booth. We might come back to it again the next year, but. Um, you know, unless you're actually selling a product like selling T-shirts, you know, car chargers, things like that, you know, the amount of vendors have certainly gone down. I can't believe. Wow, that's a, that's still a lot of money. Though. Like Mark Hoke has a booth there. How does he afford this? It's crazy. Uh, I don't think. No, I think he was on a media thing. You have to ask him about that. No, no, no he had a, he had like a real booth though. Like they they won't give me a booth like that. I, I get a media pass, but I don't I don't get the right to set up a booth in the hallway. That, that that I don't get. I don't know. I don't know anything about that. Yeah. All right, listen. I'm gonna eat. Bart, nice hearing from you. I hope you you know what if you don't. Talk about this publicly. Shoot me a PM and let me know if you hear anything back. Or just somehow okay. tweet no, at me or just it. let I me know. I'm curious what happens. Okay, okay. thanks, Brandon. We'll, yeah, we'll get you back a little bit later. Is that... For Brandon, cool. he wanted to show up just to, to comment on this. So yeah, you know, I this is one of these cases, and I've I've dealt with this before, not with not with a casino recently, but I I had a, another customer service problem this year that I won't get into. Nothing nothing with a casino or poker or anything, but uh, where someone did something wrong. And they wouldn't make it right because in order to make it right, the people who did it would have to admit they screwed up. So they so they tried to cover it up and tried to make it my fault because otherwise they'd have to go to their superiors and say, hey, we need uh, such and such money back to this person because we screwed up. And they, like, they didn't want to say that. So they, they tried to find ways to blame it on me. It's a very common practice when employees screw up. So, yeah, definitely go to someone higher. And I would – I know Brandon was talking about emailing. I, I still think you should make a phone call and then ask if you'd like to email them the details, unless you can't reach anyone by phone who's who's meaningful, mm-hmm. and then and then just email. Or, or just email, say, can you please call me. I'm just telling you they take a more personal interest if you speak to a human being and, and you you lay it out to them. And on the phone, they can't just skim sure. you. They have to listen to you on the phone. So I, I have – Right. I have found – And by the way, all that stuff that you said obviously is your speculation. It may or may not be true. I just think it's – you know, I just think it's an egregious customer service yeah, I would, thing. Was, obviously, I'm irritated well. by it, and, and I'm I not s- going to give them any action if they don't – Yeah, I know. Help by the way, I have it, some bad news you know. for you that they're not going to care about the WSOP booth because th- this is one problem with Caesars is that the left hand and the right hand are like not part of the same body. At least they think they're not. So, so really, mm-hmm. each department is so separate from one another and gives so little of a crap 
what the other department is doing or what would benefit them that they won't care. So they won't care that uh, you're giving money to the World Series through buying a booth there. They won't care that this might influence your decision to have that because they should because it's the same company, but they don't. They almost treat it like it's two different companies, and it's it's so infuriating. And I've had to deal with that before where one department won't help me because there's nothing in it for them. So yeah, so that, that's a big problem there, that they, they have very poor communication with other departments and very, for, very poor accountability with other departments. Each department is totally out for itself. In Caesars, so that you're never going to get anywhere yeah. with that. But it's worth mentioning in a letter or something, or when you're talking, just just to show that you're a good customer in several ways. It's a good thing to kind of just paint a favorable picture of yourself when you're complaining about this, so you don't just look like a free roll leech. But uh, so you can say, not, right. not only am I a high roller here, but I also spend money in other ways with the company. And here's an example. But that's uh, uh, that's about as far as you'll get with it. But so anyway, good luck with this. You can, if you don't want to, whether you post this or not, if you don't post this uh, publicly, you can let me know and. Uh, I uh, appreciate you coming out here and telling this story. No, absolutely. Thanks. Okay. Uh, thanks. Todd, thanks for letting me on. All right. Bye. And uh, you know, I've never met this Hanson kid. I'm gonna have to met. I'm gonna have to meet him uh, sometime, at least at the World Series. And uh, I, I, for, I forgot the phone call. If anyone wants to call in and, and give the other side of this, if you if you want to criticize Bart here, you're welcome to. I'm not shutting out the opposition here. So if you want to call in. Uh, you can do so right now. I didn't. I didn't mean to separate you guys from him. I just uh, got into talking about this, but I want to give the the other side equal time. So, truthfully, there's only one other side, and that's Caesars, and they're not listening. At least I don't think they are. But uh, if you, if you want to give an alternate viewpoint, I, you know something I don't like though is when someone says it's a free roll. Why are you complaining? It's free. Take what they give you. No, it's nothing's free at the casino. There's nothing the casino gives you that's actually free. Whatever you think is free is something that is to entice you to come down there and lose money or because you've lost money in the past and they're trying to give this to you so you lose more money. There's nothing free. Free is, is like uh, like our free roll on this site is truly free. I'm not selling anything. I'm not going to be selling anything in the future. Now, I'm not giving the free money. That's from our users. But here, when you're playing for the free money in our free roll, there's no catch to it. There's There's nothing I'm gaining out of it. That's free. Anything a casino comps you is not free. And I've been screwed on certain casino comps before, and I run into the same opposition from people I tell the story to. Oh, this is free. Why are you complaining? Like, if somebody gives me something completely free, I will never complain. I I think that's a horribly rude thing to do is when someone really gives you something for free and you complain. So, like, uh, even something that's... uh, a loss leader to try to get business. Like if a, a local restaurant says, come on in and have a free dinner on us. And of course they're hoping you're going to come in and come in the next time and actually pay. But if I come in at my first free meal, I'm not, I'm not going to go off on them if the meal isn't good. I may not come back if it's not good, but I'm not going to go, how dare you give me a crappy free meal? No, I'm not going to do that. I'll appreciate that they gave me a free meal to try them out. So complaining about things that are actually free makes you an ingrate, but complaining about casino comps not being what they claim them to be is your right to do because that's uh, it's all part of the whole casino game. Casinos give you nothing for free. Nothing. You may think it's free, but it's not. Nothing's free. 775-Fraud55, 
3728355. I am professional talkers. One of the guys who really doesn't like Bart Hansen. He said personal responsibility is allegedly a ba- basic tenet of conservatism. He's trying to say uh, that you know me being a conservative, how could I be absolving Bart of personal responsibility? And I'm not. And if there, if it was stated on very clearly in the rules, if you show up late and miss one hand, then you get zero. And he showed up late and missed one hand and got zero. I'd be the first one to say. That was your fault. You knew the rule. You should have made sure to be there on time. But this was buried in the rules, and this was not even an explicit rule. This was like a show up 15 minutes earlier. We may disqualify you. You don't see that unless you dig through pages of rules. I mean, you that's that's not the same thing. It's just not the same thing. And did he have zero fault in this? He had a little fault in that he should have just been there on time, but that doesn't mean that they should have done this. And furthermore, they're, they're holding these contests in order to entice you to want to keep playing there and to feel good about the fact that you've given action to Caesars. And let's face it, Bart must have given a lot of action to them to be invited to something like this. I don't get invited to things like this. So they, this was being done by someone who wanted him to lose. And the reason they wanted him to lose is so the players that play under them can win. Because each host has players assigned to them. And if one of your players wins, it's good for you as a host because that player is probably going to spend the money they just won in the free roll gambling and then you're going to get, get a commission, a sizable commission, if they play high. So it's to your advantage very much. It puts money in your pocket as a host if one of your own players wins. And while you cannot directly influence the luck in these tournaments, you can influence who's in the tournament. And disqualifying one out of a thousand wouldn't matter. Disqualifying one out of twenty matters big time. And that just really made me think of when I was at that uh, shootout at the World Series and one guy got disqualified, how happy I was. And that was like right at the beginning, too. It wasn't like we weren't heads up and the guy got disqualified. This is like one of nine, and I'm like, okay, great, one of nine is out before we even start. That's, that's excellent. So same thing here, one of 20 was out. Believe me, there was a reason he was disqualified there. It was not just they're trying to apply the rules fairly. It was not that. I can't say that for sure, but it sounds very likely to me from my – knowledge of how casinos operate, and I don't think this is, I, I can't even blame the casino. This was, I believe that individual host did it for his own benefit. And things like this happen all the time. There's a, there's a lot of shadiness in the gambling industry. There really is. You have to try to stand up for yourself, otherwise you're going to uh, really get screwed. And, and the power you have as a gambler is, number one, if you are putting in a lot of action, you can vote with your feet and tell them you're not going to put action there anymore. And number two, uh, you can publicize things on the Internet. Now, Brandon brought up a good point that maybe it's good to try to resolve it with corporate first before blowing up their spot on the Internet and making them uh, look bad. But uh, that's always a weapon you have that people didn't always have, the the bad publicity weapon. And I I think that's a nasty thing to do if you haven't really been wronged and you just want to be a jerk. But uh, in this case, I I really think that he got kind of screwed here. Anyway, that was our little uh, unscheduled topic. More than little, we <laughs> we're going on with this for a while. So, okay, let's uh, let me tell you about my World Series. Where hopefully nobody screws me in any way. And uh, I'm going to tell you what events I'm playing, and how you can buy a piece of me if you want. And I'm actually going to be posting the whole thing on a third-party site. Now, before that, let me uh, let me take a call. Caller, you're on the air. Hey, Todd. 
I have a couple questions for you. Do you have a minute? Uh, who is this? This is Gigi. Gigi, I have never heard of you. Okay, what, what are the questions? I, know. I was just wondering, um, you know, all your stories that you always talk about in the beginning of your show, why are they always from like 1980 and 1990 and <laughs> stuff like that? Could you answer me that question? Well, uh, there's no reason. It's just whatever comes to mind. Like things will, will remind me of something that occurred at some point in my life. Sometimes it's recent. Sometimes it's a long time ago, and I have good memory for these things. And if it's if it's relevant or something that just uh, popped into my head, I, I just say it. Okay. But but isn't there anything from maybe like 2010, 2012? Why did everything have to go back thirty some years? That's I wouldn't say I wouldn't question. say that's true. I wouldn't say that uh, there's no stories from. In fact, I I've, I've been criticized for telling a story that is recent too much, and that's just about uh, Antonio Esfandiari and the and that hand where he overplayed something. Like I've, that that's become a running joke on here that I talk about it too much, and that just happened recently. Okay, uh, can I ask you one more question? Yeah. Um, you know that uh, what is it? I, I I might miss up the dates, but was it 2003 or 2005 that you made the final table for the World Series, or you won your bracelet? That was 05. Yeah, I did both. I had a, a okay. third place and and a uh, first place. Yeah. Right. I was I was watching that replay a couple weeks ago, and I was just wondering. Why was uh, the announcers? Why were they ripping on you so much? Well, do you have any idea? Yeah, I do have an idea. Um, the, okay. the the idea was that uh, I. I, I tried to do something on, on there that that was not a good idea, and I, I tried to uh, do kind of wacky things for the camera. When the truth is, I should have just uh, kept my head down and just played poker. And I'm not saying it affected my results because, like during the hands, I, I took them all seriously. But um, I uh, this was my first time playing poker on TV, and they they said when they're giving everyone the little speech about uh, what to do. They said, well, make sure to you know, show a lot of personality on, on the, the broadcast. Don't just sit there with your head down, or otherwise the broadcast will be boring. So I was like, okay, well, I'll try to make it not boring. And, uh, and I, t- I took it to over the top, and uh, you know, when I saw it on TV, I'm like, oh, I, I shouldn't have done these things. And, uh, and then I'm like, you know, if I'm ever playing poker on TV again, I'm not going to act this way. Then, then that's not the one I won. I finished it in third on that one. Uh, a month later, okay. the one I won was not on TV, and that one, uh, in fact, one of the people who played with me at the final table when reading the criticism of how I acted on ESPN, they they said, you know, it's funny, when we played with him a month later at the final table that wasn't on TV, he acted completely normal. It was nothing like this, and uh, and that was true. I just uh, – uh, even, but it wasn't just that. Like, I was on TV again. It didn't broadcast in the U.S., but it was uh, broadcast to, to Europe and Australia. This is in St. Kitts when I made a final table later that same year that was on – foreign tv and that that one again i just acted like any other player there so it, it was a it was an error in judgment and uh you know i would take it back if i could go back and change that now the the reason the the announcer was bashing me is norman chad uh and, and mm-hmm. the, the surprising thing was i don't know if he still listens but norman chad used to listen to this show at least when we started in 2012 i was surprised but he was making some remarks on twitter that you know, he'd been listening here but uh, norman chad they, they had to have like a villain for it that makes the show more interesting so they i was the obvious villain since i was the one kind of acting out there at the table and uh so so i was like the the villain there and they they were Todd, purposely Todd, are, are you are you really going to classify yourself as a villain i mean come on you're you're more white bread and more all-american than anybody at that entire table no well, i don't know but they, no i was the villain for that episode so that's that's what happened okay. so that's uh, i don't even you know i don't hold it against norman chad he was doing his job to try to be entertaining to 
uh, do what he has to for TV. I have nothing against Norman Chad, and uh, that's just the way it is. And you know that, and I, I take my my fault in that situation as well. So, the, the, any, any other questions? Oh yeah, a couple more. Okay. Are you uh, are you ever going to actually tell the truth about what happened with your co-host Daredevil? Because there's a lot more than what you're saying. No, there isn't. That's and that's no, 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 Todd. There, there has to be. There has to no, be. There I doesn't think you know that. No, there doesn't have to be. Let me let me tell you here okay. with, with Daredevil. Sure. Okay. Uh, when I say he's welcome to return to the show at any time, he really is welcome to return to the show at any time. And I would not say that if I had a falling out with him, or if Brandon had a falling out with him. Like if there were, if there was some issue here where, where we didn't like each other anymore, I wouldn't want him back on this show. And uh, and I'm saying he can come back if he wants. Sometimes people will make a change in their life to where they move on and don't really want to be part of something anymore. Not not because of what any individual did. They just decided it's time for a change. Similar to like, uh, um, you know, if you're going to the bar every night and, and you decide one day, you know, I'm just going to stop drinking. You, you don't want to hang around with your bar friends anymore. You don't want to do bar-related activity. You don't want to play on the bar softball team. You just, you're just done with the whole thing. You're going to associate yourself with it completely – different thing in your life. And that, that's basically what happened with Daredevil. There, a number of things in his life changed, starting with when he, he and his girlfriend broke up and uh, he had some uh, tumultuous times and he decided recently that uh, he's just getting away from all of this. And that's fine. And we, we respected that decision. There's no scandal and, and uh, th- that's the way it is. And if, if people don't believe that, that's fine. But uh, uh, I, I know it looks suspicious. You know, he just showed up on Poker Fraud Alert. He said, I'm, I'm leaving... Uh, uh, no one did anything wrong. I'm just gone. I'm quitting the site. Goodbye. Like, of course, it looks like something bad happened, but it, it, I can't stress enough that it isn't. The only thing I could say to prove it's not is by revealing his personal business, which I don't want to do. I, I, no one, no one has a right to know things that he told me in confidence. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna reveal those details. I, I've given enough information, and uh, if people don't believe it, then you can just not believe it. Okay, one more question you have, then we'll have to go on with the show. Okay, final question. Um, you know how you always talk about being uh, you, you wanted to work for I, – I might say this wrong again. Was it Ultimate Bet? Was that the poker room that was <laughs> no. started in Nevada? By no, no, Antonio? no, Ultimate Poker. Ultimate Poker, excuse me. Okay, Ultimate Poker. You said you you wanted to work for them and you contacted them at some time. Is that correct? No, not exactly. I did. I did. I've wanted to work for any of these rooms. When I say wanted to, like I don't have a need to and I don't have like a – there's not going to be a hole in my life if I don't. It just seems like something I would enjoy doing, like in a management position of a legalized online poker room. And I think I could do a very good job. If I know I could do a very good job. So the, so if one of these would like to hire me, I, I would love to be part of it. Uh, but if they don't, then I'll be fine without it. So Ultimate Poker came to but, me. But, but, but here, here, here's my question to you. Since you are such a player's advocate and you will fight for every player's rights, how can you possibly manage a poker room and – make a profit well okay so so that's a good question first of all i didn't go it to them a, I, I didn't go to them one, i agree i didn't go to them they actually went to me because i made a post on two plus two just saying when i was criticizing something there i said what you guys need is someone who's like in touch with the community someone who understands what the community wants and uh hire that type of person i said like you know someone like me i said i'm not suggesting myself necessarily i'm just saying me or someone like me i think it would be, really be helpful here so they actually emailed me and said uh, – or PM'd me on 2 plus 2 and said, well, okay, maybe we will hire you then. So then we started going in, in talks about this. But then somehow this morphed to them wanting me to work on the software and, and fix some of the bugs. I'm like, no, that, that, that's not really what I wanted to do here. Like I, that's not – I didn't want to become like a code monkey again. I left that behind uh, last decade. 
I, I said I, I wanted to have some kind of management position. If you if that's not what you want, then you know that's not really what I'm looking for. And then it, it just kind of died from there. They did. We never explicitly said okay, it's done. It just kind of died out, and that was that. And then, then it ended up being a fail company, and it's gone. So that's that's actually good for me that I didn't do it. But uh, you ask, how can I, how can I help players out? How could, how could you possibly balance the two, knowing that you want to give away the farm, being a player? I don't want to give away being the farm. management. You can't, you can't give away anything. No, I don't want, want to give away the farm. No, I, I, I'd want to be fair so no one gets screwed. I wouldn't give away the farm. I would. Uh, I, I, I could easily act in the interest of the company while at the same time ensuring that people are treated fairly. And if, and if they say the only way you can act in our interest is if you don't treat people fairly, then I'd say I don't want to work for you. But, uh, but a lot of times customer service issues happen because there isn't accountability or, or, uh, or there's no one you can talk to that will understand your problem and really hear you out and, and make sure the fair and right thing happens. It's the difference between like a fair and right thing with how a customer is being treated and, uh, and giving a customer too much. And I wouldn't be giving a customer too much or allowing them to take advantage of the company, but at the same time, uh, I would make sure the company didn't take advantage of individual players and screw them. And that's, that's, that's the type of role I'd like to – and I think that's helpful for a company to have because if there's someone who's known to be an advocate for what's fair and right – working for that company who they know they can go to if there's a problem and is not going to dismiss them and will look at everything objectively, uh, that's, that will make you feel more comfortable playing there. And that's what I was trying to get across to Ultimate Poker and, and all the companies, really, that you, you have someone like that, me or someone like me, in a position there who actually has some power, then the players feel very uh, comfortable with trusting the site. Whereas if the customer service sucks and you feel like you're going to be dismissed or treated unfairly when a problem comes up, then you don't really want to play there. So that, that was my, my point. All right. One, one, one last snippet, and no, I'll, go, I'll go. Okay. Have you ever posted in a thread an answer to yourself? What, on Poker Fraud Alert? On any form. You mean like under a phony account? Well, something like that. <laughs> I mean, you can call it a, whatever you want. Have I, have I ever made a phony account and, and posted in response to one of my threads uh, in my life I, yet? I, I, know you, I know you've made many phony accounts, but I was just curious as to have you ever answered to yourself and if you find that a little bit odd. Um, I, I've probably done that at some point, but it's not something I make a habit yeah. of doing. I, I, I thought so. All right, Todd, you have a good night. Okay. Take care. Thank you, Gigi, whoever that is. <laughs> And for those of you wondering about the last question, like I, I don't run around with like a lot of dupes on my forum. I, I really don't. Like I could, but I, I don't. Like I just, uh, I, I let it just run itself. The, um, some people have conspiracy theories that I operate a lot of dupes there, and I really don't. And in fact, some of the dupes that have been accused of being me, it's it's totally incorrect. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, I just the the only the main point of having dupes for me would be if I, if I want to post something but uh, want to do so where its content is seen independent as coming from me without people's biases being that it came from me. Because you read anything from me, you're going to have a bias, either good or bad bias, depending on what your opinion is of me. And it will change the way you read it if it's coming from me versus coming from an unknown. So that, that would be the only point that I would uh, like post under a fake account, but it, it really, really it wouldn't be a very common thing I would do. But I, I'm not be honest. I've I've done it before, but it's not it's not something that's rampant to my forum or any forum that uh, by any means for me. So.
I, I have a feeling the guy who called in is a uh, regular user of the forum and didn't want to say who he was, but that's okay. He claimed he was GG. Muck Ficon saying, who is this fucking idiot? Snap him off or let me call in to talk to him and fuck this bitch. I mean, I thought these were okay questions. So uh, let me go on about my World Series. As you see, like, I'll just take questions and answer them, though. Like, let's see here. Uh, my World Series of Poker. I went through the schedule and decided what I'm going to play. Now, I have a few considerations in what I decide to play. One of them is is scheduling. That is, if there's an event by itself that there's not something I want to play shortly before or shortly after, then I usually don't play it because it's a pain in the ass to be there just for that one event. So I like to play events in clumps where there's a whole lot of them in a row or close to in a row that I want to play. Then I quit for a while, then I come back, and you know I do that sort of thing. So uh, usually what I do is I have three stages of playing the World Series, an early stage, a middle stage, and then the main event. This year there's not going to be an early stage just because all the early stuff really doesn't appeal to me with the exception of the Millionaire Maker. But I'm skipping the Millionaire Maker just because – Still, it's like three days away from the beginning of the middle phase where I wanted to play, and it just the middle phase is going to be too long. I'm going to end up being away from everyone for too long, so I just I said, screw the Millionaire Maker, I'll skip it this year. Even though I've done pretty well in it, just either running deep or cashing in it in its history, but I will have to skip that. Here's what I'm going to play, and then I'll explain how you can buy pieces of me. June 14th, event number 22, the 1500 Limit Hold'em will be my first event. Next day, June 15th, if I'm not in day two of Limit Hold'em, I'll be playing at 11 a.m. the 2K No Limit Hold'em, which is a new event for this year. It was there a long time ago, but it's come back. June 16th, the next day, if I don't make day two of that, I will play my first non-Hold'em event ever. Yes, I'm going to play the Omaha Aider Better. Omaha High Low Split 8 or Better, event number 26 on June 16th. I bet that surprises some of you. Between now and then, I will improve my Omaha game. Right now, I'm not uh, World Series ready for that event, but I will be by then. If for whatever reason I'm not, I will drop it from the schedule. But uh, I'm excited to do it. And as Brandon said on this show last week, that is the most natural transition for a Limit Hold'em player. That the the skill set's very similar. If you're a winning Limit Hold'em player, which I am, as you guys know, uh, you are likely to be a winning Omaha 8 player. June 17th. Now, this is the one thing that makes me a little bit uneasy. Because one day later, again, these are four days in a row with events, where if I make a day two, I'll miss the next one, is the 10K Limit Hold'em event. That's 24 hours after the 1500-08 event. And uh, I'm a little worried, like, what if I make a day two and then have to miss the 10K Limit Hold'em event and then end up with some sort of min cash or no cash of the 08 event. But I decided to do it anyway because you can register late to the Limit Hold'em 10K event with a full stack. And truthfully, it doesn't really hurt to do that. In fact, there's guys like Ronnie Barda who are very successful who – who actually now register late on purpose because they feel the early stages are actually a waste of time. So I, I'm not going to do that on purpose, but at the same time, I 
I'll do it if it's not too late. But I'm not going to register like in level seven or something. I, I, I mean, if I, I come in on level three, I'll, I'll be happy to do that. So it is a possibility I'll miss it if I get all the way to day three or deep day two of the 1500 uh, 08. But, you know, I'll give it a shot. I wish the 08 was on a different day so I didn't have to worry about this. But I really do want to try a non-Hold'em event, and that's really the one I want to try. And the, Not only is 08 the most uh, appropriate transition for me, but uh, because it's a 1500 event, it's likely to have a lot of poor players in it. And Brandon said there's a lot of players in this event that are just not good at 08. So if I'm competent at the game... I'll have a good chance to do well in it, even if uh, I'm not the best player in the field or one of the best, just because there's going to be a lot of players in this that are just taking a shot that I don't really know what they're doing. Whereas like a, a 5K or a 10K of this, not only would it be expensive, but the players would be tough. So I think I think that's a, a great event for me to give a shot to. So that's one of them. Again, the next day is the 10K limit. Hold them. Next day, again, uh, the fifth day in a row, that has events. Uh, 1500 No Limit Hold'em. Just a regular 1500 No Limit Hold'em. Then finally have a day's break, June 20th, event number 33, what they call the Summer Solstice No Limit Hold'em, which is actually the extended play No Limit event. There's uh, 90 minutes to that per level. I thought I would like that event. I did like that event, and I did cash in that event last year. I think that's the best format preliminary No Limit event for me. My play style does best with a slower structure. So I I thought that last year, and I I was very happy with that event and, and how it matched up with my style. So I'm playing that again for sure. Unless I make day three, I guess, of the 1500 No Limit two days before. June 22nd, two days later after that, uh, $3,000 six-handed limit hold'em. I've come close to cashing in that a number of times, including last year, but I still have not cashed in that damn event. I really want to cash one of these six max limit hold'em events. That's what I play the most. That's where I make my money these days, a six max limit hold'em. Haven't cashed yet, but hopefully this year will be different. Two days later, June 24th, event number 41A, the 1500 monster stack event. I played that once, uh, made day two, didn't cash. Did not play it the next year, and I will be back at it again this year. Final prelim for me, June 27th, event number 46, the $1,500 bounty no-limit hold'em, where there's a $500 bounty you get every time you bust someone. So that existed last year. I didn't play it, but I will be here this year to play it, and I think that's an interesting event. And... At the beginning stages, you have to weigh the ability to bust someone and make the 500 bounty, which is a third of the buy-in, versus uh, run up a stack. And I think in a lot of cases, it makes sense to call off someone light who's all in, especially pre-flop, if you can bust them. Unless it's like huge stack versus huge stack. But uh, it really, you bust three people, you made your money back right there. So that's an interesting event. I will play that as my final prelim. I will be playing the main event as well. I will not be playing the tag team event. As I said last week, I was talked into playing it with Brandon, but Brandon will have to find a different partner. It's just a, a bad date. It's four days before the main event, and I found that uh, I just don't have the time to do that. I don't have the time to play that and have to wait around four days for the main event. It's just... 
It's just not worth it. It'd be a fun thing to do. It's just not worth it. I, just, I wish it was a cl- little closer to the main event or closer to these other prelims. So I'm not going to play that. Anybody who has an interest to play with Brandon, let him know. Now, how do you buy a piece of me? I am selling, just like last year, all the events together. You can't just pick and choose what you want to buy. You have to buy them all together or nothing. And why am I doing that? Well, it's mainly to prevent a paperwork headache. It's, it's, it's to prevent having to keep track of each different event of who bought what. It's, it's such a pain. I've done that every year up to last year, and I finally changed it. It was so much easier just to have everybody who bought everything at the same time. It, it also started being difficult for me to keep track of people buying like single pieces of single events it, it just and to pay them out if I cashed small. It was just such a, a headache. So this makes it all easier on me. Uh, so basically I'm selling 0.5% shares. Each share is 0.5% of me. And it's very simple. Whatever I cash total of these events I just listed, you get 0.5% of that cash. For each share you buy There's no makeup No gimmicks No nothing It's just very simple Whatever I cash total From those events I just mentioned You get 0.5% of it Per share you buy If I don't play One of these events Then you get a Refund For that individual event Including markup So it's as if I wasn't on the schedule So you don't lose anything If that's the case So if uh, So basically I'm marking Each of these up 20% Which I'm going to tell you Right now It's not a great deal for you if you want to buy this, it shouldn't be because it's a wonderful investment in me. It's, it's not. It's uh, um, This is just what I'm charging. Uh, the reason I'm selling these is for two reasons. One is to lower variance because I'm not a tournament player. Uh, this is this adds up to tens of thousands of dollars for me, and I'm not playing as high as I used to. When I was playing 400, 800 all the time, then, yeah, that, that this money wasn't very much. But but now because I'm playing 30, 60 online, this would take a lot to, a lot of time to make this money back uh, if I were to brick every event. So uh, just to bring down the variance, I'm letting people have pieces of it. And why am I marking it up? Well, because it's me who's putting out the time and effort to do it. And also I'm very reliable. I'm going to pay you for sure. You're not going to get screwed in any way. You know that if I, number one, you know I I don't drink or do drugs. I'm going to show up there in the proper state of mind to play. Number two, I'm going to play and you know, try to do my best and take it very seriously. Number three, if I cash, there's zero chance you're going to get screwed. You're going to get paid 100% sure. So these are things that can't be said about everybody in the field. In fact, most people in the field, you can't say that. And also, I'm going to give a lot of updates on, on Twitter. I have a special Twitter account for the World Series, twitter.com slash dandruffpoker. And you get to follow along and, and just pretty much... Every notable thing I do there, or even notable people at my table or whatever, you get to almost feel like you're there. Whereas other people you may buy pieces of, you're going to get an update once every three hours. So this is more for entertainment purposes, for those of you that can't be there, than a great investment. So that's if, if that appeals to you, then go ahead and do it. If it doesn't, if you think 20% is a crappy deal, then don't do it. It's that simple. I'm just I'm very straightforward with what I'm offering and what you'll get. Uh, last year I had this com- complicated thing of uh, if I miss an event, then it rolls over to the next one, and uh, I did away with all that. It's just if I miss an event there, which I probably will because there's so many back to back to back to back, you just get the money back, including the markup. So if, if let's say you're you had one percent of a you had one percent of the whole thing, you bought two shares. 
So that means uh, you're part of a $1,500 buy-in would be $15. But then the markup of that 20% makes it $18. So if I miss the event, I give you back $18. That's simple. So that's how it'll work. And I'm going to manage the whole thing on a site called tastysteaks.com. Now, unlike others who get involved with these staking sites where you pay through the site and the site holds the money and there's some kind of fee, Tasty Steaks is not like this. Tasty Steaks is a free site, and I wouldn't use it if it wasn't free. I'm, I'm a, a cheap Jew, as you guys know. So I'm using Tasty Steaks just because it's useful to organize everything where you can easily see everything that's for sale. And it, 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 I haven't posted it yet, but I'm going to post the list up on Tasty Steaks and then uh, – I'll manage it through there, but you're not going to be paying Tasty Steaks. You're going to be paying me directly. Tasty Steaks is just going to be the site that manages the list of things I'm playing and the number of pieces I've sold, blah, blah, blah. So I haven't set that up yet. I'm going to. You'll see it. Uh, if you go to the 2016 WSOP, or I guess it's, it's in the World Series of Poker Forum and Poker Fraud Alert and the 2016 World Series of Poker Sub Forum. You'll see the official buy a piece of Dan Druff thread very shortly. I will post a link there of the Tasty Steaks link to see the uh, the setup. Or you can just read the list of what I'm selling. You don't have to go to the Tasty Steaks site if you don't want to. But uh, uh, PM me or email me. You can email me dandruff at pokerfraudalert.com or PM me dancebasedruff if you want to buy a piece. And I'll give you the ways to pay me. You're paying me directly. And... Uh, if you pay me on PayPal and you charge back in any way when I lose, uh, I shouldn't say when I lose, I should say if I lose, uh, don't do that is the point. I, number one, you'll be banned from my site forever. And, and number two, I, I will track you down and, and make life difficult. That's that's a crappy thing to do. Like, Don't even think of trying to scam me here. It's not going to be worth it. But fortunately, nobody's done that. I'm just I'm just giving a small warning. <laughs> But nobody's done that. Everybody who's bought a piece of me has been very good about it. Every single person, every single year, and I appreciate that. Uh, I'm talking about people who would do something really nasty, like charge back, if uh, if I were to lose. And of course, if I do lose, then the money's gone. There's no makeup. Oh, one other thing I forgot to mention, though, kind of about makeup. Uh, as a, an appreciation for people who bought last year and didn't win, and if you bought last year, you didn't win because it was all together, and I, I cashed two out of seven, which isn't bad, but uh, I didn't get any big cash. I had uh, two four-figure caches, which wasn't enough, of course. Had a queen not hit the river for a three-outer, maybe it would have been different, but a uh, queen did hit the river, and I finished 40th in that 50-50 event. That was the deepest I got. So if you bought a piece of me last year, then you will get a small discount. and You'll have to look up what you bought last year. It'll be up to you to look that up. Don't ask me to tell you. But uh, you can go to the 2015 World Series of Poker Forum and find it yourself. But uh, whatever you bought last year, you'll only be paying 15% markup instead of 20. So let's say you bought four shares last year and you want to buy four shares again this year. You only have to pay 15% markup instead of 20. If you bought four last year and you want to buy eight this year, then you have to pay 20% markup on four of those and 15% on the other four. So it's up, up to a maximum of what you bought last year. You can pay for you can get 15% markup if you bought last year. Not if you bought 2014 or, or earlier. Only fifth, only last year. Only 15. And I'm just doing that as a as a way to thank people for buying a piece of me last year and saying I'm sorry I didn't make money for you. And I'm not guaranteeing I'll do this again next year, but 
this year I'm doing it. So basically you'll get a $6 discount on each share you buy. And you can buy up to eight shares, by the way. So I'm not going to let people buy 10% of me, 15% of me, no. You can buy up to eight shares, which is 4%. That's it. I, I want to give everyone a chance to buy. Maybe if I don't end up selling out the max, which is 40%, then I'll start letting people buy more. But I also may not. I may just say, screw it and just play the rest for myself. Because I don't need to do this. Even if nobody buys a piece of me, I'm still playing the same schedule. I don't need this. I just would like it just to reduce variance. And also, I, I like having people who listen to this show and who post on the forum to be invested in me a bit and uh, and have a bit more excitement when I'm doing well rather than just being happy for me, actually knowing it's going to put money in your pocket if I run really deep. So the only thing I don't like about the selling pieces of me, and I, I mentioned this last year, is I feel a bit of a pressure. I feel like when I lose, I feel like I've disappointed people. I feel like I've let people down. I feel a bit guilty. I know I shouldn't feel that way, but I, I really do. Sometimes when I bust, I kind of just wish I could just bust and only have myself to be responsible for. That I'm not losing other people's money. But still, I, I decided to do it. Like I, Every year I consider not doing this, just so I'm playing for myself and there's no one to, no one else to worry about being disappointed in me if I, if I fail. So there you go. That's the situation. I'm sorry if I wasted too much time on this in the show, but I, I wanted to get that out. Hockey guy saying, Druff should roll everybody this year. <laughs> Tilted Stone. He, I don't know what's with Tilted Stone. I, I've never seen this out of him. He's, he's just been like nasty the whole show. He said, you disappoint people almost every show. Well, then why are you here? Why are you listening then? I don't, I don't understand that. If it's, if the show is a disappointment every time, then you shouldn't bother with it. That's the truth. I, I, I like having listeners, even ones who don't like me, but if it's really a disappointment every time, you shouldn't waste your time with it. Oh, you think it's Bart's fault? <laughs> this is someone who doesn't like Bart. All right. Well, Bart's not on here anymore. It's just me at the moment. Muck Vicon saying, who the fuck is Tilted Stone and why should we give a fuck about him? Uh, the answer is you shouldn't. <laughs> saying ban that clown. Oh, I Tilted Stone is mad that I was late and he lives in Florida. Okay, I'll give him that. I'll, I'll give him that, that he stays up till 10.30 to hear the show start, and then it doesn't start at 10.30, and, and I start talking at 11. That kind of sucks. I, I admit that. I admit that. Okay, let me move to the next topic. Stop talking about myself for a bit. Maybe. Poker Stars is returning to the United States. This is what Brandon would call the fraud show, by the way. A poker topic. He doesn't like the poker topics, usually. But uh, Poker Stars is returning to the United States, but only to the New Jersey market, the regulated New Jersey market. This will be the first time you're able to play Poker Stars in the U.S. since April 15th, 2011. So it will be almost five full years. It will be March 21st, 2016, when Poker Stars will return in New Jersey only. You have to be physically standing in New Jersey to play on there. doesn't matter if you're from New Jersey, but you have to be physically located in New Jersey to play there, as is the case with all the legalized New Jersey gambling sites. This will be through a partnership with the Atlantic City Resort Casino Hotel. Sorry, Resorts Casino Hotel. 
which PokerStars uh, bought so they could do this. So everyone's excited about this, as you might guess. Everyone's dream ever since Black Friday has been the ability to play on PokerStars again. PokerStars is the beloved site of online poker. People moved out of the country to continue playing on PokerStars. People living in Mexico, people living in uh, Thailand, people living in Canada, just so they can play on PokerStars. When I say people, I mean Americans. So here, you'll be able to play on PokerStars in Jersey. It took a while, but uh, they finally got approved by the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement, the DGE. One problem was the fact that Isai Scheinberg was an owner of PokerStars, and they didn't like that uh, he had continued operating after the UIGEA and violated various laws in doing so. So New Jersey did not want PokerStars in the state unless Isai completely divorced himself from PokerStars. First, they did kind of a, a sham thing where uh, it was his son managing it, but uh, the New Jersey Division of Gaming Enforcement said this. <laughs> so, so basically, the Scheinbergs had to completely get out of it and, and truthfully sell poker stars to another company. They did. They sold to Amaya, and uh, that set in motion the process to get poker stars finally approved to go live in New Jersey. So this is going to happen, and some people have been saying, okay, this is going to be a turning point for legalized U.S. online poker, because truthfully, legalized U.S. online poker has been a failure, a big, big failure. Every state that has had it has found that the revenue from online poker has fallen way, 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 way below expectations by a factor of 10 or more, and that's huge. It's one thing to get about 70% of the profit that you believed you were going to get, or 50%. But to get like 10% or less profit than you thought your site was going to generate is a disaster. So there just has not been the interest in these legalized one-state or two-state online poker rooms. So the Nevada-Delaware poker rooms have been a fail. The New Jersey ones have not been quite as bad, but are still a failure. These were originally approved because it was expected that they would bring in a lot of revenue for both the casinos and the state, and they have not. They have not. They've been very, very underwhelming, and the situation is not changing. So some thought that PokerStars is what needs to come because PokerStars has the best customer service. They have the best software. They're the product most people were most familiar with. Some people are saying, if it was just poker stars that we could have, then everyone would want it. It's just that we're playing on fail sites where the software isn't good, the customer service sucks, and people don't want to deal with it. That's what one line of thinking is claiming. So right now, if you look on PokerScout.com, which attempts to track traffic of online poker sites... If you look at the U.S.-friendly rooms, you will see that the leader right now in New Jersey is WSOP.com, also 888.com, which is the same player pool. And right now, as I'm reading this, they have 249 cash players online, about 444 players at their peak, and 
the average at any time of day is 190 cash players. That's pathetic. That's pathetic. That's the that's the best of all the legalized online poker sites. The best in any state. This is the best. 190 average players online. 190 average cash players online is the best. Do you think that they legalized all this and put together all the framework for legalized online poker for 190 freaking players? Do you think that's what they were expecting? No. They were expecting this would be huge. They were expecting that they'd be they'd have thousands of players online in these cash games on average. Not not 200. And that's the best one. WSOP Nevada is averaging 160. Party Poker and Borgata, they're averaging 120. Real Gaming in Nevada, they, they're averaging zero. <laughs> it's pathetic. So, what is doing well? Well, Bovada, they're averaging 1,600 players, approximately. It's kind of hard to monitor because they, they make it tough to monitor that site, but they've, they've got 1,600 people. On average, playing cash games—that that's kind of what they were expecting. So Bovada is blowing them all away. Now, of course, Bovada has the advantage that they serve all 50 states and also people outside the U.S. But still, 1,600 players is pretty good in this day and age as an average. They have a peak of about 3,000 players, and they're beating every non-U.S. site too, except for. 888 Poker and Poker Stars. Poker Stars is averaging 17,000, by the way. So, Bovada is still about 9% as big as Poker Stars is, but they're still the third biggest in the world. And these U.S. networks are, are a disaster so far. So, Poker Stars, what are they going to do? Are they going to light the New Jersey poker world on fire? Is everyone going to finally say, oh, wow, poker stars, this is what we've been waiting for. And will they finally get their thousands of players? What are the chances we're going to see immense success close to what they were expecting originally for New Jersey when poker stars enters the market? What are those chances? Zero point zero. Yeah, that's actually the chances. I, I don't even see a small chance that this is going to be a wild success. Now, I do think Poker Stars will quickly rise to the top and become the most popular site in New Jersey, but I don't think this is going to create a new online poker revolution. I just think that the whole model of the state-by-state online poker is flawed. And furthermore, I don't think they're marketing it well. And I, I still think it will not be marketed well. I also think it's too much of a pain in the ass with all the geolocation and the ID checking. There's just too much of a process to get on there that the average player does not want to go through. And there's the population issue. New Jersey has a much bigger population than Nevada, but is still not big enough to really provide a large player pool. It's not like California or maybe Texas or New York. New Jersey is a medium-sized state. So I just don't think this is going to make a huge difference. This might be a nice thing that Poker Stars is finally entering the U.S. market, and if everything goes okay with no scandals there, that Poker Stars can point to that and say, okay, look, 
we've done a good job in New Jersey. Now we should be in these other states. And then maybe eventually poker stars will be in more and more states. And then they can start networking these states together. And then we can have kind of something that resembles old poker stars. That may be eventually in our future. So this isn't a bad thing. I'm just saying it's not going to immediately change much other than maybe shift around the traffic that you're going to see in New Jersey. So I'm sure WSOP.com is going to take a hit. I'm sure that uh, Borgata, which is party poker, is going to take a hit. And it's possible one of those rooms will fail. It's possible only two rooms will really continue existing in New Jersey. Maybe it'll be PokerStars and WCB.com. I'd be surprised if PokerStars doesn't quickly ascend to become the market leader. But I don't think that we're going to see a mass number of people there. I just don't see it. I think by now, anybody who's wanted to play online poker in New Jersey has played. And they don't really care that much that the software is not as good or the customer service is not as good. If you, if you want to play, you're playing by now. If you, don't, if you didn't want to play, then you're not playing by now. I don't think we're going to have a lot of new people that refused to play before that are now going to play because of PokerStars. And I don't think we're going to have a large influx of people moving into New Jersey just to play on PokerStars because it's going to be against the same players. And the average professional poker player, what they care about is the quality of games. They don't care so much about the software or the customer service. I mean, those are nice to have, but I would much rather play on a site that has good games that I make a lot of money in on crappy software than on a site with good software and good customer service where the games are tough. So, like take Bovada, for example. I have a lot of issues with Bovada, but I, I play there and I'm happy because I win there. And that's the most important thing is I win there. So, yeah, I don't like their software. I, I don't like their customer service very much. There's some shady things that happen, like where they skim money from cash outs and crap like that that I've complained about with uh, no resolution. But these are kind of just minor annoyances I just deal with because it's either that or don't play. But Bovada pays quickly. I like that. Bovada has never had a major scandal. I like that. They've been around since 2000. I like that. The game's match up well with my skill set, and I win in them. I like that. So that's why I play there. If I could play on a perfect online poker site with perfect software and perfect customer service, but the games aren't very good and I don't win or I break even, I wouldn't want to. Hello, Brandon. Hi. I'm hearing a little bit of a in the background. Yep, I hear it too. And it's it's on your end, and I can say yep. for sure because uh, there's no. I heard it when I was doing a pregame check. There's nothing I can do about ah, it. Ah, boy. Okay, well, I'll just, yeah. have to, just have to deal with. What can I do to change it? You have any ideas? Uh, there may be some interference. Do you have maybe? Uh, no, I have nothing. No, no, like I mean, like something, even like plugging in your laptop to the wall, like even. Oh, let me unplug my microphone. <laughs> no, I mean like 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 charging your laptop right now. No, plug I don't do that. No. So it's not charging right now? No, there's nothing connected in the USB. And, nothing, and, and it's not plugged into the wall, nothing? My computer's plugged into the wall. Was this a desktop or a laptop? I mean, come on. You really think I have a desktop? Well, no, no so I'm saying... Seriously? No, no, so, so unplug your computer from the wall. So that sometimes does it. 
Then I'm going to have to plug it back in in about eight minutes. Oh, is it that computer? No, it's a different one, but the battery sucks. Oh, um, okay, okay. It's unplugged. Is that any different? Yes, actually it is. <laughs> Come on, really? <laughs> yes. <laughs> it went really? away. Yeah, I'm not kidding. So it's, and now it's back? Yep. See, I told you. I, I know my interference. Really? Yeah, that's what it is then. Well, I have like 18 minutes of battery life on this thing. <laughs> it just never ends. You know, uh, I, I actually ran into this problem myself with one of the other computers I was using to broadcast here. It was uh, – uh, remember when my – when my computers were failing and I was using like other computers, like one of them, I forget which one now had this exact issue that if I plugged it in, I got the, and if I didn't plug it in, I didn't get that. So fortunately this computer I'm using now, this HP that I bought uh, in November, this one I can plug in and there's no sound like that. How's that Hanson kid? Did everything work out? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, we finished off the the segment and we had some people who didn't like him who said some negative. Tell me more about this. Why does, I don't, well, in in short, this is what, the the main person who doesn't like him is the guy who posts I am professional talk, who I I think uh, is otherwise a a very good poster. Uh, But for whatever reason, he just does not like Bart Hanson and his his beef with Bart Hanson is he claims that uh, Bart Hanson coaches people and uh, and then hits them up to stay cameras. That's his claim. So, and he, he thinks Bart Hansen is also not a winning player and is a gambling degenerate. So I'm so not getting basically in the middle Basically, he's like 80 other, 80% plus of other poker players? <laughs> I mean... I, I didn't see anything serious. Like, if I, if I saw something like uh, that showed me that Bart Hansen was like an actual scammer, then I, I wouldn't... He's not a scammer. I know, he's not, that's what I don't think so. There's I, nothing that's ever even come out controversial. Like, even, even, even if you want to say Bart Hansen is, is poor managing money and, and, you know, doesn't have enough money to, to play the... The tournaments he wants and ask the students if they want to stake him. Fine, it, it, as long as he's okay. not stiffing anyone. I, don't I just wanted to make sure I was correct. So I'm I'm reading this thread. It's called Druff, and I am professional talk. Who I'm not hating on. I don't I don't really know much about him. He wrote this was a thread that they had asked you, which is actually kind of funny, uh, to have Dan Blitzerian on the radio, uh, on the on the fraud show. Well, didn't you say at one point you could reach him? Yeah, but this is what's funny. So I guess tell a friend asked you to try to get him on the, the fraud show. Yeah, yeah. And then uh, I Am Professional Talk wrote, he called in once unexpectedly while they were talking shit about him to set the record straight. They're not friends. Totally inaccurate. 100% inaccurate. And it's things like this that when people say things, and I don't know, maybe, you know, it, it's just – Kind of like a fish story, you know, like the fish was four inches and, it, you know, the fish was eight inches and it was two pounds. Uh, you know, so a lot of people haven't been around a long time. So stories just kind of get told and the events got changed. I've actually had Dan on three different times. I've had him on Poker Fraud or not Poker Fraud, I'm sorry. I had him on uh, Donk Down once with you, I believe you were on for that show. I had him on Donk Down when you weren't there. And I also had him on Vegas Poker Radio. He had never called into a show to set a record straight. Because, I mean, do you think he's really listening to podcasts and he's going to call in? Like, I mean, I th- see. I, someone obviously brought it. Well, first of all, I was never criticizing him. It was it was MyCon. MyCon was uh, going but on. That wasn't it. even what it was. We called him because it was right after. Even, okay. It was a Joy well, Miller thing. Right. But that had nothing to do. He didn't call into the show. We called him. Like, it. I'm just reading this. He called in once unexpectedly while they were talking shit about him to set the record straight. I, first off, when he says they, that's misleading. 
because that would imply they means you and I. Yeah, it was my. And yeah, and I do remember you're right. There was something with Joy Miller. I don't know what it was. I don't even remember. He was in the right, actually. Okay, I mean, I'm sure he was. Joy Miller is a pig, but <laughs> but anyhow, we had called him, and then it was, I think that Joy Miller thing was just a few minutes. Well, so so I am professional about... talk saying in the chat that you're wrong. He wants to actually bet with you that that we didn't call him. I don't remember either way, so I can't comment on that. But but what I can tell you is no, that okay, this is what happened. Because I, I, I can actually prove this because I still have text messages. What ended up happening is, if if he indeed called, it was because I gave him. In fact, I can look right now and tell you because I gave him the call number and he called the show. He wasn't just no, he wasn't listening just listening. Yeah. And, and he knew. Oh my God, they're talking about me on Donkdown Radio. No, that's not that's not what occurred. So I'm not in the chat right now. I'll, I'll hop in there in a second. But if some if someone wants to bet, I actually I'm looking now. I actually. It's funny because I, I I don't do this for like incriminating evidence or anything. I just never delete Texas. I don't know. Do you? Like no, I have no. I don't. I don't delete. I mean, yeah, I just have it. Yeah, I mean, I'm looking at it right now. Two. I I, I have a text from as far as 2012. This is actually 11. This wasn't 2012. Okay, then I have to get my other iPhone. Well, no. <laughs> the, okay, no, hold on. It's not 2011. It had to be. I wasn't on uh, Donkey. Oh yeah, it was. Oh, that's the first one. Okay. Well, I have to get my other iPhone then. Yeah. But, well, it, yeah. It, nonetheless, I, I remember what happened. And whatever the drama was, it had nothing to do with me. Uh, whatever bashing was being said, I didn't even know. The- no, I, I, can, I can tell you guys what it was. It was, uh, and I agreed with him. Joy Miller, who I had a problem with too at the time, uh, she 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 did something against Dan Blazerian that backfired. And this was really kind of the downfall of Joy Miller, is that uh, he had told some kind of politically incorrect racist joke, and Joy Miller then. Called him up and, and screamed at him on his voicemail that she's going to have him banned from ESPN coverage. She always liked to threaten that to people and actually do it. Like anyone she personally disliked, she would pull strings, get them banned from ESPN. So she said she's going to ban him from ESPN because of what he did, which wasn't her call to make. So, so instead of backing down, he posted her histrionic voicemail. And she looked like a fool and looked like a, someone who was abusing her power at work. And then it was actually said that she doesn't have the – like, you know, it was clarified that she doesn't have the power for – she was also uh, uh, saying that any, any victory poker pros, because he was a victory poker pro at the time, that they're all going to be banned from ESPN because of him. So then it was clarified by, uh, by Bluff, who had the relationship with ESPN at the time, that no, this is not true. No one's going to be banned. Joy doesn't know what she's talking about. So she looked very foolish, and everyone took Bilzerian's side. And this, so Mycon was going off on on Bilzerian for this and backing Joy Miller because he and and his wife were, were somewhat friendly with Joy Miller, and I had just had an issue with Joy Miller, so. I was very much on Dan Blazerian's side, not just because I didn't like Joy Miller, but because she did the same crap to me, where she was using her job to uh, to try to well, punish me. I don't, I, I, I don't remember any of that. And even I mean, I'm not saying you're right. You're, you're wrong. You're probably are obviously right. Uh, back in the day, I don't know if people even remember because you know it's it's a new crowd out here these days. But I did a lot of the guests. You know, I got a lot of the guests that were on the show back 2008, nine, ten. Um, so what I remember happening is I struck up – again, this is before he even blew up. No, TMZ wasn't covering him. He wasn't in any mainstream media. So I must have texted him and let him know about the situation because, again, like I said, there's no way he was just listening and randomly called in. Um, and then I'm just looking back at other texts. Like I said, I know I had him on again. And then – I mean, I, obviously, I have his phone number here. Uh, it's, not, it's been a while, obviously. And then when we did that, when I had uh, – the Vegas Poker Radio, he came on one episode as well. So, I don't know. Uh, 
So yeah. So so anyway. Uh, so so the bottom line is, you think you, you you had mentioned recently, like a year ago or something, that you had some little contact with him via text. Like his- I texted him. It was last year when I was watching this movie called The Equalizer that he was in. Yeah. With uh, Denzel Washington, he just had like a bit role, but I guess he had to like pay money to get yeah, it. Yeah, he did. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and I sent him a text, and he just like sent me back like an LOL. I mean, he, I don't know. Probably doesn't know who I am. Maybe maybe he. Re- I mean, I'm sure he would remember from radio because it's been three times. But I don't. I'm not even going to. And that friendship with him or anything. I've, in fact, I've never even seen him uh, other than, like, I think before he blew up at the Bellagio, I don't know, 2010, 11, something like that. I saw him a couple times, and then since then, I don't even think he goes to casinos. I think he's all like Hollywood now. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So I don't think you'd find him playing. Yeah, I don't, even. Think, you, I don't think you will either. But, uh, yeah. you know, I, I want, uh, but the question is here if I know that you're not close friends with them in any way shape or form but uh, no, there's all. there's some people that if as long as you have a way to contact them i have a and, cell phone and, yeah and just, and just say right, you want to come on sometimes they'll just kind of go oh yeah sure like like you can just make them do you, do you think there's a chance that that could uh, happen in a subsequent week i mean it happened three other times yeah so i'm saying so like we, yeah. we should take, we should take a shot at it he'd be interesting to have on here for sure we we had him on i remember i don't know if it was that same one but i know one episode that we had him on it was about it was right after he had like three heart attacks in two weeks, or at least that's what he was reporting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Remember that? And he had yes. just broken up with a girlfriend, and yeah, you know, I, I, my memory is not as good as yours, so I forgive me. I don't remember if you were part of the show, who was on. You know, I guess I'm looking at this first one, and I guess Reggie Man was over with Scotch, and I kind of remember that because that night we ended up going to Laughlin with two eight hundred dollar bottles of Scotch. But so wait, have have you ever been on? You were on for the Joy Miller one, correct? Yes. Is that the only one you've ever been a part of? Because um, there was another episode we had him on where we talked about girls and Playboy bunnies and other crazy shit he was doing. And then we had him on Vegas Poker Radio, which obviously I remember you weren't on that. Yeah, see, I didn't. Yeah, see, that must have been on there. I didn't. Uh, I haven't had him on this show yet. Okay. Well, I mean, I can send him a text. The worst he can do is ignore me or say no. Or, you know, maybe do it uh, before, like, we don't want to do it a week in advance where he could. Uh, uh, no, it's the, always got to be the night before. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Usually the day before, the day of the, the show. Day of, right I think there. that's the best way to do it. It's like the day of, like maybe next week. Could have done just, it before just, I went to sleep at noon. Yes, just hit him with a text next week, like and say, "Hey, can we call you and talk about the the prop bet and we're a poker show?" And and yeah, if he says yes, then we'll just, you know just put him on. I think it's a fair chance. I'll say yes, not a great chance, but a fair chance. You know, like uh, yeah, we can give a shot. All right, uh, let's see. Here. What what have you what have you covered so far from the? Uh, uh, it's about poker stars coming to the U.S. And very briefly uh, to, the, to New Jersey. Do you think it's going to be a game changer over there? Or you think it's going to no, be kind of a fail? Not at all. That's what I said. Well, didn't uh, I, I? You know, I don't even keep track of this stuff. Didn't wasn't party poker legal over there? Yeah, it's been for a long time. Yeah. So if that didn't do anything, well, but that's much worse software. But I, yeah, I don't think it's going. What is it going to do? I don't think anything. <laughs> so I, mean, I think it's just going to shift I mean, around. Grant, obviously, it has a it has a bigger population base in uh, Nevada does, but I mean. But but it's gonna. I think it's just gonna shift around who's already playing there. It's not gonna bring a lot of new people in. I mean, people. I I I, no, I can't imagine anyone's gonna move there. Yeah. Just for or, the purpose or, of, or people I who mean, haven't played all these years going. Okay, now, now I'm gonna start playing online poker. Now you can tell me why this isn't possible because you know it only just makes sense logically. But if they could have arranged it where people playing in New Jersey were able to play against the rest of the player pool from the entire planet Earth, then you would obviously see people moving there yes yes and then that would obviously also boost the economy in a, in a sense because you know more people more residents are moving there more you know people are getting housing 
you know, I guess it probably helped the casinos too, maybe, because most, you know, who's going to move to like Newark? If you're going to move to New Jersey, it's probably going to be somewhere on the beach, somewhere near Atlantic City. Um, I don't know. But for, for just to be able to play within a, a pool within a state, I mean, I, I – well, and they've had it. For, they've had it for years. So whoever wanted to do that would be playing already. That's what I'm saying. Like, even what are the? You tell me. What are the companies that are already there? Is eight 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 poker one of them? Eight 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 is is partnered with WSOP.com. It's basically the same site. And then there's a, and then there's Party Poker, which is partnered with Borgata. That's it. Yeah. You know, I was thinking about this the other day. It's amazing to me that you would think. You know, now they kind of started that thirty sixty game, and you know, I'll, I'll check and see if it's going. But you would think enough people play regularly that instead of having to leave their house every day, and I get it, some people just like to play live instead of online, that they would be sort of kind of what they did with, with Crazy Mike did with these 3060 games. People just setting up their own games that normally take place at Bellagio or Aria and then just, you know what I'm saying, like having a regular uh, 510 PLO game, but instead of having to go to the Venetian or Aria to play it, they play on WSOP. But you never see any of those games. I mean, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like just, you know, so anyhow, the point I'm making is I, I don't, it's not going to be a game changer at all. Uh, I don't understand what is the legality? Why can't it be open to the rest of the world? Why does that it's, it's just not right now. It could be. It's just not. They just why? Have, they, what is the reason? It just hasn't been allowed by, by law. Is it better and it just makes more sense? Yeah, it's, just, it's because the, I think they just don't want to deal with uh, the kind of like international gambling uh, they, they just want it to take place all within the state. It's easier legally to handle, but they they could they could change the law to allow that. They just haven't. There's been some talk about doing it, but it just hasn't happened. Hmm. Well, if they did that, that would I would definitely say that's a game changer because then anyone that was living, I mean, are, are they still a great deal of people that are living in Mexico and Canada that are playing online. Professionally? I think so. Yeah, I think so. So I mean, if they did that, what would you do? Would you rather live in Mexico or live in New Jersey? Well, you know, if, yeah, if, obviously uh, New Jersey is much better. Of course. But. You know, so, yeah, I mean, I, that could definitely be a game changer. And you know what's strange? I don't know. Maybe just call me an optimist, but with the economy struggling as bad as it is uh, in, in New Jersey, especially Atlantic City, in fact, uh, Carl Icahn threw some money into the Taj Mahal uh, last year. That's the only reason why it's still operating. But every uh, report I've read has indicated it's only a matter of time that – New Jersey uh, is going to lose at least one more casino, probably two. They're calling it, I guess, the term is a market correction. It is market and, correction. The, re- yeah. the main reason for this is that there's now substantial competition for other, from other large East Coast casinos. That before that was the only place to come play in the East Coast, and now right. it's not anymore. But what I'm saying is, as an incentive, uh, just to boost the economy and maybe even correct Atlantic City. Although, you know, it'd be the state of New Jersey, you think they'd want that worldwide action because that could be a game changer. You know, I mean, I personally wouldn't move to New Jersey just for that, but I don't know a lot of people that would. Yes. And, yeah. And, no, there's been talk about doing you know, it. It just, it and, just hasn't You know what you do? You come up with some creative way to just give some incentive to live in Atlantic City or what's the county? Is it Ocean County or I, I don't know county? the counties well over there. but uh, Okay. But whatever the county is that Atlantic City's in, you know, you come up, the government, local government comes up with some incentive. You know, whether it's a tax break or whatever it may be, you know, and you get people and you get all these little young kids and, and you know, I don't know, whatever, whoever's playing that that's still living, you know, when, when W Coops and all these tournaments start instead of having to go to Canada, go to Toronto, go to Mexico just to play them and come back, you go to Atlantic City and you're in your, their restaurants or hotels, you know, that would be a game changer. I think it would. I mean, if, if I'm going to be in Atlantic City uh, next month, I, I'm not even going to bother to sign up for any of these sites. Now, 
a lot of people may not know this. You don't have to be a full-time resident to play on in either Nevada or in New Jersey, meaning like when you come in for the World Series, hell, you come to Vegas for a weekend. You set up an account with the WSOP, and you're sitting in your room, and you're really not playing anyone. You're just sitting there waiting for Dan Druff to play you heads up in 3060, and then you find out you're friends with him. But that's <laughs> neither here nor there. But you don't have to live here. You know, you just can be. All you have to do is be in the state. Hell, you don't have to even be in Vegas. If you're in Reno or you're in Tahoe and you want to play some, you know, one, two, no limit, whatever. Um, but, you know, I'm going to be in New Jersey, and I'm not even going to bother downloading the software, going through the process of getting an account validated because it, why? How, how, I mean, what, how great can it be? I mean, yeah, it's not. Uh, you know what I'm saying? That, that's it, another it, problem. Right. That's what I was saying now, before. What I was saying before is that uh, the process to get going there, to get set up, it's a pain in the ass, and people just don't want to do it unless they like really seriously want to play. So anyone who have, who would have wanted to play well, by now would have would have done it already. I don't. I don't recall when I set up and I set up my WSOP account pretty fast. In fact, first account I ever had online, my legal account in in Nevada was uh, the Stations Casino. What, what do they call that one? Is there a name for it? Is it just Stations Poker? No, Ultimate, Ultimate right. Poker. Ultimate. Yeah. yeah. And then I did WSOP because Stations was, was a tremendous fail. But I don't remember it being difficult to, to go about doing anything. I think, uh, in fact, I never had to go down there. I did everything over my computer. I think it took a day. I scanned an ID or something. Well, but that's what I mean. But that's a lot more trouble and, than people want to go through just for casual play. Well, okay. I mean, I, but the, the point I'm making is so if I went to New Jersey next month, even if I'm there for a weekend, and they had a player pool of the entire world. I would play Sunday tournaments there. I'd play the, the 10 game on Stars. I'd fool around a bit. I'd take the time to do it. But just for, you know, a pool basically of, of just the state of New Jersey, I, I'm not even going to bother. Yeah, well, there's, I, there's, I, there's fewer than 200 players on every site there yeah. on average. So, so it, it doesn't make sense to me. You'd think they would just combine it. Uh, you know, like I said, if anyone's listening that has any pull, like some weird <laughs> some you know, councilman, I mean, this is what you do. Seriously. Everything I read, it, the economy in AC is awful. Like, I don't know what they say, like 30,000 people have lost their jobs over the last five years in the casino business. Fuck, get this player pool worldwide in there. Give some incentives, tax breaks or yeah, housing there's, breaks. There's been talk about it. It just hasn't happened yet. There's been talk about doing it. Yeah. But, is, I mean, do you agree with me? You give yes. some housing breaks, some tax breaks? Yeah, they could. They could if they wanted to. They just they just don't. just doesn't make sense. And I mean, you could – I don't know if you've revived – the economy in Atlantic City, but it'd be a good start. Like I said, I mean, you'd get all those people that are in Toronto and in Mexico and uh, all these other countries, Thailand, to, to come back to the U.S. and play. I mean, you know, if if I was in a different phase in my life, you know, I don't know, maybe even like seven, eight years ago, I would consider I would have considered moving to a state. If, if, if you know, that's a good question for you. Go back to the peak of the poker boom. So, like, what do we call – or the online poker room. So what do we say, like, 2003 to, like, 2006 or seven? I mean, the absolute peak before it even started somewhat declining. What would you say? I like, actually you – know, Because that teller went down in 2007. No, no, I, yeah, no, I actually think the peak was was 04 to 05, believe it or not, because the reason the – on, The online peak. The, the reason – yes, the reason I think the peak was then is because um, by 06, you already had enough good players that had risen up to where it started getting tougher. Okay, so that's what I'm referring to. You know, just the, the peak of, and I guess that when I say that, I mean everything. Being able to cash out fast, like you know, you and I both. It's amazing that there are people that play poker now that don't even remember the days where you could literally cash out money. You could win it. I could hop into a PLO game 
Okay, I could heap it up. I could buy in for two hundred in PLO. I could heap it up to two thousand dollars. Okay, within thirty minutes. Okay, transfer that money in the net teller, and then go to an ATM on the corner, you know, street by my house, and have that money in my pocket within yes. like an hour. Yes, and, and you could actually have cash at hand. I, now, I don't know if that was for everybody, but I remember my limit was a thousand a day and, from the ATM, not from you know, withdrawing from net teller or putting in your bank, of course. But I used to be able to take out a thousand dollars every day. Well, it was it was it was yeah. such a different time that not only that, but you know, Bovada they're they're fairly fast to the cash out now. In fact, very fast for these days. But there's people on other networks that that they can cash out like once per month for twenty five hundred dollars yeah, if that, right. and and they think that's fine. Like they, they think that's okay. I go, wait a minute, I wouldn't even play under this. I, I read some thread somewhere. I don't know why, but it, I got linked to something else. And I, it was one of these networks like you're talking about. And somebody wrote their cash out isn't bad. It's, it's usually thirty to forty five days. <laughs> but they and they weren't being they weren't being sarcastic. Yeah, with, with, like 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 of, with like a max of with like a max of twenty five hundred too. Yeah. So, but okay. So my question is this: assuming you were the way you were back in two thousand four and five, meaning you didn't have a kid, you weren't married, and poker was the way it was, and New Jersey was the only state that you could play in. Okay, and, and the same conditions apply that they were in 2004 and five. Would you have moved to New Jersey? Oh yeah, I, I would or have. At least fact, had like you know back and forth like a residence. Yeah, there? Hey, I would have. In fact, I even considered at one point until I re- I learned that it wasn't going to be uh, what I thought it could be. I had heard that in Puerto Rico there was no federal income tax, and that uh, so I I said, oh wow, that's I actually considered moving to Puerto Rico to not pay any federal or state income tax and just make everything tax free. And I go, it's going to kind of suck to live in Puerto Rico, but I fi- figured I'd live there at least a few years and make a lot. Since I was making a lot of money at the time, uh, at the poker at peak of the poker room, that I'll get all this tax free and won't have to pay all this to the government. Then I learned that I wasn't going to qualify because the money didn't come from sources in Puerto Rico. So that just living there was. You know what? Though, I'll be honest, you. I mean, if if it came. Between living in like an Americanized, nice community in Mexico versus Puerto Rico, I'd probably pick Mexico. Yeah, but you, you understand if you lived in Mexico, you'd, have to, you'd still be responsible for American income tax as an American yeah, citizen. Yeah, yes. I'm yes. saying uh, Puerto Rico looked but, like the one place I could live yeah. and not pay American income tax. I've been to Puerto Rico three times. I'm not impressed. No, I'm not either. But and that, that was the downside. But I was thinking, well, if I, I wouldn't go here like lifetime, but uh, but like for a few years – uh, if I could save this money, much money on taxes, it might be worth it. But then when I learned I'd be taxed anyway because the money was coming from elsewhere, then I said, well, then <laughs> that kills the whole thing. Yeah. So, okay, let's uh, let's go on to the Global Poker League here. They just said there's – I have one more question yeah. about uh, this online poker in New Jersey. So will one be able to log in and watch games, you think? Like, would I be able to download the client and just see what the traffic I'm is? Guessing being can, in Nevada? I'm guessing you I'm guessing you can see what games are going, but cannot open the tables. What can you see from WSOP.com? That, that's exactly what it is. I can see who's there in each game, but I cannot open the table. Oh, okay, interesting. That's just my guess. What Poker Social do as well. I'm not sure if there's a law about that, but I know that's the way WSOP.com handles it. Okay, so the Global Poker League, which is this weird idea of team poker, where it's almost like sports teams. With, with names and everything. You have the Rome Emperors, the Montreal Nationals, the New York Rounders, the San Francisco Rush, the Las Vegas Moneymakers that is, uh, of course, managed by Chris Moneymaker. <laughs> you have the Sao Paulo Metropolitans, the London Royals, the Moscow Wolverines, the L.A. Sunset, Berlin Bears, the Bad News Bears, 
the Paris Aviators and the Hong Kong Stars. So these has are this s- thing even gone off the ground well, yet? Yes, yes. I'm a, there's a new development with this. They wow. had their they had their draft. Now each each uh, they've already had some controversy about a contract that uh, the the shady owner of the Global Poker League wanted people to sign. That was. Uh, Pretty much giving away all rights to licensing your licensing you and your image to them, but uh, uh, some people didn't like that. But anyway, they they had their draft. What was already established before the draft was that each team had its manager. So before they did the draft, there was already one player on each team who was the manager. For example, the Rome Emperors is Max Pescatori. The uh, Las Vegas Moneymakers, Chris Moneymaker. The L.A. Sunset, Maria Ho, etc. So they had this draft. I'm sorry. Can I just say one thing? Yeah, I think it's stupid. Of course, it's. I stupid. think it's so stupid. Of course, it's. Stupid. I get you have to cover it because there are people that care, and but and it's not because I wasn't. Were you drafted for the limit hold'em rounds or anything? <laughs> no, no of course it's either, stupid. It's I've been saying this. Stupid. I've been saying this for a long time. It's, it's stupid, so and nobody's going to care. Nobody's going to cheer for teams. And here's what's even dumber. Okay, uh, you you hear? I didn't understand this until the draft went off. But before this, I thought that at least the teams were going to be associated with the region they represent. So I, I thought that the Las Vegas moneymakers would be only people from Vegas. The LA like Sunset. The would, Korean team would have Maria Ho. Yeah, yeah. Or, the, or at least, well, I guess at least she's from LA. But at least the LA Sunset would be only LA players. That uh, Can you actually go get an LA Sunset jersey online. You think? I bet soon you can. <laughs> Jesus Christ. So, so, so I thought at least maybe so there's going to be a guy that wears the LA Sunset jersey to the LA Sunset. Global poker index, what have you, contest? I think if you like see someone wearing like, a, I think if you if they do have those jerseys and there there is, and by the way, there's a logo for each team already. But yeah, if somebody if somebody is wearing this jersey at the World Series and they're not actually on the team, I, I think that's like a guarantee they're a fish. So, so they had this draft. They had this draft, and you don't have to be associated with the the city that you're being drafted from. So that, that I think that could be the only possible angle to where it could be like semi interesting. It's still stupid, but like at least if you could have like the the Montreal players against the Italian players against the LA players against the Vegas players, at least maybe there could be like a little bragging rights so that like a certain region has better players. And the truth is nobody's going to give a shit anyway because who really cares about whether players from your region are better than players from another region? It really doesn't matter. It's, it's not like it's not the same thing as sports at all. So uh, poker is an individual game is the problem. They're trying to make a team game out of an individual game. So, But that's not the way it was. How does this thing make money? That's Well, they pay these players like $100 an hour or something. I'm surprised they got all these people signing up for it with that crappy pay scale. But uh, at least a lot of these are, are, are high-stakes players. Yeah, but you know what it is? They tell them all in the future, if we do this, we do that. There'll be a great windfall in it for you. Yeah, that probably is what it is. But no one's uh, signed up for no 100 I, I think I think they're expecting that they're going to get sponsors. It's, the whole thing is like a grandiose idea that it hasn't really – it doesn't really have a business model yet that I think is going to make it money and it's going to be See, a that's, that's very surprising because normally when you go into business, you want to have a business model, right? Yeah, well, I'm not sure, but I, I, I don't really see any kind of real income stream to this. That's I, I think they just believe it's going to blow up huge and it's going to all take care of itself. So uh, this draft, they, they had these players who volunteered for this and then they drafted them at the SLS Hotel in Beverly Hills. Not the one in, in, uh, in Vegas, but the one in Beverly Hills. Uh, strangely enough, even though they were not participating in the draft, Phil Helmuth and Daniel Negranu were commentators of the draft. <laughs> No idea. I mean, they, they obviously saw through it that it was a fail idea. They probably got paid to just be there and do the commentating. But the, this was treated like a real sports draft, like like the NFL draft or the NBA draft. This is the, the global poker league draft. I mean, I'm on this website now. I've never seen this in my life. 
I'm seeing the Nationals, the Sunset, the Rush, the Stars. Yeah. But these people are not from those cities, so what's the point? Like, so you call it the Montreal Nationals, but if nobody's from yeah, Montreal, you know why does it matter? I mean, and I get it, but like how many Brazilian for the Sao Paulo Metropolitans, how many Brazilian poker players, how many are on a team? Uh, five. I mean, how many Brazilians can you even name? Uh, Andrea Cardi? I can name Pele. <laughs> No, but wasn't Ronaldo or one of them? Wasn't there some Brazilian soccer, what have you, yeah, on, yeah. on Poker Stars at one so. point? There was one, yeah. Yeah, but but anyway. so I can see that. Like, how are you really going to get five people from Moscow that are like well known? If that's what, they yeah, but they don't do? have to be well known. Like, well, but, okay, but think about like any other league, the NBA, even or whatever. They don't have players just from that city there. No, no, I know, but the, but the difference is that. Uh, you see, it's different. That's a team sport where, and it's a major sport where people can just get behind the team because it's from the region. There's a there's a natural interest in sports for wanting to root for your basketball team, wanting to root for your baseball team, your football team. To want to root for a poker team is a foreign concept, and I think the only way it could be even like semi interesting is if the team really does represent something. Here's a, a random collection of players just dropped together and given a name of, of a region. So here's here's uh, the way it Look, went. Did you see who their sponsors are? No. Poker Central, Twitch TV, Poker News, and USA Today Sports. <laughs> I mean, okay, so and I bet they're all going to fall off. For have you ever off. read USA Today Sports? It's the most fail it sports is. page in the world. No, you know what was the funniest thing was USA Today Sports was so published in advance and so behind that, like, er, like I back in the eighties, I'd want to see the baseball results. So I'd, I'd have USA Today like in a hotel room or something. We never got it at a home, but like in a hotel room, and I go, oh, I I wonder how the Dodgers did, and so I look the. Dodgers were like playing the New York. Uh, oh no, the Dodgers were playing at home that night. So it just says New York Mets at Dodgers. That's that's the result. There's no result. It's just New York Mets at Dodgers. Well, Why they print it like at eight o'clock? Right, at night, right. The night so, before. Right. So they they can't even uh, hold the paper up until those last games are complete, like other papers do. That uh, that will wait to they they a lot of space for the late games. Here they just printed it at like as you said like eight o'clock at night. So if the games weren't done by then, then it's just they don't they're not listed. So like it never listed the the West Coast games. It, it was crappy. Uh, so anyway, here's the 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 first person who went in the draft for the Rome Emperors was uh, Mustafa Kanit. Now do you know who that is? He's a guy from the Rome Emperors, right? <laughs> no, right. Yeah, I've never heard. He's of him. good friends. I've actually met him. He's good friends with uh, Max uh, Pescatori. <laughs> Is that right? I, he's on the Rome Emperors. That's all I know. Okay. Uh, then next, the Montreal Nationals picked uh, Mike McDonald. I guess they liked his music. Uh, the the New York Rounders picked Jason Mercier. The San Francisco Rush grabbed Phil Galfon. Las Vegas Moneymakers picked uh, one of your favorite uh, pros, Anthony Zeno. Zeno, but yeah. Zeno, sorry. Uh, Sao Paulo Metropolitans picked Darren Elias, that famous Brazilian. Uh, London Royals picked another uh, famous Englishman, Igor Kurganov. Daniel Schreiber. <laughs> Goddamn subscriber. Now, I think Moscow, I think they kept to their countrymen. They picked uh, Dmitry Urbanovich. I think that's I think that's probably a rush. You know what they should do for that Moscow team? Every team should have some sort of theme. For the Moscow team, you know how they're going to probably do it where, like, they don't just do the flop, turn, river. You know, even if you're all in, they're going to have the pauses. So say when it's the river and you're, like, 80% or better, the Russian team to win, they should have to look at you and say, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> 
pairs. And then, like, and then, no, but then when you get into, like, the over pairs, the aces versus kings, kings versus queens, if you're on the Russians, you look at them, you have to say in your best accent, I must break you. <laughs> right, that, they, right, they should have to say that. Don't you think? It yes. Makes, it, Yes, that would get me into it. If everyone had to do some sort of, and like the Korean team, they have to do like a jockey, Chi- you know, it's not a Chinese team, right? So jockey channel, well, he's maybe. He's from China, but. Yeah. He does. He does. <laughs> yes. Very good. That was good how you got that on there so fast, but yes. Yeah. So, L.A. Sunset, uh, Maria Ho picked uh, Fedor Holes. I don't know who he is. Uh, the Berlin Bears, uh, they, they picked. That was funny. Uh, Berlin Bears. Good picked, job. She. she Berlin Bears picked a uh, very well-known German pro named, uh, I don't know if, I think you've Where are you seeing it. this? How do I find the draft? Uh, on, on PokerNews.com. It's actually not even all that clear, but they, they, picked, a, they picked a very well-known German pro named Brian Rast. <laughs> he's, he's representing Berlin for whatever reason. Uh, the Paris Aviators, Aviators picked uh, Bertrand Grisbrelier. At least he's French, I believe. Uh... Hong Kong Stars picked Wei Zhang, so at least they kept local on that one. And then it went on for round two. Rome Emperor's got Darius Sammartino. So, you know, Max Pescatore, he's, he's going and picking the Italian. I don't think Mustafa Kanid is Italian, though. Uh, Montreal Nationals got... Oh, that Ma- one kid uh, that we gave, remember he came on, we gave him a chance to talk about his book? Who? That one kid from the other show. He wrote like a PL book. PL oh, yeah, book. yeah, 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 yeah. We said, let's get that, remember that nice kid we gave a chance? Yeah. He's on the L.A. Sun. Oh, is he? Yeah. Let me see. His name is Chance Cornuth. No, that wasn't his name, was it? Yes, it was. Remember, because I kept mocking him about giving him a chance. Okay. <laughs> That's funny. He came on. He wrote a PLO book. I yeah, can't, yeah. I kid you not. Okay. I think you're right. So uh, then they got uh, Martin Jacobson on the Montreal Nationals, Tom Marchese in the New York Rounders, Tony Why Gregg. do like a – like a, a villain team, like the Scammers or something. Yeah, like that a, would be good. They should Sacramento have... Scammers. So you have like Chantel. <laughs> you have uh, who else? No, they should bring Russ Hamilton on that for sure. He'd, he'd, be, yeah. the, he'd be the captain. <laughs> you always want to have a villain in all these episodes. Yeah. And then the, uh, the, instead of the money makers, there should also be the Las Vegas money stealers. And then uh, Howard Lederer could be the captain there. <laughs> and then, of course, he could have Chris Ferguson with him. And uh, uh, Scott Tom could be... Uh, I guess he'd be on the scammers. Hmm. Now, are they going to be able to, like in most leagues, pick up free agents, waive people? What are the rules about all this? And can they trade for like a, a player to be named later? Or I, I don't think they can do any of that. Now, also, is there going to be a, a, a conduct policy? Because I heard on the – let's see. What team was this? The uh, – what are the teams in Asia? <laughs> well, there's the, the Hong Kong uh, Stars. I think that's the only one. No, the Berlin. Okay, yeah, the Berlin. Okay, I'm looking at them now. I think it was one of the foreign teams. I think the Moscow Wolverines. You can't have sodomy, or the the. (laughs) There's. I'm I'm serious. Uh, Anyhow, so is there going to be? Do you think there'll be some sort of conduct policy? Well, if there is, then uh, then, if there is, the Berlin Bears are going to really suffer because uh, number two pick was Sorrel Mizzy. I think I think that throws out the whole conduct thing right out the window. And uh, uh, Vanessa Selfs, by the way, uh, I know you've heard her English accent when she speaks. She's on the London Royals. Oh, yes. Yeah, so okay, let me ask you. What do you think they came up with some of these names from? Like, okay, I guess the L.A. Sunset, you know, because of 
the Sunset Strip. Vegas Moneymakers, the name Money and Chris Moneymaker won the World Series in Vegas. That makes sense. Well, the okay. London Royals, that's obvious, the, too. The, okay, and the, and the New York Rounders, because Rounders set in New York. The San Paolo Mets. What does the Mets have to do with I, I, I don't know. Here's another good one. The Moscow Wolverines, the only thing I could think of Wolverines yeah, having to do with, with Moscow too. is that in in the movie Red Dawn, the, the Wolverines were a group of American high school kids who fought against the Russians invading no. the U.S. Okay, Paris Aviators, same thing. I'm heads no, up. No, no, I understand that. That's for the aviation club in Paris. Okay, but look, I guess, but I'm heads up with a kid from the Paris a- Aviators. For, you know what the first thing I'm going to look at him and say? You fucking pussy. Okay, I mean, come on. Any aviators? I don't. But that's I don't, based on the aviation club. That's not as bad as the Wolverines. That's named yeah. after. That's named after a group that and fought Moscow. The Berlin Bears. The bad news. Berlin Bears. Yeah, that's that's what you think of, right? Right when you read yeah. it. Yeah, but I mean, are there a lot of bears running around Berlin since that wall came down? <laughs> I guess. I mean, I don't. Okay. I mean, I know we have to cover this because you said there are people that like it, but no, no, no. That's not why I'm covering. I'm covering it to make fun of it. Oh, okay. That's even better. No, that's I why. Mean, I'm, I, mean, I, I guess. What, you go back 10, 12, 13 years, maybe you do something like this and people are excited, they care. No one cares. Yeah, if, no one's going to care. If they have this high-stakes poker on. That that was the best poker on TV. Even if the shit was fake, you know, people were selling pieces and they didn't have them themselves. It was the best poker on TV and that couldn't last. You think people are going to watch this? No, and, and that's – that's, 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 no, they're not. And, of course – uh, watch this. And, and what's funny is everyone got so excited for this draft and I didn't understand why. Like Poker News was actually tweeting out with each draft pick uh, going number one to the uh, t- to the Rome – what is it? The, the Rome Emperors? The Rome Emperors is Mustafa Kanit. And then they're going number two is, is this person. Going yeah. number three. They actually sent like 100 different tweets out. The, the draft, this is the first thing. You have to only have a certain draft pool of people that are recognizable and then also just good for television. Like you put my boy Daniel Schreiber in there. Okay. <laughs> and then anytime he puts a bad beat on somebody, someone have to look at him and they have to say, Daniel Shriver, I'm a goddamn subscriber. Okay, and then uh, you, you follow what I'm saying? Yes, yes. Everyone that has like a catchphrase, like you get Helmuth in this thing, and then when they get no, he's only the announcer. He's only the announcer. Apparently, stupid Eastern Europeans, and it, 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 you make it kind of comedy and poker at the same time. Yeah, they're, they're doing it all made, wrong. Well, but exactly. I, I, like, I almost blocked Poker News on Twitter. Like, I, I I like having Poker News on Twitter because they they tweet out a number of news stories like. That I'll probably want to read, but and they don't overdo it. But here, I was getting just bombarded on Twitter with now number one is this, number two went this person, number three went this person. I was like, oh my god! And my my whole Twitter feed is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. It was unbelievable. I'm like, what is Poker News doing? Like they, they should just say, okay, uh, the first twenty five selections went. Click here to read that. Twenty six through fifty went. Click, like they actually did each one as if this is a major news event. So they sent out like like a hundred tweets about this. It, it was. Just brutal. I really almost blocked them. And uh, but yeah, nobody's going to care about this. They're, they're, people right now are acting excited about it, but no one's going to care when it actually goes off. Nobody's going to care which team's beating which, and especially these teams are arbitrary. They, they don't represent and they're capricious. Do you think this will make it to a season two? Probably not. Uh, caller, you're on the air. Let's go, caller. All right, hang up. We don't have time for this. <laughs> I mean. We- Gave him his window. So anyhow, when does this thing kick off? Uh, what can I question. expect to see the Berlin Bears play the Paris Aviators? 
How would I even watch this? I, I don't know. I don't even know where it's going to be. On. Maybe the chat room. I was like, is this going to be on TV? or like, Do they have a TV? No, I think it's only going to be on the Twitch channel. Yeah, yeah. That, the, I think it's only going to be on Twitch, which is really a fail. Like, Who's going to bring up Twitch to watch this? I've never looked up Twitch in my life. I haven't either. But even if it's on TV. Wait, so like, some of these teams, they have to be determined. What does that mean? They haven't drafted them yet? No, I see all 12, draft, all 12 teams drafted. So I'm looking right now at Paris Aviators. How many members do you see for Paris Aviators? Five. See, okay, because on the actual website, which I'm on right now, I'm on globerpokerleague.com backslash Paris-Aviators. It shows Elkie, some dude named – this is the Aviators. Elkie, some dude named David K- Kitai, yeah, yeah. George Danzer, and Mike Litt. Yeah, but then, that's, Fabri- that's, no, that's, but then Fabrice Soleil is the – That doesn't say that. <laughs> Well, he's the manager, so they probably don't list that. It's, it just it's probably- says TBD. Then it just has two empty spaces with a TBD next to it for you know to be determined. That's weird because uh, Poker News just lists, right Poker News just lists five players, four you know four regular players and one manager for each one. There's no blank spaces. I gotta think that's a team to beat. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm just saying I, I've played with three of the four there. I don't know who the hell David Katai is, but George Danzer, he's no joke. Well, no, hold on, hold on. He's cheating at video games. He's a good player. No, hold on. But the, the London Royals are pretty tough. You have that, that uh, cold-blooded Russian there, uh, this Kurganov guy. Then we have Vanessa Selps, this uh, very famous Brit. Just say, oh, you know, I'm I'm going to bluff you with a, my over-aggressive play, and then you're, you're going to uh, call me off, and this time I'm really going to have it. And then uh, after this I'm going to go home and uh, um, eat my girlfriend's box. That's my day. <laughs> and then Chris Mormon, you know, he's, he's going to – are you actually on the website? Can you pull up the team members for the Hong Kong Stars? I'm just looking at poker. I'm just looking at poker news. Hong Kong Stars. It says uh, Selena Lin, Wei Yi Zhang. Because they all look like they're from Hong Kong. Yeah, they are. They they stuck. They those Asians. They have pride. You know, they the the Asians say we're we're not going to draft Whitey here. Well, there's enough Asians in poker. We're going to draft other Asians. Like they, I don't know if they're all from Hong Kong. They probably not. But uh, they're going to at least fill the team with Asians. They've got uh, Wei Wei Yi Zhang. Raiden can straight from uh, Mortal Kombat. Uh, I guess he's gonna. You know what? Also, I'm thinking they should do. They should go like '80s style and add either another New York or LA team with a very low payroll and an owner <laughs> that doesn't care. Just like that, you know, the Islanders and then the Clippers. Like there should be another competing LA, like a fail. Do you know what I mean? That everyone just like hopelessly knows is gonna fail. Yeah, and uh, by the they way, could be like a bunch of stoners on that team. That could be like. Uh... Yeah. Yeah. I, I agree. Now, I also heard, by the way, that they are going to – they already have a theme song picked out for when they finally do have this tournament. They actually have a theme song oh, yeah. that they're going to play during the tournament. You want to hear it? Yeah. Try to be best because you're only a man and a man's got to learn to do it. Try to believe though the going gets rough that you got a hand tough to make it. You're the best. repeats itself. Try and you succeed. Never doubt that you're the one. And you can have your dream. You're the best around. Nothing's gonna ever keep you down. Would, would you want to... Karate uh, Kid. Yeah, I, you would, know, I could kill anyone in 80s movies. No, wouldn't, wouldn't you want to like hear this in the background as you're watching the teams play each other and then watch yeah, them get eliminated? That would be, that, that that would be inspiring. But you got to introduce I got kind of that. goosebumps there when you said that. Yeah. You're the best
What an inspiring song. I should have this like on my iPhone so I can listen to it during the World Series. Yeah. I am professional. Talk in the chat says there's a format where six players play three heads-up matches from the same deck, and you can see your teammates' cards. <laughs> Renato Roger, G. Drex, where can we ever find a group of loser-generate poker players like that? I think he's referring to PFA. Uh, George Danzer, and I, I wasn't mocking him. He's actually he's a great tournament player, especially mixed games. I've played with him the last, geez, five years. Have you ever played with George Danzer? No. Do you know who he is? Yeah, but I haven't played him. He's got like that crazy mohawk looking thing going on for him. Um, well, anyhow, so okay, what kind of odds do you even think this thing will even kick off? Well, like, see, I, I'm a little unclear how it's. Gonna, do you see anywhere on the website no. where it's going to broadcast? Nope, I don't see anything. I see I see schedule to be determined, stats to be determined. Okay, and then uh, oh, hold on, let's look at the store. Success to be determined. Bet you can buy stuff. From the store. Yeah, everything's TBD. TBD yeah, week one. TBD. Yeah, everything's TBD. Soon. About is even coming soon. <laughs> News. So so they put all this effort into making logos for these stupid teams, but as far as scheduling it, they they just skip that. Okay, we have China Maniac, I think here. Maybe he can shed some light. Yeah, I think this thing is going to kick off. When? I'm not sure. That hasn't been released yet, but as far as I know, I heard that a bunch of Japanese dudes or something invested like $5 million into this. Wow. So I've got to come up with a dumb idea like this and get $5 million for me. Wow. Who's, so the who's, guy that who's the guy that came up with it? I'm sorry. The guy that came up with the guy that came up with all this is he's a smart guy. I don't he, I don't know how much he has invested, but he got investors, and it's going to cover all the players' flights and their hotels and whatever, hundred dollars an hour. So, yeah, that's Alex Dreyfus. He's like a kind of a snake oil salesman. Okay, but how do, how do they make money off this? How does this turn a profit? They probably don't. Well, they're going to have to get sponsors. Yeah, good luck. And if they don't get sponsors, then we'll see what see, happens. This, like, has, uh, this is epic poker league written all over it. Yeah, it, it, it does. Like, aren't you supposed um, to have this? all done before you actually start your business? No, because the draft the draft still isn't completed and stuff yet. No, I'm saying, wait, I, wait, hold on. I thought the draft was done. There's more to the draft? No, 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 no. There's, a supplemental gets draft. To pick, no, each team gets to pick two wild cards. Oh. And it can be anybody anybody in the world that wasn't in the top thousand in the GPI. Oh, I see. So, Brandon, we just blew it by criticizing this. We just kind of killed our chances. I mean, I hate I, China. I'm, I'm almost embarrassed to ask, but how do you even know all this? <laughs> I, could, I, mean, I, I watched the draft. You, you watched the draft. I, did it. <laughs> I, I don't believe I actually found this. Oh, you did. Oh, yeah, he's draft. Us. He didn't watch the draft. No, I'm, I'm dead serious. I was sitting, level. I was sitting. I woke up one day. No, you I was just sitting here. I was. I was drinking coffee, and there was just nothing going on. There must have really been nothing going on. Wow. Yeah, I had like ten tables open just sitting here waiting for some people to... China. All right, if this is China, (laughs) what was the old website I used to run with with the real China? I can't answer. Uh Uh-oh, it's a fake China. Uh, I can't remember. (laughs) Vegas Vegas Poker Fail? All right, what... True or false? Did I ever have Dan Blitzerian on the old Vegas Poker Radio? I believe true. Did you have him on for the the twenty four hour thing, or was it? No, I had him on just, just a regular show. Regular show. Yeah. Okay. Okay. I guess this yeah, is think... really China. Now, who is Eric? Uh, you know, I gotta. I'm gonna have to take a break because I'm getting too frustrated. Who's Eric Danis? Danis D A N I S. 
Eric Danis, Danis. He's the. Come on! I can actually tell. I can actually tell you all this stuff. You know, I had no idea. I had no idea who this guy was, but he's like the president or something of the GPI, so he knows everything about every player. That would make sense because there's a literally a five-page recap analysis of the draft of of the top first-round picks. (laughs) And what his opinion of them are? No, I see what's happening right. here. I, I'm understand. I'm understanding much better now. China has provided some clarity. They they found some sucker Japanese guys to throw five million into this. Oh, so oh, so oh. so they basically they, they can get they can get it off the ground with all this stuff and uh, and that's how they got these people interested in it and that's how they're establishing it. But then once the five million's used up, much like the Epic Poker League, which also got investors. That's how Annie Duke made six figures on it. That's how Jeffrey Pollock made six figures on it. But once all okay, the look, 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 look. I, I gotta take a break. So you wrap this up. A Okay, this this George guy, this is what he wrote about the Paris Aviators draft. My draw dropped when Solier announced Mike Lee was his final pick. But although I was ecstatic to learn, I was ecstatic to learn that another fellow Canuck was going to be in the GPL, it's the addition of Danzer that put the biggest smile on my face. Danzer wanted to play in the GPL so badly. He's a fantastic player, and more importantly, he's a fantastic person. But more importantly, how many of us can't wait to see Elk and Danzer on the same GPL stage? Come on, this isn't real. Hey, they got to try and build it up, right? I mean, China, do you think this is really has any chance of working or a decent percentage? Probably, of- I'll tell you what, probably, probably not, but... It's, I think it's good for the players. It's a free roll. It's a, Wait, it's a free roll. That's, you know? you know, that's what's going to happen here. Is that I, I still think that yeah they've got their seed money by suckers who invested in it, so they've got to go through the motions and get the whole thing going. But then okay. when it comes to continuing to fund it, no, no one's going to step up and continue so, to fund this. No so one. you woke up, and how many things had to actually go perfect way for you to have nothing else more entertaining than to drink coffee and watch the GPL draft? Did that mean there was no coverage going on? And about the Patriots on any of the stations, no Boston nope. sports were going on, no aim chat, no good <laughs> limit games going on, no good Skype no, conversations. It, it had to be a perfect thing that, storm. Yeah, it, it was a perfect storm because at this time of day, there's no there's no aim chat going on. It's really the poker games are kind of dead. So you know, it's just me and my pup Luigi sitting here. I actually got you, know, you wanted to watch. I, I actually got a. I just got a note here that the Alex Dreyfus purposely selected that time of day for the draft because uh, they did a study about the uh, the number of aim chats that typically go on and Skype chats that go on. and It was lowest at that time of day, so that's why they selected that time. <laughs> and I, I see it worked. I see it actually worked. So, uh, so that's good for us though, because otherwise we were sitting here wondering, and China had the answers. So that's good. So now we know. That is good, but I didn't believe him at first, if you recall. <laughs> the old China that I knew back in the day, this is a more domesticated, a more gentle China. The old drinking, pounding shots, going crazy China that I knew back in the day, he never would have watched no GPL draft. <laughs> that's I actually true. found this more into, like, you watch the NFL draft or something like that, it's like, who cares? Nobody really knows anything about any of these players. If you do, it doesn't matter. Like, I knew who, like, most of these poker players. Well, Wait, he's buying into it. He's buying into it. Look yeah, at this. Being, you're, you're brainwashed. Or he's buying into. Oh my gosh. You oh know my everyone god. In the, no, it's just something to follow. Tell me the first round, the NFL draft that you don't know anything about the players. Someone like you that studies. I do, but I don't care. Like, do you care, care about, about the, uh, the? Tell me some. What's the first draft pick, Druff? 
What? Mustafa Kanit? Yeah. Oh, come on, stop. Seriously. <laughs> this isn't real. That you guy just... is like the best tournament player in the world. Okay. I don't believe this is not real. He's won like fifty million this tournaments on poker. Yeah, he probably this is a big year. troll job. He does he does know though, but uh, yeah, that's uh, it's amazing. China actually the, the big sports fan he used to run a sports show on Poker Fraud Alert actually looked more forward to this than the NFL draft. Wow, I don't believe it. Wow. I've never heard of this guy. I thought Anthony Zeno was the hottest tournament. I mean, the guy won like three WPTs, two of them back to back, and a WSOP bracelet last year. How could he not be the hottest tournament poker player in the world? So okay. I saw on I, I read News Views gossip on Two Plus Two, and this guy has a dedicated thread to him about well, he's not human. Yeah, he's won like a million freaking like high roller poker stars tournaments in the last two years. I tell you, it's five six in the morning. This is a true fucking story. I'm on a, I'm on a bad sleep schedule, or not bad, but just bad compared to the rest of the mankind. So not last night, which was Tuesday, Monday, actually, no, Monday night, technically Tuesday morning, I, I'm on my iPad around 6 a.m., and I'm on my couch, I have my Jack Russell just curled up next to me, and I started reading about this alleged, I guess we'd still call it alleged, uh, scamming being done, or non-paying, slow-paying, whatever you want to call it, about Elia Lezra. So it takes me to this 2 plus 2 thread. Now, this has nothing to do with the fraud site here. Nothing to do with shit that happened before about pubic hair and panties and, and any of that stuff. But I just don't read 2 plus 2. Unless someone points me to something, I think that it's, it will be interesting. I don't. I just don't read it. Um, I read the, 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 what do we call it here, the flying stupidity? And then every once in a while, yeah. I look at that shooting off. But that shooting off, other than Doom posting a couple times two years ago, it doesn't really get much in sh- sh- shooting off. Am I right? So anyhow, it's 6 a.m., I got the iPad, I, I see something about Ellie Lezra, and then I, it links me to 2 Plus 2, and I start reading this thread, okay, about how Ellie Lezra got called out on a podcast by, uh, everyone has a podcast these days, it's amazing, but Ellie Lezra gets called out by Sean Deeb, I believe, Sean Deeb says he owes him, like, I think it was 53000 and and then other people, and then there's some fighting. Matt Glantz gets into it, and this guy, Private World. So in the middle of all this fighting, Matt Glantz is fighting Private World, you know, accusing people of this and that. In big capital letters, I see the name China Maniac, okay? And then in big capital letters, I said, I see Private World. Do you know Peter Falcone? <laughs> yes. And then I kept right, scrolling yeah, down trying to see if he would respond, but he never responded to our China Maniac. Yeah, I asked him if he had any interactions with I Peter Falcone that. because... He, he talks like he's like a pretty big player in Vegas, or at least he's around that scene. So I figured that there's a good chance that he's probably bumped into Peter at some time. And maybe he has been scammed yeah. by Peter. He's just afraid to talk about well, it. Well, let's, 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 by the way, I'm sorry. I, I, I was just corrected about something. T-Buck27 in the chat points out Scotty No is still lurking and shooting off. So I was, <laughs> come on, where's the, the clapping? I, I, was, do, I was trying Scotty to bring Scotty No is still lurking and shooting off. Scotty Nobot. <laughs> yeah, I was loading something else. I wasn't ready with the sound effect. Anyway, look, we've got uh, – that's a good segue to the next topic. Let's talk about the private world thing because that's kind of weird. The This guy who's appeared on 2 Plus 2 again, he had appeared in the past and claimed he's a nosebleed stakes player that knows all the gossip of what goes on in the nosebleed stakes games in live poker rooms in Las Vegas, but will not identify himself. And he makes a lot of provocative statements about a lot of these players. And there's been 
a long, long-standing debate of whether this guy is legit. He is from Vegas. People said that they've uh, mods have looked up his IP, and he is posting from a Vegas IP. But the, of course, that could be anyone. But uh, so, so here's what Private World wrote most recently. He he appeared a while ago, disappeared for a long time, and came back. Now, some people were guessing there there was originally like a, a pe- he was giving hints as to his, his identity. And some of what he claimed about himself seemed to match John Hennigan. And the world part would make sense, too, because world is John Hennigan's nickname. But I, I think that is not true. I don't think that's who it was. I think that's kind of almost like a setup. But here's what Private World posted. He said, Ellie Hilarzera called several high-stakes guys yesterday. He said because of Sean Deeb, that is Sean Deeb calling him out saying that he owes money and won't pay, uh, he is not paying anyone and they can all go to hell. He and Sean ruined it for anyone getting paid. He stated no one could do anything to him, and he will continue to show his show in Vegas in their face. He also said the top guys he owes he owes won millions off of him off over twenty years, and because of that, they get whatever they get. He said that Deeb is a nothing, nobody poker player that sounds like a confused baby, and maybe he should stay in upstate New York with the losers. <laughs> He said there is a reason Deeb does not come to Vegas, because he can't win at cash games, and if Deeb wants to make a living off open-faced Chinese on apps, then that's what he has to contend with. That is the uh, cheating that can go on there. Why is he crying? So that was, that was from Private World claiming that uh, that was said. Then there was some more from uh, Private World about uh, Patrick Antonius. He said, Patrick owed a high-stakes player $1.5 million. Did not pay for a year. Phil bought the debt for 800K. I assume he's referring to Phil Helmuth. Or was it Phil Galfon? Was it Phil Galfon? I think it's Phil Probably Galfon. Phil Ivey, I bet. Or, okay, I, could, I, could, I bet he's referring to Phil Ivey. a lot of Phil's, He's like yeah. a regular in that scene. That's right, Phil, probably Phil Ivey. Uh, High-stakes players accused Patrick of cheating with the Russians on the app. Patrick sucks at Open Face Chinese Live and refuses to play in Bobby's room before the game. But on the app, he was up 300 points on five players that were the best in the world, only the players that had a lot of money that was a sure pay. So they're saying that uh, Patrick was killing the people who uh, were reliable payers when they lose, and the, but they were really good, and the ones that had a lot of money. Uh, against players that had no money, he was losing like he didn't care about them. So almost like he's throwing the game against low stake, in low-stakes matches and, uh, um, and then beating the ones that are in high-stakes matches. Uh, Patrick was spotted in Europe with these Russian players. In Vegas, he acts like he does not know them. Patrick has also stated that he does not think bots online are wrong. Players have become weary of him. They know when he's in a spot, he will do anything. So he's he's claiming that uh, that that Patrick is is broke basically. And uh, um, this this is what he had to say about the full tilt guys who were making money back in the day from. Uh, uh, from all the distributions. He said, most of the fanboys or average players did not realize that these full-tilt dividend guys did not make their money off playing poker. They were getting 100 k to a high to $1.2 million a month and spending like rappers. They said it would never run out, and they really believed that. Eli, David, that's Eli, Elizra, David Benjamin, Jen Harmon, E-Dog, David Gray, Gus Hansen, Howard uh, Lederer, Oppenheimer, etc., they did not make their money playing poker, people. None of them saved any money, and look how many wives and husbands divorced them after. Just about all. It's not hard to figure out. Black Friday turned a lot of them into desperate scammers that has continued to this day. 
The top cash players that did not have full tilt dividends and now are actually now the richest. The sad thing is they were the victims after they loaned full tilters money. These fly under the radar, and that is fine with them. So these are you know pretty sensational claims by uh, by this private world guy, and it's still not verified that he's really part of that whole community. But it's also not verified that he's not. He hasn't, as far as I know, and Chinese maniac. I know you've been reading more than I have of this, so you can correct me if I'm wrong. But as far as I know, he hasn't made any kind of gotcha mistake that outs him as a phony. But he also hasn't said anything that would prove that uh, he really knows something that only insiders know. Is that accurate? Yeah, he seems real to he seems real to me. I mean, nobody, none of these, nobody's ever come in there and said, "Hey, you're talking about me. This is 100 percent wrong." Nothing like that. And when stuff came up about uh, like the Jungleman Durr and why Durr wasn't playing him and what was going on with that, like Jungleman just stopped posting him a thread after like supposedly everything he said was like factually accurate. So he just like shut Jungleman up. So to to me, it seems like he's real. Or he's, he knows people that know a lot of stuff. You know what I mean? Yeah, it, it could be something just, like that. It could be that someone is, is feeding this information to their friend who's then posting it. And that, that's actually a good way to cover to not have yourself. Like the, the thing is whenever you post something for yourself, it's very hard to, to not make an accidental mistake of, of saying something you always – like a phrase you always say or, or, or giving away something with your writing style. or It's very easy to give away something when you're posting anonymously and you, you write enough. And that's, that's in fact what uh, got the Unabomber caught, not Phil Locke, but the real Unabomber. Uh, he was eventually caught because he published his manifesto and his brother recognized his writing style. And that's uh, and turned him in. Right. So, so the more you write under an anonymous name, you can get caught. But, but a good way to get around that is to have a friend write it for you. Just tell your friend what to say. Well, the other thing is that it's been speculated that he uh, kind of writes, I guess, comparably to Delaware. Easy words are misspelled. Yeah. His punctuation it, sucks. It, so a lot of people have speculated he's doing that to disguise his writing style. Yeah, yeah, it looks intentional to me. And agree, uh, one more tid, one one more tidbit about him. I think somebody um, tweeted to one of the mods, maybe on Twitter or one of the or one of the mods might have posted on two plus two. But they speculated that it was multiple people. So maybe there's like multiple IP addresses from different spots, and ah, like a few players just like crushing people. You know? Yeah, it could be a shared account too. That could also confuse people with the writing style, and maybe that's why. You know, maybe that's maybe they're all trying to adopt that same writing style. There could be some variance in that too. Uh, but but yeah, I, I, from reading it, when I had read, I got kind of the same impression that it looked more likely to be real than fake. And I would have thought if it was totally fake, it would have been called out by now, in some way. And yeah, he also he, claims he claims later in that thread um, that he tried. He says he tried making threads about like. Benjamin Olezra, and he said they always got deleted about how they owe millions of dollars. And I, I can believe that because that's what they like, – on 2 plus 2, they love to delete things. In fact, uh, one of the most uh, infamous deletions that ended up uh, not – eventually they had to let it stand because there was enough of an outrage. But when the Stocks Trader scandal came out about the multi-accounting and collusion, uh, because Stocks Trader had a book with, with uh, 2 plus 2 publishing, they kept deleting the threads over and over, even though it was a legitimate accusation – and it turned out to be true. Uh, they kept deleting that over and over, and it took Viffer showing up there saying, "Like, why do you guys keep deleting this?" And, and I've heard about this too 
finally they realize they couldn't silence this anymore because now some bigger name players like Viffer are getting involved with saying, you know, stop deleting this, and they finally let it stand. But I could, I can believe that uh, two plus two, they, they love to delete these type of things, and uh, it's it's one thing if if it's clear the person's full of crap and it's just gonna, you know, it's gonna libel someone's good name, but at least give these things a chance to be posted and then let the people decide whether it's, it's uh, at least a semi-legitimate accusation. So I, I could believe that they delete yeah. that too. Yeah. A lot of people thought it was different before because, because he writes terribly and yeah. that could maybe not be intentional. I don't think Viffer would spend that many hours in front of a laptop. Well, I mean, he, he used to post a ton on two plus two. He had a well and he answered like, Millions of questions. Yeah, you so never know knows? with him. Yeah, Viffer is kind of odd. Now, speaking of Viffer, I want you to take a look. There's a picture that was posted of him, and he's playing five five PLO these days. At least at this one casino. Go to the Flying Stupidity forum and click on the thread. The thread made today called "Name That Pro" by Kalwat, and you'll see a picture of Viffer uh, playing five five PLO. On his yeah, phone. It looks like he's going for the Grizzly Adams look. Yeah, he looks like Grizzly Adams. and uh, I know Viffer was never known for his good looks, but he he does look kind of rough right here, even for Viffer. And, uh, now, I don't know if he's still married. He was married to a, a pretty attractive girl, but I, or at least engaged. I don't know if that's still on. But uh, and I don't know. If, if he's playing 5-5 PLO, do you think he's just doing it for fun, or is, or is he kind of busto? Because he used to be very high stakes. Uh, no idea. Somebody posted in this thread that they had seen Ellie within the last couple of days playing twenty forty hold'em at Commerce. Huh. It reminds me of Barry Greenstein. You see, like every day they're playing like uh, uh, you know, not the higher higher stakes games, like kind of mid stakes. Yeah, someone posted that he was also um, he was like the Bargado Winter Poker or whatever the hell it is. That he was like railing like five ten no limit games like not even playing. Oh, Ellie, so Ellie was knows, you know. You're saying Ellie was? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Viffer. By the way, he was saying he quit poker for a while. He was saying he's retired from poker. He's done, and now here's. Be- he, yeah, I, I was suspecting at the time he might be broke, and now here he is at, at five five plo. So, I think he was playing like high stakes pool matches after he was like very active in poker in that Vegas like high limit scene. A lot of people said he's playing like high stakes pool matches. So, yeah, who knows? You never, you never know with that guy. But yeah, it's uh, well, the, I I think it's interesting with Private World being out there, provided it's not just a level that someone's executing skillfully, provided it's real. I think that's a very interesting look, and I think it's good to have something like that because uh, a lot of times people try to keep these issues quiet. Either because they don't want to be the one seen as uh, the snitch from the community, or they they don't want to be getting if they, someone owes them money, they're afraid that if they're the one who outs it, they're not going to get paid, or they just don't want to bother with forums. And if you have someone that's broadcasting the dirty laundry from these nosebleed stakes to where the average person can just read it and see what's really going on there, it, it kind of pulls the curtain away, and, and you see a lot of the the grime. And I think that's it's always good to it's always good to be seen. It's always I, I think it's good when people who are doing bad things are outed, even if they're not outed by the victims. Is he, yeah, I could see a lot of. Um, he seems like a charming type of guy, Ellie and Mike. You know, if you were a new player on that scene or whatever, and he 
ask for a loan or something. If he indeed does all this money, I could see someone just being like, oh, yeah, this Elio Ezra. I, I had always heard he was back. just like – I always heard he was just independently wealthy and it wasn't – I'll say it again. I don't know Elio Ezra. I don't know anyone in this circle. All I did was repeat what was said by Sean Deeb. Elio Ezra doesn't owe me any money. I don't know. Does he owe either of you guys money? No. Okay. He doesn't – China, does he owe you money? Uh, he just owes me some chips for some hand. He played terribly against me a couple of years ago. That's about it. But anyhow, all I was going on, or, or all I'm repeating, I should say, I don't know any of his personal interactions, was that Sean Deeb, who uh, I guess, you know, you could, some may, people may say he's a little obnoxious at times, but I don't I don't recall anything uh, being ever said dishonorable about him in terms of lying, cheating, scamming. Do you guys... Well, except me about on the, who D, about D? Sean Deeb, yeah, yeah. Except, except me on this show when I wrongly accused him of something. But yeah. <laughs> so again, just to clarify what I stated. Oh, Brandon, Brandon, you don't, you don't, you don't have to cover yourself there because he did call into uh, Tuckman's podcast or whatever, and he admitted that he owed the money, or he let Tuckman know, and Tuckman said it with Deeb on the air that he does admit that he owes the money. Oh, he said really? He I didn't know this. Oh, yeah, he admitted that he owes Sean money. He just said he's going to slow pay him. Uh, he said he's going to pay him a little bit at a time, in his words. Now, Private World, and I think also Matt Glantz backed up the statement as well, suggested that he owed somewhere between like 12 and $14 million. It's believable. Yeah. You never know with the, with the size of those games that were running and the amount of money that those guys were getting with full tilt. You know, like it's very, very easy to run up that, and they were they were playing huge games, four thousand, eight thousand. You know, like, well, and and also what happens getting... what happens here when people start playing on credit is if if they're like the fish in the game, if they're playing very poorly and they're seen as the the donator, and it's believed they have money behind, it, it's it's sometimes very hard for these people to say, no, sorry, can't loan you the money. Come back when you actually have cash to buy in. Like they, go, oh wow, this guy's chunking off money. I bet he's got a lot. Of, you know, he's he's very rich. He, he can easily uh, pay us back. Sure. You know, we'll keep loaning you money so we can keep playing. So I, I think that's the point that uh, if Private World is telling the truth, he, he's basically saying that Ellie's taking the attitude of, hey, you guys won millions off of me. And uh, and that's when I was taking the loans off you when you were you – were, I was borrowing from you to keep playing you and keep losing against you. So F you. I, if, if you – now I'm just not paying any of you, especially since Sean Deep had to come out and uh, ruin my name. So screw all of you. I'm not saying that's right. I'm just saying that I think that's what the, the point Ellie was trying to make. According to Private World, I mean, it's kind of the situation that Eric Lindgren's in. You know what I mean? He just if if everything that guy says is true, it's like what Eric Lindgren did: bet, borrowed, whatever, and now there's just like, how do you get that much money back when you owe like that amount of money? The, the money you can't make that much money in poker anymore. If if I recall correctly, uh, I remember reading an article in Card Player about Ellie. This was. 2004, 2005, and uh, said that he had a number of businesses that he owned. And if I recall, I, I believe they said that the majority of them were photo or, or, yeah, I guess photo development places. You know, like the old school cameras you'd bring in, you'd have to come back in a day and they'd develop your film. So if that's the case, then, I mean, obviously you can understand why his businesses probably aren't successful unless he expanded and, you know, to something else. Maybe, I mean, maybe he's uh, developing a digital film now. Yeah, and then I guess Private World also quoted, because the original thread that this was posted in was just an article that was quoted from the Review Journal about uh, Elezra selling his mansion in uh, Green Valley Ranch, which is a suburb of Henderson. 
And he also purported that Elezra had like so many remortgages on that property that the house wasn't even worth anything. I mean, that he was so underwater, just in equity from like, refinancing it several times. So, again, who knows if any of this is true, how much? I mean, I didn't even know what you said, that he had confirmed he owed money, and, and he said he was slow paying it. But was that because of some dispute with Sean, or what, what was his explanation for why he was slow paying him? No explanation. He just – Tuckman got texts from – he invited Ellie onto the show, I guess, all week, and he had talked to him on the phone and stuff. And Ellie was going to come on, and he decided not to. And then, like, halfway through the segment or something, Tuckman said that he got a text from Ellie, and it said that he does agree that he owes Sean the money or something like that, and he's going to pay him in little amounts or something, like, when he has money. So, so, so basically, basically yeah, yeah, I heard about that. So basically he's admitting he's broke and he's going to do his best to pay at this point. Exactly. That's what it sounded like. And, and usually that doesn't happen. I've heard that so many times from people. Even personally, I've had a few people do this to me. Uh, even people outside of poker who've owed me money. Not, not Ken Scaler, who actually eventually pays me, but others who have owed me money and they're, they're broke. And then when I say, well, okay, you don't have to pay me all at once, send me little bits – they say, okay, sure, I'll do it, and then I either get just one payment and never again, or just I never get anything. It's like in theory, it sounds good, but they don't, and uh, that's that's always the if you're broke and you owe a lot of money, that's the best thing you can say is, okay, I'm going to start making small payments as soon as uh, as soon as I get money. It'll happen very soon, and then just hope the story dies, and then just never pay. So I I, I think that's probably what's going to happen. I think they're going to get nothing, hmm. and. A lot of these poker players, a lot of these high stakes and nosebleed players, they really will play till beyond their bottom dollar, to where they're not just broke, but they're they, they're broke and they owe a lot of money, and they maintain the high stakes appearance all the way up till the end. And you don't know anything's wrong. And I, I'm actually surprised. Like you'll see some of these people walking around, and everything seems normal. Everything seems fine. They seem happy. They seem like everything seems on the level with them. And in reality, they're they're financially cratering. And you just don't know until one day you hear that they owe tons of money to everybody and can't pay. Okay. There's a bill in California that uh, I really don't want to see pass. I mean, it, it's really, really disturbing. I, I usually don't talk about this online poker legalization stuff in California because it's a, it's like much to do about nothing. You talk about this and then it doesn't come to pass and you feel like you've wasted your time talking about it. But this one is pretty bad. They are actually proposing a new law. There's a bill in California that would make it a felony to play on Bovada. That means the longstanding situation where as a player you're not committing any crimes by playing on an illegal site, those days will be over in California. So right now I can say – I play on Bovada, which is an illegal online poker site, and no one can come arrest me for it because it's legal Hold for on, me to play. I, quick, I got a quick question here. Is this pending if another site launches, or is this just straight up, you play poker, you get a felony? Okay, so it's it's part of a bill to bring regulated poker to, the, to California, but okay. as a side portion of the bill, if this is passed, then playing on any illegal site in California will be a felony for the player. Which would be awful. Not just a misdemeanor where I, I'd probably chance it, but a felony. And right. uh, and this is just the reason they're doing this is to prevent the fail that uh, occurred in other states where they're just 
not uh, not doing well. But the truth is that Bovada has been backing out of those markets anyway. Bovada doesn't let people sign up from states where they are offering legalized online poker. They don't even want it, the hassle of it. But uh, California, but this this uh, bill being proposed by uh, Assemblyman Adam Gray and Reggie Jones Sawyer, which is called AB two eight six three, the the most important part of it to me at least is that it makes it a felony to play an unlicensed online poker site. And I think that's a terrible, terrible precedent to set. That uh, It's one thing if they want to make it a felony to run an unlicensed online poker site or to process payments for an online poker site that's not legal. But for a player to make it uh, a felony is is really, really obnoxious. And uh, what I could see happening is if this passes... It'll become a felony to play on Bovada, which I wouldn't want a chance. And then the California sites, are, I bet, are going to be fail sites. And I bet there will be, like, no limit hold'em running on them either. It's a, this will totally kill, no. like, online limit hold'em for uh, California and, and no, probably the no-limit games to some degree, too. No, I think it'll be huge. California is half the U.S. market. It's just, I, I don't know, I think it would be enormous. Like, if PokerStars got a license in California, huge. If it's, like, some shitty, like... You know, like Indian casinos, like hack online website. I think it will suck, but well, I don't that, know. that I sort of has the best chance. But I, you know, I've gotten more skeptical that I see all these sites that are fail sites and not not even coming close to being anything good. So I think would California be much more successful than New Jersey? Yes, it would be. But uh, would it be like good games going twenty four seven or even comparable to uh, the current Bovada? I don't know, and like. California doesn't have 10 times the population of New Jersey, and yet Bovada has 10 times the players of the best New Jersey online poker room right now. So uh, right. that's that's what I'm a little yeah, afraid we, of. But uh, I just don't like the felony part. That's so obnoxious. Yeah. Well, if the site – if, if like, legal online poker launches um, – when they when that if it all happens at the same time, I think it'll be fine because just think of all those commerce games that run. Those people are going to be playing online. Yeah, well, uh, you'll have a. Some of them will be. No, you know what though? I'll tell you why some of them won't be though. Uh, There was actually a discussion at Commerce. I wasn't there for it, but I know someone who was there and told me about it about the the limit hold'em games at at, uh, Bovada, and some were saying sitting at the table. You know, I and this is among regulars. They're talking, not fish. They're saying, "Hey, I, I play on thirty sixty Bovada. You know, there's pretty good games here. I've been winning a lot." And there were a number of people there who just said, "I don't play online. I don't like online. I don't want to play." And so a number of people just said outright, "They're just not going to play it because they just don't like online." So I don't know if a lot of, a lot of these live pros are just so into the live pro scene. They're just so into the commerce scene. There's people who go to commerce; they're there every single day. People who go to Bellagio; they're there every single day. I don't know how they stand it because I couldn't do it. But but they are. They're constantly there. And the thought of like sitting home playing online is just something that just seems crazy to them. And I think some of it might right. be like almost like a social aspect. Like their whole social life is surrounded by that right. too. And all their friends are there. And that's where that's where they, they have their social interaction and, and online just seems so lonely to them. And I think that's right. that's the difference. I think the online poker players are, are more likely actually to have uh, Portions of their life that are uh, outside of poker as an interest, where I think the commerce thing—it's almost like a like a culture there, where right. if you're there every day, it's a big part of your life. 
I see that. But still, like when Polka was at its peak, 50% of the U.S. market was in California, which is enormous. Was it really that a much? a ton of players. Yeah, it's 50% of the U.S. Because I know the population in California. in California is only 12%. I know there's more poker players in California proportionally, too. It, it's just yeah. a, a poker-loving state, but I, I didn't think 50% was going to be the case. Well, there's a lot of people with money in California, too. Think about, like, all the, like, high-stakes fish, rich whales, actors, stuff like that. Like, those games could be amazing. Yeah, well, I'm not. I'm not dismissing California's. Uh, the, here's the problem. Here's what I hate to see: is that if if this passes, not only is it uh, a felony to play on Bovada, but while they're getting these games set up and and, and ready, while these right. sites are not even running yet, it could be a felony. Because uh, they'd pa- they'd pass this, and then the sites would have a, a period of maybe over a year to, to get running. So. Yeah, it, it is a year. It says here the the earliest that online poker could launch in California would be one year after regular regulators approve regulations, and then that's another two hundred seventy days, which is nine months that uh, it has to be developed and approved. So what we're talking about one year and three quarters that would be right. in between when this bill is passed and when it becomes illegal to play an unlicensed site, and when these sites launch. At the very least, if you're right. going to do this crap about it's illegal to play. An unlicensed site, at least make it up until the point when they start, where, where that's right. where that's your grandfather and you can still play. But the, now, I'm not saying this is going to pass necessarily. There's been so many online poker bills proposed in California, and uh, and I just stopped talking about them because they all go nowhere. And it's, but just it's, think about the embarrassment if they actually spend time, money, energy, resources in, in a state like California where there's enough problems enforcing that if that bill did pass, the public outcry would be tremendous. It, there might be, but I, I'd be afraid the felony part is the scary thing. Like the, the, the misdemeanor thing, as I said, I'd take the chance. I'd say, ah, they're probably not going to come after me. They probably won't know. Uh, it, it, worse, it's a misdemeanor. So, like, I, I'd take a chance on it. The felony is the scary part. You just don't want a felony. I, don't think, I, I can't even imagine. Huh? I think in Washington State it's a felony, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know if they ever went anywhere with it. See, if maybe I would do it if a, if a while passed and they were not going after anyone. But I'd always have this in the back of my mind. I'd always be afraid, like just one day, I'll just be like at five in the morning, they're going to kick down my door and arrest me for to make the example out of like it. Like they did to the other guy. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I sit and sit in the lawn with my underwear while I go through. I take all my computers. You know, like, do I really want that? Do I really want that? When is this supposed to be voted upon? Uh, you know, I just saw this today. So let me see if I can find the. Uh, when this I, I heard it's got like a. Frank Rizzo in the chat chance. says that no one's ever been arrested in Washington State for playing online poker, even though it was a felony. See, the, the bill was introduced on February. I like 19th. that Frank Rizzo kid. Yeah, I like him. Yeah, I, I, February nineteenth was the uh, was the Italian. date. Was the date? This is I, I. I can't find when this is going to be voted upon. Maybe it's not known yet. So, China, are you going to watch the Global Poker League inaugural season opener? As long as I'm up drinking coffee and there's nothing going on. <laughs> that coffee, that coffee just makes China just want to crave the GPL. I'm drinking uh, China, coffee right you, now. Uh, did you vote yesterday during the Super Tuesday out there on the East Coast? I did not. I did not. Huh. I mean, obviously, is it is it fair to or is it okay to? Uh, speak of your political affiliation on the radio. I mean, I, I think I know who you would have voted for, or do you want to keep that secret? Is that something personal? No, to you? I was I've, for the past month. I've been down in the center of my city holding Trump signs. Oh, really? 
so why didn't you vote? Are you not registered? Are you a yeah? You're holding us. You're, you're holding vote? signs. That he didn't. Vote. And I he, now Trump was going to kill in that state anyway, and he did. But yeah, it, I, I got him up to fifty-one percent in the polls, and he wound up getting like forty-nine percent. So, but why didn't you vote? Because I didn't need to. There's a mortal walk. <laughs> okay. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand. He's saying that there's no way he's going to lose. So screw it. Yeah, but do you realize if enough people thought that way, then he would lose? Yeah, but that's not going to happen. I understand it. Like, like MTV I, told me years ago that every single vote matters. It, you know, the truth is, it, that's a nice thing to say. But this is actually a good topic. It's a nice thing to say every vote matters or you, you don't have a right to complain if you don't vote. But here's the truth. The way that everything's set up and, and because of, of the polling being so good nowadays, if, if it's going to be a blowout one way or the other – from the polls, it it never goes the other way. It it does go the other way if like someone's supposed to win by seven points and then they don't, they end up losing. Like that that happens. Like for example, in Oklahoma, uh, Cruz won where Trump was last polled to be like eleven points up. So there there you could say it's still worth voting. When someone's ahead by thirty points, they're never going to lose, never. So so there it's safe to say, okay, I'm just going to stay home. Now yes, if everyone did it, but everyone's not going to do it. It, hardly anyone's going to do it based upon that logic. So I can understand it. I I usually vote anyway, just just on the principle. But but I can understand. Like you, you think I have had my moments where I'm like, what am I doing? Like I I know this vote's not going to matter. I know it's so much decided either either way, either in the vote on the side I'm voting or the side of voting against. It's 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 going to happen whether I'm there or not. It's not even going to be close. So why am I here? That's the wrong mentality because if enough people think that way, which two out of three on this podcast obviously do then that's, that's no but i have dangerous. i have but it's not dangerous because that, that thinking hasn't really taken hold much and and even if my well, you know think, think about florida back but, in 2000 but that was going to be close that's where you show up that's when you have to show up for yeah. sure but nobody would, would be that America. close no nobody would be that, that, hundreds. That, i'm saying if it's going to be somewhat close then you show up and say okay it probably won't matter but there's a small chance it can be like a florida 2000 situation where every vote really matters big time so like that's when you show up when you know it's gonna be a blowout one way or the other like your vote really is meaningless all right trump trump was like you remember the the super bowl when the broncos played the 49ers and they lost like 55 to 10 i remember that exactly and i can tell you uh Denver scored either the first seven or ten points, and then they didn't score again. And I remember the first – remember who caught the first touchdown pass for Denver? Uh, um, I just remember because of the name. I mean, it was – you know, it's kind of a strange name at the time. It was a wide receiver by the name of of Michael Jackson. Yeah. I was going to say Ricky Jackson, but – Yeah. Do you remember those receivers? But, yeah, anyhow, I I remember that Super Bowl quite well. Right. So – that's how Trump was. You just knew it was going to be a blowout. Actually, a better comparison would be the 94-49ers versus the Chargers. You just, it was over before it started. If I was in Iowa, different story. I would have went and just totally dominated those caucuses. Yeah. All right, well. That let's... score, by the way, was 55 to, to 10. That was yeah. the score. Yikes, that, that was... Uh... That was a blowout. But yeah, well, do you want to segue into this Trump thing now? Well, let's see. Let's see what else we have here on the. Well, agenda. I mean, it's kind of okay. We, yeah, we usually um, save that stuff for last. Oh, so, so uh, Maryland Live is pulling a shenanigan. This was a, a tip I got from a player who plays there. This was very misleading, and you know, I, I want to start out by saying 
a, a poker room, whether live or online, is not required to give rake back or promotions or, or to continue giving them. They can change that at any time based upon the circumstances of the business. So I, I'm not saying that players are entitled to any kind of rake back or rewards playing at any casino anywhere. So if they if they wanted to change that, uh, that was their business and that's fine. That's not what I'm criticizing. I'm not saying that's a problem. What is a problem to me is when uh, is when people is when there's something misleading about it. When they're trying to trick their players into believing they're getting the same thing. So this email was sent out to Maryland live players who have a card there that have been playing uh, poker. Actually, I think to everybody who had a card there. It says Maryland Live Casino introducing table games points. All carded play on live table games, including poker, will now earn points. Additionally, beginning March 1st, 2016, at all table games and live poker, players will be earning entries into promotions based on points earned. Don't worry. And it says, you know, you're, I'm not going to say the name of the person, but this person's name, comma, don't worry. You will still earn your self comps at exactly the same rate you're used to. So that's, that's saying, don't worry. We're, you're, you'll, you're still earning the same thing. We're just changing the system. So it turns out not to be true from what I can tell. Now, keep in mind before this, what people got playing poker was a dollar an hour. That was the comps they were getting back playing poker at Maryland Life. Again, they don't have to give that, but that's what they were giving. And they're saying, don't worry, you'll still earn at exactly the same rate as you're used to. However, here's what it says. How to earn points. At poker, one hour played equals 100 points. Now, that still sounds like a dollar an hour because typically in these rewards clubs, a point is worth a penny. However, scroll down a bit and it says... How to redeem points. In addition to the current point redemption options, you will now be able to redeem for table match play. 600 points can be redeemed for $1 in free slot play. Huh? Huh? So 600 points is $1, making... Each point be worth about a sixth of a cent, meaning that you're earning a whopping 17 cents per hour from a dollar an hour. Now, that's not big money. I mean, that's a, if you think about it, if you, you play 100 hours, you've, uh, you've earned $17 versus $100, and you're short 83 after 100 hours of play. Even at low limits, that's not going to break you. But they should be honest about it. It really sounds like that they have cut this by a factor of six and they are writing to you in an email that you're earning the same thing as before and it's just not true unless unless there's something misleading about this email i can't see what it could be it says 600 points can be redeemed for a dollar match play a dollar free slot play or a dollar food and beverage so it sounds like 100 points is a sixth of a dollar you're in that an hour you're earning it takes you six hours to earn a dollar before it took one hour to earn a dollar so it's not big money but it's just not Honest. I don't know why Maryland Live does that. Now, it's possible that uh, they weren't aware of what people were earning at poker when they wrote this. But I think they were. I think they're just hoping this is going to confuse people. It's just so weird. I've never seen it before where 600 points is a dollar. Everywhere, universally, it seems that 100 points is, is a dollar. And Brandon, are you aware of any exceptions to that where 100 points is not a dollar? No, I'm not. Yeah. it's. I think it's just very – it's just a weird arbitrary number. 600 is a dollar. Why? 
It just sounds like a way to make people feel like they're earning the same as before when it's really worth one six. And again, they have the right to lower this, but they should just be honest. We're cutting down your comps by a factor of six, or or at least just say without even saying we're cutting it down or lowering it, they just say, we're changing your comps, here's the new way it is. And then you can figure out for yourself by doing the math. That's also fine, as long as they're upfront and honest about what you'll be earning. But here to have a statement there, you're getting the same as before, and then have it be a sixth as before, that's really sleazy. Uh, last... You want to know who we should take this up with? Who? Uh, do you know who their ambassador is for their poker room? Might it be, uh, is it, uh, no, I don't know who it is, actually. You've got a guess, Brandon? Nope. you got a guess, Druff? Nope. Christian Harder. Oh, really? Charter, the former member of this community. Yeah, he's their uh, maybe, ambassador. Maybe I'll tweet at him and ask him about this. It's, I'm curious. It doesn't affect me. I, I've never played there in my life, and I can't imagine when I'll play there, but I'm nowhere near Maryland. But... That's. Uh, I think it's kind of sleazy to do that. All right, it, it, I'll wait for Brandon to get back to talk about the Caesars news. But uh, the last thing I'll talk about before the Caesars stuff is uh, Borgata may separate from Party Poker in New Jersey. They are actually in negotiations to partner with Paula Interactive. And if, if the name Paula sounds familiar, that's because uh, you might be familiar with their casino in the San Diego area. They have a, a fairly big Indian casino. Near Harris Rincon, they're the main competition of Harris Rincon, and they have now an interactive division that does online gaming. Even though there's no no online gaming yet in California allowed, but that's uh, they're hoping to do that. But they're they are now uh, trying to enter the New Jersey market, and uh, they are hoping to partner with Borgata, uh, and. The interesting thing is the head of Pala Interactive is Jim Ryan, who was involved with Ultimate Bet early on and is also a suspected figure in the cheating scandal. So he's head of Pala Interactive. And uh, It's amazing that these guys are getting involved with all this stuff again. Yeah, it's terrible. It really is terrible. So Party Poker, the reason they are separating from, uh, from Borgata... Is uh, let me get this up here. Uh, yeah, is that uh, GVC Holdings has purchased uh, BWIN Party, and GVC Holdings is not operate is not licensed to operate in New Jersey. They are they have an application to get licensed there, and they're they're thinking that they probably will get approved, but. Uh, but but there's some concern about it. So uh, so so Borgata, I think, just kind of wants to be away from that whole thing and have a sure thing that they don't suddenly lose their license to run their poker room. So they're thinking of just moving over to uh, Paula Interactive, and uh, they they were actually going to launch in New Jersey called uh, PaulaPoker.com. In 2015, but they decided to hold off because they thought that the New Jersey market was already saturated, which it is, as we talked about before. So, Jermaine, now you're back. Let's talk about Caesars. There's a few uh, Caesars elements of news. You ready? Brandon? Yeah. Okay. Uh, The Caesars news. 
We talked about on the show a few weeks ago that the Augustus Tower is getting kind of run down looking. It, it's still the best place to stay at Caesar's Palace because if you like a view because it's that has a nice view of the strip and the Bellagio fountains and the Octavius Tower, which is seven years newer and, and a little bit nicer, that's has no view. So wait, want, no, the, wait, the Octavius Tower is seven seven years old now. You're saying seven years newer than the Augustus. Augustus was built in, in 05. And, uh, oh, okay. and and Octavius is built in two thousand twelve. Yeah, Already? I think so. Anyway, Augustus is, is is starting to show its age. It, it's really starting to look run down. And I noticed this last time I was there. Uh, my girlfriend noticed it the last time she was there. What is that? What am I hearing in the background? There? Not me. That ch- China maniac. What are you doing? Drinking coffee? No, it's just, clean. no, it's just cleaning my desk. <laughs> Great. Okay. Yeah. So. Anyway, they're going to start renovating the Augustus Tower. They're going to—they've—I they, guess they've realized that it's looking pretty worn. So there's going to be renovations there, which it's is good. not called the Augustus Tower anymore. It's called—it's part of the Laurel Collection <laughs> that nobody still understands. No, nobody no. understands the Laurel Collection. So renovations are going to begin there. It's not clear how long they will take, and it's not clear how that's going to affect staying in the tower. Are we going to hear noise? Are there going to be rooms unavailable? I don't know. Somebody should tell them to fix the buttons in Elevator 3. <laughs> <laughs> that may be why – you know, you may be joking about this. That may be why they weren't fixing it because they're going to be renovating everything anyway. They don't want to put any money into the existing uh, maintenance. Who knows? But uh, it's, well, They're going to take that Hanson kid's money and they're going to fix an elevator button. That's right. That's right. They, they took all this money from the Hanson kid. They can use that to fix the elevator. All right? At least there will be some good that comes from it. So that's, that's going to happen. Uh, another weird thing Well that that's not really weird about the renovation Here's the weird thing Total Rewards actually had a fairly Good promotion Oh a- I have to tell you something uh, Just remind me It's a what do they call that a, a Trip report is that what they call it Yeah I went to the Bacchanal Buffet This past Sunday Okay we'll, we'll get to that at the end uh, of the Let me tell you about my opinions and whatnot. Yeah, yeah we'll definitely give you time for that one Thank you Okay so uh so the they had a buffet promotion, which was pretty good. Not worth a whole lot, but pretty good. And that was very simple. Up until March 31st, if you played 50 tier credits in the day, you could go to Total Rewards and get a voucher for one buffet at one of several buffets in Caesars Properties, not the Bacchanal. Which is more expensive, but uh, but I think everything but the Bacchanal buffet, and I think the seafood buffet in Rio. You That's kind of it. LOL in itself. You can get a buffet except for at the place you're playing at. <laughs> well, but yeah, but you can get you can play at any Caesar's property, so it doesn't have to be at Caesar's Palace itself. I know, but yeah, it, it, I mean, yeah, this kind of failed to that. But well, but, I will say this for those that are questioning, uh, and far as incentive goes, in most places that are local casinos, you can almost always find some sort of buffet promotion. Um, that's a pretty good deal. Fifty tier points for a buffet. Yeah, and, and I mean, so, I'm just saying, you know, you know, it's a buffet. You know, it's, these aren't great yeah, buffets it, it, by any means. But if you're one of those people that like to get these kind of deals, and you know, fifty tiers not very hard to earn. Um, play some, you know, play some video poker with with good decent pay scales and minimally, maybe even win some money and get yourself your free buffet. Yeah. So, so here's how it is. Uh, the here, I should say how it was. You'll hear why in a second. Uh, it was 50 tier credits on your total rewards card. You, within 48 hours, you have to go to total rewards and get a buffet voucher. And then it was good at the Spice Market Buffet at Planet Hollywood, 
the Carnival Buffet at Rio. Or sorry, the Carnival Buffet at Rio. The Village Buffet at Paris. Flavors at Harris, or the Paradise Garden Buffet at Flamingo. And 50 tier credits for those of you that are wondering. You earn that either uh, for putting $500 coin in into video poker or $250 coin in into slots. And we're saying coin in, not, not losses. So that's, uh, that's pretty good because uh, even on a bad game, we're, like, let's, say, let's take a bad video poker game, 97% average return. With, with $500 coin in, you're only expected to lose $15 there. And the buffet; these buffets cost more than fifteen dollars, all of them. So, so, and, and you can play v- better video poker machines. And, and it's any it's any buffet, breakfast, lunch, or dinner. Yes. And I assume it excludes a seafood buffet. Yeah, it does. Video. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So, so, uh, so that's the that was the, the promotion, and you could do it. You can get one per day. There was, there was a weird term. They had all like the terms up there, the legal terms, and of course, since it's Caesars, they were like really, really confusing and impossible to understand. It had contradictions. So there was a weird thing like that you could earn maximum one per day per property, which almost made it sound like you go to every different property and earn a different buffet, even though you could, you didn't have to get the buffet for that particular property where you are. But like, I, maybe you could have earned more than one that way, or maybe not. But I, it doesn't matter. But you'll hear why in a second. But. Uh, you could use two at once because you can hold them. You can't hold them very long because it, you have to redeem it within 48 hours. But let's say you want to go with your wife and you earn 50 tier credits. Well, you only have one buffet. Will you play oh, again? That's kind of sexist now because what about Nikki? She's a female listener, says so she wants to take her boyfriend. Well, what if she should just assume someone wants to take their wife? That comes off sexist oh, and arbitrary. What, what, if, what if Nikki uh, wants to take another girl? Okay, but I'm saying the way you phrased it. What if you want to take your wife? That well, I said you. Off. I said you. Are you going to take? I, another well, you guy? know, I don't have a wife. That'd be like me saying, "What happened if you want to take your wife?" I know you don't have a wife. China, you don't have no wife. So who are we talking about? We're talking about Mikeon taking we're, Martha. We're, we're talking about the the audience. The who, only wife. I we're know. talking about the audience who's mostly males from 35 to 55 who mostly are married. Actually, I, uh, actually, I did take my wife there last time I was in Vegas. Todd got us in. Yeah, the Bacchanal. That's true. But you're, that, not that, talking about? China, you're not married. Eh, more or less. Yeah, but well, so am I, more or less, but not quite. Not quite. Anyway, let's. So let me get back to this promotion here. If you want to take somebody else, your wife, your girlfriend, your boyfriend, uh, a prostitute, whatever, uh, you can you can take them. Uh, we lost somebody here. Who did we lose on Skype? We lost Brandon. Let's try to put him back. Okay, I screw it. I'm going on. I'm not. I'm not waiting for him to come back. I, I don't know what happened. He just dropped off. Brandy here? No, I'm there. I, okay, I good, good. To, I'm switching locations, but I try to do it seamlessly. Okay. No, nothing on this show is seamless. So, you could. What you could do is you could earn one day, and then the next day earn another fifty tier credits, get another voucher, and then use the two vouchers at once. So it was a decent promotion, and it was said right on the rule page. You have until March 31st. Well, today is March 2nd. And someone told me that the rumor is that they are ending it this upcoming Friday, which would be March 4th. So that doesn't make any sense. So I decided to try to verify this rumor and click on the link, which, in fact, I had posted on Poker Fraud Alert about this promotion. I clicked on the link where I had originally seen the whole thing about March 31st. I clicked on that link, and now it takes me to a generic buffet page that's describing the various buffets with no language about this promotion. (laughs) 
So it's just gone. There's there's no record this promotion ever existed. So they decided to kill it early, which they have a right to do, by the way, but I think it's crappy to, to promote this. Now, I think this is from January 30th to March 31st, something like that. Uh, but but right. but so so yeah, we've had a good month for this. But I had just posted about it on uh, February 22nd, and here they're killing it almost a month early. Why? I mean, are they that worried about a few buffets that people are going to redeem? It doesn't really cost them anything because uh, buffets, unless you know, yes, if massive people redeem this. Listen, then... you know how much food they throw out a night. Yes, that's my it, point. It, it is, and and you know what's funny? This is something else that that I actually read. Um, Caesars, and I, I'm not, I'm not even blaming Caesars for this, but uh, this is actually qu- quite hilarious. When Bacchanal Buffet first opened up, and I would assume the other Caesars properties did this, but I don't know factually. But I know when Bacchanal Buffet at Caesars opened up, at the end of the night, every evening they'd have trucks come and they'd take the food that that was going to be thrown out, and they would take it to various soup kitchens and. Um, halfway houses, just places where people, you know, homeless shelters. And after that, what happened was Caesars got sued from people that claimed they were getting sick from this food. So now what they do, and this is somebody that, I mean, I'm not speculating. This is somebody that I actually know that is in the upper management that told me this. So now what they do, they said, basically, well, you know what? Fuck you. Okay. If you're really going to sue us, you know, claim that you're getting sick. So now every night, at least at Bacchanal, I don't know about the others, but I assume it probably is the same. They end up throwing out basically food, enough food to fill up a small city. Was it, you know, what it amounts to? I mean, they throw out the kind of food that people in poor countries in Africa and, and hell, even probably in the U.S., kind of food they'd never even see in their life. You know, a lot of people. Um, very, very wasteful. But yeah. again, you know, the argument was made that they started getting sued. Literally, they told me they had like a ton of pending lawsuits. Yeah, it's so stupid. We, there should just be a waiver that you eat this at your own risk, and they're not, they're yeah. not promising anything, and you can eat it if you want, and that's it. And uh, but well, yeah, that's so. Anyway, I don't know why they did away with this. There, there. My guess is there were either total rewards was getting too swamped with people that were redeeming this, and it was creating big lines, or or they just felt like too many people were redeeming it, and it, it wasn't worth it to them. The people were earning 50 tier credits, stopping playing, and not playing again to the next well, day. Well, the thing is, it, it would really, you'd think in theory, it would only have to be the locals that are hammering it, because most tourists aren't educated enough, and they're not going to come here just to hammer buffets and then stop playing. It just doesn't make sense. Um, so maybe that's so what I, it was. Maybe I would, they, maybe I they determined probably... it's locals doing it and they didn't like it. I'm sorry. Maybe yeah. Maybe that's what it is. They determined just it's just locals doing it and they didn't well, like that. And I and I don't say this in a negative manner, but they are a lot of Alan Kesslers out there. And when I say that, there are a lot of people. In fact, I'll proudly even say it that my my dad is one of those people that he's not a gambler. He doesn't. You know, he's never going to sit down and. You know, he'll bet the occasional sporting contest, but he's not going to sit down and, and, you know, fire up blackjack. But he has gotten – he's up on casinos lifetime. And he'll never be down because he does take advantage of things like this. Um, you know, so he'll go out there if there's something free, if there's a giveaway or, you know, the thing that we're going to talk about later with the Palms card, like that's another example. He'll do stuff like that that's positive EV, whether it's food or free play. And there are a lot of people that do that. So I, I would most likely side with – just them getting fed up with with locals and and the hassle of having to do it. Then you know, like I said, tourists aren't going to come to Vegas and go to Caesars just to play. You know, for fifty tiers, eat there, and then be done playing. It just it, it doesn't make sense. Yeah. I, I mean, would you agree? Yeah. 
I mean, most people come out here and they're so uneducated. I mean, I know I was before I moved out here that they don't even know these offers exist. Well, that's the thing. This was not even well promoted. I, I heard right. this like a month into it from someone else, and then I posted it on this site and I posted it on another site, the other site I run, and I, I, I hadn't heard of it till till. A while into it, and this wasn't promoted that well, and they they probably did figure that the only people who were taking advantage of it were locals who were just uh, uh, playing the the promotion. <laughs> but still, if you're going to offer the promotion, just it's not like they were offering it till December 31st, and they realize it's a fail and they want to kill it early. They're killing it on March 4th when it's going till March 31st. Just let the damn thing run till March 31st. It's just it's just dumb, in my opinion, to end this. So that's that's another thing that's happened, and. The final... And I would assume it would have to also be, like you said, just a lot of manpower being wasted because you know so much food gets thrown away anyhow. It's not affecting their bottom line. Even if even if 500 people in this city were going to various Caesar's properties on a daily basis, which I don't even think is true. I mean, who's going to keep eating buffets every day? But even if 500 people did that, it wouldn't it wouldn't affect their bottom line. I mean, it really wouldn't. Yeah, it probably was just the total rewards getting big lines, and they're getting complaints from the employees that it's clogging things up. It's probably something like that. So, uh, resort fees are going up again at Caesars. Resort fees at Caesars are reported going to increase to thirty two dollars at uh, certain properties and twenty nine at others. It'll either be twenty nine or thirty two everywhere in Las Vegas. So now resort fees, you have to understand that resort fees are not so much fees anymore, but more of a hidden price of the room where they just uh, chop a certain amount off the room and and that becomes the price kind of gets split off. And the way the reason they do this is so they can appear cheaper in the online search sites. So you go search on Trivago.com for the cheapest rooms and they come up cheaper than they really are because of the expensive resort fee. So it's to their advantage for the most part to have a high resort fee and a low base price for the way they're listed. The federal trade commission has commented that this is very unethical and they think it should stop, but for whatever reason, they're not taking action. They should take action. The Federal Trade Commission should make this illegal. It should make it to where uh, the price that is listed online is the price you pay other than government fees and taxes. That should be the rule, that if they don't want to put the government fees and taxes, fine, because that applies equally to everyone in the market, but that they, they should not be able to hide fees that are mandatory to mislead you into thinking that uh, it's a lower price and selecting a hotel falsely based upon that information. So they haven't taken action yet. I have to imagine in the future this is going to change. But for now, Caesars, which once was bragging they had no resort fees, now not only has them but keeps raising them. And it's, it's really become a joke. In Vegas, there's some really cheap properties that have resort fees, not Caesars properties, but some really, really cheap like downtown-type properties where the resort fees are actually higher than the base rate. It'll be like $15 a night to stay there, but a $30 resort fee. So it's just getting ridiculous. So that's that's changing here. The only good thing about the resort fee being split off is if you're a Diamond member and you don't always get comp rooms, a Diamond member at Caesars doesn't pay resort fees. So that's a way you're getting a discount on the room as a Diamond that you may not otherwise get. And uh, Seven Star doesn't matter because Seven Star you get the rooms free anyway. And Platinum used to get the resort fees waived, but not anymore. So... Uh, 
that is the the current story with with the resort fees. And now we're going to talk about the Palms, which Brandon, you told me. I have a few questions for you too because I'm getting conflicting information from someone else. There is a promotion. I, I posted about this initially because Brandon told me, and then some people have uh, said that the details are a little bit incorrect. But I'll, I'll let Brandon comment. The Palms is doing what's known as a status match, and the Cosmo did this at one point. I don't know if they still do, but uh, uh, a status match is where if you have a certain level card at a casino in the area, that you don't have to earn that same status at another group of properties. That the status matches, they're going to just elevate you to the top level. If you if you have a top level card with one property then uh, a completely different group of properties will elevate you to that same status. You don't have to earn it too. And the thinking is, if you're a high-limit player, you should be treated one like one from the beginning, not have to earn it all the way back just because you're playing at a different casino. So Palms is doing this now, where they're going to elevate you to, the, uh, to a level equivalent to what you have from another player's club. So, for example, if you're a seven stars at Caesars, that you will become what's known as a Hall of Fame member at Palms, which is their top-level card, and get the benefits that come with it. Now, you don't get, uh, like, room offers and free play and all that, but uh, what Brandon told me was that if you if you have seven stars or a Noir card at uh, MGM or anything, or, or a... Doesn't, it could be even chairman at Red Rock. Yeah, anything. In fact, in the, okay, this, let, me, let, me, let me just back this up. The reason how I became aware of this, I got a to our friends and neighbors offer in the mail, meaning it wasn't addressed to me. And in there, they had like, you know, match plays for various months. I think it was like February, March, discounts off restaurants. And then just was reading through it. And then in there, they had this match, status match, which they've done before. I did this maybe two years ago as well. Um, any level of the highest level, meaning, you know, they had even uh, casinos like the Silverton, which I don't even know what their highest level is, but they had a picture of what the Silverton's highest card was, stations, coast casinos, which is... Um, Emerald, I think. Uh, they had the Cosmo. They had Caesars, of course. They had the Venetian, which is the one I used. MGM. Uh, basically, I think every casino, like I think a casino like the Wind, they don't have different card statuses. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think they everyone just has that red card. I've never seen one different. But anyhow, uh, so that was what the offer was, and there's really no benefits for it, like you said, in terms of getting free rooms or monthly free play, but there were two benefits in it that I used, um, and I guess there's a third benefit you could use if you wanted to, and first off, the um, highest tier card at the Palms, it's called the Hall of Fame card, and then right below that is MVP, and I should actually also mention they did a second status match, meaning if you had the second highest card, at, at a casino, they'd give you their second highest card, which is uh, MVP, and then the highest is Hall of Famer. So anyhow, I went down there, went to uh, Palms Reward Center. I don't, don't know, what, forget what the name of it is, and I showed them my platinum card from the Palazzo, and they printed me up a Hall of Famer card, and I got free play that day, like literally right after the transaction that was added to my card, in which I did some video poker. It was with my dad, and he did the same thing. And then another benefit that they have, which I've already used, in fact, I used it last Sunday, is that if you're a, uh, this is for anyone, you know, that has a Hall of Famer card, you get four monthly movie passes to Brendan Theaters, 
which is a movie theater inside the Palms. Four tickets. You can use all four at once. You can use one at a time, three, then one, whatever. Okay, one month, like yesterday was March 1st. I haven't gone there, so I have four movie passes. If you had a second status, which is what my dad actually had, which is, again, the uh, MVP, you just you get free play. It was a lesser amount, and you get two movie passes a month. So that's all factual. I've done it. I've taken advantage of the, the movies already. Um, I went and I saw uh, The Big Short, and I also saw some chick flick movie. Uh, I'm not going to get into that. It's kind of embarrassing, but, you know, <laughs> gentlemen, I'm sure you know. You know what? Fuck it. I'll even say it. it's called How to Be Single. It was awful. Um, it, it's it's with uh, the kid that uh, Melanie Griffin and Don Johnson had. I don't know her name, but they had, like, some kid. Now she acts, and she's, like, a 20-something-year-old cute girl. So, anyhow, it was like a chick flick movie. It went there, and I saw it this past weekend after having an awful buffet at Caesars. So now I ask you, Druff, what are the different stories you're hearing? Because everything I've said is is 100% factual. What are, what's the riffraff? What, what, the, what they're saying is that you don't get $80 of free play. They're saying you get 40 Okay, I got 80 hmm. Everybody's claiming they get 40 Okay. And also somebody's saying that uh, this expires February 29th and not March 31st. Well, the, the offer that I got, again, this was a mailer. It wasn't directed to me. So maybe there are different periods. The one I got was towards the end of March. Well, you so, know what? I, I mean, I guess you could call them. Maybe there's various ones. Do you know what I'm talking about when they just mail I, I, I would, like Yeah, I would call generic. them right now. I wonder how late they're open. You think they're going to open? It's 1157. Maybe. Are they open right now? The, it either closes at probably 11 or 12. Yeah. You could call. Let's try it. Uh, let's see if I can get their phone number. Running short on time. Oh, no, no, it's till uh, 1 a.m. It says here. So i got to get the phone number here. Uh, that part's not easy. Fine. Let me see. Palm Club Palms. I mean, I'm sure you can just call the the main number and ask to be connected to the room. Yeah, I'm just going to do that. Here we yeah. go. Let's just find this out. Like, instead of just guessing. Okay. Let's just... And if it expired two days ago, then it's my bad. But mine said March. So I even made a point to make sure I went down there before March. I went down there just for that exact reason to get it done with. It'd be great if it's if it is February 29th and we're covering all this for nothing. Yeah, that'd be typical of the show. Thank you for calling whoa, the Palms Hotel. This is the Jay Yeah, you're, you're speaking. Uh, can you speak a little bit softer? You're like blowing out my ears. God. Hello. <laughs> yeah, you're a little bit loud. Can you turn that down? I'm sorry. Miss Molly. Hi, can we have a can you connect us to the reward center, please? Club Palm. Thank you. I'll connect you now. Damn. <laughs> Thank you for coming. Jesus. Yes. <laughs> when we're done, ask them to connect us to the Pokemon. Club Palms. This is Mitchell. Yes. Um, I I want to do the uh, the status match thing here, and uh, I, I'm a little confused about a few things. I have a seven stars at uh, at total rewards. So, and I know, are you still doing the status match in March? Uh, actually, no. The last day for that, I believe, yeah, the 29th. Oh, boy. Are, are you going to be doing it again anytime soon, or is it over? Uh, I think we might be doing it in June, but I'm not entirely sure about that. Now, is there a way, I, for some reason, I, I, I was told the 31st. Is there any way uh, an exception can be made, or is it just too late? I believe it's just too late. Unfortunately, um, there's no managers here at the moment. Uh, you could try talking to one of them maybe tomorrow. Okay. But uh, as far as I know, there's no way we can do an exception. 
All right. And and uh, just curious, uh, because I also got a conflicted answer on this. Uh, when Back when you were doing this on the 29th, if you were a top-tier card getting a Hall of Fame card, would you get $40 free play or $80? $40. I see. All righty. Well, uh, thank you very much. Sorry about that. Have- All right. Well, I sound like an idiot. Um, I, I don't know. I don't have an answer. I mean, I'm not lying. I could send you my little Palms card. Uh, huh. I don't. Well, what did you get that said? That, I, I believe you, but what did you get that said all this? Like a mailer? It, no, it was. It wasn't even addressed to me. Where I'm living now, uh, basically, I kind of use another residence as my as my mailing address. So I don't get any offers to my home where I live. I get everything at another address that I visit and pick up my mail. So I just got one of those friends and neighbors. You know, they do that a lot. Like local casinos would just spam you, basically. And it had one of those like little books that says up to fifteen hundred dollars in value. Oh yeah, yeah. I used to get you that. Know? It was called like Palms Winner's Way or something. whatever, something like that. Yeah, and that's that's where it was in. In fact, I didn't even notice it. And, you know, I just it was sitting on the counter, and I just grabbed it and I just started looking through it. And do you still have it? I may. I have to go look. Because if you if you have it, and but I'll I'm, tell you, I went down there with my dad. I mean, I'm not you know I'm, I'm not gonna lie about forty extra dollars. I went down there with my dad, um, probably the beginning of February, and he unfortunately. Didn't have a top tier card. He had a uh, uh, he was a president, which is a second highest card at Red Rock, and he used that. And he gets, like I said, you know, he got the MVP card from them, and gets two free movie passes. In fact, he went to a movie there tonight, and he got forty dollars in free play. And I ended up getting eighty. Um, I don't know if this is a different offer. I don't know if it was because I and I brought. Oh, losing Brandon here. Okay, here you're, oh. you're back. We lost yeah. you a little bit. So, so wait a minute. So, now, did you bring down that actual offer? You just like went down. No, I brought down the offer. Okay. So, if if you still have that, and it says March thirty first, and you, maybe you were getting double the free play, maybe it was till March thirty first. Maybe this is di- maybe the yeah. Palms Winter Way thing is different than the the one just offered to the general public. So, if you still have that, and I can just get it from you, then I could I can. Uh, I actually wanted to sign up for that, but I'm uh, I'm not going to be there. I mean, obviously, it's past February twenty ninth. I, I would be there in March, but not in February. So, hello. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I can hear you. So, so that's, that's well. Weird. He said they may do it again in June. I'm, I apologize if anyone. Uh, so, what was that? Three days ago, it expired, or yeah. two days ago? No, but I, I want to know about this winter way thing. It's, it could be a, a loophole around this. Okay. If, they, if the winter way says that it's still March 31st, while they don't have to do it, they, they probably will. Whereas if you just say, "Oh, I thought it ended February, March 31st," they probably won't do anything for you. And also, the fact that you got double the free play really makes me think it has to do with this winter way offer rather than the uh, r- rather than just the general offer. You probably got something better. So if you can find it, let me know. I will. And if you're down here, I, which you will be, I guess, for the WSOP if they do it again. And I know, like I mentioned, maybe they do it even more often than, than that. Um, the last time I did, I think, like I said, was two years ago. And if I hadn't just noticed this in the mail, I wouldn't have known they were doing it. It's not something they even promote. You don't see it on TV or, you know, on the radio, just, you know, it was a little mailer. And, you know, it had like match play for roulette or 10% off the coffee shop. It had like literally maybe 50 different coupons in it. Yeah. Um, and that's where I saw it. And, you know, like I said, I, I, free play isn't life-changing money or even think I ended up getting like 60 bucks out of it and playing – uh, quarter video poker, but I like the movie offer. That's interesting. Just to yeah, be able that to go, is. You know, four tickets a month. Yeah. So uh, let's. I want to call back right. the Palms, and I want to. I want to hear if they they answer the phone the same way again. Okay. I got. I got to hear. Come on, Palm here. Come here. Everybody, cover your ears. By the way. 
And if there's someone sleeping in your home, uh, make sure the volume is turned down. Thank you for calling the Palms Hotel. This is Angie. How may I assist you? Uh, hello. Colonel Audrey Fabersham here. Um, I called here earlier, and, and you were very, very loud when you answered the phone. It's like you answered like, hello, to the Palms, please. And I was I, like, so, so um, how do you... I do apologize. Unfortunately, it was just my, my mic was well, turned up, and I didn't realize uh, that. I, I, hate to, I hate to be the bearer of bad news here, but... Um, it is still rather loud. It's still um, blowing, not quite the same as before, but it's, I, I'd re- recommend uh, turning it down a bit more. Thank you. I will do that, sir. Yeah, so I'm just, I'm just telling you this because um, my ears are still ringing from the phone call. And, uh, you know, I, I, I had the, the, it right up to my ear, and I, I was kind of tired. I was, just, I was making a call just quickly to, uh, to inquire about something, and, and then it, it just woke me up. Now I can't fall back asleep. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not, I, I know these things happen. I just want to let you know that, um, you know, softer is better. Well, thank you. I appreciate that, and my sincere apologies. You're still a bit loud, by the way. You may want to just you know, dial it down a bit. Maybe make yourself about half as loud as you currently are. It'll be plenty loud. Thank you, sir. All right. I'll tell you, pip, pip, and let's get on with the uh, too loud thing. <laughs> I don't know. I've never had that problem before where I've called somewhere and the operator's just blurring your ear off. Only on this show. Like, what, what was the chance we'd call on this show and get something like that? Jesus. It's, it's not like a, a little business. This is the Palms. Why does the microphone even have that setting to be so loud? <laughs> I don't know if it was a Skype connection or if it was really, truly that loud. No, it was that, that loud. That's what was I, funny. I literally took off my headphones. <laughs> Jesus Christ. Oh, boy. Tilted Stone in the chat says, Brandon's story is like his attempt at running a show by himself filled with holes. This guy is just so critical tonight. Who is Tilted Stone? I don't know. First he said he was angry that I started late because he's in Florida, but that, now it seems like it's just constant negativity from him. So I don't know. He's usually, he's he's listens before, and I, I don't see this type of thing. He must be in a bad mood today. Maybe he's drinking? That's possible. We have some angry listeners from time to time, don't we? You know, I, I someone who I know that I'm not going to I'm not going to say who it is, but someone I know who lurks on Poker Fraud Alert. I get paid for this shit, and people are just everyone's a fucking critic. I'm sorry, somebody lurks and does what? Someone I know who lurks on the site read the radio thread tonight and said, "What is everyone's problem tonight? Why why are they giving you such a hard time in the radio thread? Why why is everyone being such an asshole to you?" And I said, well, that's just, uh, you know, the forum people, they just, uh, they get very critical and you just got to get used to them. And the, the average radio listener is a little more gracious than the average forum person. And, but tonight, I don't know what's wrong tonight. Everyone's just in a bad mood. And there's still these conspiracy theories from what I'm looking at in the thread about what happened to Daredevil. I thought we laid that one to rest. No, I, I had to answer that at the beginning. There's some, some guy called in named GG from Los Angeles, at least with the Los Angeles number, and he was, uh, he had a lot of questions for me, including the Daredevil, and everyone thinks there's a cover-up. And I, I keep telling them that if Daredevil wants to come back, he can come back. He, I said he just moved on to a different phase in his life, and that's what he did. And I'm not, I'm not going to go into it further because it's – Well, it's, that's it's, not our business to report. That's what business. I said. I'm not, I'm not giving away his private business. But nothing happened with any of us. Yeah. There's no falling out, no, no nothing. He just, yeah, it's, it's like if I don't spill like every little detail about his life, people don't believe us. So what am I supposed to do? Like I, I I'm not gonna. Well, you have to have him on radio. <laughs> we like, call I, him. I understand the the curiosity. I just. Uh, but there really is nothing behind. Yeah, it. there that, isn't. But that's the thing. People overthink. They always think there's more. I mean, and maybe that's our own fault because sometimes there has been more in the past. But I think, at least in the last couple of years, everything's been very transparent. 
Yeah, and, and also like, like there's, there's really been no secrets. There's nothing. Yeah, no- and, and look at like when Vowels left the show. She she left kind of for the same thing. She just kind of uh, moved on to something else. She doesn't post on forums anymore. She's just not part of poker so, anymore. And when I've when I when I haven't been around, it had nothing to do with you. I just I'm not gonna lie. I just would get burnt out or get busy. Yeah, you know, usually just kind of get burnt out. I mean, it, it you know, look, it's it's it, it, it's funny. The one thing I really had to do this week. That I, I mean, I had to be somewhere at a certain time, certain place, certain day. Was radio tonight, and I missed that by an hour and a half or hour. Well, fortunately, I, I started late, so it wasn't as lazy thought. Yeah. So no, there's nothing. There's no. Uh, everything is on the up and up. I mean, literally, Daredevil kind of just for his own reasons had some other things in life he wanted to pursue, and uh, you know what? I would even guess it and say you haven't heard the last of him. I wouldn't be surprised if he came on again, even if it was just for one sporadic, you know, episode. And, yeah, yeah, I could see him reappearing. And look, I'll be honest; he's great for radio. I like him. I mean, you know, the Northern California guy, but it was good. Uh, whatever happened to him? Trader Ruski, he's kind of become the old Brandon, kind of flaky <laughs> in himself. Comes on, then he falls asleep. I mean, where is that kid tonight? I don't know. Oh, oh, oh you know, um, oh, crap! I, I, I didn't get this prepared. He actually confronted Iovation at the uh, at a convention there in Vegas and asked him some questions, but I, I didn't send the sound file from my phone over to. Why does he even need an assistant full time? What's up with that? Well, he's he's got a business and he needs an assistant for the business. At like nine, ten, eleven o'clock, he needs an assistant. Well, I think the assistant comes with him to these uh, conventions and shows and stuff and has to... Like right him. now, do you think if he woke up and screamed at his assistant to make him some herbal tea, is there somebody there that would prepare it for him? No, no. The, the assistant's not a butler or anything. It's, it's not a butler or a maid. I think it's, it's an assistant who helps him with his company and anything related to his company, but not. Uh, I don't think the person lives at his house to, to get him tea. Yeah. But uh, do they still have like, that famous butler school in England? I don't know. Maybe, remember maybe, when everyone had to be? What was it? Remember they'd say I'm a butler trained by whatever. What what was the name of the the school? It's like know. the top Butler University. I don't remember. remember maybe. All the '80s, like I'm a like a Juilliard trained butler, but it wasn't <laughs> Juilliard. It was okay. Maybe Colonel Anyhow, uh, what, what what do we have left on the agenda? The Palms thing. Uh, I'm going to look into that, and I promise I'll do some due diligence and if nothing else. And next time they have this status match, uh, I'll, I'll make sure. Did I give enough notice? I, I don't know. It's very, very odd, all of this to me. Um, all right, let me get to the agenda here. Where's China? Did we lose him? Yeah, he just kind of fell off at some point. I don't, people just kind of fall off on the show. They don't. No one ever says goodbye. They just disappear. That's okay. They just ride off into the sunset and don't tell me. So, I've done that before. I know. That's why I said everybody. Yeah. <laughs> I'm the only one who can't. One night, you and that Hanson kid were going at it, and I just forgot about me. And then... Uh, I just said the hell with it. <laughs> hell with it. People just disappear. I know. Okay. Oh, hold on. See, you mentioned Trader Ruski, and look who appears. No, there's no way. It's after midnight. He's like a gremlin. When you're done walking the dog, bring up the tea. Oh, I'm sorry. Am I up? <laughs> <laughs> What's up, buddy? What's happening, guys? So you just listening the whole time. You don't even think to call in. That was, you know, I drove back from San Francisco tonight. Of course okay. you did. I was okay. My assistant was driving, and my cousin was with me, so it was kind of hard to uh, hard to talk. But I was enjoying the show. That's what's going on in San. So, so he did have the assistant tonight. You were right, Brandon. Mm-hmm. <laughs> what's going on in San Fran? The RSA conference. Oh, of course, the RSA is. How did I forget? What's yeah. an RSA? 
So it's it's like the top security company, and they make all the crypto. I'm sure Draft can give a much better explanation than I can. Yeah, <clears throat> but yeah. I, but I but Iovation was uh, exhibiting there, mm. so I did just ask. Uh, you know, I did, I don't know if you even listened to it, Draft, and how clear it came out. I kind of had my cell phone in my I mean the uh, my phone in my pocket to record it. Do you do you know the name of that school in England that all the good butlers graduated from? I don't, but you know, I did just hear of a website where you can hire, and I think it's a company out of Denver where you can hire a man or something for 125 bucks an hour. Well, what does he do for you, though? No, I think he's like a butler, basically, and can do whatever you want. I should tell Ken Scaler to sign up for that. Yeah. I know. I'm going to have to Google now. I figured someone in the chat would tell me. I just remember there used to be this one university that all they did was train butlers. I should I should go – Like I could be a butler and just use the Colonel Faberchamp voice. You could. <laughs> um, yes, yeah, so, so, is there anything else? All right. I'll, I'll go get your herbal tea for you right away. I'll make it nice and warm and uh, if, just uh, please ring if you need anything else. Tally-ho, pip-pip, and uh, let's get on with the evening. All right. Let's – Let's see here. So we, we've got the general topics here. Oh, no, no before that, quick update. Uh, Phil Galfond, uh, we mentioned on a previous show, he called out uh, some scammer named Sammy uh, Sammy something. Let me pull this up. Not Sammy Sosa. Can we talk about Trader Ruski more? Uh, we don't really know what's going on with him lately. Sure, <laughs> and I can tell you just my uh, quick conversation at the Iovation booth. I was pretty busy, but I went by. So I started talking to them about the product. I said, oh, what do you guys do? Like, I really didn't know what the company was and asked them a few questions. And then I looked. Oh, I said, oh, Iovation. I said, didn't you have uh, – wasn't there something that went on with the founder, something about poker or something? I just heard something about it. So then he basically went right into, you know, that, oh, this is just chatter on the Internet. <laughs> nothing's true. And as a matter of fact, we just got approved in Vegas and they never approved oh, a company wow. that wasn't squeaky clean. And, you know, that type of thing. Did you tell him that you're part of the fraud show? <laughs> I didn't. And then I didn't. <laughs> that's, that's funny. <laughs> and they. Yeah, you should you should have mentioned. Oh, yeah, by the way, so uh, is is Greg Pearson's wife still having sex with underage boys? I know. <laughs> no, let's get back to your assistant. No, actually, you know what? You know what I should have said? I should have said I should have gone there and I should have said, you know, I have a son who's 16 years old. He'd really like to meet the CEO's wife. I heard she's into that. Uh, can we arrange a date? <laughs> yeah, no, per, no, and you could have said you're interested in their in their software because. You're designing something. You have to verify that the people are under 18. Yeah. <laughs> does your assistant cook for you, Trader Ruski? He does not cook for me. He does not okay, cook. so it's really just a professional, like, you know, business stuff like faxing, taking calls, paperwork, that kind of thing? Paperwork. Like, if you, you asked know. him to whip you up like a egg white omelet, he would, he'd look at you like you're crazy? No, I, I, he'd, he'd do it, I'm sure, but I'll cook <laughs> An egg white omelet. But he, uh, no, but, you know, I'm trying to... Get him to just do sales and marketing. Trader Ruski, you don't seem like the kind of guy, though, that would like an egg white-only omelet. I see you as someone that likes a hearty omelet. Probably not just egg. I do just eat egg whites. So do I. Probably be a few more things. Wait, hold hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Why do people just eat egg whites? Do you understand? That's like '80s thinking, and usually I like '80s thinking, but not with this. Uh, In the '80s, there was a big thing about the. Some people don't like the taste of yogurt. Oh, okay, that, that's the only thing that would make sense because 
In the 80s, there was this whole thing about eggs being unhealthy and, and raising your cholesterol. Well, yolk has higher cholesterol. No, no, that, that, that's old thinking, though. That's not true, it turned out. It turned out that, uh, it? It turned out that uh, eggs were being vilified for this, for this cholesterol problem, and it really does not cause cholesterol. And not only that, but the high cholesterol is almost all related to genetics. And you could have China a, says there's less calories also in egg whites. That's that's that true. That's probably else. true. But but I'll I'll say this: that the cholesterol is almost all genetic. So you can have a terrible high fat diet and have good genetics, and your cholesterol is going to be low. And uh, and you could do everything right and have bad genetics, and your cholesterol could be very very high. And I've well, sometimes people. I don't do it for the health part of it. Sometimes I just don't want yolk. I don't feel like it, so I'll have a nice – like when I go to these buffets every once in a while, and this is like once or twice a year, I'll you know, go to these omelet stations and I'll say whip me up a egg white omelet and I'll, have, I'll throw a lot of veggies in it. Like I love onions and maybe some spinach and uh, some mushrooms, things like that. Um, for me, it's a taste thing. It's not. What about, you know, what about you, Trader Ruski? Is it a taste thing or a health thing? No, I mean it was more because of the health and – and then once I started eating egg whites, then it was just like nasty to not have, you know, to have. Really? So I, 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 I think the yolk is, I think the yolk is the best part. I don't. I think egg, egg whites are kind of tasteless. I, I think they taste great. Hmm. I mean, I'll, I eat them. I don't throw them away, but I, uh, the yolk is what I when, look forward when to. You, Trader Ruski, when, when you and your assistant stop off at a, a little uh, mom and pop restaurant on the side of the road at 7, 8 in the morning for a long day's work, what kind of eggs would you normally – what is your normal breakfast you're going to order? If you're like at a Waffle House or – I don't even know what California has, but whatever. It's 8 in the morning. They ask you. They give you some coffee, and you have the menu. What is your average breakfast? You know, usually no time for breakfast. So when but you're we, eating out. But, uh, no, but it would be uh, egg white omelet, mushroom, onion, Sounds good. cheddar cheese. Hmm. And do you go with maybe uh, home fries or potatoes? What do you ever do any of that? Yeah, I like the shredded potatoes and whole wheat toast. Okay, and Jeruff, what about you? And again, I don't want to remember before what I asked. No, you we're not going to we're not going to have a chicken incident. Okay. Don't worry. Yeah, I don't want that. I just I'm asking. People like to know. So, what, so what's the question? When you say it's eight in the morning, you're on a family vacation and you're out and about, and you're all just going to the neighborhood diner somewhere, and they say, Mister Druff, what would you like for your breakfast? What do you? What is the most Obvious thing we would see you order. Okay, I'll, I'll tell you what it is. I'm going to have uh, four eggs over hard. Wow. And I will have four eggs. Okay. Well, you know, I'm, I'm not a small person, so yeah, okay. And I got to and I have uh, uh, usually some kind of breakfast potatoes uh, or or hash browns. Do you like the spiced ones, or do you like the flat, like or like the chopped up potatoes? Like Trader Rooster, do you like the hash brown style? I like both. It, it, it doesn't really matter. Then I also – hold on. We have somebody to add to this. We have somebody to add to this. The Northern California guy is back. Oh, they all just come out of the woodwork. They, they all come – I think he's jealous that Trader Rooster's on, so he has to make an appearance too. Uh, uh, Daredevil's calling. <laughs> Northern California, good evening. What's going on, gentlemen? So, do you oversleep? Uh, no, actually, I had some friends that I hadn't seen in a long time that were in town who I don't get a chance to spend much time with, so I was with them, and I just got back and called in the call to listen line and uh, heard you guys were talking about eggs, so... Okay, I'm making a habit of hanging out with friends on Wednesdays now. It's bad precedent. Yeah, so so uh, anyway, I'm going to finish my answer. Yes, please. Four eggs, uh, 
some, kind, some, some kind of potato type thing. Mm-hmm. Then uh, I like bacon. Even though I'm a Jew, I like bacon. So I get I get bacon if possible. I don't like sausage though. It's got to be bacon or, or nothing else. No other meat. I don't like ham. I don't like sausage. But bacon, yeah. yes, I like bacon. And then and with bacon though, I don't like. I kind of like it in the middle. I don't like when it's too hard. See, I love it extra crispy. No, I, 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 I hate that. It has to be extra crispy. No, I, I hate that. I don't like the extra crispy, but I don't like when it's too rubbery either. I want it like right in the middle. Then uh, then I, I like to have like a bagel with cream cheese. That's where the Jew comes out. And and also a bagel and lox too. I'll sometimes have a bagel and lox. This is where I sometimes go crazy. Like at a, a, a good breakfast buffet or a decent breakfast buffet. Not like a fail one like at a Holiday Inn, but like one where, the, where they have an egg station and all that. Right. I'll have the four eggs over hard. I'll have the bagel and lox. I'll have the the breakfast potatoes. I'll have uh, uh, usually some fruit. Uh, it's it's kind of like uh, a breakfast version of my meal at uh, Live at the Bike. Now, are you a coffee drinker? <laughs> no, no, I, I've never liked coffee. So, so what do you have? Like freshly squeezed orange juice? Maybe? Yeah, well, if if I can have a good orange juice, then yes. Otherwise, I just have water. When you say good, you mean not from concentrate? No, it can be from concentrate. It just can't be like, like Minute Maid grade orange juice. That that orange juice sucks. But it's got to be like uh, a decent orange juice. Like I like Tropicana orange juice, for example, but not Minute Maid. Yeah. Or, or Fresh Squeeze is good. So anything like that. And uh, otherwise, I just have water. And uh, and that, that's that's basically it. But I, uh, now, I'm very strange with my eggs. I I I'll tell you. We haven't even mentioned this, but I love. When I am in the mood for yolk, I'll even ask Trader Ruski. Trader Ruski, when I'm in the mood for some yolk, what kind of eggs do you think I have? Over medium. Nope. Northern California, when I'm in the mood for some yolk, what kind of eggs do you think I have? Over easy? Nope. Druff. Scram- I think outside the box, guys. Scrambled. Druff. Nope. No. Hard boiled. Nope. Uh, Keep going. Nope, nope. Someone in the chat said it. I am professional talk. Nailed it on the first one. Poached. Oh, wow. Poached. Have you guys ever had a poached egg? Only a couple times. I, 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 I think they're delectable. Really? See, I, I'm not really into that. Have you ever tried a poached egg? Yeah. Oh, okay. So I have my poached egg. I'm like the two of you. Get a potato on the side. You know what? I don't really like hash browns anymore. Kind of like the potatoes that have like onions in them and a little bit of seasoning. Yeah, what home are they fries. Called? Home fries. Yeah, have some home fries. Um, I'm not much of a toast person. So usually if I have an option, I'll do a bagel like Druff or maybe even an English muffin. Um, and uh, that that's real. I couldn't eat four eggs and a bagel with lox and potatoes and fruit. That's too much for my morning. Uh-oh. We're losing Brandon again. Brandon. Really? I mean, what the hell is going it's, on out here? No, no, we get like a cutout. Like it just kind of cuts and then, then, I, then you come back. I don't know. Yeah. So, hmm. yeah, you know, uh, I, I usually don't have breakfast, and I got used to that all the way back as a kid. Uh, I would always sleep to the last moment I could possibly sleep, and then I just wouldn't have time for breakfast, and I wouldn't be hungry in the morning. I, I wouldn't feel a need for it. So the only time I really have breakfast is when I'm traveling, and this is true for the World Series. I also don't eat in the morning for the World Series. The World Series, I just, uh, unless it's like a late event, but if it's an event that's... Uh, it's at 11 a.m., 12 p.m. I, I just wake up and go down. And I, I can go a number of hours without really getting hungry. Uh, but if I need to eat, I can. So, like, when I really eat breakfast is when I'm on vacations. And the reason, um, yeah. the reason for that is that uh, 
you don't want to. A lot of times, you don't want to stop in the middle of the day for lunch. It kind of interrupts the day. It's like inconvenient. So you're right there at the hotel. That's when it's good to eat breakfast. And and then I, I want to eat a lot, so I'm full for uh, uh, yeah, a while. Oh, let me just and we'll get off this food category. But it's kind of you know getting to know your co-hosts and whatnot. Traderuski, if I went into your cupboard right now, what kind of cereal would I find? Um, honey and honey oats. What is this? I just bought it actually. Honey bunches of oats. There you go. Thank you. <laughs> I love this guy. Very good. <laughs> honey, very good. In Northern California, what would we find in your cupboard? In my cupboard, you would probably find some organic, uh, GMO-free granola. Jeez. He, he really does live off the land. You're not kidding. No, but I, but that's but if that's what you find in my cupboard, what I would cook, like I cooked this morning, was an omelet with some home fries. Well, I'm talking cereal wise, though. Just throw some uh, milk on, on it. Like, what what kind of cereal would we find? Just the um, granola. There there might be some cinnamon toast crunch in there if I'm feeling okay. like something sugary. And, and what about you, Druff? Well, I I don't really eat cereal, uh, but uh, but Benjamin does. So there's cereal here. Uh, so we have like honey nut Cheerios and Kicks. Oh, okay. Yeah, Kicks being uh, kid tested, mother approved. I have a type of cereal, and it, it's it's a brand name. Everyone knows of it, but it was not any of the mentioned cereals. Giraffe, what kind of cereal do you think I have when I have some cereal? It's kind of old school. It's been around. My grandparents fed it to me when I was like, I remember when I stayed over at their house on the weekends when I was a kid, and I just kept eating it. Wheaties? No, close, very close. Traderuski. Cheerios. Oh, Druff? Uh, how about, uh, let's see. How, how about this? I know what you're about to play. What's up, Sugar Bear? I think something new is cooking with super golden crisp cereal. Mmm, mmm. It tastes good. This is my favorite. Sugar Bear, you'll be my tasty breakfast. You want something yummy? Let me tickle your tummy with my crisp and yummy post-super sugar crisp cereal. It's like 10 minutes of these. I'm not going to play them all. I'm Actually, to... it is Special K. Special K. That's, yes. That's, that's, like, that's like so like early 80s. Okay, well, what do, you, what do you want from me? Now, actually, I've kind of changed it up. They have this Special K now that has like these dried strawberries that are in it. It's very, very good once you throw some milk on it. Um, and also, this is just... People know this, and this may sound weird. I do not drink regular milk. It's not that I'm lactose intolerant or anything like that. I just I don't like it. So I have a milk substitute that I started using about maybe seven years ago that I love. Okay, and I, you'll never see me drink regular milk ever. Was it al- almond, almond milk? I, it is almond milk. Very good. And I, I, I've, any of you guys ever tried almond milk? That's all I drink. Unsweetened vanilla. Yep, that's what I drink too. Wow. No shit. And I know the Northern California guy, if you're eating granola, you're drinking the almond milk, right? You know, I should try getting almond milk for Benjamin. This is what happened. He, of course, as a baby, he loved milk. And then as he got older, uh, he started getting away from liking it, and then he started refusing to drink it. And I, I can understand that because that's how I felt around his age. And then uh, so so I ended up drinking chocolate milk, and I would have a big glass of chocolate milk before I go to sleep every night. And and this is actually carried over to adulthood. I don't drink chocolate milk anymore, but uh, they got me used to always having like a, a big high calorie drink before I go to sleep every night. And and I can't really break that. But uh, anyway, 
with Benjamin, he just won't drink milk anymore. He'll drink chocolate milk, but he doesn't love it. Get him that almond milk. I'm Maybe telling you, it tastes milk. great. It, 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 it's healthier and it tastes great. I, I China said, yeah, it's the unsweetened. Uh, I don't even know the, the brand of it. I, I mean, I know when I see it. What's the brand you drink, uh, Trader Ruski? Um, I drink uh, the uh, what's this, the, the same one they have uh, that's Starbucks. Silk, silk. Okay, no, I don't. There's silk, and then there's another brand that's good too. I'm sure it's one of those too. Okay, I'm gonna we're like gonna almond little... breeze or something. Yeah, so I, that's the one I yeah. drink. We're gonna do a little field trip here. While you're looking for that, I did text over the manservants.co website. Okay, let's see here. Let Skype see. though, drop. I don't know if you can get it that way. Oh, it's in Skype. Well, I texted it through the Skype. Oh, through Skype. Yeah, I, th- I can get that. I think. Uh, yeah. All right, I see it. Oh, manservants.co. Yeah. You're not kidding. Hello, my lady. This is a real service with unreal happenings. It's Join Blue our... Diamond Almond Breeze. Blue Diamond. Right. Yeah, Blue Diamond. Blue Diamond Almonds. But Blue, Blue Diamond Phillips. Blue Diamond Phillips. What? No, Blue Diamond. Oh, okay. Remember when they were giving away the almonds at the World Series? If you had, remember they did the jacks, and then that yeah, year, would you get the beef jerky? Then the next year they did almonds. If you had aces, <laughs> no one remembers that. I don't remember the, the almonds. I remember the jacks links that they gave away. Yeah, no. Remember, listen. I used to joke about this all the time, and and I still think it's hilarious. You guys, what do you think a little container of that jack links beef jerky costs? At the Not series? even in the store, but what do you think it costs for them to make? The packaging, the dried meat, what does beef jerky cost? What's a true cost? Like a small package? Yeah, just so the, what, what, what the package you're giving with the World Series, I guess it would be a small, maybe I'd call it a medium. That's probably I mean, the one that sells in stores for like eight bucks, right? So what do you think? I mean, I, I, Druff, don't answer. No, it's probably, like five, it's probably like five bucks at the store if you're thinking the right one. Yeah. No, Druff, don't answer, please. At this point, I need you to meet yourself. Trader Ruski in Northern California, guy. I know neither one of you are heavy poker players. So maybe I think this was seven, eight years ago. They had this promotion because uh, Jack Link's beef. What the hell is that? I don't know. Somebody, somebody's doing it. Jack Link's beef jerky was one of the biggest sponsors for the World Series. Even when you'd watch it on the – on the ESPN, they'd have a little thing of beef jerky in the right-hand corner. Now, they had a promotion one year in which everyone that played in any WSOP event, again, not the, uh, what do they call the daily, the, the daily ones and the, the other mutts, no, had to be an official WSOP event, you could get some beef jerky. Trader Ruski, Northern California guy, what do you think you had to do to get it? To win it. You know no, I played that year. I don't even remember. I, I think it was, yeah, wasn't it something? Oh, wasn't it like quads or something? Ridiculous? Yes, but it, it was quad jacks. But oh, this is a kicker. Jacks. If you didn't flop them, you wouldn't get the beef jerky. <laughs> like, it's not hard enough to make quad jacks. But you <laughs> was that like a cross promotion with, with, uh, with a snake in the grasses site? I'm sorry? Was that a cross-promotion with a Snake in the Grass's Quad no, Jack site? It, 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 no, it's just because Jack Links was the oh, name I of see, I see. Jack's and, you know, the beef jerky. So I actually remember, I did not flop Jack's that summer, but I do remember somebody at a table either behind me or next to me flopping Jack or, or turning Jack's 
whatever it was. And they actually called a foreman and they wanted their beef jerky. It was an older man. I think he was just actually hungry. And they would not give it to him because he did not flop them. Jeez. I mean, shouldn't the promotion just be make quad jacks? How much can they lose here, guys? No, it's, it's stupid. It's idiotic. I mean, you have to flop them? So, so how much does it cost per pack? You never answered that. Oh, I was asking you guys. I don't know. I think tra- I think Trader Ruski's right. Like about eight bucks. Yeah, no, 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 no. Well, well no, there's a few different. I can tell you this. There's a few different types of packs. There's the uh, what you think is the is probably a medium. Is probably is the small. The, the package is just kind of big, but there's not that much in there. Uh, yeah. That's probably the one they gave away. That one's around five dollars. And there's a bigger one. I've never seen eight dollars. There's like a, a small one for five dollars and a big one for like thirteen dollars. No, hmm. I don't think the Jack Links uh, draft because I think that's the one you would think is five dollars, and then you see it seven ninety nine. I think he's right, Druff. I've I've bought this a number of times, not recently, but I've bought it a number of times. It's like a small, I'm telling you, a small one around four or five, and there's a, a big one around like 12, 13. You know, Trader Ruski, we got to send your ass off to San Francisco more often. You seem like you're refreshed and revigorated tonight. I mean, it's 12, what is it, 12.32, and you're, yeah. you're, you're at a peak performance right now, kid. Yeah, he is. No, yeah, I drank I drank some coffee at 10, oh. so I get some work done. So <laughs> I'm, I, I see. Uh, All right, well, so, listening. so, yeah. uh, Let's let's see. I want to talk mm. about. I want to talk. Hold about- on. Well, I'm sorry. One last thing, and I'll, I'll make it fast. So I ate at the Bacchanal buffet. Oh yeah, I forgot about uh, that. This past Sunday, the reason why I went, I went is because I lost uh, four hundred dollars or so playing the no fold and bought at Harris. So they sent me an offer for some food coupons and free play. So I had a, a voucher for for fifty dollars off for at. Uh, any Caesars restaurant or Harris, Caesars, whatever. Normally what I have done in the past is I'd go to, uh, and I know Druff doesn't like it, but I'd go to, what do you call it, the, the seafood place at the Rio. Um, that's closed now. Uh, what the hell is it called? Jesus. No, I, no, I didn't dislike it. I just, I just didn't. Buzios. Yeah, Buzios. No, it was, it was yeah, okay. I, I, went there, I went there sometimes during the summer. So anyhow, Buzios is now closed. Um, and they put in a new Mexican restaurant, but that's not open yet either. So I ended up going because it's been about, geez, I think the last time I ate at that buffet was with you and Jeannie and Karina. So it's been a number of years. I went right when it opened, I think twice. So I went there. The first thing I noticed, well, and let me just tell you. So the buffet with with my coupon, uh, it still ended up at $50 off. It still was like $67. So it's like 59 plus tax a person, something like that. So the first thing I noticed was in that little glass area on ice, they had stone crabs right next to oysters, which I'm thinking, wow. Like, I, you know, stone crab's the only place I've ever heard that I can get these in Vegas is at Joe's Stone Crab, which, funny enough, is in the forum at Caesars. So I see stone crabs sitting in there. So after I pay, I get my plate and some seated. I start walking around, and I'm looking in the seafood area. They have oysters that wouldn't even touch. They looked awful. And they have shrimp, and they have uh, scallops and other, you know, seafood on ice. There's no stone crabs. So I ask uh, one of the cooks, I'm like, hey, where are the stone crabs? You know, I see them in the case here right when you walk into the line. What do you think they told me? I don't know. What they they're, for dis- they're, they're for display only. They don't carry them. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, really? No. <laughs> so wait, what's the point? So they never have them? They weren't just no, out that day? No, they don't day? carry them. Wow. Makes sense because those things – uh, you know, I'm from I'm from Florida, and I never until I moved out to Vegas, I was never more than in my entire life, thirty minutes at most from the beach, and 
by far, you know, I love seafood. Uh, you know, I, I fished a lot. I, I mean, I've always loved seafood. Stone crabs are by far my favorite seafood in the world. If you're a crab person and, you know, you think uh, Alaskan king crab is the best crab, try stone crab if you've never had it. It's fucking amazing. Uh, it's in season from October to May. Any other time of year, you can still get them, but they're going to be frozen. Uh, the only place in Vegas, again, that I know of that carry them, are, at least regularly that I've even seen, is Joe Stonecrab, which is in the form. So, anyhow, I'm thinking, when I walked in, I'm like, there's no way they can carry these because they're, they're a colossal, which is the largest claw, the biggest stone crab claw that they make. I'd say it's maybe maybe half of a pound. They usually sell for about $50 a claw at, at Joe's. That's what the market value is. So, anyhow... Again, you know, I my point was proven because they don't carry them. It's only for display. Yeah, that's unbelievable that they display something they're never going to carry. A yep. buffet bait and switch. <laughs> yes. yes, that's what it is. Yes. <laughs> yes. So anyhow, nonetheless, uh, I was very less than impressed by the food. Um, it it the oysters which I had had the other two times. You know, these are raw oysters. Uh, looked like. I mean, they were Louisiana oysters, which are the cheapest, you know, no offense to anyone living in the South, they're the cheapest oysters in the world. You know, I mean, if you want Komodos or Blue Points, oysters even in Japan, they're a lot more expensive. Weren't good quality, didn't touch them. The prime rib, uh, both me and my date had a slice of prime rib, and neither one of us could even eat it. We had one bite, and it was just so chewy. Uh, you know, even we cut off the fat part and just, you know, it couldn't be eaten. Um the quality has gone down. There are some items I noticed that they used to carry that they didn't. Um, and the meats I had, I got just a sample. You know, I know it sounds really bad because so many people are starving, but what I'll normally do at a buffet is I'll get things even if I know I'm not going to eat it all, and I'll just kind of sample it, because especially a buffet like that at Caesars where there's 450 different dishes, you can't really eat a whole, you know, Kobe burger and a big, you know, thing of ribs and, and keep going on. Um, but anyhow, overall, the quality had gone down. I'll even say to anyone listening, this isn't a bash. This truthfully isn't a bash at Caesars, but please don't waste your time. Don't spend $60 a person and go there. It's, it's not worth it. I mean, it's not worth it. It's, it is not, it's gone down. I mean, obviously, they want to do, uh, start saving some money. Well, not only that, um, they, they have a, a big line a lot of times, too. If you're, if you're not a Diamond or yeah. Seven Star, then it takes a long time to get in there. Yeah, especially on the weekends. Um, right now, if I had to recommend a buffet, if you wanted to go to a buffet, I'd have to say the Cosmo would be the, the choice to go to. Um, if you want to spend a little less money, I haven't been there in a while, but I've heard that the M Buffet, which is on Las Vegas Boulevard, but further down, it's uh, south of Mandalay Bay, still has a very good buffet. Um, but anyhow, the, thing, the, the items weren't hot. Uh, the one thing I will say that, that was still decent there, I had a, quite a bit of sushi that they make ready to eat, meaning it's not like just sitting there for hours. Um, and it's just basic stuff. It's tuna, salmon, yellowtail. I had that. That tasted fine, but the meats were terrible. Um, I also had a little bit of chicken sausage. Uh, wasn't very good. Uh, the prime rib, literally, we, we tried to eat one piece and we spit it out. It was just that chewy. You could not eat it. That, that's, it a, that's a problem that uh, recurs at a lot of buffets. And I'm not saying it should have happened here at an expensive buffet, but uh, that's something that's very common with buffets that I've noticed that the prime rib looks good when they're cutting it. It looked delicious. It was it was medium yes. rare, just like I like prime rib. It looked amazing. But, I mean, my first problem was 
I didn't have a steak knife. They just gave us kind of like oh, I hate that too. Knife. I hate that too. Yeah, but they were just like normal table knives, and we could not cut through it with the normal table knives. So yeah, that that's a very us. common thing with with the prime prime rib buffets looking good, but then being very tough. Yeah. Yeah, it's too bad it's gone down. It was pretty good last time I was there. I mean, it wasn't as good as when I went with you that time uh, a number of years ago, but it was it was fairly good. But this is probably two years ago when I last yeah, went. Yeah, that but, was the last time I was there before. So, so but yeah, I'm, it, I'm, if, if if nothing else, you know, obviously I don't know shit about Palms offers because something's a problem. I know my food, and I'm telling you guys, if you're coming out here with your wives, husbands, kids. Sixty fucking dollars a pop, and even if you're like an eight year old or six year old, you're still gonna have, you're still gonna make you pay. There's not a, I think it's like three or under for like a children's price. Don't waste your money. It's so overpriced. You're gonna be dissatisfied. That's, that's another problem I have is that buffets that have gotten really expensive. It's just not worth it because no matter how good the buffet is, this is my opinion at least. Uh, it's never gonna be as good as as like a decent quality restaurant. So they're substituting quantity for quality and if you're going right. to pay 60 dollars anyway per person uh, go out to a nice meal well that's the thing though when when that when the buffet first opened there it promoted itself as being the best buffet in the world um the most items and even got national acclaim i remember there was an article in usa today about it and other uh news outlets just because it had more items and you know it was, it was supposed to be like the world's first real real gourmet buffet um but now, like you're saying, you're right. At sixty plus a pop, I guess what two people with tax are talking like 130, 140 bucks. I mean, you could eat at Spago, you could eat at a variety of steakhouses. Yeah, you know, just just go to a good restaurant, and that's and have a better meal that way. I just don't. I think a, a buffet. I think that almost defeats the pers- purpose of a buffet. The buffet originally was for to have a lot of food for a low price, and and uh, I understand. To have some more expensive ones where the food is better quality, but once the price point gets too high, the problem is they're cooking too much food too quickly for too many people, and it can never be that good no matter what they do. Uh, so I, I think a, a restaurant, once it gets to the point where it's the price of a decent restaurant, you might as well just go to a decent restaurant instead of a buffet. Yeah. And the the, uh, the other one thing I will add, I don't recall this being the case when I've eaten there prior um, and I don't even know what it would be for a seven star. I'm only a, a, a diamond now, but, uh, when I sat down and I showed my diamond card beforehand, uh, I was told by my server that as a diamond member that myself and my guest each get a one glass of either red or white wine for free. So I'm, I'm just saying, be that as may, if you do go down and you have one of these cards, ask for the free wine. I didn't know if, that. if, if you drink wine. Um, I did not. It's probably crappy wine, but I didn't. It was. It was awful. (laughs) Yeah, of course it was. So okay, let's talk about the uh, general topics here. Uh, First, before we get to the political, what we need to do is every five to seven minutes we have to check on Trader Ruski, and I don't want him to fade out. Okay, well, Trader Ruski, are you with us? I'm good. Oh wow, (laughs) he sounds alert too. Okay, I think he's Northern California. You still with us? Oh yeah, yeah. He uh, he seems he seems to do a good job staying away. Trader Ruski, once the herbal tea comes out, that's when we have our problem. Mm-hmm. So, okay, I have always had a fantasy about being on like a terrestrial radio station, which just back when I was a kid was just a radio station because there was no internet radio, of course. So I would I would listen to the radio. I, I listened to music on the radio a lot. I listened to uh, the Dodgers on the radio on AM. I, I, I heard the radio. I just seemed so cool. 
to be on the radio. I even called into radio shows for that reason, just so I could be on for a few seconds. So I actually, I did college radio. So the one thing that I have not been able to do with this show where any of the previous uh, poker shows have been on has been on is to be on a radio station that actually has a terrestrial signal. This is internet radio. This is a, a podcast for those of you who get it that way. I, I don't want to just call this a podcast because a podcast is something that's not live. It's a fraud show. Yeah, it's a fraud show. So it, it's just not a, an actual radio show. At best, you can call it an internet radio show, but a radio show is something that transmits over the air, and this does not. So that's always been like a little bit of an emptiness that I feel with this show, that we don't have an actual radio station, as the well, Let me ask you this. This is a true test. If we committed some sort of financial money-wise crime, could they tap us with the wire fraud? Because it was conducted over some sort of phone line, wire line, radio line, something like that. Um, yeah, what I'm yeah, saying? yeah, they actually could. But uh... so wouldn't that kind of then, by definition, make us a real radio station? Since we're over some sort of airwaves, <laughs> that's kind of a stretch. But so right. anyway, I was the reason I'm bringing this up is that uh, we've talked about the Brady Hoke show that competes with us. Mm-hmm. It's actually even on the same day. It's on Wednesdays, not the same time. It's at 5 p.m. Pacific time. It's on a station in Las Vegas called KSHP 1400 AM. And it's an hour show. I don't know how it gets it done in an hour because I wouldn't be done with the agenda by then. But uh, he, he does this every week. He gets real guests on there, a lot better than we get. And, and most importantly, he gets sponsors. He has a lot of sponsors. I mean, he, he had his booth, which may have been expensive because like the Hanson kid was saying it cost like 10K or 15K to get a booth there. I don't know if he paid that much, but he was right outside one of the tournament rooms, like the Brasilia room or something. He was right outside of it on the side where the bathroom is. And he had a big display up with all the different sponsors. And I, it, was, it was an impressive display. I'm thinking, wow, we don't have that kind of budget, but and we don't have those kind of sponsors. So I was just looking at a curiosity to see what if we wanted to be on a terrestrial radio station in Las Vegas like Brady Hoke is? Because... He's not on because they hired him. He's on because he pays for it. He pays for his airtime. It's, it's what's known as brokered time. And this is becoming more and more common in the radio industry, especially small stations, small and smallish medium stations, never big stations because it's uh, the cost for brokered programming would be too much for the most part. But uh, stations that have a weak signal and basically no ratings sell airtime for a lot less money than you expect. So if you wanted to get a show at KSHP on the worst time slot, how much do you think it would be per month, Brandon? And how many shows are you getting? One hour a week? One, one hour. How much is one hour on KSHP on the worst time slot they wait, have so to four, So wait, you're four hours a month is what you're saying? No, forget that. Just Let's just say one hour on them any time. Let's say once a week. Okay, so you're saying per show. What, per show, right. Per, you're saying the hour. worst time spot, so like at 2, 3, 4 in the morning? Or, yeah, something like that. What, what would that be? I mean, I wouldn't know, but I'm going to guess. Uh-oh. Under an hour? Wait, you cut out. What was it? I'd say 250 to 500 an hour. Well, what I heard when you cut out at first, I, I heard you now, but you cut out, I heard 100 an hour, and I was about to congratulate you, but you be correct. It's actually 100 an hour for the worst time slot on KSHP. And I'm assuming for the best time slot it's that they have available. They're not all available because they have their own programming. 
But but at de- for decent time slots, like uh, Brady Hoke has a very good one at 5 p.m., which is like drive time. Uh, it, but he, I, I have to imagine it's probably double of that. It's probably 200, maybe Wait, triple. Wait, so if I wanted to start my own live terrestrial radio, what have you, at the 1400 channel in the middle of the night, I just go down there whenever I want. It's 100 bucks on the visa. Well, not, not what, if you're on a schedule. You can't just go whenever you want. But, uh, but uh, yes, if you, but you, you pick your time slot. So listen, this is right off their own website, kshp.com. Host your own radio show. You had to go to the right link to get to this, but uh, it's a long URL. But host your own radio show. Be on the air with your very own show. Rates as low as 100 per hour. Now, I know what that means because I, I know very well of another station that does this in the San Bernardino, California area. And on that station, that's a real fail station, by the way. Like, hardly anyone listens to that thing. But you can be on that for as low as 75 per hour and 150 during the better times. So I'm I'm imagining that they probably do the same thing here, where it's probably 100 and 200, or maybe 100 and 250. So Brady Hoke, he he definitely doesn't get 100, I'm guessing, because he has a very good time slot at 5 p.m. But he, he probably pays 200 or 250 per hour, is my guess. So this may sound like a bargain, because if you think about it, like just buying a commercial on the radio is typically around that on on a smaller station. So why? I had some since we've been on the air. I've had some Vietnamese food and a pizza. I'm already stuck about sixty bucks. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, so I'm eating cashews that cost eight dollars right now. So, so why wouldn't I do this? Why am I not uh, rushing? What do you mean you? Why is it always about you? Us, us. You got four. Okay, people fine, on the fine. Line. Do you want to pay for it? You, uh, why wouldn't Brandon? Well, it would this? be a collaborative effort. Oh, okay. Why would you say? Well, why? Well, I, I thought I'd have to pay. Yeah. That's why. I, I was thinking that I'd have to pay for it. That's why. I didn't think you'd be paying. That's that's why I said me. I was trying to take the financial burden myself. But what would, what, what, you'd have to move out to Vegas to host a middle of no, the not, nece- not necessarily, because uh, I know at least this one in San Bernardino and many others that sell brokered time, you could do it over Skype. And you do have a station engineer that uh, that handles things like screens, phone calls, and all that. So, so why why not do this is the question. And I'll, I'm about to answer that. I'm not really asking this. I'm asking and then answering the question. Why not for this very economical sounding rate, why not be on a station like KSHP for $200 an hour? Even if you just do an hour there or something. Well, there's a reason... An hour, an hour wouldn't even cover nothing. Well, that's not... Even if you could. Let, let's say I, I could be less long-winded and, and get what everything done. What about we? We, we, we. <laughs> say we Bruce, are you there? Let's say we could all be less long-winded and, uh, and do this all in an hour. Uh, why? Why would you not do this? Any idea? Because you would have to be more edited. That that's one that's one reason. But uh, uh, these radio stations have nobody listening. When I say nobody, I really mean just about nobody. So if you look up KS, the radio ratings in the Las Vegas market, the Las Vegas market is 1.7 million people. Each rating point means one percentage of listeners. Don't they, they call that a share? No, a share is different. A share is actually a, a percentage of people listening. This is percentage of the population. So one point in ratings means you have one percent of the population listening to you. Now, they go all the way down to 0.1 when they rate your stations. If you're less than 0.1, then you are zero rated. And they round up, provided it's 0.1. Provided it's past 0.5. So as long as you're at 0.05% of the listening audience that you reach, then you show up as 0.1. So let's run the numbers here. Las Vegas has 1.7 million people. 1% of 1.7 million people 
is 1,700. That would be, uh, or sorry, that's uh, that oh, one. one 0.1% oh, is 1700 Let me ask you, if I was in that booth by myself and I bought some time and I just started screaming and I locked the door and I just started screaming at the top of my lungs, Daniel Shriver, I'm a goddamn subscriber, over and over, would the guy beat down the door to come remove me? No, because nobody would be hearing you. Uh, that's what I'm trying to get to. So so 1700 uh-huh. is the number for 0.1, but then you add, half of that would be 0.05, so that's 850. So what this means is that the very most... KSHP would have 850 listeners. If they had any more than that, they'd show up in the ratings, and they don't show up in the ratings. But that doesn't mean they have 850 listeners. That means they can't have more than that on average. Listen, you put me in there for a couple of weeks, and I guarantee you we're having some fun at 4 in the morning, and I, I, I have a couple thousand people listening. No, I'm telling you you won't. I'm, I'm, I'm telling you I would. Okay, I've watched this play out. I've watched this play out. Not at I would do giveaways. Be call well, number nine. If you gave away win, a lot of, if you the, gave away a lot of fifty dollar voucher to the fucking box. No, no, you won't. I'm going to tell you some stories. If you, yeah, now, if you're giving, if you're giving out like a thousand dollars, then word got around, and you're you're doing it regularly, then yes, you get listeners. But if you're giving away fifty bucks, no, I'll, I'll tell you then some I stories. Have C money bank me. I'll, I'll, then maybe you're okay. But let me tell you some stories. On this equivalent station to KSHP in San Bernardino, they had San Bernardino is a very impoverished area. This is a place where people aren't rolling in money. This is where they they people need every penny they can get. This station had a promotion that at lunchtime you show up to a local hamburger place and you get a free hamburger and fries, free. Now nobody had to go very far to go there. There was no catch. You would think this place would be mobbed, especially in a, in a poor area. They got six people. Six people came down. So, and you know, think about when a, a station gives away something that has an audience, the place would be mobbed. But six people came down. Was it, Ken Scaler one of those six? No, he doesn't. He would have been, but he doesn't live in the area. But uh, that there's just nobody listening. So, Brandon, if you gave away fifty bucks, the problem is. Nobody would hear that you're giving away 50 bucks. And there, 50 bucks is not big enough to where it create a buzz. That people wouldn't be like telling their friends everywhere, oh, you got to listen to win this 50 bucks. No one's going to go out of the way to listen for 50 bucks. You have to already have listeners who then will have the interest to win, but you won't have them in the first place. And it's so maddening on these stations because you can try and try and try, and these stations themselves have no marketing. They, they don't ever market KSHP. You don't see any ads, billboards. You don't know it exists. See, I disagree with you. Yeah, I, I I know this. I, I'm of the old adage from the field of dreams: if you build it, they shall come. See that, and that's why these stations make money because the reason they're selling the airtime that cheap. Why are they selling the airtime that cheap? If they could sell commercials for for just that money alone, why would they not sell several commercials for a hundred or two hundred each instead of the whole hour for a hundred or two hundred each? The reason is because they can't. It's because nobody listens. And it's very hard to get advertisers to these shows that nobody listens to, and the sponsors get no response. So they found that people out there like me, and maybe like you too, who have a dream of being on like a regular radio station instead of just internet radio, now they can buy their way on and for very little money. It sounds great. if you, As long as you have a little bit of money to your name, you can afford to be on for 100 or 200 a week. That's not going to break anybody who, who is like you know, middle class or higher. So... People get on there and they just assume they think of back when they were kids listening to the radio and and there were tons of people listening to every station, but it's not like this. There are these tiny stations that just about nobody listens to, where you could you could say I'm giving away a thousand dollars to the hundredth caller, 
And you're going to struggle to get 100 calls from 100 different people. Now, if you did this every week and word got around, yeah, you'd have a lot of people. When is Brady Hoke on? Oh, I see it. He's, he's on 5, on, 5 p.m., has, right? Yeah, I see it. One day a week. Yeah, one day a week. I'm, just, I'm telling you, I know. I don't know KSHP itself, but I know a station just like it in San Bernardino, and it's amazing how few people listen and how many examples I have that but nobody But he's just listens. recycling our sloppies. Look at this. And I like the guy, but <laughs> okay, I'm looking at it right now, the Brady Hoke uh, show. This is on the what have you website. It's the number one poker news and entertainment show in the world. Okay, now, first off, how can you even make that claim? He can't. Okay, today's guest is ju- Dust. Uh, today's guest is Dutch Boyd. I mean, like we did this in two thousand and five. Like, yeah, uh, I mean, but he gets some. He gets some decent guests that we haven't had. But the, but the, and he has a lot of sponsors. And the reason he gets okay, you know spo- what though? Be honest. I'm gonna ask the three of you, and no cheating. Tell me if you've ever heard of these people. Maybe I'm just out of the poker world that I don't know these names. I don't care anymore. You know, I just kind of go about my business and my poker and my gambling. All right, last week he had, or yesterday he had, or today I guess, he had Dutch Boyd. Last week he had someone named Steven Stryker. Don't. Does anyone know who Steven Stryker no. is? No. No. Uh, okay. <laughs> the week before he had John Allen Hines. Three-word name, John no. Allen Hines. Don't know him. Okay, the week before that he had Ari Engel. We all know who that is. Week before that he had Steve Dannerman. Week before that he had... Tim James. I know Kenneth James. Okay. Tim James. The no. worst week before that, he had Chris Fox Wallace as a special guest. I think I've heard that name before. Okay. Then the week before that, he had the Wiser on. Oh, my God. <laughs> then the week before that, he had Ace McFarlane. That sounds like someone out of a bad fucking gambling movie. Ace McFarlane. I think Ace McFarlane is like Seth McFarlane is a poker yeah. name. Then before that, I mean, I've heard this name, but I don't know what the hell he does, or he probably won a hand or a tournament. Ben Yu, why you? Oh, I know Ben Yu. He's this tiny Asian kid who was at my uh, final table of uh, of Limit Hold'em, and then he actually ended up winning it like the next year. Okay, then the week before that, he had Nolan Dalla on. Holy shit, I text with Nolan Dalla once a week. Yeah, I know your friends with Nolan Dalla. That's funny. Okay, big fucking whoop-de-doo. The week before that, he had from the PPC Poker Tour. What is a PPC Poker Tour? Does anyone even know? Uh, Brian Outland <laughs> from the PPC Poker Tour. Well, so obviously he's okay. he's scraping the bottom of the barrel some weeks when he doesn't have guests. Then but. the week before that, well, I'm just doing every week. The week before that, Andy Blotch. Okay, well, we had him on five, six, seven years ago. Okay. Yeah. Well, no. So yeah. let, let me get back to the point. There, you know, you're right that, the, that every week. Okay. Exactly. Just tell me this. He had on uh, November 18th, Neil Blumenfeld, our special star. <laughs> Do you, actually, I know who he is now because I'm reading the inch. Do you know who he is? No. 2015 WSOP main event third place finisher Neil Blumenfeld. Oh, okay. So these aren't guests that are knocking down doors. I'm no, sorry. no, no. But but here, I'm, but here's the point about the the radio stations like this. Oh, the week before that. Hold on, last one. You had to listen to this one because it was groundbreaking. He had the vice assistant vice president of marketing for 888 Poker, Chris Capra, on. <laughs> Okay. Well, no, let me no, let me no, get back to the radio. That, hold on, hold on. The week before that, Raymond uh, Davis. Okay, I, I don't want to hear this anymore. No, well, Raymond Davis. Okay. We covered him. I, I'm what, trying to get to a point about these stations because I I have actually a lot of experience with these stations, and I can tell you that the whole thing is almost like a scam. The whole thing is almost like a scam because people believe that they are broadcasting to someone, but the whole thing is a facade. Nobody's listening. The sponsors that pay to be on the shows believe that they're getting a lot of exposure. Oh wow, a real radio show, but they're not. Nobody's listening. 
So how do you know nobody's listening? Because these things actually have a literal zero rating. They're not even zero point one, a zero rating. And when they ask for calls, it's it's either nobody calls or it's the same people week after week after week, the same two or three people. That's kind of like what we do. No, we actually have a lot more variety. Believe it or not, we get a lot more variety of callers on this show. So Mark Helk has his own Asian TMLK that calls in every week. Instead of balling, no, no, Christ no. says, call in. See, we, we have, see, this is the difference. We have regulars like TMLK, but, but these shows only have a few people who call in, and that's it. They don't have a variety. They don't hear from the, the, the truckers and other things that we get every week. They, Would we, you agree at least that Brady Hoke has just recycled our guests from 2006 to 2009? I bet there's some, there's some crossover. I will say that. But, but look, look, I'm trying to focus on the stations here. I'm telling you nobody's listening. I'm telling you that this is like almost like a scam that the station sells it to, to people who want their own show, who believe the people are listening. And then, the, and then in turn, the people who have their own show sell advertising to advertisers who think, wow, I can get on the radio for so cheap. And they, they sell like $35 advertising spots. Oh. You know what? I respectfully disagree, but what we should do what, is... What do, you, what do you mean? How can you disagree? Because it, it, do you think the I, radio station I, would sell these things for $100 an hour if they could sell their own advertising for way more? Why would they do that? I just think they're trying to give a guy a little head start. No. All right, Trader Ruski, what do you think about this? Are you with Druff or are you with me? Yeah, is it a scam? No, look, I think... Well, you know... Is it I, I'm not calling it a scam. It's, it's like a facade. Okay. Well, of course, if somebody just came out of the blue and thought they were going to have a show. But if, like, if if you moved Poker PFA over to a, a radio show, then all the users knew that they could go in every day or for the first hour of the show. And then you might be able to build some audience around that. But I'll tell you what would happen. I'll tell you what would happen. We would get the people listening to... Our show, but they would just—it would be our existing listeners just listening on that platform. They would just go. So listen. you're saying no one's just tuning out in them? And this is the other thing. I challenge. Okay, I challenge your claim of the ratings because I know how that works. They send you these little books, and you're supposed to write down the the the, the radio monitoring system for ratings are so archaic. If I'm listening, Sam, right now, I'm about to drive to the Bellagio. I have a good 30-minute drive ahead of me, and I'm driving to the Bellagio, and I put on 1400 AM, and I listen to it in my car. And funny enough, and I, I, I can show you proof of life, I actually have 1400 AM saved in my AM stations. Why? Okay, because there's a sports show that they have on sometimes in the afternoon I like to listen to. It's a local sports show. Okay, so I'm kind of proving your point right there, that there's something on there that I actually, I actually like. Okay, but you don't leave. Okay, but here that that region. Oh, so but hold on, let me just finish. So right now I'm driving to the Bellagio. I have a 30 minute drive. I don't like listening to the, the stupid pop music on FM. So I put on 1400 AM and I listen for 30 minutes. How do they know I'm listening? They, they, don't. they don't. But what happens is it averages that over time. Eventually they're going to get someone. If there's enough listeners, they're eventually going to get someone that they're that they're surveying. That's going to say they listen and they represent like this I've many thousands lived here of people. Fifteen years, and I actually listen to a lot of AM radio, mainly sports. I've never been contacted. Right, right. But you don't. Uh, actually, I have. But that's, that's, a, that's why I'm a, challenging the. Veracity. No, but I'm not saying I'm not saying the Arbitron ratings are perfect. I'm saying that a radio station that never, absolutely never shows up in the ratings and is always zero point zero, it, it has no listeners. And so let me, but that, let me, let me bring you the next point here. You said you listen to one sports show on there, okay? Yes. You listen to one sports show. Because you know that sports show exists and you like it and it's on KSHP. What you don't I'll do- tell you right now. I'll, hold on, I'll tell you the name of it right now. I'm looking at it right now. It's called Sportsbook Radio. Okay, I guess that's the name right. Of it. But what you don't do, 
What you don't do is leave KSHP on all day, and you would never do that. No one would do that. Why? Because there's a lot of crap programming, syndicated programming, uh, programming by locals who no. are just advertising their – hold let me finish. People who have their own little business that they're running, there's no consistency of programming. It's not like turning on an AM talk station that has good quality programming all day and you listen to it all day or, or like while you're in the office or whatever. Well, this is I like a lot of vanity programming. I, I know this very well. No, this no, is- I'm saying I think you're wrong about one thing because looking at their schedule now, every day of the week, seven days a week from 11 p.m. till 6 a.m., every day of the week, they have a show called Sports Byline, which – it's a syndicated show that's broadcasted on radio stations all across America. Yeah, I can tell you about those syndicated shows, too. Syndicated shows uh, are typically free. They get it for free, and they have like an advertising agreement where, where this sports byline gets to run some of their own ads, and then KSHP runs their local ads, and then they get the programming for free, and that's what they run late at night when there's almost no listeners. But it looks like there's not even a spot available in this lineup. Every every spot is taken. And- no, the, oh, the, these do sell well. No, I'm not saying they're unsuccessful. The, the these stations that no, sell. No, what the I'm time, saying didn't you say we could get a show at four in the morning? No, I said I just said that I didn't look at their availability. I was I was reading their page promoting the broker programming, and it mentioned that uh, it's it starts at a hundred dollars per hour, which is similar to that other station I know of. Which is seventy five per hour, and some of those might be fillers too. Uh, yeah, fillers, right? If they can't, if they can't, right? So they, they never don't run. Sell they don't. It, they run one of the nationals, right? They they fill it if they never have dead air there. So if if, if people are not uh, buying a certain slot that they want to sell, they'll just fill it with with free syndicated programming. Uh, th- I'm just telling you that a station that does well is where someone leaves it on all day. Now that's not every listener, but I'm saying that. Stations that are successful have their loyal listeners that listen all day because every show is good. When you have a show that's actually selling programming, like, you know, Brandon, I could buy a spot on KSHP and and read from the phone book. I could call it phone book radio and read from the phone book, and they would sell me that show. There's no no quality control. So the problem is if there's a good show before me and then I have phone book radio where I read from the phone book and then Mark Hoke is after me, Everyone's going to tune out in the middle because they're not going to want to hear phone book radio for an hour. So the the problem is you have shows like about uh, you know real estate and, and and other stupid things that people aren't going to want to listen to for the most part, like boring stuff that mainly people are promoting themselves or their business, almost like infomercials. Well, I'm looking right now. There's a, every day except for two days a week from what, what time is this? Yeah, I'm looking right before the Brady Hoke show. There's a Remax real estate show. Right, right. So that's that's what it is. That Remax real estate report is probably some infomercial, and uh, and so people hear that they tune out, even if they have and radio shopping on before that. So like that's what Five I'm talking about. Five days a week, the Marty Rodick sports shows on from six a.m. to seven a.m. So some dude named Marty Rodick, probably who lives in Las Vegas, wanted his own sports show. No, it's probably syndicated. It's, oh, it's, well, probably it's, syndicated, uh, it's probably a syndicated uh, free programming. I know all these work, and uh, trust me, these stations, they, they have zero ratings, and that's why they just fill up all this crap because they, they don't have the budget to hire people, and, and they're not going to ever get any kind of expensive ad sales because there's nobody listening. So my assertion is that if I were to buy – sorry, if we were to buy a time slot on this or a similar station, forget KSHP. They're all pretty much the same. If I were to buy – on a station like this, then we would barely get any additional listeners. We'd have our existing listeners maybe listening to us through that, but we wouldn't pick up listeners that are just straggling around the radio and happen to find us. We maybe Marty get... Rodick lives in Las Vegas, by the way. Okay, so maybe maybe he is paying for it. I, I was just guessing. 
Yeah. But uh, but I'm I'm just guessing because it's five days a week, so maybe maybe he and and once in a while they do have people that they'll either give a free show to or or they'll pay, but it, but it's uncommon. So I, I know a lot about this more than I probably should, and that's now there are some there's some stations that are of higher ratings that are much more expensive. Like there's one in L.A. that's the L.A. Angels radio station KLAA 8:30 a.m. Los Angeles. They have a very very strong signal that goes a long way. And to get an hour of time on that show is like $1,150 an hour. So that becomes non-trivial. Well, this is the thing I'm challenging you. Maybe not the exact format we have now, but I can promise you if I did some wise-themed show, say hypothetically, and again, I'm looking at it. It doesn't seem like there's anything even available. But every morning at 4 a.m. and I did some kind of kooky show that maybe – catered to stoners or people that had insomnia or something and made it entertaining or trivia, I could get people listening. How would, you, how, how would they find you? Ratings, how would they find I, you? Huh? How would they find you? Word of mouth? No, it doesn't work that way anymore. Some advertising, some Facebook. I, I've, watched, I've, I've watched this, I've watched this, and I've watched people who were actually known radio personalities, that like, like, like well-known radio personalities of the past. Not, not super famous How ones. How does but, anybody start anything? I mean, it's just you have to build it up. No, you have to. If you started, Brandon, if you started a show on a station that has good ratings in Vegas at 4 in the morning, then I think you could build up an audience. If you have a station where nobody's listening. there is a station in Vegas that has good ratings. Uh, Who's listening to the radio at 4 in the morning? By good, I mean, I, mean, I mean at least a reasonable size audience. This has, like, no audience. There's, that's why there's zero ratings. So... Uh, of course, at four in the morning, it's going to be a downtime for everywhere. But here, here's an example: uh, in Las Vegas, the top-rated station—it's uh, an iHeart Media station, uh, KSNE FM—in uh, January 2016 got a 7.8 rating. So it means almost eight percent of the population in the Vegas area of 1.7 million is listening, which is pretty good. I don't good. believe that. I don't even believe that's accurate. It's close to accurate. It's, it, it, it's yes, there's a sampling error, but it's close to accurate. So. So even at four in the morning on that station, you're going to get a large number of people hearing you. But but you go all the way down the list, and and this station doesn't even show up. It's actually a zero point zero. So that means there really is just about nobody listening, and that's that's the problem. And I've watched people attempt to show up on those stations, believing that they're going to get listeners, and they think word of mouth. They think if they do a good show, you know, if you build it, they'll come. Blah blah blah. Never happens. It never. It, you think it would. It does not. So. The way you get listeners on the radio is you have to have marketing. You have to have a signal to where people – I don't know how the signal is for the station. I, I won't criticize the signal. But you have to have marketing. You have to have uh, an existing audience. And the way you have an existing audience on radio is consistency of programming. You can't have it where it's infomercials and crap programming for half the day. People will tune out. That's I just, disagree. Well, I, this, I know radio – This would make a great prop bet between no, you I, I know There's I, actually a way to measure it. Unfortunately, there really isn't. But the, I, of course there is. No, well, you'd have to appear. It, the whole you wouldn't take the whole station up in Arbitron, so I, I doubt it. No, because what you could do is have like maybe the second or third hour of each of your shows. So if you line it up and you can get a space at you know ten o'clock at night, so each of you could start your show at eight. Know that you're going live on the air from ten to eleven. See how many users you pick up on the back end. You mean how many new listeners we pick up from the show? Uh, from yeah, the, from I mean, the station? yeah, new listeners. But then you've got to get them to speak up. I'm telling you, it would not happen overnight. But if I dedicated myself and went after the right market that I wanted to achieve, I could get people. To I, I've watched this before. I've watched this exactly. Not exact with me, thing. you haven't. 
I've watched some. Who have you watched this with? I, I've watched this with radio broadcasters who've had success in other markets, in other times in their career, and they were convinced that if they just try this here, that they'll build up an audience, and it goes nowhere. They try everything, it goes nowhere. I've watched it. They yeah, just but Trump, now with social and everything else. I mean, I do think that there's a. But you're you're going to get a handful of people. You, I'm talking about a mass audience. Like, let me tell you something here. This radio show here, we but everything's have, relative. There's no mass audience listening. No, to anything I don't mean mass like a million people. I mean like you know, a thousand people. It's it's like we have a thousand people for this show, not listening live, but we have a thousand people that listen every week. Okay, and if I were to try to recreate this, not me personally, but let's say uh, let's say another person comes up to me and says, I want to create a, a, a poker radio show. And, and, and get an audience of a thousand is a lot harder than you think to do that. It's, uh, you, we, we have the, this has a thousand people because of various feeds that came into it, including a lot of people who followed me over from a previous site. But, uh, to start new with this, it's very tough. And, and on a radio station where they're, you know, it's not, uh, of course it's tough. I mean, no one's saying that it's easy, but you're saying saying if you, if you're basically saying it can't be done. and, And I'm saying if you could do it, it would be through internet. Marketing not through people locally, which means you could do it on the internet anyway. The only the only advantage you have being on a terrestrial station is if you're picking up people over the air. If if they're just listening on the internet anyway, like Brandon, if you picked up a thousand listeners from around the country, that wouldn't mean anything because they could listen to you on this show without that. The only thing you're gaining on a terrestrial station is a signal, and if no one's listening through the signal, then you're wasting your money. So. That, that's my point. My, my point is here. I don't know what kind of following. I don't Brady, know what your point is. Well, my I don't know what kind of following Brady Hoke has, but if he does have a following, I have to imagine these are people who listen to him on the internet. Like if I wanted to listen to him, I'd have to listen to him on the internet. I think well, you know he, what? Maybe maybe this is what it is. Kind of just like me, and I guess kind of like you, kind of like Trader Ruski and the Northern California guy. Maybe he's just in it for the love of the game. He probably maybe, he, might maybe be. he gets the advertising money, which covers his costs, and he just loves. What he does? Oh, it's that, not. It's not for any. You know, we don't know. Maybe uh, you know he, he some rich stock geek and made a lot of money off the stock market. And he doesn't have to work. Well, I'm not criticizing him. I'm or his no, show. No, I'm not saying you are. But I'm saying, you know, maybe that's what he wants to do. He just wants to do it for enjoyment. Well, that, that's what I'm saying. Is that I mean, I'm not sitting here eating cashews with my mic muted at one in the morning. I think a lot so of the people who do, I, I've known on these other stations, again, not KSHP, but I've known on these other stations that are similar to them. The hosts are very delusional about their audience. They just assume because they're broadcasting on a radio show, there's a lot of people listening who just just aren't calling in. They're just being shy. They're just not calling in. So they just assume they're reaching a large audience when in reality, the only audience they're reaching are, are, are people that they've somehow made aware of the show directly through you know social media or people who are friends or peers that are listening over the internet and and you could do that anyway with with an internet radio show like we have right here so i just don't think you're gaining anything by being on a station like that and that's why i haven't done it that's why i have not as cool as it would be the, and there's only one other gain you would get from it is that you have a little bit of legitimacy so we're like dan Bilzerian. you're going to ask him to come on the fraud show which doesn't broadcast on any kind of frequency and he'll, if he says well what station is it? you have to explain it's a website and he may not be interested whereas if you could say oh we're going to be on KSHP Las Vegas and go oh wow Vegas is covering this on their radio okay I want to be on that so that you can get legitimacy of having an audience when you really don't the funny thing is a lot of the shows on that station probably have a smaller audience than we do I wish there was somewhere to make a, some way to make a wager to make it worth my time to actually build up my own AM show 
and blow it up huge. But but the but if we you. if we did have such a waiver, wager, it would have to be locals, not not internet people listening, because that's that's different. I didn't say you can't get a following on an internet show. I'm saying I don't think you could make give get yourself a large. But what is advertising based on? Is it based on just how many people are listening locally, or is it based on how many people are listening? No, no, it's it's based on locally. It's based on actually listening. Wait, so you're telling me – I don't believe that. So you're telling me if I did a show at 4 a.m. that only 50 people listen to in Las Vegas, but 50,000 people listen to worldwide, I wouldn't be able to sell ads at that – If you could prove the 50,000, you could, but you could never prove that, and, and it would well, never happen that way. It wouldn't happen that way either. Well, if they're, if they're listening live off the website, which I'm looking on here, you're able to, I'm sure there's – I mean, if you're able to tell me people are listening to our show, but you can claim sure, it. But you, would be able your to. problem is you control the data. Like, I, what if I said we have fifty thousand listeners? I, I could claim it, and I could manufacture data well, to make sure, it look like when that. When companies ask about things such as this, there's some standard. No, that's the whole point of Arbitron. That's, back the, it up. that's the whole point of, of the radio ratings. It's done by a neutral company that uh, that, that monitors this. That that uh, comes up with these ratings. Otherwise, if you just claim your own ratings, you can make up anything you want. I could make up anything I wanted for this show. You, I say there's a thousand listeners here. I could be making this up. What I, I'm I saying is, I'm sure there's some standard or protocol way in which, say you were okay. Say we ever went mainstream, and we said we had fifty thousand people that listen, and the company said, "Well, show us this report." I'm sure there's something out there that backs this up. There has to be. No, the only thing they could do is they could try to Google around and see if there's people talking about our show and stuff like that, but they, they otherwise could not well, back it up. How do you know that we have a 1,000 people that listen? Because I look at the server logs, which I could falsify if I wanted to. So, so I, could, I, could, I could fake prove – here, we have China Maniac calling. I could fake prove that we have 50,000 listeners if I wanted to. Uh, uh, China, you're on the air here. Yeah, I think it's highly unlikely, but it, it would almost be like a poker player starting at like – Five, ten cent, ten cent, and get into the highest stakes. Like, what if Brandon started this show and he had Dan Bilzerian on every week for an hour? And Dan Bilzerian tweeted out to his 20 million followers that he was going to be on the show every week. Is it possible that this show could take off? Well, yeah, I think more on the again more on the internet than it would be local listeners. I think that you get a few local listeners. That's that's the big difference. Is when you market through social media, you're going to reach, especially with something like this, you're going to reach a national audience. You're not going to reach a local audience. And if you're reaching a national audience who hears you on the internet, there's no point to have a radio show. You might as well have an internet show. And that's that's what I'm trying to say. Is there, you've, you've got there's got to be a reason why do I have this radio signal? Why am I paying for a radio signal? If almost nobody's going to reach it. Okay, here's an idea, and, I, and you're going to tell me I'm wrong, but I'm going to tell you that okay, I'm right. You're this wrong. Is something. This is something that simple. If I did a show for one hour, now you have to, of course, think what can you just do within the confines of one hour. Here's a simple idea. If I did a show one hour a week, and all it did is concentrate on various casino offers, such as free play, multipliers. Buffet offers, room offers, all the different things. And don't get me wrong, folks. Every single week, a various local casino has some sort of offer or enticement to get you into their casino. I guarantee you. Now, the hard part, as as I agree with you, would be getting people to find out about it. But in terms of the demand, I promise you that there are enough people out there that care about such things, especially in this city, 
and wouldn't care about it nationally, that if I developed a show that catered to locals, finding out about the best offers, best free play, best multipliers for various club card levels and various local casinos, I would build an audience. But they, again, tell me it, I'm wrong, again, then I'm telling you I'm right. Again, it's getting people to know about it. That's the hardest okay, part. So I'd have to market it. That's where Dan to... Belzerian comes in, right? No, but he's not going to do this. You're, you're making up uh... – just what if he agreed to do it? What if Barack well, Obama said, "Hey, what, what, what if what if Barack Obama came on my show every no, week?" Well, I'd have okay, a huge, but that's uh, a lot different. You're comparing Barack Obama to them. I'm just saying get, he's never going to agree to that Dan either. Blitzerian to come on a show that I created and help promote it. Of course, I no. He can, he can come I on get once. Obama? No, probably not. No, well, Bilzerian's not going to come on every week. He'll come on once and talk about whatever, but he's not going to come on every. How week. How do you know that? You don't know. Like you're. Because I know, just, I know he won't, unless you trick him and make him think that he's got a huge audience already or something. But, Druff, what do you think the odds are? Do you think there's even one percent that something could gain followers? Well, you'll gain a few. You'll gain a few people here and there. Like here, this show is a good example. When people find this show, uh, we actually have a pretty good hold rate of people who discover this show and then decide to keep listening, even because even with its length and its disorganization, a lot of times. Uh, we actually have a pretty good hold where people try it for the first time and go, oh, wow, this is a cool show, and then they listen again. In fact, some become very dedicated and listen every single week. So some even get even more dedicated. I I gave you a perfect example of a sort of show that the city doesn't have that they would love. That if you had an hour-long show that catered to the gamblers of Las Vegas, the locals, okay, and somehow got the word out, you could build that show up. Well, you know what what I would suggest then is if if you called local radio stations and and pitched this to them that that actually have ratings – uh, that the, like this wouldn't work on a music station where they they don't ever have talk, but like a local talk station, uh, maybe they'd go for it if you spoke to a program director who was willing to give it a shot. Uh, you'd have a lot better shot with that than starting on a station where nobody listens and then having to well, get people aware of I it. Don't, I don't. I disagree again. And also, people. You know what's another I, problem is is people I actually have to seek key, it out. You I have to. The key needs to be the content. If the content is there and it's interesting enough, you can develop an audience. See, I, I can be on. I can be on a show, okay, or, or or a time slot that has a usual, I don't know, a thousand, two thousand listeners. But if my content isn't interesting to them, doesn't offer them anything, then they're going to tune out. And it's each but the reverse isn't true. The reverse isn't true. That if the I, content's good, you get people. That's not how it works. I, you're not okay. You're not understanding what I'm saying. So maybe I'm saying it wrong. I'm not saying to you. That overnight I'm going to go and just do a show and I'm going to have thousands of people listening. I'm going to be the next greatest thing in a week. I'm saying the slow progression of building it up, marketing, using some creative, maybe out of the box thinking that would be the way to go I, about I've, I've heard projects this in, such I've, as this. I've heard this You're and witnessed it for. You're basically saying it can't be done. I've, I've witnessed it before. On a station like this, it can't be. On a station like this, it can't be. On a station with an audience, yes. See, I disagree. Well, I've, I've watched well, it. So, how did any station ever get an audience? Then? Because they because they have they put marketing dollars behind it and, and promote themselves a lot, and people then so people wait, listen. Really, who's promoting shows that are on two, three, four, five in the morning? I've never. seen No, it's not that. Then that's where that's where consistency of programming comes in. Let me, you know, I don't know about you. When I like back in the eighties, when I listened to the radio all the time, like I have the certain stations I'd listen to, and I'd just be at home, you know, and, and I. Be at home two in the morning while I hear some music. I just turn on that station right. because but I know it has. You can't compare that because there's just too many entertainment options now that people don't live like that way anymore. No one listens to the radio. No, but you but you do have your presets where you you have, especially if you don't have satellite radio in your car. You, you're just driving around. You just okay. What's on this station? What's on this station? And and if you happen to stumble upon something that's interesting, 
then you stay with it. But that's, the reason something would be in your presets is because you have noticed uh, quality on the state, quality of programming you like on that station. If it's just one show that's on once a week that you you, you just listen, then you'll never go check it otherwise. There's got to be a consistent not, quality. I don't think you're understanding what I'm saying. If you offer something that is of great significance to the listeners, meaning that they're picking something up, they're enjoying it, they're meriting something by listening, then you can build. Okay, not build. You'll retain. You won't build. That's the problem. I, I disagree. That's what we're doing on the. You're not going to retain because you don't even know the the people that are. Okay, so say the Brady Hoke show is on at, at five o'clock, and you're they're poker players listening. Okay, so if I do a show that's completely different, you're not going. I'm not going to retain that audience because they're not going to listen just because it's they're used to listening in that time slot. Right, you, you're it, bringing up a good point. That's true. That and that's the point here is that if there's too much diverse programming that's all over the place, you have real estate, then poker, then uh, then then talk about uh, a, a show about dogs. You know, people are going to tune out when they get to the subject they're not interested in, and that's why that's where consistency of programming comes in. That's why you have one station that's about uh, right wing politics, one station's about left wing okay, politics. Here's an example. Here, here's a good example. There is a show in Vegas on AM radio, and and forgive me, you know, maybe I am somewhat proving your point because I don't know what time it is on. I only happen to catch it when I'm in my car flicking around. And the sole purpose of this show, the only thing they talk about, is betting picks. Whether it's that day, the next day, the following weekend, and they talk about lines. Okay, in most cities, you're never going to hear that because betting's illegal in that yeah. city. In Las Vegas, it's legal. And I promise you, a lot of people that are degenerate betters, probably just catering to middle aged, the older men, listen to that show. Now, which station is this on? I don't know. It's, it, it, it's one of the. It's one of three. I mean, I can look in my car. It's one of three. Well, what's, the, what's the name of the show? I, you know, I, I, I can tell you in a minute. I'll go Google it. I'll because if it's if it's on decide. a station with an audience, then that's fine. That's a different story. I'm talking about a station without an audience. That's the hardest thing. But I'm saying they had to get an audience eventually. Like no, they they, they don't because if the station audience. has ratings, there's already people listening. But they weren't like people listening that used to listen. Say the show before that was like you said about a dog or about real estate. They're not still tuning in about a gambling show just because they used to listen to the show before about real estate. When you have I mean, no, but you have you, to build the audience. When you have okay, if it's if it's crap shows that are like super niche shows, like like are, are on this station I was talking about, this KSHP, where someone can just get buy any slot and have any subject. That's where this programming goes to crap. Same with the crappy syndicated programming that's all over the place. Uh, if if it's, if there's there's various general interest topics that you can go from one to the next and still retain the audience. If the audience is big enough, even if you lose half of it or two thirds of it, you still have a lot of people, and then you can still build that way. It's the problem of when you have so few people to begin with that you're just not going to get any kind of, of listenership, and it's, it's so hard to build from that point. And that's, that's the way radio has worked, and that's why a station that's at the bottom tends to stay at the bottom, no matter who they hire, no matter what they do. And uh, now you, you have movement within the top stations. You'll have like a middle station become the top, a top become the middle. Uh, sometimes even a top station become the bottom if it just really goes downhill. But you almost never have a station with almost no audience rocket up to the top or near the top, and that's because they can't for, for many reasons, lack of marketing money uh, or other uh, other factors that cause them to but, stay at the bottom. That's the way radio's always worked. At the same time, you have to understand everything is relative. You're never going to have the kind of audiences – that used to have 10, 15, 20, you know, so long as you go back, it's going to get higher and higher. But I'm talking about, I'm, I'm talking about the existing audiences today. I'm not comparing it to 1984's audience. I'm talking about, uh, you know, like, like looking at the Vegas market, this top station KSNE with, with an 8%. That's, uh, I'm talking about competing with that or competing with something in the middle with, uh, with 
that you're just not going to get that, and, and no matter I, how hard you try. I disagree. But well, okay. I, I mean, it's I, wrong with I actually that. have experience in this. This isn't even a theory. I've, I've watched it happen, and I've watched delusional people who, who, who think, okay, if I put on a good show – and and it's on real radio. How how and if I try to promote it on social media, blah blah blah. How bad can it be? I've got to grow an audience. It'll grow over time, and then they get so frustrated. Okay, call in. Blah 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 blah. Here's the phone number. Da, 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 da. Nobody calls. Here's the phone number again. They finally get a call. It's the same guy that called last week. Like, oh, crap. Is anybody else new listening? And then nobody called. It, 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 I've watched it happen, and they're just astounded because they go, "Look, I, I thought I'm putting on a good show. I'm on a real radio station. I've I've tried to promote this." Okay, so there are two shows. It's, they're both on 1100 AM, which is an ESPN affiliate. What, what's the name but of it? You know, the call letters? One of them's called Gridlock, and that's at 11 AM. Well, hold on. And there's out. another one at 3 PM called Coalfield and Company. Those okay. are both local shows. Okay. Let me try. Okay. It's KWWN. Let me look up the rating of that. So those are two shows I've listened okay. to. Okay. KWWN has ratings. Not great, but it has ratings. It's 1.3. It's the biggest sports show. It's the biggest sports AM station. Well, I know that doesn't say much, but it's it's one point three. It's it's been a consistent one point three for a year now. So, so that's that means one point three means that they're getting uh, about twenty thousand listeners on average, which isn't bad. That's 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 an audience. So even at the bad hours of four a.m., they're not getting twenty thousand, but they're getting a few thousand at least. That that's what I'm talking about. Is that, that you be on a station like that? That you can build up a following because you have a natural audience. Building it from nothing is a different story. I'm not saying it's easy. I'm just saying you're saying it's impossible. It's impossible on a station like that. If you start on a station like KW, I, I you don't gotta, see it, but we just have different thinking, okay, so we're well, not going to agree. But I've watched I, this I'm happen. I have the belief that anything is there's a reason that's There's a reason they're selling it for $100, and it's not because they're nice. Okay, because it's a fail right now. I mean, I'm agreeing with you, but that doesn't mean it, it's it's. I I just disagree. And, yeah, uh, and they're depending on you to do all the work if they sell for a hundred dollars. But but the reason they don't do the work themselves is there's no money in it. That's why they don't do it. Right, right. So that's why Brandon's saying you got to build the audience yourself. It's not going to be from existing users because there are none. But what you never see on these stations is someone who builds it up and becomes huge, and then suddenly they're they're making bank. They they promote this as if oh you get your own show you. you okay, sell let your me own address what AM or IM professional talk saying. Said that he said in the chat a few thousand listening to a fail AM station. In Vegas at 4 a.m., no. So that, that's unrealistic. I mean, if you really had the 4 a.m. spot, which I'd never take, I mean, realistically, there's only so high of a ceiling. I mean, for any any time frame, there's only going to be, a, I mean, a certain, you know, you're not going to have hundreds of thousands. Or, I mean, what did you say? How many are listening to uh, 1100 a.m.? And that's the most popular by far a.m. station in Vegas. What, what was uh, the rating? Yeah, no, it's actually the second most popular. There's a uh, a news talk station that's about double. Well, the okay, sports wise, excuse sports me. wise, it is the most popular. It's got it's got about twenty thousand people average. Okay, I mean that's a pretty good number. That's a decent number, no? Yeah. So I mean, yeah, at, at four a.m., I would think. What would you think would be a miraculous, or in your terms, impossible number to achieve? Do you think getting a thousand, an average of a thousand live listeners at four a.m. is impossible? On which station? On a fail station? Yes. But just any AM station in Vegas. Well, any AM? No, no. The KWWN probably already gets that. They probably get a few thousand at four in the morning listening yes. on an AM station. Yes, in Vegas. because if they're if they're, getting, if they're averaging twenty, then they're probably getting a few thousand at four AM. And they might be in every liquor store, twenty-four hour plays, stuff like that. Yeah, but they're big enough because you, with one point seven million people, you have those who drive around. Chase have, that is number one. He says that if he was in here Vegas at four AM, he listened to my show. So that's <laughs> okay. number one right there. I got. 
already. Lock it up. <laughs> Lock it up. I know Trader Ruski, if he's with the assistant, he'd yell at him to put on the Drexel AM show too, wouldn't you? I'll be sleeping, but it will be on. Yeah, Northern California, you're eating your, your oats, your barley, and your granola. Would you be listening to the Drexel show on AM radio? I would find a way. You know Thank what, you. Brandon, I'll, I'll tell you, right we struggle with this ourselves here, that we have good retention of people who find the show, but, but uh, we have a hard time getting the word out that the show exists. It, it, we, have some, we have some new flow of people that just kind of find it in various ways, but, but we're never going to blow up that much past our thousand listeners because there's really no way to get the word out. And we have kind of a niche topic too. But, but if, I think it's more of that than the other. It's not the word out. I mean, if, 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 okay, if I'm a poker player or a poker enthusiast and I want to listen to as much. Uh oh, losing him here. About poker, I would have, fi- I would have already found this show. It's not like we're hidden in some little bush that no one's going to see that we're there. I mean, it's just like you said, the main problem with this and with anything in general is that it is a niche topic and, and it's just not. No, it's not. We do have people constantly finding us. And I know this because when new people come to us, new listeners come to me, I say, how do you find the show? And they'll say, oh, well, two years ago, I, I learned this existed and I listened once and go, oh, wow, I like this and listened every week since. I, I hear that all the time. Right. But but those are people that just got into the poker. No, 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 no. People who've been around for a while. They just uh, they just happen to find it for, based on some news story or whatever. And then they, they find Poker Friday. Well, okay, let's take let's take a real life example. The first spike we ever had, like tremendous spike, do you know why? You remember what it was? Yeah. Travis McCarr. And then a lot of people found out about Are you there? Yeah. Yeah. I mean that was that was a huge spike. Then when we when I was smart enough when MyCon didn't want to, and we started immediately broadcasting after Black Friday within hours. Yeah, we picked up some people there too. Okay, we picked up a lot of people there. And then what did the, those cocksuckers do? That Quad Jack stole it from us. They I did know. the same. Right, exactly. Okay. I remember fighting with them. I'm like, we need to go on the air. This is a great way to bring in new listeners and kind of blow up maybe in a way because no one is announcing anything. Everyone's just home terrified. And that's what we did. In fact, we, so many people were listening. We actually tried. This is true. We, we talked on air. This is really, really a funny part of our history. We talked on air about an impending prank call to the Palms Casino. And when we called them, what happened, Druff? Yeah, they were ready for it. They because they were listening to us. Yeah, live. they knew it. <laughs> they tried to re-prank call us because they knew we were calling because they were listening. Okay. So Anyway, this, this ended up being a longer topic than I expected. But, uh, so, okay, I, I guess we disagree on this, but I, I'm, I'm telling you that uh, – I'm just saying it's not impossible. I'm not, I'm not saying I'm not, it's likely. I'm not saying it would be easy work. Of course it wouldn't be. But when you say the term impossible I've, – I've watched I, it. I'm just saying I've watched it. Well, but, you know, it, it – I think it's all about your mindset. I've watched yeah. it. It was like uh, I've watched I've watched every single person try and fail and have the exact same story. It was like you know one time, one of the few times I ever used a, a dating website. I used JDate for the, for fellow, meeting fellow Jews, and this one girl I talked to from there. I, I asked a question I always asked of the girls I met off these dating sites when I few times I used them. I asked, how many guys have you met off here? And I wasn't trying to, like, portray them as sluts or, or – I wasn't going to be unhappy if they uh, um, told me a lot. I just wanted – the next question was the important part. So I had this one girl tell me she met 14 guys from here, which that part didn't bother me. But then I said, of those 14 guys, how many did you like in the short term? Not how many were boyfriends, not how many did you go out with for months, but, like, how many did you like enough to see a second time? And uh, her answer to me – of the 14 was 0.0. 0. 
point zero. He said zero of the 14 guys. And this is the ones he chose to meet, not just 14 randoms. The 14 that she thought were decent enough that she'd want to meet them in person. She liked zero of the 14. So I said, well, okay, I I think I'm kind of done here. I don't uh, – I go, if you didn't like any of the 14 guys you met, I, I said not to put myself down, but I don't think I'm going to be magical number 15. If, if you – whatever standards you have that shot down 14 straight guys, I, I think I'm going to be number 15 with being shot down as well. And she, and she started arguing with me, no, you know, why should I settle, blah, blah, blah. I was like, look, the bottom line is you've any guy you thought decent enough to meet and if you went through 14 straight that you didn't like, you must be having some kind of unrealistic standard here. So similarly – me watching every single show on these type of stations fail and never getting an audience, no matter how good or how well known the person broadcasting was beforehand. Okay, so uh, is, I have to think you're not going to be the different one. This is what I think. Here's my final example, then we can move on to a different topic. So we have a ceiling of you said a thousand people listening, roughly, and I agree. Unless something, I mean, I don't even know what would have to happen for it to expand. Uh, tremendously. I mean, I, I kind of agree that we've maybe reached our cap. I mean, it's not to say we couldn't add, you know, users here or there, and then people die off. You know, Delaware's, or Delaware doesn't even listen. So let's say Delaware's getting kind of old, but but anyhow, so we scrap the, or I wouldn't even say scrap. So we do a poker show one night a week. We start another show, and it's based on comedy and characters, and has nothing to do with poker and gambling, and you and I build it up. Okay, I'm saying that we could easily ascertain more than a thousand people listening. We could oh, if, through through like internet word of mouth. We could, but not of course, but not through like a failed local station. We'd have to do with like an internet word of mouth. Where that that there's like not much of that. There's not really a ceiling because that's just if it goes viral, you can get you can get a million listeners if you did, got lucky enough. I am professional talk is saying in the chat break a huge story, but that just doesn't exist anymore. <laughs> like back in the day saying that so-and-so scammed somebody, like when the Brad Booth thing happened, that was a huge deal. When, you know, he was rolled somebody for lock poker money and that was, you know, made poker news. Nowadays, none of that it doesn't, people kind of expect it. There's no, there's no news stories to break in this industry. I mean, there just really isn't anymore. Yeah, and that'll get us some bump of people, but it never gets uh, a massive number. So, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to that straight talk with Elias King fan twelve? I don't know. Did I get canceled up. by the network? I think the network got canceled. So, okay. So, my last question to you is: What would you consider an achievement, or what would you say is not possible for that one station, that fourteen hundred AM station? How many regular listeners would you? If someone showed you I think a show, a, I think at a good time slot, forget the four a.m. time slot. At a good time slot, like what what Brady Hoke has, uh, I would be shocked if there's five hundred different individuals listening. So you think five hundred is impossible? I think I think it's very difficult. Yeah. Well, what is the number that's impossible? Because you said it'd be impossible to build it up. Uh, I'd say two thousand is impossible. Okay. All right. And even 500 would be very difficult. And I, the, the one thing I don't know is how low is low. But I, I watched like with the six people coming in San Bernardino for the for the free lunch in a place where everyone's poor and a free lunch would be a huge deal if if they only knew about it. Then I knew that there's like nobody listening. I and I heard other contests where there's like nobody would call, like literally nobody. And how would call. long ago was that the, the free lunch? That particular thing was about six years ago. But I, I've heard more recent examples there that are less than a year. So. It, it's a station that I've I've listened to for other reasons, not having to do with poker. So I, I know a lot about it. And but it's not and just if anyone. If anyone is listening, by the way, that has any insight to uh, terrestrial radio, 
I'm telling you that concept that I just talked about is a great idea. That's I mean that's not a bad idea for a show. You just need to be on a station with an audience. Well, okay. You know, like I said, there there is definitely a market for people that are gamblers that want to be kept in the know about. I, I agree. If, if I had an AM talk station, I would hire you to do that show. Yeah, but uh, but could you build up a station with no audience? No. But I w- if if I had some audience on my station already, I would hire you to do that show. But how do you get an audience to begin with then? I already explained the marketing and things like that. But I'm okay. Well, it, it, it takes it, money to make money on those things. And it, 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 you have to spend a lot to even get there. It's a, a station with an existing audience is very valuable. That KWWN thing, the ESPN station, that's worth a lot of money just from that audience they have because it's, it's hard to build. Okay, so let's, let's talk about the Super Tuesday that uh, just took place, the election, primary elections, 11 different states. Uh, this was seen as the big day everyone was waiting for to see where this very strange election was heading, especially on the Republican side. This is a very unique election. That's why there's such massive turnout for uh, the Republican side. Uh, it's just uh, I've never seen an election like this. And even personally, I find a lot more interest in the primary than uh, I've ever had before. Let me put on a caller before we get to this. Caller, you're on the air. Yeah, this is uh, mumbled badly. Yes. Uh, I was just listening to uh, Brandon give his eloquent argument about how he'd be able to build up this fantastic radio show on a on a fail station. Yeah. I have two questions. Uh-huh. First, uh, how long do you think that that cheap rate would remain if you actually did blow up the blow up the show and got lots of uh, listeners, given that the ratings would actually like appear on the in the, in the Arbitron? And then two, uh, why don't we just do it? Prove everybody wrong. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll get off the air. For okay. The All right. Thank you. So, so Brandon, before we, I don't want to beat this topic to death anymore, but you no, can answer. What, you, well, the answer the the answer the first question: How long do I think for ratings would, or the price of advertising or my end of I guess what I'm paying? I think he's saying that they ra- they'd raise their prices per hour if you if you made the station blow up. I mean, I, I'm not sitting here. I don't think I even I made this kind of clear in the argument. That this isn't something that it's not a quick fix. I mean, time frame. I guess if I had to just I'm on the spot right now and I have to say something, I'd say give me a year to put a lot of effort into it, and then come talk to me then. Um, so I guess if, to answer your question, probably twelve to eighteen months. Um, I mean, I, I don't. I know that anything that's worthwhile, uh, anything that you want to build up that you care about. Take a lot of blood, sweat, tears, a lot of hard work. I mean, I'm not, I'm not professing to be easy. So I guess 12, eight, 12 to 18 months is what I would think my goal would be in my head before it would blow up and then, i.e., my costs would increase. And he's asking, why don't you just do it if it's only $100, $200 a week? Why don't you just do it, he's asking. I'm not saying you should, but he's asking why you won't. I mean, up until tonight when we've talked about it, I know, you know, in the past we've said, well, we should get a real radio show and a real radio station – um, you know, I, I, it just, it's one of those things that I know that if I started it, I'd have to see it through. And I know the, obviously the amount of work and effort I'd have to put into it. And it's a lot of dedication. So I'd have to be at a point in my life where I just am saying, okay, well, you know what? I'm committed to it. I'm going to start right now and then, and I'm not going to back down. So obviously, I mean, I've just, I don't know anything about it other than what we've talked about tonight few things that I've researched in the past, it's, it's not as easy as just waking up tomorrow and getting the ball rolling in terms of just calling down and saying, hey, you have a slot. I mean, I'd have to come up with a business plan. I'd have 
to have money and see if, if they would want to invest or at least, you know, give me some framework. I mean, I'm not going to go broke, obviously, trying to run an AM station. I mean, there's this work that's involved. I'd have to – I guess the, the quick answer is this. I would – if I did an endeavor like this, I would need at least a couple months just to investigate, educate myself, and prepare before I moved forward. Uh, and by reading on the internet, making phone calls, talking to others – um, and just doing all the investigation I could do before I, I, you know, took on a task such as this. Is it something I'd be interested in, in the format that I mentioned, something that dealt with Las Vegas directly, something that dealt with casinos, something that, de- that dealt with gambling? Absolutely. Um, would I be willing to do it even at a small loss? I mean, could I afford $100 a week in my time? Yeah, of course I could. Is that maybe what Brady Hoke is doing, what we talked about? Probably. Um you know, and would I be willing to do it just for the love of doing it? Yeah, and that, that would be the second thing. I would need to speak with people that are in the business, that are educated, that have uh, experience, and see if what Druff is telling me is basically true. Um, although I, I do still think steadfastly that I could build something up. What, what I would want, I guess the major thing I would want to know is if it could be turned into eventually something that was be profitable to me or if it would only in my eyes remain a hobby such as what I'm doing now. Yeah, you know, I'd be I'd be I'd be happy, let's say forget the the hobby versus profitable. If I could go buy time in a local station here for $200 a week and and I knew I was reaching a pretty good not I don't mean a gigantic but a pretty good sized audience, even if I couldn't sell ads or whatever, but I knew I was reaching them on a real radio station, I would just do it and take the loss and just as a hobby. But I, I wouldn't do it because I'd be talking to no one. I might as well just be shouting out my window. I'd probably reach more people. So, but I, I would say at the same point, I know just because of the dedication and fanfare that both of us have here, if, say, hypothetically you were down here for two months during the WSOP, and once a week you went to an AM radio station and you broadcasted it, you'd have basically a large core of the listeners of – uh, PFA radio listening to but you. But they be on the internet. I could have them anyway, just broadcasting from okay, PFA. Okay, but you'd be in a studio with a big mic in front of you. I, w- I, I wouldn't care about that, Brian. I care about actually reaching like a regular radio audience. That uh, you know, like one thing I enjoy with this show is that uh, we do. I, I guess the one good thing about the turnover we have, even though we have a thousand listeners pretty consistently, is that it's not the same thousand people. So people. Well, leave. then you know what you should do, or what we should do, all of us. What you should do then is start investigating how hard. It would be, or what we would need to do to either audition or somehow get involved with possibly uh, doing a satellite radio show. Yeah, that's, that's actually, the only way you're going to yeah, reach it's, a Yeah, it's very tough. There's so much competition you wouldn't That's believe. the only way you'd reach a large Yeah, market. I know. I know. And it's very, very tough because there's – I mean, unless you're in a city like Los Angeles – New York, maybe Miami, Chicago. You're never going to have a big. I mean, it's just not. Well, there, there, no. There's shows that there's stations that have a decent audience. You just mentioned the one that sports one, and that's not even the top rated station or even close to it. And they get twenty thousand people. I'm just saying you just can't be at one of the very bottom ones. But okay, let's let's just move on here to the Super Tuesday topic, which it's getting late here and I'm running out of energy. Uh, so, uh, you still here, Brandon? Yeah, I'm here. Okay, I heard. I thought maybe I heard the cutting. No, I'm muted because I'm eating some cashews. Okay, okay. Some, some energy. Okay, go have the have the cashews. Uh, Super, Super Tuesday, the big uh, election with uh, primary with eleven different states. It was seen as the date. Oh, hold on! Before you even go further, I'm sorry to interrupt you. I, I just don't want to forget. 
why is it that the same 11 states that the Republicans had primaries and caucuses aren't the same 11 that Democrats had? Because they just they decided independently. But why? The party, I don't know why. The parties just decide when to have it. And, does it is it me or does a lot of this just not even make sense? Why would they just change one? It just seems weird to me. It, it's just when the parties decide to have it, and that's uh, that, that's the way it goes. So. Right. Anyway, they, they so they had 11 of these states, and it was seen this March 1st, Super Tuesday. They have a Super Tuesday every election, every presidential election. So this year was, was especially significant because you have the whole Donald Trump factor, and people were wondering when he gets to Super Tuesday, is Donald Trump still going to be a force? And if he is a force, which of course he was coming into it, uh, is he going to continue to dominate on Super Tuesday? This is kind of going to be seen as the turning point of is Trump going to continue as the leader or is he going to start to fade? So we got our answer. It's kind of funny. You never – I mean if someone would have told you six months ago that he would have won – what was it? One, two, four. was it? uh, Seven states. uh, He won seven. Seven seven states. Cruz won three and Rubio won one. So so Trump won seven out of 11 and yet still the media said – or some media said he underperformed. Would you even believe that? No, no. He won seven out of eleven, and he only uh, did he finish third in only one state, I believe. Did he even finish third? Yeah, he finished third in in Alaska. Uh, actually, no, I'm sorry, I'm looking now. He finished third in in no, he didn't finish third in Alaska. No, it was Minnesota. It was Minnesota. Minnesota. He finished third. Second, yeah. he barely lost to Cruz in Alaska. That's right. Alaska. He won seven out of eleven. The media is saying that he. His performance was well, let, let me explain that here. So there were a, a number of those 11 states that he pretty much had a lock on, that he was had such a big lead in the polls it would have been a, a miracle for him to lose. And he didn't lose any of those, of course. Uh, some were actually closer than it was expected. Vermont, Kasich of all people almost beat him. And in, uh, in Virginia, Rubio came close and in fact if Kasich still wasn't a factor Rubio probably would have won that state and it was expected that uh, Trump was going to win that one easily so two that Trump was supposed to win easily Vermont and Virginia he won only by a small margin then he lost in Oklahoma despite having polls showing he was 11 points ahead coming into that day though I I actually placed a a bet on on uh, let's also still be clear even winning by 3,000 or I'm sorry, even by winning by three or four percent, that's still a significant amount of votes. It's not like he but won he, by, you know, a thousand votes. It's no, no, still, but but he still. The, I was thinking those states where he came close, those were uh, those were less than three points. So at least last I looked. So okay, well, for example, in Virginia, where there was they attributed or they called it good voter turnout, he still won by almost a hundred thousand votes. Let me see here. You know, he won by that. It's hard to believe. He won by a hundred. Let's see. Google it. Let's see. Let me see. So Virginia. Let me look up here. What's the results here? Well, e- either way. So, do you, are you saying that you would think he underperformed? Did you expect him to win all eleven? Okay. The thing is, the the he didn't win any states where it was surprising that he won. It was he won all the ones that he was expected to win, and some of them were close. And then he lost. Two, and maybe three, that he was expected to to have a good shot of winning. That was Alaska, Minnesota, and especially Oklahoma. And uh, uh, to show you how much he was expected, it was I got Cruz at eleven and a half to one, 
on uh, this past weekend. And you know, it was on Tuesday. Oh, on Saturday, I got Cruz at eleven and a half to one, who ended up winning. So, and that was Oklahoma. Now, I did this because I, I, there wasn't much polling in Oklahoma at the time, and uh, and I also thought that Oklahoma and Texas have a lot of similarities. There's a lot of similar culture between the two, and Cruz being from Texas. And being expected to win in Texas, he he did win in Texas. He said himself, if you can't win your home state, you're in some serious trouble. Right, right. So so he wins his home state, and I knew the state right next to it that has a lot of – If he didn't win that state, he would have had to uh, suspend his campaign. Yeah, yeah. But I'm talking about Oklahoma here is that that since it's right next to Texas and has a similar culture to Texas, a lot of crossover, that if Cruz is going to win in Texas being his home state, the state right next to his home state – there's a good chance Cruz can and have he a good show. Six percent, thirty-four. Yeah, he did very, he did very well there, but and he was actually so Trump was expected. One of the polls right before the election, Trump was ahead by eleven points, and he lost by six. That's pretty bad. Uh, and and it was, I, I think you're just trying to nitpick. No, I'm not. I'm not. I'm saying Trump did not. If you look at the polls going in, Trump did not win a single state where he was expected to not win. But he did lose oh, a few. Okay, so Hillary wins seven out of 11 states, and she loses four. And everyone calls it a glorious day and says that it's all but locked up. Well, I'll tell you now. what Hillary did. Trump wins the same amount of states. I'll tell you what Hillary did that, that uh, Trump didn't do. Hillary won a state that was considered marginal, and that was Massachusetts. Massachusetts, which is right next to Vermont. She won by 1%. I know, but, but the thing was, some people thought that Bernie... Because of winning New Hampshire easily and Vermont, he crushed by like seventy-five points because he uh, he's from there and they love him there. That you know New Hampshire and Vermont are next to Massachusetts, and it was thought that especially the rural areas of Massachusetts that border on Vermont and New Hampshire, that Bernie's going to crush those so hard that even in Boston, where Hillary's more popular, it's not going to be enough, and Bernie's going to take that state. Well, the fact that Bernie failed to do that, he came close, but the fact that he failed to do that was a big moment for Hillary that she won a state that was kind of uh, in his territory. It's one thing to win in the South where, where she's, she was expected to crush and did. It's another thing to win Massachusetts, which is right next to two states where she struggled badly in the past. So that's that, that was the biggest moment for her was winning Massachusetts. The rest of them were very expected, all the southern states. Uh, Hillary wins anywhere there's a lot of black people because black people just do not like Bernie Sanders for whatever reason. They just do not vote for him. And uh, I mean, I think other than – I mean, I agree with what you're saying. I think other than Minnesota where Trump got trounced, I think he did great. I mean, he wasn't expected to win in Texas. He didn't. Oklahoma – I mean, there's, there, I assume I don't know the exact delegate count, but I, there can't be that many delegates. No, it's not, it's not about the delegates, and I'm not saying Trump isn't going to win the the primary. I'm not saying he won't be the nominee because he probably will be. But I'm saying that this was not when he went into the day, he was expecting to do better than he did. Was it a disaster? No. Was it? Uh, okay, I, I would say that when he went into the day, he went in expecting to do slightly better than he did. I mean. He, he won seven out of 11 states. Cruz won three. Rubio's now won one out of 14. So I guess we can agree Rubio's done. Yeah, he was he, Rubio was the one who had the worst day. I mean, yesterday was definitely a make-or-break day for Rubio. Yes, and, 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 now, and it was a break. He really struggled there, and he's going to probably lose Florida, he's gonna, too. He's going to go on for some reason up until March 15th, I want to say, when the primary's in Florida, where he's already right now polling double, digit, uh, double digits below Trump. And I don't, I don't. Yeah, if he doesn't do you have win any that, reason then he's to really think done. that that's going to change, he's going to make up that kind of. No, ground. he's not going to make up. I think I think he's gone, and uh, like 
I don't think he has much of a chance anymore. Cruz has an outside chance of coming back to beat Trump, but only if Rubio drops out and the support moves to Cruz. Otherwise, and the Cruz other thing you have too. to consider is you have to realize most of the party establishment they hate Cruz almost as much as they hate yeah, Trump. Yeah, I know, I know that. that and then another, it's, it's like almost a, for them the way they're looking at it. It's the choice of two evils: the candidate that they want to back and they want to donate money and get behind is dead last now with 94 delegates after 14 states in third place. Yeah, and so. So that's the other problem is that there's already delegates now that, that are one. So so Trump already has 319 at this point. So a couple it, of political experts yesterday were stating factually that uh, that John Kasich is staying in only to take away Rubio votes, not some unwritten uh, handshake agreement, either implied or unimplied with Trump, that he's going to be on the ticket as a VP. Have you heard of this? I haven't heard of this, but I have believed that he stayed in the race to be the VP. Whether it's to screw Rubio or not, I don't know. But but I, I have heard that, uh, that that he really wants to be the VP. He knows that being in Ohio is very important to be the VP, uh, that, that he can bring Ohio to the Republican nominee, which, which is needed or the Republicans lose. So he knows that he'd be an attractive VP candidate and is staying, just to kind of stay in the spotlight and stay relevant to be the VP candidate. That's what I believe. But, and, and also, when you do talk about the alternative to Trump, which is Ted Cruz, who again won three states, uh, they've claimed, and again, when I say they, I mean the experts, the political science uh, degree majors, that he has not done as nearly as well with the Southern evangelical voters that he was supposed to do. So what, what reason is there to even think that he's going to do better in the weeks coming because, up? Because the thing is, he's, he's still splitting votes with Rubio, and when Rubio drops out, provided that happens, that's where he could pick up some. Otherwise, now I, I still think Trump's going to be the nominee at this point. It looks uh, very much like that. Uh, but uh, I, I believe it's over for Rubio, and it's going to be probably over for Cruz unless Rubio drops out sometime soon. To where Now, Cruz right now in delegates, he's not that far behind. He's only uh, about... Less 90, than 100. He's, yeah, he's 93, or, yeah, 93 delegates behind right now. So that's the... As long as he can pick it up here and and not uh, fall further behind. But at the same token, I'm not saying I disagree with you either, but if you would have told Hillary Clinton that the day after Super Tuesday she'd only be 164 delegates behind Bernie Sanders, you think she would have taken that? Well, no, she's way ahead because of the superdelegates. She has 1,052 already. She has the superdelegates BS where they uh, these, these delegates can play. Oh, yeah, that's right. Okay. Yeah, it's, it's kind of rigged, actually. Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of r- really rigged. I, the, the Sanders supporters are so mad so about this. So the regular delegates, delegate, she has 504 and she has 340, but it's the superdelegates. Yeah, she, she has 1,052, thanks that. To is that is pretty fucking rigged. It, it's, it's very rigged. Like, right. like Sanders wasn't going to win anyway, but this is really rigged. Like if he had a chance to win, he wouldn't win anyway because of the superdelegate. That's really, really rigged. That's why that Baron von Strucker wanted a visa to get out of this country. Jesus Christ. <laughs> so, so anyway, uh, and by the way, Carson finally dropped out. He's fi- finally gone today. Yeah, I didn't see that. Okay. Yeah, so uh, not that that matters much, but no, didn't matter at all. But uh, the, the bottom line is here that this was not as good for Trump as it appeared it would be going to the day. But it wasn't a bad day, and and he he at least did for the most part. What he was expected to do, the the states he was expected to win, uh, he picked up all of them except for uh, the, except for Oklahoma, and then there were kind of the wild card ones like like Minnesota wasn't really known, Alaska wasn't really known, and those did not go his way. But at least it wasn't expected he'd win those. It was just kind of 
it was just kind of like we don't know what's going to happen sort of thing, and it just didn't go his way. Oklahoma, he was expected to win and did not. Texas, he was expected to lose. And not only did he lose, he lost by more than people thought. He, he was – it was looking like he was going to be fairly close but still lose, and instead he, he lost pretty decisively. But but that's Cruz's state, so that makes sense. So Cruz has a lot of work to do if he wants to catch up, and Rubio is going to need to drop out if he's going to catch up. Uh, one thing that is not appearing to happen is – People are not getting a Trump fatigue. He's not doing anything to cause abandonment of his support. Like all the things that were said about Trump that uh, eventually he's going to get on people's nerves or he's going to do something really outrageous and drive everyone away. It just seems every time there's a new outrageous story about him, like the thing with him and uh, not disavowing David Duke and the KKK, didn't hurt him. He just He just keeps on going. So I don't think any of these – so-called shocking stories about Donald Trump are going to sink him. It's just a matter of can the Republican Party coalesce the non-Trump supporters and beat him. And I, I, it probably, the answer is probably no, but uh, we'll see. I actually bet on this race uh, much more than I bet on the – or on a lot more races than I bet before. I, I bet once on Trump and won it. But uh, that was for South Carolina. But since then, for Super Tuesday, I used the site predictit.com. And someone, I forgot who it was, someone told us about this during one of the previous radio shows. So I went on predictit.com, and it's interesting because this is actually legalized betting on these political races. So it's a legal site. It's run by a university, not even in the U.S. It's run somewhere else, some other country. And you can deposit by credit card. And you're really just gambling on the candidates. You're doing it in a weird way where you're like buying stock in them and then you, know, you can sell early if you want. Or uh, Basically, this is the way it works. Each candidate has a price in cents, anywhere from $0.01 cent to $0.99. Cents. And then if they win, the stock becomes worth a dollar. If they lose, the stock becomes worth zero. And then you can also sell in between. So let's say you, you buy a candidate when he's at $0.12 cents and then he uh, the, his prospects of winning – improve and he moves up to 26 cents well you could sell at that point and just take your profit or you can just hang on and, and wait and if he actually wins you'll get a dollar for it or if he loses you get zero so th- that's how it works it's pretty interesting and i i use this to bet on the various primaries now i took a strategy that was actually pretty good except i made one mistake but for the most part i did pretty well with with my strategy my strategy was to take was to first of all understand that everyone is assuming Trump's going to win and p- people are going to just throw blind support behind him when they're when they're betting. So I also learned don't really try to challenge the polls. So if there's polling showing that Trump has a huge lead somewhere, don't challenge it. Just assume he's going to win. Why why don't why not bet on him as a huge favorite? Well, because it's uh, there's fees and stuff over there. It's not really worth it if you're going to get a tiny return. But. I found the right strategy was to look for states where there was not much polling to where pretty much anything can happen and then go with the big underdogs and then just hope some of them come through. So I did that for Oklahoma. Sadly, I didn't do it on the Democrat side where, he was, where Sanders is an underdog and won. But for, for the Republican side, I did it for Oklahoma. So I won 11 half to 1 on Cruz there. I did it for Alaska. Won also something similar, uh, like I think. 10 to 1. I did it with Rubio in uh, Minnesota. 
I also had a big one on Cruz in Minnesota, but he didn't. He didn't. He came not that far, but he uh, it was Rubio, pretty decisively won. So uh, so I got that one as an underdog bet. Like I think it was about uh, three to one. And and I I also what was the other one I won? I had Sanders in Colorado, which at the time was an underdog. So all these places had very scant polling. And I was counting on that, that just people were just going to support the front runner. And there weren't polls really to support really who's going to win or lose. And I also sometimes went by factors that uh, I figured that would help the candidate, such as uh, the fact that Bernie seems to be stronger out west so far, other than his you know, little area of Vermont, New Hampshire, seems to be stronger out west. I also went by the fact that Oklahoma and Texas were similar and, and threw a lot of support behind Cruz. So things like that. So those, I did well. I didn't win them all. Like, I, I went with Arkansas, too. I thought that uh, Cruz might pull it out there, but he didn't. That was a good win for Trump, where it was considered maybe questionable that he... It was thought he would win, but it, there wasn't much polling. It was one of those not-sure-what's-going-to-happen states, and Trump won. But uh, I did pretty well on those underdog bets. Where I screwed up was my favorite bet. I did a big favorite bet on on Hillary in Minnesota without all that much polling data. Just because the few polls there were had her crushing. And then she lost pretty decisively there. She lost big time. So I, I, I made a big bet there and lost that that ate into my profits. And then I also bet on Sanders in Massachusetts. And he came close but didn't come through. In fact, I, I bailed out on that one pretty late and actually sold it. So I ended up winning overall. I would have done even better if I didn't do the. I can't regret the Sanders in Massachusetts. That was a that was a good value bet. It just didn't come through. But the the the, the Hillary at a big favorite in Minnesota, where there wasn't much polling, was a mistake. That was the reverse of my winning strategy. Hey, so you bet it on a race? You said. <sighs> you go go back to eating. What's the name of the site that uh, you it's do called? This on? It's called Predictit.com. So where's it based out of? In some other country, but it's legal. And, how, and you deposit with a credit card, you yeah, said? Yeah, yeah. And I'm going to cash out. So this is the oh, – let me tell you about the fees. The, the, I'm not sure how they pay you. <laughs> no, no, this is a problem. Uh, yeah, it sounds like it's a problem. Let me tell you it the seems problem. like it would be a problem that you would have researched before you put in your – Well, I, I, thought I, I thought I did, and there was something misleading. So, so they said it's <laughs> they said it's free to deposit, and I thought, okay, cool, free to deposit, and I get 2% back on my credit card. And cashing out a 5% fee. So I wasn't thrilled about that, but I said, okay, well, it's free to deposit. Cashing out is 5% fee. And, and I knew that was, that was kind of failed because I'd rather the deposit fee because cashing out meaning that it's going to cost me to cash out both the money I originally put in plus the money I make, provided I win. So that's kind of failed. If, if I'm expecting to win, you'd rather paying the deposit on cash, on, on deposit than cash out. So, I knew about that. What I didn't know is that on top of that, they charge a 10% fee on any profit you make on any bet. Isn't that awful? You there, Brandon? What happened to Brandon? We lose him? God damn it, we lost him. How does this happen? How do we just lose Brandon? So I'll put it back on here. Uh, 
See, I hate the new Skype. It's such a pain in the ass. Contacts. Here we go. What a fail. See, I don't even see him. He shows offline. Brandon. There you are. Hello? Brandon. Wake up. Hello? Yeah. What happened to you? You disappeared. Can you hear me? Hello? Can you hear me? Oh, this is nice. Hello? Yeah. Can you hear me? (laughs) What a disaster. What a disaster. We were doing so well, too. Doing so well, this has to happen. Here, he's calling back. You there? I lost you. Now yeah. I'm back, yeah. Okay, so so anyway, there's that 5% withdrawal fee, which sucks because anything I win, I have to pay withdrawal on that fee on that too. And how, how, do they, how do they send you the money? I'm not sure, but that's not really the problem. The problem is <laughs> – what, what's so funny here? No, I'm just laughing because it's just it's funny that you of all people would, – I, would I, don't, I don't care how they send me the money. If it's, if it's a 5% fee, I don't care if they send no, it to me a carrier pigeon. It's the same. done all the due diligence. No, but I don't care. I, I know it's legitimate. I know they send the money, so I don't care which way they get it. I don't care if they give me a Bitcoin. As so well. what's the problem then? There's a 5% withdrawal fee, but then there's a mm-hmm. 10% fee on anything you make in each individual bet. Which is a freaking disaster. What do you mean? Just like a ten percent rake? Yes. So, so like, right. here's an example. Um, I bet eighty dollars on uh, on cruise in Arkansas, not Arkansas, in in uh, Oklahoma, and that would return a thousand. So it'd be a profit of nine twenty if you. And there's fifteen percent coming off the top then. No, what it is? Uh, no, it's not. It's, it's I I betting eighty to win nine twenty, and then when I won the nine twenty. They rake ten percent out of that, so I, I actually win nine twenty well, minus ninety two. I mean fifteen in the sense that ten percent. No, it's not always 5%. like that. No, no, because it's, it's kind of split up in a different way, so it's it's not always like that. But but the thing is, it's 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 too much. And they didn't make that clear when you were signing the up. The ten percent wasn't clear. Somehow I didn't. I, I that that was not made clear to me. I'm sure if I researched it, it was probably something I missed, but it wasn't that clear. What? How much roughly do you have on this site? If you're willing to say now. Man, I guess it's well, fortunately, I wasn't betting that high of limits. Well, fortunately and unfortunately, if I bet high limits, I would have won more. But uh, I, I, I won about $800 after the rake, before the withdrawal fee. After the rake, before the withdrawal fee, I won about 800 If it wasn't for the rake, I would have won like 1000 I got raked like 200 which is fail. So I, I, I put in 1500 I have like 2300 there right now. And to withdraw, it's going to cost me five percent of twenty three hundred. So if you think about it, like, yeah, like, well, I mean, it could be worse. It could I mean, be worse, but I, I realized, but I, I hit some pretty good underdogs there. I hit the cruise for eleven and a half to one. I hit another cruise one in Alaska for like nine or ten to one. I, I hit the Rubio underdog. Well, I remember that one day you were texting me hoping that Trump covered. I mean, well, that know. was no, that was a different thing. Okay. I didn't use that site then. Could, no, so the yeah. the point is here, I hit some good ones and I still only won eight hundred dollars, and then I'm, I'm going to get less than that when I withdraw. So it's a joke. I'm going to pay like 100 something to withdraw again too. So like how much am I making here? So I decided that unless I really see some like good underdog situations like this again, I'm not going to even bother with this site because it's just – Now, what the, else can you bet on it? The rake the is music. too damn high. Yeah, the rake is like the one guy. It is. It's too damn high. What, what other things can you bet on besides – is it just primaries? Is no, you it? can bet on all kinds of political stuff up there. And there's nothing else you see EV? 
not from what I saw that I it was like it has to be enough EV to where you're beating this obscene rake. So there's just too many things working against you. It's I kind of feel like the same way as when I was playing on uh, playing one two uh, no limit hold'em on a cruise ship on digital poker against some of the like worst players ever. Literally like the worst no limit players I've ever faced. And even despite that, I wasn't sure if I was a favorite in the game because the rake was so high. It's similar. Did he get some kind of a free cash advance or some shit? I did do that. Yes, because you could okay. uh, you could charge it to your credit card with no fee. So I just kept uh, running it up just to get free points. <laughs> what did you end up charging on that ship? Uh, thousands of dollars. <laughs> over over ten? No, they wouldn't okay. let me go that far. That's funny. But uh, they closed that loophole, by the way. But uh, at least, yeah. but anyway, the. It it was kind of like that. Like here, I like I, I feel here that I have to have a pretty good edge. Now I felt like the ones I bet on. Like if I had to do this all over again, minus that stupid Hillary bet I made. Every every other bet I made, I was very happy with the value I got, especially some of those big underdog bets, because they all don't have to win. When you're getting ten to one, eleven to one, you hit just a few of those and and you're in great shape. And it wasn't a coincidence that I, I hit a few of these. I I hit two of these that were more than ten to one. On a cruise in uh, in Alaska and in uh, Oklahoma, so I just I reasoned it out. I said there's hardly any polling in these places, and and what little polling there is showed that Trump wasn't dominating. So how could it be eleven to one against with with, with the cruise? Like how could it be? So I was right. He won two of those places. Oh, we lost Brandon again. I don't know what the problem is now. So anyway, I wouldn't recommend this thing unless you're really sure. But if you're going to do it, make sure to do it on underdogs. Don't bet any favorites on there. And only do it on underdogs where there's poor polling. Don't do it on underdogs where there's a lot of polling because you're not going to win. Like, I don't care what price you're getting. You're just not going to win in certain states. It's just not going to happen. You're just throwing money away. Like, for example, with Hillary... I was saying, like, oh, I hear the buzz... For example, with with Hillary in the, in the South, she's going to win every time. So, like, you, no matter what price you're getting, you don't want to go against her in the South. What are the odds is this whole thing doesn't even reach the the Democratic or I'm sorry, the Republican race, the 1,200 and change delegates that someone needs to lock it up? Uh, like a push. Yeah, I haven't really looked into that, but because then, so if that happens and it becomes a brokered convention, yeah, and then. Okay, so there's two different. There's, so, so again, I, I'm 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 like you. I'm, I'm amazed by all this. I've been doing a lot of reading. Um, it's very very interesting. I've I've studied and, and educated myself more on this election than probably every other election combined before. So, to my understanding, there's three outcomes. Trump could well, assuming Cruz Rubio don't win outright, which I don't think is going to happen. So Trump can win the nomination if he doesn't get enough delegates, the 1,200 and was it, 1,255 or something like that, then it could be a brokered convention. But even if he wins the 1,255, then it could still become a contested convention. Is that correct? Those are the three uh, outcomes that are the likeliest? That they can basically try to screw him from the nomination? Hello? Um, the contested convention, I don't know much about that. Well, from my readings, a contested convention basically means 
they can go there and just decide not to give it to him and try to steal it from him, which everyone's saying is a possibility, but it would alienate America so much to know yeah. that their voice wasn't heard. But I don't even understand how that could be part of the rules that they could do that. And then the broker convention would, would occur if none yeah, if of the three get, parties – Yeah, if nobody gets the majority. Gets at 1255, then it becomes brokered. But again, and I think this has never happened since these new rules were put into place. I believe it was 1972. So you know what? If anyone's listening that understands this, I mean I guess I could read it. Write a post up because it is kind of fascinating to me. Well, see what, what happens with this. Now I can tell you about the brokerage. What happens is they basically the delegates can, can switch allegiances at that point. The, the regular delegates and they and they they're released and they can switch their allegiance and it's hoping that the ones that switch allegiances will will go. You know, there'll be enough to where one of the candidates has a majority. Okay, and then how can they just flat out deny it in this contested convention? See, I haven't really read about that yet. I've heard something about it, but I haven't really read about that. I guess because we're not close enough, I hadn't been as interested in that. Sounds like it's really just a huge scam. All of it. Hillary with the super delegates, they <laughs> the whole country votes and then they can just say out oh, we don't a select few can just this is why people are just so dissatisfied with this country. No, I admit the super delegates is a big scam. They shouldn't have it. It should be a scam that if if Trump wins the magic number that they shouldn't even be able to fuck with it. Yeah, see the problem the people's, the people's will for better or worse should stand. Here's the problem. The problem Jump is there's side. not there's not a lot of oversight in how the parties themselves choose their candidates. It's a, the oversight is is in the actual election for the can- you know, for who's going to win for the, for the position. So the general election, there's oversight, but this is more like the, the party's internal process. It's seen for for picking a candidate, and and if that's shady, there's not a lot that can be done because it's kind of the party's business what it wants to do as far as who it uh, it throws up there. So that that's the problem is there's not there's not a lot of oversight or, or rules as far as that goes. It's it's seen as like the party's choice of what they want to do. Sounds pretty shady to me. Yeah, it, it is. So, uh, yeah, it shouldn't be that way. No, it shouldn't. The people's will should should be what matters. Yeah, it should be. And that's uh, the, the parties are, are established enough in this country now to where there's really just two parties, and it's been this way for a very long time. It, it should be that this is binding it shouldn't the, the party shouldn't be given so much power to overrule things or to mess with things or to change around the rules and uh you, you know it's also weird is did you notice there was no colorado republican primary i mean that was just one of the states that i thought just didn't vote on super tuesday for the republicans but did for the democrats no no that's actually they're, they're, it's not that way actually it's, well, they're actually just not – they're not even voting. But there wasn't – how come there wasn't an Alaska Democratic Party? That just hasn't – I think that just hasn't gone yet. Wait, so Colorado doesn't even have a primary? Yeah. <laughs> no. Yes. Why? That doesn't make any sense. Are you sure? Yes. There won't be a Colorado uh, – there won't be a Colorado primary. There's no voting. Hold on. It's true. Okay, yeah, it says here that the Colorado Republican caucus was on March 1st, but the results won't be revealed until the National Convention in July. 
How does that? I don't. I mean, what, how? I mean, who made these rules? It's uh, the Colorado made the rules. They just that's, that's the way they wanted to do it. So, so they're just going to reveal that. They, so the people caucus. Okay, so it was a caucus that occurred on, and, and the delegates you could just support who they want. The basically. caucus occurred on Tuesday, but then the, the delegates won't be revealed until they make their pledge in the convent during the convention in July. Yeah. Wow, I didn't know that. And they can just pick who they want. I mean, do you know a lot about? The history of other countries, such as I, mean, I don't know, even Israel, Great Britain, Germany, how they vote. I mean, it can't be a fucked up system like this. No, it? they have they have fucked up systems with a different problem. Is there any country that they? I mean, any uh, first world country, you know, that's industrialized like ours, where they just count the votes and whoever has the most votes wins? I, I haven't really looked too much into these other. I, they they have their other problems. I haven't looked specifically into what problems they have in these other countries, but I've heard of different yeah, issues. So I, I can't tell you which country is ideal for this, but yeah, there there does need to be some reform. The only thing I think should be kept, and it, it this could be reformed too, but I want it kept in some way, is the the electoral college situation. Some people criticize that, saying it shouldn't be that someone can win the popular vote and still lose, as, as Al Gore did in two thousand. But here's the thing: is that we have fifty different state governments that are separate from one another, and that if you don't make it state by state, if you just do it for pure vote, pure number of votes for the country, then the smaller states will get ignored. Then it would be useless for candidates to spend any time or effort on states with a small population, and they just. But, and- and by the way, uh, this is what happened in Colorado. This is the first time this has ever happened. It's, it's not something that happened four years ago, eight years ago, yeah, 12 new. years ago. Um, in Colorado, the Colorado GOP Executive Committee voted to cancel the traditional presidential primary after the National Party changed its rules that require a state delegate to support the candidate that wins a caucus vote. The move makes Colorado the only state to forfeit its role in the early nomination process. Yeah. It takes it takes Colorado completely off the map, a <laughs> former state GOP chairman said. I mean, that's embarrassing. It is embarrassing. They need to standardize the process. It needs to, And the caucuses are kind of stupid, too, and they screw anyone who's not physically present for it. There's no absentee caucusing. So, And I also heard that some of the caucuses were chaotic around the country. Like, they were just, they were such a mess, and in some cases, it took hours. People just gave up and so left. So basically, the people of Colorado have no say, except for the a select few. Wait, for the except primary, for, yeah, Republican except for primary. twenty-four people. The, the, the Democratic caucuses that that was normal, and that was the that was won by Bernie Sanders. But not that the Democrats have got a perfect system. They've got the super delegates, which is a huge problem. That's a the freedom also opens the door for political mischief, as Colorado last saw in two thousand and twelve. When Ron Paul supporters managed to win a significant portion of the delegates, even though Paul finished last in the state, yeah, see that's <laughs> oh, that's great. So that's so that's why that's why they're that's why they're not having the the voting here is because the Republicans actually they, they're standardizing this, saying that you can't do this anymore. So they said, all right, we're just not going to have any voting. Then they can do what they want. It's saying that candidates have no incentive to campaign there. Yeah, they won't have a good reflection yes, of it, the support. 
of Colorado Republicans as a whole. And, and the delegates can do what they want, too. I mean... Basically, they wanted the party elites in Colorado to, to choose who they support. And then when the Republicans said, you can't do that anymore, yeah. now, you, now you have to go with what the people vote. They're like, okay, we just won't have the people vote then. That's what that's as really I've good. gotten older and wiser and maybe more mature, I, I've really... I don't think I've ever even said this. Maybe I'll get some backlash, but I, I think I can say this isn't the greatest nation in the world. I mean, it isn't. Well, what is then? I mean, I don't know, but it can't be this. I mean, it can't be the fact that we're in 2016. They're basically telling the state of Colorado, the people of Colorado, that their free will will not. But that's but that's that's Colorado's decision. They did something stupid. But, but, well, I'm just saying. I mean, so really, like it's Colorado's decision. So we can sell pot, and and you know, the federal level thinks that they can stop that, and in a lot of cases, the federal levels. And actually, I'm sorry. In, in almost every case, the federal level and everything supersedes the state level but the federal level doesn't block this well, that's, allow- a, that's, that's the problem well the federal level blocked what happened with ron paul in 2012 and then they they, I, they changed it to this to get around that so that's why this just needs to be standardized it needs to be the do you two- think this is the greatest country in the world still yes you really do and what, what I, it's not it's not without problems I'm, I'm not saying that no but, of course that, but no, the reason is that, i know some of the european listeners we have are probably going to disagree but listen uh, people confuse dysfunction and problems with with meaning the country's bad uh and and uh the thing is the united states is is the leader with most things and it's it's the most influential everything that happens here influences the rest of the world and and i'm not talking about in a bad way uh a, a movie gets released here it's popular worldwide provided it's a decent movie yeah but that's kind of misleading because we have the by far the biggest uh, productions of films in any well, other country. Well, that's, that's, part so that that, that's part of it. That's part of it. The products that forget just movies, other products that uh, there's a lot of products that that are made here that uh, are used worldwide or desired worldwide. Uh, the, the trends that are started here will, will go worldwide. Those kind of sound like superficial things that you're saying. They're not superficial. It's movies all, and trends. No, it's all it's all part of it. I'm, I'm mentioning everything here. We, we so also I'm have the talking most... more about government, the people's free will, you know, things of, of that. We have a lot of free will. There's there's a lot there's a lot of freedom here. There's no question about that. But uh... so, but okay, so but it's 2016, Todd. You don't find it startling that two things: one is a certainty that the people of Colorado have no impact on who the Republican president is going to be, and the fact that the people's will, there, there's, you know, the Republican there's... candidate, can be denied because a select few. Want to go against that? The will? problem is there, there's some corruption that needs to be addressed, and and hopefully this will be done soon. There's some corruption in the process that needs to go away, and there's a corruption in a lot of other countries' processes too. I, I I don't know which is the perfect. That's why I'm saying I don't know about specific countries with each situation. But even if you point to other countries that have a better election process, that doesn't make it a better country. It just okay, but the, the two better. things that I just brought up. Do you agree that they're seriously fucked? Yes. I mean, I, I know you're not a Trump supporter. I know you would hate to see him uh, run our country, but at the same time, I would I would assume that if that's what the people's will is, you'd have no problem with it, with that and accepting yes, that. Yes, yeah, no, look, tampered with the election. Of course, the a lot of these things we're seeing are exposing major issues, including corruption in the electoral process, and there needs to be reform. And I think that where the reform has to start is the two major parties have to be seen as as something where where there is oversight and where they can't just make up their own rules. 
and say, well, we're picking a candidate. We can do it how we want. Uh, you can't control us. There, there has to be. But what reason or evidence do you see that that's even going to occur? I'm not saying it's going to occur. I think, it, well, I think there's going to be some backlash to a lot of this. I mean, but you, it seems like we hear this. You know, as much as I admitted, I, I've followed this year's elections more than any other year. It seems like even during years when there's not a presidential race and there's gubernatorial races or Senate races, you still hear that the party needs to come together. The party needs to come together. I mean, that's, that's well, it's not about coming together. It's, it's about changing the the laws about how these primaries can uh, take place, and there, there needs to be some standards standardization that goes across all fifty states. They need to the parties themselves, and especially the state level parties, uh, need to be given a set of strict rules uh, to what they have to adhere to so there's some uniformity to these elections and that that will prevent you know, a lot of let this. me explain let me ask you one more thing and i'm not i'm not trying to sound ignorant i just don't understand because things to me sometimes i i feel like with this country with just things in general things are made much more complicated than they actually need to be so every state uh, in some states again if if whether you're republican or democrat and you win that state some states you'll get the entire amount of delegates for that state. Some states are proportional based yeah. on the population. Is that correct? Yeah. That's the so, state's decision also. Each state okay, decides. Right. But why wouldn't – I mean I'm just saying in general, why wouldn't it just be the most easiest and simplistic way to vote by just counting votes and having the populist vote determine the outcome? Because of the state situation. Because we have 50 separate state governments and you don't want states to be ignored because they have a small population. So that, that makes sense to me. I understand why they do it that way. So you think that it's more logical to have each state represented more than just the actual – Not that represented more, but I, I, I'm fine with candidates having to win certain states and being an all-or-nothing thing. What I don't like is the fact that it can be uh, electors who switch their position, which can happen and has happened a few times in the past. Uh, th- th- this whole situation in Colorado is ridiculous. There needs to be some uniformity and fairness in the – electoral process and there needs to be uh, laws changed to where some of these vulnerabilities can't occur and some of this corruption cannot occur and a lot of this could be closed if they wanted to close it all these loopholes could be closed if they wanted to fix it and that needs to be done Uh, I don't mind again I don't mind the fact that it it would be seen as like 50 separate elections which is then all kind of put together and to see who wins I think that's fine as we have 50 different states that function as 50 different governments within the federal government and I, I think that's fine and if you don't do it that way then it's, it's kind of violating states rights in a way and I I think it's fine that we have our system set up that way but at the same time there has to be some uniformity and it's right now the parties especially the parties at the state level have too much power to make their own rules of the way things go and then it impacts the whole election for the country and that's not fair so you're fine with what happened? I mean, okay, I'm sorry. Let me let me rephrase that. In the 2000 election, just taking if you even ignored what happened with the votes and the chads and everything else, if it ever came to be again that the populist choice for president lost the overall election due to delegates, are you are you, are you are you fine with that? I think it's fine as long as as long as the electors are voting with what the people in their state have voted. Okay. Yes. I think that's fine because it's 50 different states. Now, some people have a different opinion, but I think if you have a government with 50 different state governments that you have to have each one separately represented in these elections. Otherwise, otherwise it'll just become a contest of uh, appealing to the large population centers and saying, screw the, the small states, that they're not going to make an impact. 
And the, the correct strategy at that point would be to only focus on the big population centers. And you don't want to do that. You don't want a, a president who feels like they don't have to care what the smaller states do or how, they, how they're perceived in smaller states because it's, uh, it's a country of 50 states, and you want them all to feel represented. So that, that part I'm fine with, but the, all the stuff we've been talking about before that needs to change. And it's uh, the Colorado thing is, is really ridiculous and very corrupt. Well, as well as Uh-oh. contested primary. That's pretty fucked Yeah, that's, too. that's wrong, too. Yeah, you, you cut for a second. But yeah, that's wrong, too. As are the superdelegates. That's, that's outrageous as well on the Democratic side, how, how many superdelegates there are and how they can totally rig elections in the favor of the candidate they want to see win. So uh, that's that's also wrong. And so, wait, so who are these superdelegates? Are, are some of them everyday normal people like us? No. Are they all politicians? No, they're, they're, no they're, they? they're people influential within the party. That, uh, well, that What are they, like business owners? Are they, been in, like, are they lobbyists, people I'm, that are in big oil, tobacco? Like who are they? Who's your average superdelegate? I don't know who the average superdelegate is, but they have power within the party, and then they just get to uh, – they they just get to decide. They just get to pick who they want. But how do you become a superdelegate? Uh, I don't know how you become a superdelegate. I know to become a regular it's delegate. Funny, I'm sorry, I just typed in superdelegate in Google, and the first thing that you know how it kind of gives you a thing to choose from. The yeah. first thing that came up is superdelegates or bullshit. <laughs> I, it's, the first, it's the first Google. thing. That's a good question. How you become one? I know to become a regular delegate, typically you're elected in a little local election. In fact, Ken Scaler actually ran to be a Democratic uh, delegate in the 90s. He didn't win. but And that was actually a corrupt process, too. Because I actually went with Ken Scaler. Oh, when he... it's, this is actually easy. You could, if you go right now on Google, there's actually a Wikipedia list of Democratic Party superdelegates, 2016. And it tells you everyone more than But how, like, how do they, they get there? I, I've, I've never looked up how they get there. How do like you... Jerry Brown is one, the governor of California, the governor of Oregon, uh... The governor of Montana. Yeah, they're all just high powerful people. It's unbelievable. Yeah, I, I knew there was powerful. So that's what I knew I'm trying to say. How people, can you say this country's so great if these few people can literally just well because decide. that's what I'm saying. There's corruption in the process has to be fixed. I, I didn't know that though. About uh, I didn't know exactly who the superdelegates were. I knew there were powerful people within the party. I didn't know exactly who they were, how they get there. I'm still not they're completely all politicians. clear. Politicians, all of them are. Okay. See, that part I wasn't sure they're about. All governors or all House of Representatives or all Congress, they're all of them are. Yeah, you want you want to hear something a little bit uh, corrupt also with the with the election of delegates in the Democratic Party. I was actually there for when Ken Scaler tried to get elected. Ken lost, but not for the reason you think he would lose. You you would think he'd lose maybe because he's just strange and people just uh, are put off by him and don't want to vote for him. It wasn't that way. Uh, everybody shows up to some location like a auditorium in a school or whatever, and they do their speeches. One little problem. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. Okay, here's a joke right here. I'm sorry. I, I just – who do you think is uh, by far, I guess, the most notorious superdelegate for Hillary Clinton? Notorious? I don't know who that would be. Well, I mean just – who would you even think wouldn't even be allowed to be a superdelegate oh, for Bill, Hillary Clinton? Bill Clinton? Yes. <laughs> and he's a superdelegate. That just tells you how fucked yeah, – I mean that's really? That's yeah, funny. he's a superdelegate. That's funny. He is a superdelegate. That's funny. I didn't heard of that before. Yep. So so with the delegate process, like you go into this like school auditorium, everybody gives speeches, and there's a voting process. So that that sounds fine, except the voting is before the speeches. Al <laughs> Gore, oh, he's, he's a delegate too. Yeah. I mean, so so can you imagine voting when people show up to give speeches for an election process, and the voting's before the speeches? 
What's the point? Yeah. So it turns out it's just an exercise on how many people you can bring to the uh, to the election who are going to vote for you. Like you just bring as many friends as you can, and you're going to win. Uh, can I can I say something real fast? Yeah. This is just to educate you and me, and I guess those that didn't know. Um, if you are a Democratic member of the House, Senate, or a Democratic governor, you're automatically a super delegate, huh. no matter what you are. Interesting. Um, those, those, so those three things you you automatically. Yeah, I, I meant to look this up at some point. So I did never I. did. Yeah, I just knew they were powerful people in the party. I didn't the Republican know. Party doesn't have super delegates per se. Yeah, I they're knew that. Delegates to the Republican National Convention that are seated automatically, but they are limited to three per state. Yeah. So literally, like I'm looking at this, like, so yeah, it is really rigged against Sanders. It's when super you have, rigged. Like, yeah. Wow. And that's why that's why Hillary has a thousand something delegates already. What do you think Bill's not going to – I mean – No, it's, a, it's the sheer number of them which is so offensive. Like there shouldn't be any, but the fact that there's so many in the Democratic Party is just insane. But I just think it's fucked that the like normal everyday people like you or I could never even do this. Like it, it, it's – Yeah, it, the, the whole process needs to be changed. The whole thing needs to be changed. There shouldn't be things like this. Al Gore is listed right now as of today as an uncommitted delegate. That's pretty funny. And the thing is like – the vast, vast majority of the population, upon hearing of the situation, would never support it. It's not, it's not like you'd find a lot of people defending this superdelegate thing. Like almost nobody would think this is fair, except for those who are the superdelegates or those who would gain from it. So, like, this is something that, like, if the country were to vote on this, it would be an overwhelming uh, change that people would be voting for. This isn't even like something where you're going to have a split opinion on this. This is just so egregious. So every Democratic governor, senator, representative, all of them—that's that's what this list is. Yeah. So, so that's but so that doesn't mean the country isn't great. It just means there's corruption which needs to be changed. That, that's how I see it. And uh, the thing is, if you think about what country is really the leader in the world for the most part of everything, including the military, but even putting that aside, just really for everything, even look at the internet. Where did that originate? Not only did it originate in the U.S., but the modern internet, which started about 20 years ago, a little bit more than 20 years ago now, but uh, uh, the modern internet, which includes the web, that also began in the U.S. Without the U.S., there, the internet as we know it probably would not exist. There, there's so many things in life, not just in U.S. life, but in life anywhere in the world, which is highly influenced by the U.S. in some way. There, there's a reason that you bring a U.S. dollar to just about any country in the world, people will take it. So I know this bothers a lot of people in other countries, but the U.S. is the most influential country in the world by far. And if you think it's not, then which country is? Now, the U.S. has its problems. There's, there's a crime problem we have that a lot of first world countries don't have. Uh, there, there's some corruption issues. There's, uh, yeah, there's, there's, a number of things which need to be changed, but that's the country itself is uh, it's it's actually still finding itself after all this time. The, the U.S. is not a very old country; it's only existed since the late 1700s, only since 1776. So, uh, it's it's actually pretty amazing to me 
what the U.S. has accomplished and where it stands in in the world scene in every way when it's it's existed for uh, less than 250 years. Interesting. But there, you know, there's some things that need to be addressed. You know, something else I, I'd love to see changed. But I, I don't. I know Donald Trump is talking about it, but I, I don't necessarily believe he's going to really do anything, or and he hasn't really presented a plan on how to do it. But the the number of outsourced jobs is getting to be insane, and and I don't blame the companies for doing it because a, a company their obligation is to make money, and whatever they can do to make money, especially if it's legal, they should do. So. If they can get cheaper labor outside of the country, you'd like to say, oh, they should hire people in the U.S. and have pride in their country. But the truth is, most important to them is profit. So if they find that they can get people in China or India or the Philippines to do the same job as those in the U.S. for a fraction of the price, they're going to do it. So the only way to stop that is to incentivize keeping these jobs at home, tie tax breaks to them. Or introduce penalties for doing so, almost like the same way that they uh, have duties for imports. Provide incentives for hiring U.S. workers or disincentives for not hiring U.S. workers. And uh, and bring a lot of these jobs back to the U.S. because there's, there's an amazing outsourcing problem that we're getting. It's getting worse every year. And... Truthfully, living in the U.S., it, it affects you every day. Every time you call up a, a, a company and get customer service in India or the Philippines, you're probably going to have a crappy experience. Your info may be stolen. They, they love to steal info in those countries. Here's a couple of interesting things, I and mean, these are facts, I, I would assume, uh, or there's studies that show this. What, what would you guess our country is compared to others in terms of literacy? Uh... This is according to the CIA's World Factbook. I don't know. It's uh, 75th percentile? No, no, we're 7th. No. Yeah, we're 7th in literacy. That's pretty good. That's better than I thought it was. I, th- I thought we were going to get beaten by a lot of small countries that just... Uh, I'm not sure what this means, but... 7th is pretty good. Scholastic science achievement. We're number 20... We're 22. That, I think that just means... Uh, in school, the, the the scores on science standardized tests. In, my in life expectancy, what do you think we are? Uh, I know 80s, we're not at the we're, top. We're 49th. Yeah, but some of that's misleading because uh, some a lot of it's lifestyle issues where people are voluntarily doing unhealthy things. So uh, that affects it. The U.S. is – I don't even understand how this could be, but the U.S. is 176 in the world in infant mortality. How could it be that high? That I can't explain. Third in median household – third in median household income. Yeah, that's good. Number four in labor force. Number four in exports. Now, these are all pretty good. <laughs> these are all pretty – except for the, the infant mortality and the life expectancy – some people believe that that is because of a healthcare problem. There are a lot of healthcare problems. That's not really the life expectancy being lower than 
many other countries, that's not about – I don't believe that's about the health care. I think that's about lifestyle issues, and that's not an easy fix because to fix that, you have to basically tell people – force people to live differently. And We were number one in this defense spending where we spend more than the next 26 countries combined, 25 whom are allies. Number of incarcerated citizens per capita are number one. Well, okay, so that, I've heard that stat thrown around before, and my comment about that is – I, I would be for the reform of that for nonviolent – or not nonviolent, but for, for offend, nonviolent drug offenders, not just nonviolent offenders. You have like scammers. They should be in jail. But like nonviolent drug offenders, people who, who were caught for uh, just possessing drugs and not for, uh, uh, for dealing it. Th- those type of things, I, I could uh, go for some reform uh, where, where I don't – but if people are committing violent crimes – they need to be imprisoned, and I don't care if, there, if, if there's, we have more people in prison for violent crimes than anywhere else. And if we have more violence than everywhere else, then that's the way it is. And those people need to be imprisoned. We can't just say we have to let these people out early because we have to compete with the, uh, having fewer people in prison than other countries do. It's, it's stupid. If someone has done something to warrant being in prison, they should be there. If they haven't, they shouldn't be there. I can understand relaxing prison sentences or not even giving them for uh, crimes that are very minor. That's fine. But for major crimes, people need to be in prison. And if that's a lot of people, then that's a lot of people. You can look for the societal reasons that might be happening. But up until a few years ago, crime in the US, violent crime in the U.S. had been going down for like 23 straight years. It, it finally started going up again the last two years, and I have my theories about that, which uh, I, I think a lot of it is because of the way the, the police are being treated now. I think that uh, police are afraid to do their job now. In, in higher crime areas. Hmm. And we've seen violent crime go up in the last two years. It's nowhere near the level it was at its peak. What about defense spending? Is that, do you find that kind of crazy that we spend more than the next 26 countries behind us combined? Well, 25 of them are our allies. There's a few reasons for that. There, there's some waste there, and I've seen it myself because I worked, I worked in the industry at one point, and I, I saw a lot of waste. And uh, there, there needs to be there's a lot of bureaucracy beyond what you'd ever believe, and there, there needs to be some reform in that, in, in the way defense dollars are spent. And, and the other country should take more of a burden, and the U.S. should start putting more pressure on them. Uh, up till now, the U.S. has kind of taken the position of if we don't do it, nobody will, and then we're going to have a big problem one day. So it's kind of just on us because no one's going to do it. But uh, I, I would like to see the other countries doing more. It is unfair that we're spending so much. Uh, now, it's not wasted money because they, they, these do create a lot of jobs. So it's not we're not just throwing the money down a rat hole. The defense spending is, is staying within the country. It's just uh, – but that doesn't mean it should be wastefully done. But uh, you know, I, I've always – I've never liked the th- – the statements about the crime, like oh, we, you know, we have this many people incarcerated, or that's that's not a good stat. We we need to look at who deserves to be incarcerated versus how many people actually are. That's that's what I'd like to know. We should just not incarcerate people because uh, we want to keep up with the, with the euros. And it's a different country. This country had a this country had violent origins. I mean, let's let's be honest here. We this country started off 
with the Revo- Revolutionary War, and there's been a lot of wars since then. There's a and they killed off the Indians. The, the, there was the yeah, there was a situation with the Indians. There, there was the the Old West, which was very violent until uh, you know originally most of the country was in the East, and the the West was a, a very uh, violent and light, lightly populated area. Uh, there has been a lot of violence in the history of this country, and even how it got started, and and then we've had, of course, the the lasting consequences of uh, the decision to take slaves into this country. There's a, a lot of problems that the country's faced in the 250 years it's existed. The fact that it is where it is uh, in the world at this point is is actually pretty amazing. But we have a lot of challenges here in the U.S. that other countries have never had. And it's a different place. It's, it's comparing apples and oranges. You can't say what worked in Europe is going to work here, what worked in Australia is going to work here. You, you can't say it because they're, they're different. You have to just look what's going to work here and not compare it to anywhere else. So, and, and we do have more violence in the U.S. than other first world countries. And that's not an easy problem to solve. It's not going to be solved by gun control. It's not going to be solved easily at all, and you can't just present. You can't pretend that we don't have that problem. You can't just uh, say we want the incarceration rates of Europe because they don't have the same crime problems that we've always had in this country, especially in the last uh, several decades. Though, as I've said, it, it was going down each year up until recently. So let's let's see what else I got here. Uh, I want to talk about Hillary Clinton and, and the rape thing from 1975. This was pretty amazing to me. I, I didn't know about this until a few days ago. This is a story from two years ago about something Hillary Clinton did in 1975, and I found it to be pretty outrageous. Now, defense attorneys are notorious for uh, pulling shenanigans to get their client off, no matter what they have to do. I'm talking about the really good ones. I'm talking about the... The Johnny Cochran's of the world? Yeah, or or even ones you might go to when you're caught running a Bitcoin gambling site in Las Vegas that might get you off of the very light sentence. And the truth is, those are the defense attorneys you're going to want to have if you get in trouble, especially if you're guilty. So if, if I was guilty of a crime and I was caught and I didn't want to spend years in prison or many years in prison, what would I do? Just say, all right, well, uh, I'll, I'll just take prison, no if problem. If you're in the L.A. area and you can find them, maybe you can hire. <laughs> the A-team. Mm-hmm. No, what I would do is I'd, I'd hire the best attorney I could that has the reputation of getting their clients off no matter what they had to do. I wouldn't I wouldn't say, oh, I'm going to hire the, the attorney who, who doesn't cut corners or doesn't do things they shouldn't. i just say, I want to hire the best attorney who's going to give me the best chance to beat this rap. And that's what I would do, that's what you would do, that's what anybody would do, provided they could afford that attorney. So Hillary Clinton was was a defense attorney. You still here, Brandon? I hear no sound. Crap. Why do I always lose him? Here we are. Yeah, I noticed he disappeared. I stopped. I'm back. Anyway, Hillary Clinton was a defense attorney in 1970. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can hear you. Okay, I'm sorry. She was a defense attorney in 1975. And, of course, she was quite young back then. That was uh, 41 years ago. So she was in her late 20s. 
And let me get to the story. What did she do? No, I'll, I'll tell you in a second. I, have this, I just want to read from the story, which I should have had up here. Yeah, it's almost 3 a.m. or something. Uh, I, I, can't, I, can't, I can't hear you. Can you hear me now? No. It's, it's, it's like really garbled. It was fine until like a minute ago. Did you change something? Uh, One second. Is that better? Yeah. Is that better? A little bit. It's a little bit garbly still. Did you change something? It was sounding fine. Then... He hung up. What a fit. Why do we have this problem tonight? Jeez. You know, I kind of had a bad feeling about the show coming in tonight. And... How about that? Better? Yeah. I just you had, had a bad feeling. I just spent almost eight hours of my day here. I just had a bad feeling this is going to be failed tonight. I just... I don't know. Okay, so... Hillary Clinton... Uh, was... I think this has been a good show. It's It's... Had good and bad parts. There's been a lot of fail here. It's been frustrating me. So Hillary Clinton has was once a lawyer in Arkansas, and she was appointed to represent a criminal defendant accused of rape. This guy was 41 years old. He had sex with a 12-year-old. Now, this isn't the same thing as like an 18-year-old having sex with a 15-year-old. That you could say, okay, it's just two teenagers where one happened to be legal and one wasn't. But you can see where they have a realistic relationship. A 41-year-old and a 12-year-old is crazy. I mean, Brandon, you're not even 41 yet. Could you ever imagine in any way, shape, or form where it's uh, reasonable for you to have sex with a 12-year-old? You know, the, the thing is, even now when I'm out and about and I see girls like, that are, you know, just coming to Vegas for the first time that are like in their early twenties. I'm not even attracted to them. Like they look like kids, like yeah, that's what like I feel 22, too. 23. Like I, it's, and I'm not just saying this to be politically correct. Like I, I don't like, they look like, like high school kids, even like when I'm out and they're giggling at a pool or having drinks. Like I, there's such a huge disconnect that, that, I mean, so obviously to answer your question, no, of course not. Like I can't even find myself for the most part, like girls that maybe that are, in their early twenties that look older, you know, I can still look at them and kind of like women, like girls that just have matured faster, but no, for the most part, uh, I mean, yeah, I me too. Like girls I'm not, right. that are legal and be attracted to them. So girls that are like 12, I, I, I mean, I guess I get it that there's some sickness. Like, I don't understand it. I don't feel that way. And I guess it's the same way about homosexuality because I've never looked at a man and felt attracted to him or wanted it, you know, felt any kind of closeness that I wanted to be with him sexually. But I do get that people do have this overwhelming, sometimes obviously dangerous and sick feeling that they can't control. Um, you know, like the, when you're done talking about this, remind me, or, or I guess we can talk about another time about the the fucking huge Democratic donator that like has a private island in Florida that was convicted of molesting kids that had oh. that 
had Bill Clinton on his island and okay, but anyhow, keep going. What you're saying, the answer is obviously yeah. steadfast no. So like so not, this, so this guy close. This guy, his name was Thomas Alfred Taylor, and back in mm-hmm. 1975, he was 41. I don't even know if he's still alive anymore, but uh, he he was facing up to he was facing 30 years to life in prison, and Hillary Clinton was his lawyer that year in 1975. He had sex with a 12 year old. Now Hillary as his lawyer, had to figure out what's the best way to get this guy out of this. And what she decided to do was to attack the credibility and emotional stability of this 12-year-old. Now, it's not that Hillary believed that this 12-year-old was at fault in any way. Hillary did not believe that this was a bum rap the guy was receiving. She was just thinking, what's the way I can help my client? What's the way I can win? Let me ask you, what you're reporting now or stating on the radio, is this something that re- – a recent development that became public or is this something that's been known for years? It's been known since 2014, but I just read about it uh, recently. OK. So it, so what happened – or at least the, the article is from 2014. This is from CBSNews.com, not from a, a right-wing site or anything. This is from CBS News. So Hillary argued in court that the 12-year-old – had, quote, a tendency to seek out older men and engage in fantasizing. And then she cited a child psychology expert that children in early adolescence tend to exaggerate or romanticize sexual experiences and that adolescents with disorganized families, such as the, this 12-year-old, are even more prone to such behavior. So basically she was saying is that this, this is a sophisticated 12-year-old who seeks out older men and uh, and that uh, girls from from troubled families like this especially tend to do this. So for that reason, this forty one year old who had sex with her, uh, you need to let him off because uh, it's this girl's fault. It's the twelve year old's fault that he had sex with her. Th- that was actually her argument. And again, she wasn't believing deep down that this guy was innocent or that this wasn't his fault. She was just thinking, what's the way that we can win this? What's the way that that we can get him off? Boy, Brandon, we're just, we've lost you like ten times tonight. I know it's something's going on. I'm sorry. Keep going. So, so that's that's what. So she went ahead and did this, and and she was successful. This guy did not get completely off for it, but he spent a whopping one month in prison. One month for for what he did there, and it, it was because of what uh, what Hillary did for him there. So. With, with this, uh, basically attacking the credibility of this twelve-year-old, saying she's asking for it, she's seeking out older men, she's fantasizing about older men. Uh, girls from broken homes tend to do this. That's not really this guy's fault. And uh, in the, so Hillary did that, and then there's actually audio from an interview of her in the 1980s, and this is before she was that famous. You know, she was locally famous in Arkansas at that point, but not uh, nationally famous. This is way before Bill Clinton was president. In the 1980s, there's a, an interview with her that was recorded where she said that at the time she believed her client was indeed guilty. She admitted it. I'm not just assuming this. And then she was actually laughing that he managed to pass a polygraph test about about the situation. I don't know what the polygraph test was asking, but he passed it. And she said that that forever destroyed her faith in polygraphs, and she laughed. So by by saying that, she she says she knows he's guilty, but she did whatever she could to help her client win. Now, it's one thing for – what your lawyer is supposed to do by law is they're supposed to 
and they're bound by ethics to do this. A lot of them break it anyway, but they're, what they're supposed to do is you, you, within the confines of the law, make sure your rights are, are fully represented. And, and if there is something that uh, will cast a different light upon what you're accused or exonerate you to, to present that and, and to get that out and to get that seen. And especially if there's a technicality you can get off with to present that. that that's what a lawyer is supposed to do. They're not supposed to take someone they know is guilty and, and attack a child who, who, was, uh, who was raped and they know was raped and, and, and try to portray the child as that they are basically asking for it so their client can get off. That, that's very sleazy to do. I disagree, though. You, you think that they should uh, – if she doesn't believe that's actually true. It's one thing if she believed that this guy was innocent and that, that she really believed that this child like, – let's say this isn't the case. But let's say well, it's law- like this. If, 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 say, I murdered somebody and by the definition of the Constitution, I'm, I'm entitled in this country to the best legal defense – Okay, or, or if not, maybe the best legal defense. I don't know how it's exactly phrased, but surely a competent legal defense. Yes. And my attorney is able to prove, even though they knew I was guilty, that say there was a gun that was recovered that was only recovered, and that's the only evidence they have against me through an illegal search, and they're able to. Oh no, that's fine. That's a different story. Well, but but the lawyer still knew I was guilty. But that no, I'm not talking. That, I'm not talking about getting off a guilty man. That that's fine. That's the lawyer's duty is to help your is to right. Okay, is I, to, I, I'm confused. Okay, what is it so, you're no, arguing. I, it, it's fine if there's something in, in the legal procedure and the way you were arrested or the way evidence was obtained or, or something that uh, invalidates evidence against you that will get you off, even if you're guilty. That it's their duty to defend your rights that way. And then not to get their opinion of your guilt in the way. But, now, was Hillary a defense attorney? Or was yeah, she, she was. A, she was, yeah, she was, was she a public defender? I, I think she was a public defender. Here. Well, then if she's a public defender, then that's even more so. She didn't take it on her own, you know, her out of her own. Yeah, willing. she was a public that, defender. But but no, but that, I'm not saying she did. But once she, she has assigned the case, right? But, she had the obligation to do whatever she could. The no, best no, no, not, that's the thing. Not whatever she could. If she does not believe that. It's it's like if a lawyer believes your rights were really violated, but you were guilty, but then gets you off work. because hold on, let me let me say this: if if she if they believe your rights were violated, but you were guilty, and get you off based upon your rights being violated, that's fine. That's what they're supposed to do. But if they if you were completely guilty and your rights weren't violated, but they find a way to manufacture and pretend they were, not only shouldn't they do this, that's against the law and it's an ethics violation. You are not lawyers are not supposed to. Uh, introduce false evidence or, 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 or try to bring Wait, you so to what false conclusions. that was unethical in your opinion? She attacked the credibility of this girl who, who she knew for a fact was actually – that this wasn't – she knew it wasn't the girl's fault. She knew the girl wasn't – How did you know that? Because of an article you read? Because she, no, you because that? she said so in the 1980s in an audio tape. She said so that she knew the guy was guilty but just had to come up with any way to, to, to beat this for him. She saw this as like I'm her, I'm his attorney. I've got to find whatever way to win for him if possible, even if I have got to make things up. I don't. That wasn't her exact words, but but that was like she's like, hmm, what, what, how can I get him off of this? Ah, I know. Uh, we'll we'll paint this girl as a sexu- a twelve year old sexual vixen who who's asking for it. We we don't have any evidence of this, but we're, we can paint her this way and you know, get him at, off at that way. At the same time, it's such a slippery slope. What you're saying that, in the in today's day and age. A lot of clients or people that are find, found guilty, if they can find a way or an argument that they claim their lawyer should have come up with or a defense they should have 
installed, they're able to win a new trial based well, on fine, Well, fine, fine. But, but then it had to be something they can prove should have been said, not, not something they're making up about the girl that isn't true and there's no evidence that it was true. And even if it was, that's not even a good defense about a 12-year-old uh, that she was asking for. The only defense to a t- possible defense to a 12-year-old uh, you had sex with is if she looked 18 and said she was 18 and it was believable she was 18, that's still technically against the law, but that's at least a reasonable I don't defense. have a problem with what she did. But, but well, I, I do because she made I, up to- – I think she's ethically supposed to do whatever no, she No, she's not. Do. No, that's not true. That's a, I mean, well, that, that lawyers are actually bound by, by get, ethics. Yes, call you on the air. Yeah, um, long time listener, uh, Drew. If I'm an attorney, you're you're way off on this. Where am I off? You're saying that the defense attorney can only bring up uh, when your when your constitutional rights are violated. No, I didn't say that. That sort of thing. No, I well, said, I've been listening to you. You're way off. She, as a criminal defense attorney, she has every right, even though she knows. Her client is guilty. She has every right to cross-examine and to try and elicit some sort of reasonable doubt. From oh the no, 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 that that part's fine. That, no, that's no, she does have that right. But what she did is she tried to paint the child in a light that was not true, just to get him off. Well, that's that, fine. That, that that's fine. No, that's not. That's you know, not fine. Druff, yeah, I'm an attorney. I'm telling you that there's nothing unethical about that at all. It's up for the. Ju- it's not for the lawyer to determine and make a judgment on their client. If the lawyer, if the, 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 if the, the lawyer, judge. no, if the it's lawyer really the believes it, if the lawyer that. believes there's a reasonable doubt to it and wants the jury to consider no, that, no, that's no, fine. No, 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 no. If, if a client comes and admits it to you and says, "I am one thousand percent guilty," you still have a duty to go out there and defend. But that's them. fine. I agree and with to that. Try and create reasonable doubt. I agree with that, but but you have to create the reasonable doubt over, over things that are actually a reasonable doubt. You can't just ma- manufacture things. Well, who but who, de- who determines what those things? Are I mean that's that's for the that's for the judge yeah, to determine what evidence is going to be allowed, and then you then you attack it from that point of view. I mean it's it's you you are the mouthpiece for your client. You, now what you're the you mouthpiece. There's a difference between. Is, yeah, go on. What you can't do what you can't do is you can't suborn perjury from your own client. So if you know your client is guilty, you cannot put them on the witness stand and have them say I'm innocent. That is not allowed. So, and in most cases, the client, the defense, uh, the criminal doesn't take the stand anyway. But you, you are not allowed to do that. If he tells you I did it, you cannot put him on the stand and have him say I did not do it. So that is the one thing you can't do. But uh, all these other things, you are you are completely wrong. I'm, I hate well, you're saying all these other things. Your, what, hold on, let me ask a couple questions, Jeff. What uh, what state do you practice law in? I mean, you don't obviously say your name or anything. What state and what is your specialty? Um, I mean, I practice. I mean, I've practiced law in several states, but Texas is, is the main state. And what's your specialty? Uh, litigation. I mean, I handle everything from uh, business litigation to insurance litigation to criminal cases. I avoid divorce cases because they're just they're just horrible to deal with. By, by the way, but, you, uh, do you have an account on the forum, or are you just, just going to ask? Uh, I mean, uh, I've, I've posted maybe once or twice in like ten years, but okay. no, I, I'm not active in the forum. Okay. Cool. Well, okay. I'm, I'm, but, I'm glad, uh, I'm glad yeah, to hear yeah. from you. But I just, I just wanted to set dress straight. I understand what you're saying, and you're saying that that's what it, the way you think it should be, but that is not the case at all. I mean, the truth of the matter is, it's rare for you to have a client that is 100% guilty. They're always guilty of, of something. Usually, you're fighting over degrees of guilt because the, the prosecutors, what they do is they overcharge you. You're guilty of one crime, but they're going to charge you with four crimes. And make you make you you know fight your way out of it, or, or they're going to charge you with a crime, and it's a question of not whether you did it, but why you did it, 
or or, or I mean, what usually, level? Which... Isn't it pretty accurate that they overcharge you? So as most cases end, you know, not even going to court, they just ended up being pleaded out. It just makes it easier by overcharging to reach some sort of plea agreement. Is that kind of what the logic is? That's their logic. That's the prosecutor's right. logic. Is they're going to overcharge you, and then they're, they're going to negotiate down from that. But you know, that's an you know. I think it's unethical for them to overcharge you. That that's not right. Well, that, yeah, they, that, they that that's a different that's a different argument for a different time. That, that's true. I agree with that too. But uh, I listen. I I don't I don't feel good about this when I read this story here. And you think just think about the human element to this. This is a twelve year old girl. She knows the guy uh, raped her, and she's making up stories about this girl that it was her fault. This isn't bringing up the the guy's state of mind. This isn't trying to make them. Uh, uh, see him in a different way or paint him in a favorable way or, or talk about how his rights are violated. This is to take the, the victim and make the victim, a 12-year-old girl, look like it's her fault and, and, and actually successfully convincing people that this, was, uh, that th- this wasn't that bad because of that situation. Right. It, and then, and then she and wants that, to be president. See, as, as an attorney, I would want her well, defending okay, me. Well, I would want, I would want her defending me. But uh, so I'm not I'm not arguing that she that I wouldn't want her as an attorney. I actually would want an attorney like that if I were guilty of something because that's who would get me off for the crime. But right. the part the part where they made me call in is when you were just saying that that's a com- completely unethical. You can't do. That. I mean, that's, that there's nothing further from the truth. That is what she's supposed to do. She's supposed to create reasonable doubts, and it's up to, for the jury and the judge to determine whether or not there's reasonable doubts. Not for her to say, well, my client's kind of guilty, so I shouldn't. Take this line of attack on this witness, you know. You just, that's not you, you can't do that. And, no, and I wasn't saying that. I was just saying that she was falsifying a, a line of attack. That that uh, she wasn't falsifying anything. She was giving one one side a version. You know, she's giving a version that's she's you know making a, a, a in theory. This is what you know could have happened, should have happened, may have happened. Whether she knew it didn't happen, it doesn't matter. It's it's up for the jury to make that determination. It's not for her. She if you if, if as an attorney I made a determination, every client that came to see me and said, "Ah, oh, well, you know what? This guy's guilty," and it's not because his rights were violated. I can't handle the case. I mean, you, you, you'd have no clients. I mean, you just can't. You just can't so do it that a, way. So, as an attorney in good standing, you're saying there was nothing wrong with her defense. And in, in her line of no, no, I don't know. I don't know. I don't know the specific. I just know the way Druff described it. There was nothing wrong with what she did. I mean, I haven't looked into this case. I haven't read about it. But the way he described it, that, I mean, that happens every day in every courtroom across the country. Well, okay, but, you, but let's say this came right to you. Not, Here's a question here. Let's say this came to you and you were appointed to be the defense attorney here for, for this 41-year-old who had sex with a 12-year-old. And um, just, just for the record, I don't take cases like that. Yeah, I, 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 understand, I understand. I understand, but not if, interested in that. I, I understand, thing. but but if if you were, wouldn't it make you feel bad to have to to, to do this to a girl that you knew? It's one thing to you know some guy's accused of uh, of robbing a bank and you're trying to find ways to uh, to lighten his sentence or get him off of it. But you know, someone who who had sex with a, a 41 year old had sex with a 12 year old girl that you, you know was was a predator, and, and and you're the way you're getting him off is by making the 12 year old girl look like she was asking for it. You've got to go into court and say that. That, I, I would feel me, awful. Let, doing let, that. let me ask you this: uh, that same person you just described, this horrible monster, if he has a heart attack right there in the courtroom and they rush him off to the emergency room, are you going to say that, that that a doctor shouldn't save his life because he's such a horrible person? No, but that's not related to this situation. You're not attacking you're, anyone you're, to make you're, that you're happen. Say, you're saying I'm getting this this horrible person out of this mess, 
but that's related directly to that same, mess. You don't want to put the same responsibility on a doctor who's saving this guy's life. Wouldn't it be better for the doctor to let this guy die? I mean, the, wouldn't we be better off? Because but that's, but that's not related at all. That's that's why the doctor can't. The doctor shouldn't make a decision about we we don't like this person, so we're not going to save his life. But this is directly okay, attacking the victim. The same, this is attacking the, the victim. The, the victim the has nothing to do same. with the the, the 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 victim has nothing to do with like if he has a heart attack. And the doctor saves him. This wouldn't have to do with the victim at all. But here, you're directly attacking the victim in court, the, the saying same, this is your fault. Applies for the attorney. The victim. It's the same thing. You can't. You're not representing the victim. No, I understand. You know, it's but, the but same thing. You're you're saving this guy his freedom, his life. I I, I right. I, I think I just I th- like a doctor. I think this is. Uh, I, I wouldn't be able to look in the mirror to know I, I did that to that girl there. And said this about right. Her. Well, it's it's it's. I mean, it's it's like I said, those types of cases are not the easiest cases to handle, you know. But um, everyone deserves a defense, so it doesn't. It, 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 even the worst, most heinous monster deserves a defense. They, des- they deserve and that, that, a defense, but not that, not like this that, where that, you're. That, that's the country. That's the country we live in now. If people have a problem with it, then they need to change the laws. Change you know, just change the way well, things are handled. Like that's this. fine. Drop if that was your kid. Say, you know, it was a 25-year-old, not a 41-year-old, but it doesn't matter, 25, 40. Either way, it's awful, you know, any age to do that to a 12-year-old. And you knew that that had to be done to free your son and maybe hopefully you'd be able to get him the help he needed. If not, he'd spend the rest of his natural life in a prison. Wouldn't you want that defense used? No, oh, I want if, the best money you could buy. Well, there you're in, there you're there you're introducing an emotional aspect to that, where, where someone who's your son, uh, you're going to have a, a different and unfair standard of what you want for him, rather than what's right. A lot of times, for your own kid, you you want something that's uh, going to benefit them that isn't necessarily right or fair, but it's just because they're your own flesh and blood. You you favor them, obviously, and, the, and just like you will for yourself. If you're if you're accused for a, of a crime yourself, you're going to want to get off for it. You're not going to want to go serve the time for it, even though what's technically right, go go serve the time for it. what are you going to want to serve the minimum or not serve at all so that's i'm, I'm not that that's realistic i, I don't like the, pro- that the, problem, the problem with with, with, with drug is saying is you're putting the attorney in charge of making a judgment call based on their client's innocence or, or guilt no no i'm not i'm not how, asking for that but i'm not asking for that i'm asking to, that you don't just how, you don't just make to, up things about the victim that there's no well, well, evidence well, this, is, this, is the pro- this is the problem if i have a case then and, and if, you're, if you're a juror and you see me and i'm able to 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 cross-examine uh, an accuser this way, then you know, according to what you're saying, is if I know the guy's guilty, I shouldn't be able to do that. But if he's innocent, I should be able to do it. So then the juror's going to be tipped off and say, hey, well, he is cross-examining her in this way, so he must be innocent. Because in the cases where they're guilty, the, the attorney can't do that. No, I said, I, no, that's so, different. I, I think a cross-examination is fine, and I think if you want all the facts to come out, even ones that will look favorable to your client – uh, and the cross examination will do that for you. That that should be fine, and you should be able to do that. And everybody should have a defense, and 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 whatever you want to come out, and you can give so your then, opinion. So I just then don't. What I don't. Is not fine. I, I don't like how if if you as the attorney know that the girl was not asking for it in any way and was not throwing herself at the guy and whatever else BS was being said there, and you think what can I say? What can I just completely well, make how, up out well, of the blue? How do I know that a hundred percent? Though you're saying that I know that, like it's just. It's just 100%. Because you're the one making yeah. it up. Because there's no evidence at all. He didn't. Even if the guy didn't tell you, if you're just you're just like you're just sitting here brainstorming. Well, you said you said, that you said there was an expert witness that testified. No, the expert witness was about girls in general of that age. That they uh, she found someone to say that girls in general from broken homes tend to fantasize about older guys. That was like a general, not about this girl in particular. 
It was like to support right. her, her statement about this particular girl. That she's from a broken home. Here's the expert saying the girls from broken homes are like this, and, and that this well, particular. Okay, so so then what you're saying is your gripe then should be with the judge because there's no basis for allowing that in line of questioning yes, in. Exactly. Yeah. Because the prosecutor would stand up to the judge. You know, we're going to object. There's no evidence of this. There's no proof of it. It's evidence that hasn't been admitted. Please uh, uh, instruct the defense counsel to not answer this line of questioning. And it's up to the judge to make that determination. Well, that's that's true too. The so, judge, the judge, erred there as well. But my my point is that when you know you're you're just reaching something into the air that just is going to sound the best for your client, but you know isn't true. You're just saying it because, like, uh, you think, what can I say about this victim? That's going to cast doubt on it. Not that I have any evidence to believe it's true, or not that there's any, uh, not that there's any possibility that it's true. But I, I'm going to just throw this out there because this is going to create the most doubt. That's what she did here, and that's I'd want her as my defense attorney because it looks like she'll do whatever she can to make me win and, and Jeff, get off. But I, but I wouldn't want the person in authority in any way or being I'm, I'm especially being president. If, if that's the if that's the worst thing she did, I think. You know, no, that's not the worst thing she did. That's just, that's just one thing I'm throwing out about her character from, from 40 I'm years ago. I can think of many worse things that Hillary's done. There, there are. I'm just throwing this out because no one ever talks about this. That's why. They, everyone yeah, talk, I, I don't, I'm not going to talk I about the email because everyone talks about the email. Everyone knows about the email. Yeah, I mean, I think if you looked into uh, Mitt Romney's past and, and you know anyone that, that's, that's gotten to his level in business and especially the type of business he's in, he's, he's stepped on a lot more throats uh, than any criminal defense attorney has. I mean, you just, there's just so much, uh, you know, if you were going to look into all of these candidates, you would just find some things that you would find. Yeah, but she, she paints uh, herself as a feminist and a defender of women and all, but there's, there's so much that contradicts that, and this is yet another one to, to a 12-year-old girl of all things. Just, uh, some people are going to say, I, I can't do this, or at least they're going to say, I'll provide a criminal defense, but, like, but I'm not going to make like this Brandon up. Brandon said she was, a, she was appointed to represent her. I mean, but he doesn't, know, have, she doesn't have to represent him in that way. She, he can, she can represent yeah, that's, him. That's, 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 you, can't, you can't do that. I mean, you yeah. gotta what, do what do you mean you can't do that? You, 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 you're not required I mean, to make these things up. You're, you're, telling, you're saying that she has to make a judgment call on how she, no, she, what, like she, what theory she's going to throw out there. No, no, not theory. She can sit there and say, I'm not going to – I am not going to just make things up and, and say them in court about this girl that I know are not true. I, I'll, I'll present a, a good defense for him, what like, he deserves. Like, like the attorney said, it's it's up to the jury and the judge to decide whether it's true or not true, not what she says. But why should exactly. she make this up? I, I, I don't her, think... You can't make her the judge and jury. Because you're basically client. changing... You're not. She's making this up, that's though. That's basically what every argument is based on. See, it's, it's not the same it, thing. It's, it's, yeah, it, it is No, what's the same thing, thing is if she, if she thinks this... If she's sitting here thinking, okay... I'm defending this guy. Let me think here. Oh, you know what? I, I think there's a good chance that this girl threw herself at him. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up, even if she doesn't have full evidence of this. If she believes it's possible, this is what happened, and she wants to present this in court. Fine. But if you know this isn't what happened, you're just thinking, what's the best sounding thing I can say? That's unethical. That's okay, that's what I don't like. It's not, a, it's not an ethical. It's not an ethical. You're, you're way you're you're speaking out of your league on this one. Let me ask you this: Have you seen that documentary, Making a Murderer, that everybody was talking about? A few I did. Ago? I saw it. I don't know. Okay. Did nice. you do you remember? Do you remember that one court appointed attorney? I haven't seen it. I haven't seen it. Guilty? By the way, Brandon, do you remember the guy that they appointed to represent the, that nephew or that? that yes. Has the, yes. And he didn't believe his own client, and he did a shit job. Yes. Yeah, I mean that's what Drub basically wants is the. Is the and that's what I was also no, I don't want a shit job. I just, I just don't want the line uh, uh, 
a mistrial or, or to win on appeal a new case. Anyhow, there's a difference, difference between a shit job and, and, and doing whatever it takes to get the client off, even uh, making things up to try to uh, cast doubt upon the situation. There's two different things. I'm not saying do a shit job or, or not give someone the, the defense that they uh, deserve. I'm just saying uh, don't make things up. Don't think, what can I fabricate but once, to get my but client off? Concluded in, once you've concluded in your mind that your client's guilty, you've kind of concluded that he doesn't deserve a full defense. You're kind of like, you're kind of limiting what you're going to be able to well, say. Well, how about just not do. fabricating anything? How about just not doing that? <laughs> well, but, fa- but, but fabricate, you know, fabricate. You, then you're making a judgment that it's complete fabrication when it, you know, it's, if you're making you're it up, it is a fabrication. Putting out their possible theories. I'm not understanding though. If, if you know you're making it up, it is a fabrication. Well, but, but you're putting out their possible theory. I mean, it's, it's it's a possible theory what she's saying. It's up to the jury to determine whether that's that's real, not real, whether it's believable, not believable. I mean, you know, she's just putting out their defense theories. You know, the glove doesn't fit. You know, that's a theory. That's our, that's our that's our defense. Whether it's true or not, it's up for the jury to determine. The glove you know, doesn't fit a, d- a different story. If you if you think if 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 there's a glove that's in the evidence that that like, is, let, does say, not fit your client, then you, then that's a, a reasonable thing to bring up. Well, let's say the defense knew that the glove did fit OJ. Let's say they knew, hey, it fits him, but you know what? Uh, it's it's shrunk since the murder. He's he's off of his arthritis medicine, so his hands are swollen. You know, let's tell the okay. jury it doesn't fit. You know, I mean, it, it's. Well, that's why that's why I don't think it's one right. Thing, one thing I, I do want to point out, Druff, that you didn't uh, state in your story because I've actually been reading about this specific case was the reason why she was able to get such a low sentence. It wasn't because of the argument uh, of uh, what happened. In fact, this co- this case never even went to trial. There was a plea deal reached, and the reason why she was able to negotiate a plea for a short amount of time was because the crime the crime lab tampered with evidence and that that was what had happened they had his underwear and I'm, I'm going to read a quote the crime lab lab took a pair of underpants neatly cut out from the man that they were going to test the crime lab later threw away the piece they had cut out that was what allowed her to successfully get such a low sentence for her client that's fine. It's not in this article I'm reading. I'm reading it, it right. I can send it to you right now. I'm reading it right now. And then what you're referring to is what she said. It wasn't said under questioning. It was said in the affidavit that she signed in regards to the girl's behavior, exaggerating and also wanting attention from older men. It was in an affidavit that she signed in 1974. It wasn't under questioning directly to the girl. Well, but she, but she was she was still fabricated it though. Is the problem now? Not. As far as far as the thing with the evidence, if the evidence was tainted, and he got if he got it. For, that wasn't in the article I read here, but uh, I, I just searched for it. In fact, I couldn't find it in this article. But uh, this is the, this if, is the if, if it was right? because of mishandling of evidence, then that's the way it is. It's too bad, but that's the way it is. And then then that's where well, this is the other this is the other thing, Jeff. You have to come from 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 the basic belief and tell me if you, if you think this should be true or not. That it should be very difficult to convict someone. Um, it, it, it should de- be very hard. It depends what you mean by very difficult. It's uh... well, well, well. The premise is that, that that our criminal justice system is based on is that ten and it's ten guilty men should go free before one innocent man should be convicted. Do you believe that that premise? That's what that's what our criminal justice is based on. Is that ten guilty men 
should go free before we convict even one innocent man. So you're going to have guilty guys who get off, but that's okay. Well, it, dep- it depends. System. It depends what it depends what the reason is that they get off. It's uh, if there's a mishandling of evidence, then yeah, then that's uh, if, if it taints the evidence, then that's the way yeah. it is. Then you, I then- sent you a link, by the way, and also not that I'm saying he's innocent. I don't know nothing about the case. He also passed a polygraph too. Well, but she but she laughed at it, it, Hillary Clinton herself. In the 1980s, in this interview, laughed and said after he passed that, she said that destroyed my faith forever in polygraphs. Yeah, I just sent you a link. And, and to some the and some people which... and some people can actually beat them when they. And, and, and by the way, so if that is accurate, what that article says that the reason she was able to negotiate a, a 11 month prison sentence was based on evidence being tampered with, then I think that just ends his argument even more so. Well, it doesn't argue what she did. It just ends how how the guy got off for it with a shorter sentence. Which uh, I mean, if the state made a mistake and how they were well for the short evidence, for the shorter sentence, then that does, that part's fine. If that if that's the reason the shorter sentence is because the lab screwed up, then that's uh, then as the lawyers, then she did the proper thing by pointing that out. That's fine. I don't have a problem with that. But the fact that we have an attorney on the line now and saying that disproving what you said. That nothing she did was unethical or illegal or criminal or even immoral. I mean, that doesn't. That doesn't. I still feel it's immoral, especially if it's just. I I couldn't do that that and look at myself. No, and that's fine. I mean, if you have an opinion, you know what? I wouldn't do that. Or I think that's. But the part where you made this bold statement saying an attorney, it is unethical for an attorney to do this. I was like, whoa, Drev doesn't know what he's talking about on this one. It's not. I mean, it's just not unethical. It's not unethical. You can't. Suborn perjury. You can't put your client on the stand knowing they're going to lie. But what she did in court is not unethical. And it, it, I mean, I can understand if you don't agree with it. And you, you know, the law should be changed. That's fine. But um, other than that, guys, uh, great show. How, how long uh, have you been listening, listen- uh, roughly? How many years or months? Oh, I've listened like uh, way, way back. Uh, back when you were with uh, uh, the one guy, uh, the, the, the fellow from Chicago, and uh, <laughs> wow. And this is your yeah, first time ever, ever calling in uh, to. to no, nah, I called in. I called. I called in one time uh, when uh, Micon was beefing with that guy that he loaned money to and didn't didn't pay him back, wow. and there was some Justin legal Smith. issues. Yeah, yeah, that that, that kid. But uh, yeah, I love Brandon shows. I love uh, all the gambling uh, inside uh, Vegas awesome. information. It's, it's it's really good. And do you listen? And, uh, you, listen be, you listen every week here. Summer for the. What's that? You listen every week. Um, usually, uh, I'll, I'll, uh, listen to the podcast when I'm working out, like, uh, the next day. Or, yeah, I mean, it's fine if you don't. I, I was just curious. I don't care if yeah, you're, awesome. you're coming I, to I mean, not, not, Yeah, I'll be there for the, for the World Series, so maybe I'll, I'll pop in and say, how do you guys? All right, awesome, man. Well, appreciate your, uh. I know, I know, I know, I know Brandon has bad luck meeting me. I, I do. Yeah, person, that's... But... <laughs> but if you really are uh, an attorney, are you licensed in Nevada by any chance? <laughs> No, uh, no, I you can, you can practice in any state. You just have to get permission. But uh, I'm not I'm not licensed in Nevada. It's a very difficult bar exam to pass. Um, but it would be it's it's for employment law. Um, you know, I thought about it in the past because uh, it'd be a good area to, to practice in Nevada. Now, but, what, what have you uh, no, th- what not. have you thought of uh, Alvin Finkelstein? Is he believable? He's, I mean, he's, he, yeah, for sure. You can pass. Uh, you have a lot of uh, lawyers speaking you and. Uh, it's over the top, but um, yeah, for sure, you, you, you know the jargon. Yeah, well, it's, it's over the top why, for a purpose. Why is Nevada harder, on average, than most states are? I'm bar. not sure. That's just it's. I'm, I don't know. Maybe they just wanted wanted it to be difficult to to be. I've never to heard that before. Nevada. 
So yeah, it's yeah. more but, difficult uh, to say California or even uh, New York or what is JFK? No, New York, New York is a tough one. New York is tough as well. But as far as California goes, I'm not sure. But, uh, yeah, Nevada. So when JFK Jr. failed seven times, I mean, and everyone mocked him, uh, I mean, it wasn't really that he was an idiot. It's, it's that hard? Well, I mean, you can fail the first time. I passed the first time, but, you know, I had good friends that failed. But you should pass the second time. If you fail it two times, eh, you know, maybe you should look for another line of work. Hmm. He yeah, failed. I mean, but wasn't it seven times John F. Kennedy Jr. failed? The New York bar? It's like six, seven times? Yeah, he failed it a bunch. He failed it. He finally passed it. I know he worked for the DA for a while. Yeah. Um, but um, wow. so anyway, if, if you guys ever bring up legal issues, I might, I might call in. That's, yeah, that's what I'm saying. Time. We need our own, yeah, like, the legal you know how CNN has their own legal expert. Everyone has their own. Yes, PN has their legal. <laughs> what, what, okay, what can we call you? I mean, what kind of the nickname? I mean, we don't want to say the attorney. Like, what, 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 is you, do you have a nickname we can use to refer to you by? In case we have uh, you can call you can you can call me AC AC attorney AC DC the attorney <laughs> okay well that's all now would you if if we ever needed some uh, PFA pro bono work I mean you know we we don't have much of a budget here if it was you know something small could we maybe have you on a retainer just in case we needed uh, someone sharp you, you, can, you can pay me in you can pay me in Bitcoin or you can pay me in uh, real money <laughs> I can pay you in uh, PFA room poker chips. That's awesome. Yeah, no, for uh, for sure. I, you know, hey, did you vote? Did you vote for Cruz? No, I did not vote for Cruz. See, the thing in Texas, um, the local elections kind of are more important than the nationwide elections. You got to you have to choose which primary you want to you want to vote in, Republican or Democrat, and depends on which local election is more important to you. Oh, Um, so that's yeah, it's an open primary, yeah. In Texas, the truth of the matter is, the Republicans going to win the state. It, you know, it doesn't matter. It's 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 uh, dem- a Democrat hasn't won the state of Texas uh, running for president in forty years since Jimmy Carter. So, you know, your vote your votes only really count in Ohio, Florida, Michigan, Texas. It's it's a given that, that uh, the Republicans going to get the um, electoral vote. So, yeah, for the primary, it matters though. And that other, that other, yeah. uh, the last Bush now that actually is in office, it's, I believe it's Jeb Bush's son. He's like the state land surveyor or something. What, what is, do you know what I'm talking about? I know yeah, 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 yeah. What, what's you know, his exact? He, uh, he's a land commissioner. Um, land commissioner, okay. Actually, he was in law school at the same time I was in law school. He's a sharp kid. Um, he's got a bright future, you know, whatever he decides to do. Actually, Je- you know, Jeb, I don't even know. Jeb was supposed to be the son that that ran for president. Right, uh, he's, supposed w. The, he's supposed to be the bright son. Yeah, yeah. GW was not George supposed was to the run fuck for president. Up. Right, he, he was the fuck up. He, he, he was his goal was to be baseball commissioner. That's what he yeah. wanted to do. Was he he wanted to run for baseball commissioner, <laughs> and uh, that 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 was his goal. And he became a partner in the Texas Rangers ownership group that bought the team. And that's what he, he was at the games. He'd drink beer, eating peanuts, and. Uh, what happened was at the at the Republican National I'm sorry at the Democrat National Convention Ann Richards gave the keynote speech she was the the governor of Texas and she made that famous comment about uh, George Bush you know the father about how he was born with a silver foot in his mouth and it got a big laugh and and it pissed off uh, 
you know, GW, and he said, you know what, I'm going to run for governor of Texas against Ann Richards. She's pissing me off. And Texas was turning more conservative at the time, and Ann Richards was kind of a liberal. So he ran for governor. They trained him to just learn four talking points about crime and tort reform and that sort of thing, and he fucking won. He fucking beat Ann Richards. So he became governor. The governor in Texas is very weak. They have very little power. So he kind of just, you know, floated and didn't really do much, gained in popularity. In the meantime, Jeb ran for Florida governor. He lost his first And he race. lost. He lost. And that's what set GW on the track to become president. And Jeb was, you know, just couldn't catch up. If Jeb had won for governor that same year, I think he would have um, been president in GW. But I, th- I think he, he may have I've discussed been... this. I think he may have lost in 2000. I'm not, after seeing him campaigning this year. I, I wasn't impressed and thought that uh, he was probably a worse campaigner than than his brother, who who I think I think Al Gore would have beaten uh, Jeb Bush in, in two thousand. Jeb Bush lost to an incumbent Democrat named Lawton Childs, who was very very okay. popular in Florida. He, I mean, I was in college; I was a freshman or sophomore in college when that election happened. And Lawton Childs, he had a nickname called Walkin' Lawton. And that was because every time he ran for office, uh, he would go on this, like, foot walk across the entire state of Florida to, to campaign. And the thing about Lawton, you know, there are a lot of politicians that don't like the campaigning part of it. Uh, like, I guess, Bush, for example, but like the actual legislation part of it, you know, writing laws, passing laws, etc. But Lawton actually loved the campaigning part. Like I said, he had never lost uh, ever. Everybody basically told Bush to wait four more years and not challenge this incumbent, uh, but Jeb decided not to, and he didn't get killed, but it wasn't close. Well, it was, it was fairly close. He lost by less than two points against Lawton. That, yeah. that, okay. Now, now I, I this is in '94. This is you know this is when George W. Bush won. '94. There was there was a huge backlash against Democrats for various reasons, and and that's when a lot of uh, Republicans won offices that they weren't expected to win. So. I think that's that might be why Jeb Bush ran in '94 because the the it, the chances of winning as a Republican in '94 were a lot higher than they normally would be, and uh, and Lawton didn't even make it through his four years. He ended up dying his last. I think it was his last year in office. Yeah, and, and, um, they found him dead in the governor's mansion. Another thing that's interesting, uh, uh, AC, when you're talking about Ann Richards, the, I remember in the media that they had some bad blood. The uh, Bush, the father. In Ann Richards, I remember that exact insult you mentioned, and then I remember it was a Super Bowl where they famously did, I think it was like a Domino's pizza or some kind of commercial together. Do you guys remember this? No, I thought it. I thought it was. I thought it was Mario Cuomo and and her together. No, it was Ann Richards and George Bush. They did. I'm pretty sure it was the two of them. I I thought she did it with uh, Mario Cuomo after he lost. Was it? Yeah. I, I remember she did it like a pizza commercial. Yeah, that's I what I thought it was. I don't, think, I, thought I, I don't think George Bush would have, would have been. Yeah, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was Mario Cuomo. Okay, maybe it was. Huh. Okay, 94. Uh, 94 yeah, you're was, right. No, I'm sorry. It was Mario Cuomo and Ann Richards. It was actually a Doritos commercial. Yeah, they, they, bo- they, they both They were making lost fun it. of them both losing. They both lost that year. 94, everybody got clobbered in the Democrats. Uh, that Lawton Travels only won because he was so popular. But he, even he almost lost. Yeah. What does is, what is the yeah. state in general now think of uh, Rick Perry? I mean, we, he doesn't really make you know, a lot of national news other than, you know, when he was running for president, which he didn't really get much credit. What, what does a general average Texan think of him? 
I mean, Rick Perry was a governor for 12 years, a very popular governor. Like I said, the governor in Texas has very weak duties. It's the lieutenant governor that has all the power. So, you know, it's it's not like um, – Wait, it's, the it's, lieutenant it's governor different... has more power than the governor? Oh, yeah, absolutely. That doesn't make sense. That's weird. I didn't know that. Well, <laughs> I didn't know that either. Well, yeah, well, I mean, you know, they, they determine what legislation gets voted on on the floor. I mean, they they, 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 they hold all the power. The, the governor is just more of a – just a figurehead. You know, he's just, yeah, he's a figurehead that uh, kind of can use his his bully pulpit to kind of throw out what his agenda is, but he can't really get anything passed. You know, it's 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 a weak it's a weak governorship. But Rick Perry and, and I mean I, I know people that worked for him. I know people that worked at the Capitol. I mean the guy's not very bright. You know, he's he's just he's a dim bulb. And it's a little, little known fact that him and George W. do not get along at all. They do not get along. And uh, if you notice. Um, Rick Perry didn't didn't back uh, Jeb Bush, you know he he didn't throw his support behind Jeb. So yeah, you know slight, that was a slight. Obviously, uh, his brother George, right? His, okay, well, yeah. well, Rick, Rick yeah. Perry, uh, yeah, he 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 didn't come off well when he was running for president. So both was, times, yeah, he he just wasn't. Uh, Remember this time he was supposed to be more polished, and I mean, I no, I, I knew I knew he so, wasn't going to be. It's I, been so long. You know, and so many other candidates have come through, but it's hard to even remember that he was running for president in the, in this cycle. Yeah, he, I think he may have been the first one to drop out. <laughs> yeah, I knew it was going to be a fail after, I, I, after Trump. Trump pointed out that he was wearing glasses to look to look smarter. You know? <laughs> yeah, I, I knew I knew it was going to be a fail. So, he, so uh, AC, let let us ask you uh, and thank you for for calling again and taking the time to talk with us. Uh, do you basically think it is a uh, almost set in stone that it's going to be? Trump and Clinton. I mean, Clinton's obviously more of a lock than, than even Trump. But is that how you see the the presidential race coming yeah, out? Those two candidates. That's the way. I mean, the, the only way Trump can be stopped is if he doesn't get the uh, the fifty percent in uh, delegate count before the the convention. Well, I, I think at I that think, point, I think he'd be stopped if if Rubio drops out and and uh, those supporters move to Cruz. That, that's the way he could be stopped. Well, the, but part of the problem is the establishment. You know they don't want to go with Cruz. I mean they they don't want to him. go with Trump. I mean, well, yeah, but, but, but I mean Cruz is public enemy number one. But but if 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 Rubio uh, drops out, then the establishment won't have that much choice in it. No, he's saying that well, they throw for, their support behind Trump before they would do it in front before they throw their support behind Cruz. That is, yeah, I don't know about I, that. I, I think I think they might. I think. They, well, let me, know, let me Cruz, ask with Cruz. He can't. He 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 won't negotiate with him. Trump. Trump, well, you know, he, he'll negotiate with anybody. You know? yeah, the he'll establishment really hates so. Trump, though. I, I know, I know well, they AC, don't like Cruz either, but they really AC, hate Trump. Everything I've read, AC, says that the Washington, his fellow politicians, he's alienated all of them, talking about Cruz. What exactly has this guy done that he's so disliked by everybody? I keep he's, hearing he's so you know, he, for no reason. He, he's a, he's a, first of all, Cruz is brilliant. I mean, he's, he's a genius, and even Alan Dershowitz said that he was the smartest student he's ever had at, at Harvard Law School. The guy's the guy's brilliant, but he's uh, he's just he, he you know he uses the rules to the you know he it, he doesn't work with you to try and you know in Washington you have to to go along to, you have to get along to go along, and he doesn't do that. You know, it's just he he wants to push his agenda, and if you're not going to go his way, he's not going to he. And that's why the the Tea Party and those guys love him because he says this is what I stand for and I'm not going to waver on it. The problem is in Washington the way the system is set up, you can't be a lone wolf. You can't be a lone wolf out there. 
You're going to make a lot of enemies. You're going to throw a lot of rocks. You're going to be a bomb thrower, but you're not going to really get anything done. And, um, you know, the whole Senate hates him. You know, you just can't get anything done. So his only choice was to run for president. And, <laughs> you know? The whole Senate. I mean, yeah, he, you you, you got you, you to admire the guy in one way that he stands for what he believes in. But, um, you know, it's just... It just doesn't work. And, and, and my prediction is, let's say Trump does win the presidency. You're going to see Trump is going to negotiate and all these things he's saying. He's going to he's going to not crater, but he's going to cut deals to where it's not exactly what he's promising. And, it, and if he can't cut the deals, he's going to go crazy and say, look, the system is broken. I've tried. These guys won't work with me. You know, they're all politicians. I mean, that, that's going to be his. His, uh, excuse I don't even know what he's going to do because he, he came in. Not, I don't even believe he came into the election believing that he was going to be president or even had much of a shot. And then uh, and then kind of discovered along the way that that he does have not only a chance but a, but a good chance to win the nomination. You, and so you, so if he becomes president, I don't think he's even thought about what he's going to do or how he's going to do it. I don't think. Do you think he went home the other night, like right on Sunday or Saturday, and said, "Jesus Christ," to his wife. I fucking endorsed a, a member of the KKK, a leader, and I still won 11 out of 14 states. I'm, I'm, what can I do wrong now? Like, it's that it's amazing. Biggest... But, but, but what's even more amazing is the Republicans. I mean, you have Hillary, who's so unlikable, and she's got so she many is. things going against her, and the Republicans can't put anyone up that can be – I mean, it's just amazing. They're going to put Trump up, who, you know, let's say he, it could be a miracle. He might, he might beat her. But for the most part, if they put up a Mitt Romney or someone like that, Mitt Romney, I think, would beat Hillary. Yeah, I think so, too. I, mean, I, think, I think he would crush her. Or at least, if he, hadn't run, at least if he hadn't run four years ago. You know, he has the, the loser stench on him. Right. Now, but, but if he hadn't run four right. years ago, yeah. That, uh, this is well, run, and you have to remember, he ran four years before that, too. This has dis- it- disappointed me, and I, I said this uh, last year before the, everything got going too much. I was like, crap, I, I'm not seeing anybody yet who's jumping out at me that uh, – that, that I'm loving as a candidate, and I was a little worried that in an election where, uh, where, where Hillary's very beatable, that they could end up shitting the bed and, and not win. And it's not I like, it's not like going. Ago, you thought Rubio was going to be a star, though. You did. You brought his name up as recently. No, I brought him. No, I brought him up as as the one who had the best chance. But I was I was the, skeptical of the whole field that there could be a problem. And and it's not like going against Obama, who was very tough to beat both times, especially in 08. But it, but even 2012 it was a. Uh, an uphill battle, but the, Hillary's much easier to beat than than Obama either time. There, there's so many, uh, there's so many flaws she has in this election, and and yet uh, she's still the favorite because they they couldn't get someone that, uh, that that could beat her, and and Trump really complicated the whole thing. And this is probably a dumb <laughs> question. I mean, but I, I'll just throw it out there. Do you think? I mean, it hasn't been the case since the the first George Bush when he lost. To Clinton, do you think if she gets in, it's automatically for the most part going to be eight years? No, no, it's no. not. No, <laughs> you think yeah. if she does win, the Republicans? I mean, the Hillary's smart. I mean, she's like she's like uh, Bill. Bill moved to the center once he got he got cr- he got crushed in the in the congressional elections when the Democrats lost all those seats midway through his first first term. He moved way to the center, started signing that welfare reform bill. Hillary's going to do the same thing. Hillary, Hillary's not she's 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 liberal on social issues, but she you know she's Wall Street. I mean she, she she's she's a New York senator. 
that was you know bought and paid for by Wall Street. She's going to move to the center on the on the fiscal stuff. She might, but it's, gonna... it's a matter of her, the perception of her though. And, and Bill always had the ability to be charming and get people to like him, and she doesn't have that ability. She's the opposite. Exactly, exactly. She she doesn't. I mean, it's that's 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 a problem. She's so unlikable. She's just not a like. And the truth of the matter is, she's a policy nerd. She hates going out to these Iowa fucking fish fries and hanging out with the fucking local, you know, yokels. And you know, she, that's not her. She, she's a nerd. She likes to be in the library reading bills and po- I mean, no one no one knows policies and, and and the bills more than Hillary does. I mean, she's just that's what she's all about. And Jeb is the same way. Jeb's a policy nerd. You know, he's not he's not a, a handshaker and a backslapper. But that's Hillary's detriment. She doesn't campaign well. Um, but she governs well. She, she she knows her shit. It's just, you know, getting her in line with not getting too far out to the left. And she's smart enough. She, she'll, she'll do that. Um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens. I'll tell you this. If they take it away from Trump at the convention, if the Republicans, for whatever reason, find, you know, some ways to get around. Uh, not, he's going to file all kinds of lawsuits. Yeah, I, I don't think they're going to do have, it. I don't think they're going to do it. I think I think if he wins, what, what he else wins. will he do? He'll file lawsuits, and what else? He'll, he'll file like you know. He loves sending. He loves having his attorney send these cease and desist letters. He'll he'll get a temporary restraining order on the convention and shut it down until <laughs> the court can rule on it. He may even file a class action on behalf of all the people that voted for him. Like he's going to come up with so many. Crazy well, he could he could do one other thing. He could just run as an independent and screw them. So that's he could threaten to do that. Yeah, I just don't know if it's too late in the process to get your name on all the ballots and all that. I don't know how that works. But the funny thing is, if Trump does file those lawsuits and it and it goes to the Supreme Court, he's been bad mouthing Justice Chief Justice Roberts the past like month. You know, calling him you know just the worst uh, uh, Chief Justice. And it'd be so great, Chief Justice Roberts. You know, wrote the opinion just shooting Trump down. Um, you know, not allowing him to. I, I didn't even uh, hear any of this. What has he been criticizing about? Um, because when Scalia died, you know, they were talking about who are we going to, you know, who's going to be the next, uh, uh, you know, chief uh, justice on the Supreme Court, and, and and what type of justice would you nominate? And and he said Ted Cruz, you know, was behind uh, Justice Roberts getting on the Supreme Court, and, and and look at what he did. He ended up upholding Obamacare, which was horrible for the conservatives. And so Ted Cruz, you know, he he can't be trusted, and. and and so they're going back and forth, and, and, and Trump has been trashing Robert, saying, you know, we, you know, he was a, uh, he, he, he pulled the wool over your eyes, Ted Cruz, and, and and he had he had a chance to shoot down Obamacare, and he didn't do it, and he just he just been saying he didn't follow the Constitution, just trashing them. So it'd be great if, if Justice Roberts got back at Trump by shooting down any of his lawsuits. It'll be interesting to see what happens. I think that Trump is going to get nominated, and. Um, He's going to pull away a lot of those those Midwest, you know, white Democrats usually vote uh, Democrats. So I don't know. It'll be interesting to see what it'll be interesting to see who his vice president is if he picks Kasich out of Ohio. Um, I don't know. It'll yeah, it'll be interesting. I got I got money. I, I, I took Trump after he won South Carolina. I got even money on him, even though it was I thought it was at that point once he went South Carolina, I thought that was his. He was showing he's for real. Even and money, I got, to, I got, even money to win the nomination, not the presidency. To win, to win the nomination, yeah. And I got Hillary at, at three. I laid three to one on Hillary. Um, yeah, that was good before That's the whole money. before the whole thing started. Yeah, I got a little nervous there for a while, but it looks like it's it's solid now. 
Uh, are you using the same site that Druff was talking about earlier, or where, where are you betting? No, no, I got these numbers off of uh, Pinnacle. Okay. I didn't bet through Pinnacle, but I had a, I had a friend who, who just said we'll go by Pinnacle's numbers. Oh, interesting. Oh, wow. okay, that's that's good. I, yeah, those those fees were brutal for me. Yeah, yeah. Well, well AC. So anyway, guys, thanks for calling in and. Any part in the in the future, you know, listen, we've been talking now 45 minutes. Call in again if we ever have a legal question, a legal opinion we need. Uh, we're going to – we'll have you on, you know, internet podcast retainer for Bitcoin. All right, Matt. Chips. <laughs> I appreciate it. If You're the awesome guy, be, I mean, drafts, uh, with all the information Drefts given on uh, how to get comps and that sort of thing and, and all of uh, Brandon's interesting stories, it's the least I can do to – to contribute in some way. No, thank you. Before you go, do you have anything you want to promote? Like do you, a book maybe? Uh, <laughs> anything, anything you want to promote? The floor is yours. Nah, nothing, nothing. Remember when we used to have people on Druff, they always would have a book or some shit they wanted to promote? Yeah, that was when we, we would have uh, some kind of scheduled guest. This is a little different. Well, I know. Okay. Well, actually, I, I like to promote uh, this um it really helped out my hold'em game. It's called the Micron system. It's really, really good. Um, made a bunch of money, so y'all might want to look into it. All right, we will. We will. Have a great morning. Thanks right. for calling in, buddy. All right, thank you. All right. See, how many ACs do you think are out there like that? Guys we've never talked to that listen, that know all these old stories. That It's a lot more than you think. But, I mean, if they keep calling in and you say only a 1,000 listen, at some point don't we have to have talked to everyone? No, because it's not the same thousand people. So how many people would you guess just listen on a revolving basis? What do you mean by that? Like maybe they only listen once a month or every other episode. Oh, see, I have no idea about that. I do I, but that's what I'm saying, guess. Oh, I, I, can't, I, I can't even because I – no, though I have to think – Like how many people do you think listen regularly, not, not – Oh, I, actually, I, yeah, I, I do have a little bit of – I think it's a pretty high percentage that listen – regularly either every week or, or most weeks even if they have to catch up because they fall behind but, but where they make an attempt at least to listen to most weeks it seems like with this show we either get uh, a high interest or little interest without much in between we i don't think we have that many that uh, that say oh i'll catch it once in a while it just seems like we get either people who are pretty dedicated to it or or just don't want to listen at all and I think we will lose some people who just get sick of it and and stop listening, but and we have some people who may check it out every yeah, once in a while. Don't you realize how many people like or when they call and we ask them something, they tell us like it almost seems like it's always the same story. I, oh, I'm from way back, and they throw out something from like you know, like you said, the Micon system, and you know, is it unethical? I actually, and I never do this. And I, we even when we've had some big name people on these shows over the years, and. You've called them, or Mike Hunt's called them. I've never done this. I actually just wrote down the guy's number, and I wrote lawyer next to it. We'll post the thing. Here. <laughs> no, I didn't save it. I just, I don't say. Well, it's right there on the screen. Yeah. I mean, no, I know, I, I know it's up there, but I mean, you I'm know. not going to bother him. I don't ever call anybody, but I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, I actually I, wrote it down. I mean, that's kind of if he's listening, that's kind of respectful. I mean, I don't ever write, you know, anyone. Well, it, it could be respectful or creepy, depending. Well, on what but I'm, I'm no, but I'm just thinking in case we need a legal opinion or. <laughs> The you know the one guy was tweeting earlier again and sending me messages you know yeah you know I'm just saying we need the, the AC uh, attorney seemed very very uh, intelligent like he was very uh, well spoken I was very impressed that we have a lawyer amongst us you know you may need an attorney in Texas sometime. <laughs>
Isn't the the one girl still there? Uh, actually, no. Oh. No. Toots. Yeah, no, she's moved on. Oh, that's a shame. So, uh, anyway, what do we still have on the list? Nothing. It's getting kind of late. Nothing. No, I, I got to shut it down. Why? Well, can we do one more topic, please? No, I'm, I'm actually out of... See, the thing is, you woke up at 8, so it's like yeah, you're right the for peak you. of my day now. That's yeah, the problem. I, I'm kind of I'm out of energy here. I know. I was like, the, well, let me just look. Did we talk about Maryland Live pulling the shenanigans? Yes. We talked about everything. We got everything. Uh, Borgata. We got everything. What do I, hold on, but what would it take if PFA to be a real radio station part two? Part that, two? <laughs> oh, hold on, oh, Jeff. Oh, Jeff we over-talked that as we did. Rapists. Good topics. Hold on. Uh. Daredevil and why? No, no, don't cuckoo me. We did Private World. Uh, what really happened to Daredevil again? Jesus, they don't believe that. They really think something happened with that Daredevil. Um, all right, can we just do one sports topic and that's it? Come on. For me, I'm in the peak of my day. Right now, it's like four in the afternoon for me. I the problem no is I have to, to I have to do something for the archives here. I have to do some uh, post processing. Four in the morning. I got no one to talk to, Druff. You're all I got. I know, I know but I. I Girls no, here, here's here's the problem is that I have to wake up and then I, I have to wake up early and then I can't really sleep during the day tomorrow. So it's. I'm, no, I'm looking at that. One, can we do our even beer and pokers? Can we just do a sports segment? The, the listeners want to hear a sports segment. They're all happy. They're all hopped up. They're all saying the attorney guy was good. Cat out of the bag. That's. Starbucks bunk bucket. Everyone's all excited now. Poo's up. Geez, guys, let's just do let's just do one sports so we can do anything you want. I, I don't think I don't think about, I can do it. We can talk about uh, spring training's coming up in baseball. We can talk about the ending of the. Uh, oh, you know, here's something interesting. You hear about the? Uh, I didn't even know that the there was a co-owner of the Oklahoma City Thunder guy owned twenty percent. Uh, I guess yesterday he gets indicted. Uh, for rigging an oil bidding bid process in the state of Oklahoma. 20% shareholder of uh, the Oklahoma Thunder. This morning, what does he do? Gets in his car, fucking gets on the gas as fast as he could, crashes into a brick wall, instant death. Hmm. 125 miles an hour, dies instantly. Uh, We got, like I said, the NBA is coming up, the draft, and and a lot, 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 lot to talk about in NFL. Is Peyton Manning going to retire, Druff? Now, everyone kind of assumed he was going to retire after he won the Super Bowl. I mean, diminished skills. He had a very bad record. The fact that Denver Broncos have basically moved on without him. But now he's dropped some signs uh, with his agent and, and publicly that he wants to continue to play. Well, some people don't know when to quit. Oof. Is that a shot at me? <laughs> Yikes! Was that no. a, was that a double in? What no, it was. It wasn't. Double, it wasn't. Well, yeah, yeah. What's the word? Double in? Uh, Entendre. Yeah. Yeah. No, it wasn't. It, no, he just some some people they they just think, oh well, there's there's still more reason to. I, I can't. I shouldn't end it yet because it it becomes such a large part of their identity. They they just can't picture life without it. But he, he had the perfect moment to quit. And truthfully, he didn't even have a good Super Bowl. He was just lucky that. Uh, uh, the Carolina well, played so poorly. Game manager. He, 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 yeah, he just didn't make a mistake to lose the game for them. He just didn't play well. But <laughs> they yeah. they were fortunate that uh, the defense was so amazingly good and uh, and that Carolina did not play well. Now, I'll ask you this. Uh, I know that you bet a lot of NBA basketball. You follow it a lot. I even probably guess 
after baseball, it's your second most knowledgeable sport. Is that correct? Yeah. Now, lately, uh, the Golden State Warriors, as you know, we both know they've been in, in the press all season long um, for good things, for bad things, for even things indifferent. Lately, there's been a different tone. Two of, I guess, the unarguably greatest big men that played uh, in, in two different eras, uh, one being Kareem Abdul-Jabbar and the other kind of with him and then before him, Oscar Robinson, have both publicly come out and to some degree trashed uh, Steph Curry, saying that he would not fare anywhere near as well as he did now back in their day, that uh, he's just more a victim of, uh, what was the term they used, Uh, bad coaching, teams not understanding how to play defense, uh, that he would not be a star in any other era, and he's extremely grossly overrated. Now, these, they literally took these shots at him. Are, are you aware of any of this? Yeah, uh, I, I don't, I don't believe that. I think that it, it's possible that the, there was defense being played differently in those days that he wouldn't be as as successful. It's possible that the way the game is played right now is best for his style. But he he's such an amazing shooter. That's it's not just about poor defense being played against him. Some of the shots you see him make. I mean, he's making thirty footers like they're twenty footers. Yeah, you you can't just say, oh, if he's in a different area, he's not going to be good. In fact, uh, there's some theories that in sports it becomes progressively harder as the years pass because it more and more is known. And, and more techniques are learned, and more things are refined, and they have more tools at their disposal to improve. You think if the, if uh, you can go back to an old school way of playing and be successful, you just would. And uh, the, but uh, now it's possible you can regress, and yeah, everybody can develop the same bad, bad habits, and nobody realizes that if they just went back to an old school form of defense or, or other form of the way they play, that they'd be more successful. But I don't believe it. I, I'm not saying that the game's necessarily easier than in these guys' days, but uh, someone who shoots this well, I, I can't see how they wouldn't be a star. Now, now, let me ask you this. It is of my opinion, and my opinion only, I don't think, and that's not to say he won't be an all-star next year or the year after, I don't think he can, A, improve upon this pace that he set or B, maintain it in, in subsequent seasons. I think we're seeing the greatest we're going to see. Um, I don't think he could next year duplicate it. I don't think that I mean, he could even ever supersede what we've witnessed. What do you think? Yeah, this is probably the peak. And he's he's about to be 28, so he's right around the right age. Bad ankles. Yeah, yeah. And he's got the ankle problems. but He's right around the right age, too, to peak. So... That's the other problem is physically it's it's going to start to slip a little bit. I'm not saying you're going to go downhill after 28, but but it's going to that's right around when your peak's going to be, and and there's also some luck to it. There's also some momentum to it. It's sometimes just hard to duplicate uh, when you're running your very best, and uh, so I, I believe that this may end up being his his greatest season, and uh, or may, maybe it'll be this, and maybe it'll be three great seasons in a row: last season, this season, next season. But but yeah, there there will be probably some regression, but it may not be a, a steep regression. It may just be uh, a slow uh, deterioration until then. He starts to approach the mid thirties, and then it'll yeah. start to get faster. You know, 
I'm, I'm from the old school like you, and, and when I used to follow sports when I was 8, 9, 10, you know, I think I've mentioned I used to, that was the first thing I would do every morning before school. I'd wake up and I'd grab the sports page. They didn't have all these terms like wins above replacements and all these weird terms. I don't even, under, to be honest with you, I don't even understand some of them now. I mean, I don't, it, it doesn't really matter much to me, but you know how they have all these weird yes. terms that just do the analytical stuff about these guys. Um, and using these statistics, they're saying more than, you know, Wilt Chamberlain and Oscar Robinson, who averaged a triple-double, and even Michael Jordan. They're calling this statistically the greatest single season in NBA history. Um, and you've watched a lot of basketball, and, and, you know, maybe I'm just kind of partial. I still kind of think, you know, those last couple Jordan teams, especially that year, then they went 72-10, and 10 and uh, he won the MVP. That, that, that was probably the greatest season I ever saw. I mean, do you think we're watching the best statistical season ever of any NBA basketball player? Yeah, we, we might be. And, uh, you know, Jordan, he had a lot of uh, help with then, too, with, with the players surrounding him. So it's not, not that Curry's playing with bad players either. but uh, Well, but, but that's interesting that you say that because I've actually thought of that. But if you really look back, it was really Jordan, at least in my opinion, Jordan and, and Pippen, and maybe I guess you could say Tony Kukoc's, uh, and then everyone else was just uh, no. Rodman was very Rodman was very important. Well, okay, too. he was there the last three or the last two or last three, uh, and, and that is true. But everyone else were, were true role players. I mean, well, we have to have them, that. Every team has to have that. You can't have well, no, but right. But I'm saying, like someone like Damon Green, he's a true superstar. I mean, I, I he the way he's playing. If he was on another team, I mean, he he. The, the guy had that string where he was having triple doubles constantly. He's been averaging double double doubles. Um, Clay Thompson, I wouldn't call him a role player. No, he's you? not. No, he's he's another excellent player. But uh, uh, by the way, Draymond Green had had one terrible game recently. Did you see that? He was like over nine. Was that the game when he went off in the locker room that caused all that controversy when he was cursing and throwing chairs? Uh, was it? Uh... I think it might have been. <laughs> I, I remember reading about it, and then I remember, I think it was I, in Oklahoma. Was it the Oklahoma game where they came storming back? Yeah, I think it was that where he's like over nine, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. That, that's what led to it. He went nuts yeah. in the locker room. and uh, But, yeah, I mean, I, I, I mean that, that Bulls team, I guess you're right, but I, I, I just kind of always have thought of everyone as role players other than Jordan. I mean, I don't know. I kind of always thought no. Scottie Pippen was a little overrated. I mean, after he left uh, – Chicago, he was still relatively young. I mean, he was, I think he was in his early 30s, like 32, 33, and he never, you know, he was supposed to be like the final piece. I think he went to Houston, and um, then after that, I don't know, I don't remember what Rodman did. I know Kerr went on to San Antonio and won a couple more championships, but I don't know. I, I just always really thought if you took away Michael Jordan from that team, I mean, which they did basically the next year, although. Well, although, yeah, he, he was a huge part. And you take him away, and the team's not the same. And they and they, that's what happened when he left for a little time. That the team went downhill uh, a, lot, a big time. But, uh, but really, yes, they're different types of players. That's a little bit what uh, makes them hard to compare. Yeah, I agree. Well, listen, it's four a.m. I can hear in your voice for the first time. I, I appreciate you doing a, albeit brief but good sports segment and. My sweet prince, I know you want to go to bed. It's 4 a.m., so we, we can uh, end it. You talked a lot tonight, buddy. You had, I mean, it's, it was a long show. Yeah, there's no uh, cashews or anything. I just had uh, some water bottles, and, and that's it. And I didn't go to the bathroom. It's uh, Yeah. It's tough. Okay.
Well, it's going to be interesting uh, to follow, you know, this, this presidential stuff. What uh, I know, two weeks from today, we'll be coming back, and it was just Florida and I think Ohio, maybe. What are the states that are going to be voting uh, next week? I, I haven't, you know, I, I don't even have that. All right, let's remember. I, I don't know. We'll be back next week, though, on March 9th at. 7.30 or thereabouts. Same with uh, the next week and the next week. We should oh, be wow. We have a lot of a lot of primary stuff that we'll be talking about. Yeah. Uh, March. So we got... It's March Election Madness. Yeah, we got Kansas, Kentucky, Louisiana, Maine, Nebraska, Puerto Rico... Puerto Rico gets a vote, but yet Colorado doesn't. How come that doesn't seem fair? Puerto Rico gets 23 delegates. Well, I have American Samoa got six of the Democrats. Then we have Hawaii, Idaho, Michigan, and Mississippi. All voting before we come back on the radio. Well, more, to, more to talk about. It's been a very long show, over eight hours. And uh, yeah, I am out of energy. Yeah, and unfortunately, I can't even go right to bed either. I got to do a few things. Yeah, that's why I was, I was trying to like end it here. I was, I was almost like another host we once had on a different show. How come they don't have a California primary to June? Doesn't that just kind of not even matter by then usually? Yeah, they moved it, and then they moved it back. It's, it should be earlier, but I guess they just decided that they're so large that they can always have somewhat of an influence. But yeah, it is. It is kind of after the fact. Well, that is it. Thank you, Brandon, for being here most of the time. And uh, thank uh, the we got Traderuski. He was on. Yeah, the Northern California guy and the oh, lawyer. That Hanson kid. The Hanson kid. He was even listening later on. I don't know if you saw. He was yeah, in I the know. Chat. He, he listens now. He's a regular listener. Oh, he's in the chat now. Look at him. Wow, he's a good kid. All I right. think he's listening live. Anyhow, shalom. Shalom.